Hey, all you hit breakers and monster makers. This is the spookiest DC Comics podcast there is. And by spooky, I mean weird. It's it's the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. Am I selling this right? Uh, what's that? Am I selling any of this right here? Are you selling it? Are yeah. You selling? I thought you said, am I sounding right? I was going to say no. Am I no. selling it? No, you're not selling it. It's, it's October, ridiculous. you know, get a little spooky, have some I fun. Spooky, huh? Spooky. Spooky, scary. Hip breakers are monster makers. Yeah, hip breakers. What are they, fucking 90? Uh, or are <laughs> I they wrote, like, I wrote the, that. I'm like, is this going to come off a senior citizen? They're like the how? interns at the senior citizen. It's like Michael in that Lost Boys comic. He's fucking <laughs> rubbing the bunions and breaking uh, fucking hips. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric one. Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. <laughs> this is episode number 94. 94, six more. Hello Thanks, and welcome well. to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com, Eric. Weird Out Loud, was it? Yeah, Weird Out Loud. For the week of October 22nd, 2016. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. Proud. to go through all of the ways you can get a hold of us or see us on the intro nets. Email WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. Boom. Twitter, WeirdScienceDC. Facebook, like us at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean, Weird Science DC Comics at podbean.com. And wherever you get this fine podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and review if you'd like. We'd like it, right? Spooky podcast. Spooky scary. Spooky scary, Eric. Uh, (laughs) And this week we did get a five-star review from Dylan. Awesome. Awesome. He's from the DC Bros Podcast. So if you want to uh, do the same thing, go and rate us and then go over to the DC Bros and rate them as well. He gave us five farts out of five, Eric. I don't know if that's complimentary or not. It is. It, Good. The way, Good. I know. The way yours smell, no. The way <laughs> mine smell like roses. Oh, yeah. Like roses, awesome. is it? Five out of five. Roses. That's what it smells like. Uh, we also have a rant and rave line. Now, Toby has uh, started a trend, Eric. The trend, is, it's growing like wildfire. People don't want to uh, use the And phone his no trend more. is, screw this crazy line. Now, Toby did it because... He didn't want to waste a fortune calling he's in. Overseas, he still you know. did, but yes, he's overseas. Uh, so first off, if you are overseas and always wanted to call into the rant and rave line but didn't want to pay a million dollars, you ass. can do what Toby did and record a file, send it to the Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com, and that's a rant and rave. And some yep. other people did, and I'll, I'll tell you, they do sound a lot better. Yep. Uh, you, you record it like that, so I don't care which way. Either way, just send it, call. Whatever. If you want to call, though, the Weird Signs Rant and Rave line is 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy. It's that easy. And we have a bunch, Eric. We have a bunch. And they, they range from very quick um, to a little bit longer. But we're going to start with the quickest. Right. This appears to be either Dill, somebody <laughs> talking about Dill, maybe a yeah. pickle lover. Um, but it? I tried to listen. I tried to listen to this, and I really couldn't hear it. First off, here is the first one, Eric. LeBron James. LeBron James called oh, in. Oh, shit. I can't believe LeBron James called in. Or somebody calling LeBron James. Oh, there's chickens, Eric. Now, here is the rant and raves. Here's the first one. I'm, I'm actually going to raise the level on my uh, soundboard here. Maybe I can – it might be one of the fifth times a charm, and I'll be able to understand what this is. <laughs> Here we go. They call him the Dill. All right, peace, dude. The weird thing about this is <laughs> I hear Dill, and then where it goes from there, I really think every time I hear it that he's talking about Gary Busey. 
afterwards. Really? Yeah, I think that. Here, I'll play it again. And I'm right. telling you, think of Gary Busey and see uh, if you can you can get it. They call him the Dill. R.I.P. in peace, dude. <laughs> it sounds nothing <laughs> like Gary Busey. Yeah, when, when you hear Gary Busey, I hear R.I.P. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. The, oh, you know what? I know what it is now. God damn it, Eric, listen. They call him the Dill. R.I.P. in peace, dude. I think this might be a call out to oh, Steve Dillon. Oh, R.I.P. Steve Dillon. Yeah. yeah. It all there makes sense go. now. It all makes sense. Yes, that'll be in the news. But yeah, that seems like a shout out to us, Steve Dillon. It just passed away. They used to away. call him the Dill. I didn't know that. Did you I know did they not, called him the Dill? No idea. I, might I have think been that was about something in his pants. The Dill. That's, if I called somebody the Dill, it would be that he probably had genital warts. That's sour, the only way I'd say that somebody's the Dill. Genital warts. Now, the next one, I can't understand either. But let's listen. Maybe we'll figure right. this one out. This figure is a little game. Together. Figure out the rant and raves. Here we go. <laughs> First off, it sounds like a castrati singer, and it, it makes me feel funny in my pants. But. Okay, now I'm starting to understand. I'm going to start it over again. Okay, right. well, let me do this if I can. I don't even know how this thing. Let's listen to the deal again. This is set it up again. Now, here's the thing. This isn't Dirty Drew. It's nope. not clean drill. Nope. It's Nancy drill. I right. got that so far. So here we go. Hello, it's Station Comics. This isn't dirty drill. This isn't clean drill. This is Nancy drill. Come up and see me sometime. Come up and see me sometime. I love Mother of Marshallman. Okay. Mother of was the best story ever. Oh. It was really, really good. And I hope to have more like it. I don't like the regular Batman very much. I also love that Justice League from Brian Hinch. I love the first five issues. I didn't like number six as much. My favorite comics were from the Rebirth. It was Harley Quinn and Power Girl series. <laughs> and I love that resurrection man. My all-time favorite character is that guy from the Fantastic Four. I love Herbie. <laughs> Poet to read comics at Dirty Drew's bedroom and had a coat. It was a Dr. Pepper coat. And I read a lot of comics. They were all in Japanese. And then they had naked ladies and octopus on fellas. And then you said, no, you got a pee-pee, and then I left. Now I'm in my big clothes. Yeah. I'm going to have another talk. I think I'm going to sign up for it. I'm going to do it. There it is. <laughs> Nancy Drew has terrible taste. Yeah, Nancy Drew, yeah. Nancy Drew, otherwise known as Let's Fuck With Everything Jim Hates, and uh, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, the next one, though, is, is for you, Eric. The next Rant and Rave is directed at you. Oh, shit. Uh, it's a it's a return. It's a return uh, to glory for you. Right. Eric. Oh, God. Eric. Food. I want a hot-boiled egg, toast, and tea. Don't burn the toast, fatty. <laughs> I should not have tried to drink during that. 
There you go. And Ramsey from Beyond the Grave. And Ramsey is yelling. Uh, yes, she wants you to pour one out for for your homies and for her. Uh, you are a fatty, Erica. That Hard toast. Hard egg. All right, now now we're gonna get to uh, <laughs> uh, the others. Now we're, this is Christian. Christian Mommy. has a problem with me, I believe. I didn't re- listen to every one of these, uh-huh. um, but the really short ones, as I'm kind of editing them uh, to sound a little better, I, I try to. Um, I, I do hear some, and, and Christian does have a, an issue with me. Hey, All Jim right. and Eric, this is Christian coming at you. Up, hey, Christian. so I just want to, want to know, how do you not like score bars, Jim, if you like Heath bars? I mean, yeah. honestly. It's all brand. The only thing about score bars, and I like score bars better, that's different than Heath, is that you get more delicious toffee. And yeah, how can you not like toffee? Why. Toffee is an amazing candy. It's butter and sugar just ma- mixed together. What more do you need? You used to eat butter sandwiches, you I said. Know. So that should be right up I'd your like alley. Them. It's it. I, I don't get it. Chris you you confuse me on a deep level Jim. as nope. always you guys are doing a great job and i can't wait to hear the podcast come out this week yeah, uh, see, it might be too much of a good thing like you may be a fan of nougat eric but if you get too much nougat you're out right well i'm gonna nougat. piss off Kristen because i don't like toffee at all uh, i like toffee i don't know i think it's just one of those where i always had a heath bar and the score bar it just seemed it seemed wrong to me and he's right it does have a little more toffee i actually thought when I was thinking that it might even have a little more chocolate, I just think the Heath bar has the perfect combination there. I don't eat a score bar. It's I don't eat a Heath my, it's bar. It's something my mom that. used to eat all the time, so that's why I ate them and I like them. Uh, they're not my favorite, but that's well, one that you, is definitely one I have to freeze. Here, you would hate it then. Well, not, it's weird though, but I do have to freeze those definitely. I cannot eat a Heath bar or a score bar without freezing it completely. That but, seems like a toothbreaker. No, it, no, because it just uh, – you ever see like they have those – like it's almost like peanut brittle where uh-huh. you, you have just pieces where they break it. That's kind yeah. of what I do then with the with the bar. But we're going to move on to the next one. Thanks, Christian. I'm sorry Thank that you. you hate my guts. And the next <laughs> one is from Maddie D. Hey, Jim and Eric. Maddie D oh, here. Maddie. Just wanted to call in a wonderful rant and rave to you guys. I wanted to rave about uh, Trinity issue number two. I read it just the other day, uh, borrowed it from a friend via down, digital download, so I oh. was able to read it ahead of my, um, what you call it borrowing here. my comic book box <laughs> subscription that comes in at the end of the month, because i got to say, I really like this book. I really like the way Francis Manipool is uh, drawing our characters. I like how he's telling the story. You know, it's far better uh, book-wise. It's, far, it's a far better comic book. Than something done by another, another guy writer slash artist who I shall remain nameless. Brian Hitch. Um, <laughs> I really like how Manipul is building the characters' relationships. You know, he's he's able to take the the angst of Batman and and match it up Tim real well against you know Clark's naivety. Yes. Um, I like how you know I'm just laughing because it Batman kind of like complains that hey you know you really shouldn't be here it's a you really shouldn't mixer. reveal too much to, to, to you know your father uh, and every time he complains he's like complaining underneath his breath and like you know to, to Wonder Woman so it's 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 a nice like um, three part or three person act you know I agree. Um, the uh, the only thing that's kind of bugging me in the back of my mind about the the second issue is the reveal of the baddie. Um, 
I could I could totally do the uh, spoiler-free thing and say, hey, you know, uh, I don't want to reveal this, but, you know, who shows up? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say now, any listeners that haven't read the book yet, uh, stop here, and because I'm going to reveal the big baddie at the end there. I'll be back. Poison Ivy. I'll be back. Um, how does she know where Superman lives? It's not just her. I don't honestly worry. hope that they explain that in the opening of the third book. I mean, is she like sitting on a street corner somewhere, handing out seeds at different spots in different cities, hoping that hoping she can spread this it. white mercy across it's America time. and put She's everybody so in this dream state? Or was it, oh, hey, you know, Superman's been spotted over this area. I think I'll go to this city. I'll go to this general area in hopes that, you know, my grand scheme or master plan can unfold it just by pure coincidence. Something is definitely uh, missing as far as how, you know, how Jonathan got the seeds from the, quote, stranger slash poison ivy in town. Uh, Other than that, though, like I said, I really enjoyed the book. Uh, Francis Manipal's art is phenomenal. I like how he's drawing all three of the characters. You know, it's awesome. the the way he's he's rendered his book, the, the color. I mean, it all just it all just kind of flows together real nicely. I, I gotta say, I I definitely would give this book um, maybe an eight, eight and a half out of ten. Um, again, the only thing that I find bad, draw, you know draws me out of the book is the question of how did Poison Ivy know where Superman lives? So. Uh, yeah, that's all I got tonight, or today, this afternoon, this week. Early morning. I'll talk to you later. Have a great uh, podcast. Thank you. And that's Matty D. And yeah, I, I actually, I hope they do actually spell out why uh, yeah, she too. knows that. Except, I don't know. Maybe, although that wouldn't make sense. I was going to say maybe she followed Batman there, but he went as Bruce. And Maybe she followed Bruce Wayne the there. Seeds were, the seeds were were sold before then. Yeah. So we're going to have to figure it out. Uh, maybe what happens is what's going on with Poison Ivy, Eric, is actually the Black Mercy part of it. And then inside the Black Mercy is the White Mercy part of it. It's, it's Inception, Eric. Everything's oh, Inception. It's confusing. I get you. It may, maybe it, it's layers. It's like an onion. Layers are going to be revealed. Like an ogre, yeah, I got you. There's also going to be Mongol involved, too, that we said before that we thought that. But, yeah, and, and well, future he's the big solicits, guy behind the Black Mercy all the time. Yeah, and future solicits spell out that he's there. So maybe it's not even – I don't know. If Can they make it so that John – again, I'm going to go layer and layer. That John actually see – but why would John see Poison Ivy? You know this whole I mean? time? This whole time, yeah. though? This is John's dream. It, that's what I'm saying. That was what I meant. It's like okay. John's dream of dreaming a dream of a dream. And it just goes and everything blows up. And, and really, John is just in bed and he's having bad thoughts about Poison Ivy. That's all it's been the whole time. Eric. John, it's speaking been... of dream, I realized years ago that I suck at it because I was sleeping. And then I woke up because my, I got a text message and I saw yeah. this from my girlfriend. And then I just turned it off and went back to sleep. All that never happened. That was the dream. Really? That's I the went dream? back to sleep in my dream. That everybody talks about that lucid dreaming and what. I can't do I, that. If if I could do that, I don't know that I'd ever wake up. I think that I would be, and uh, God knows what the hell I'd be doing in those dreams. I, it would be uh, bad. I'm telling you, I am so based in reality in all my dreams that it sucks. Because I'm telling you, I had this dream back in junior high where I was standing at the corner of Park Avenue and freaking uh, Main Street. Yeah. And I had Spider-Man's powers, and I shot a web up onto the freaking like the stoplight. 
but I couldn't climb it because I was a fat kid. <laughs> In the dream, you still were a fat kid. Yeah, I couldn't climb it. You couldn't even dream that you were thin. Yeah. Or actually just dream that you could climb it. Yeah. Couldn't so basically, you've Spider-Man always had powers, I couldn't lift my weight. you've had reality-based nightmares as yeah, what you've much. had. Yeah, there's no dreams there. Freaking dream. That's only why you, nightmares. Yeah, only nightmares. But uh, the next bit of rant and rave is a return the glory. Return. Ooh. We have a couple returns tonight. This one's dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and uh, Mike. hello, mother. So I'm leaving my rant and rave via email this week because while my phone is good for playing games, taking pictures, surfing the web, and checking Twitter and Facebook, it is woefully inadequate at being a telephone. <laughs> Hence my difficulty leaving under sample rant and raves, leaving partial rant and raves, etc., etc. So I went to the Golden Age 1942 <laughs> this week. Um, the owner was very excited because he had received a Facebook message from a world-renowned comic book reviewer from a world-renowned comic book review site. Um, so I was there picking up the that was, that was uh, Revolution from IBW, your Wonder Woman, your Earth 2 Society, <laughs> and uh, the new Batman, and also Detective Comics number 942. That's right, the Night of the Monster Men finale. This was a comic book. Yep. It had yep. pages and staples and <laughs> colors and printed lines on those pages and words. Yeah, it had words. Thanks. Sure did. One of the books on Hugo Strange's throne was called Motorcycles, M-O-T-O-R-P-S-Y-C-H-O-L-S. Oh, that's Steve Orlando. He is a clever one, isn't he? I'll just say I'm glad that story, event, whatever is done, and I just wish the finale had come out before my vacation so I could drink it off my mind. Yeah. Also, um, I don't think that's Jim, Eric, stop. everyone, don't worry. Yeah. I don't have a problem. I haven't had anything to drink since um, Saturday, last Saturday until tonight. I did have a couple of beers while waiting for our dinner at to be fixed at a local restaurant, had part of a beer at home, and promptly fell asleep for a now. while because I'm really, really tired. Mm-hmm. And right now, I am drinking another beer, which is a Diet A&W root beer. So mm. I only He's, get that drunk on vacation and occasionally on weekends. Um, speaking of alcohol, my caretaker, who is also my sister, who is also my wife, told me that <laughs> apparently there's a liquor store near us that actually sells Victory Golden Monkey, which is the ridiculousness of beer names. And so I'm going to have to stop I've there soon. Anyway, um, Batman number nine, I agree I largely with here. largely right with uh, Jim's review. Um, the art not quite up to David Finch standards, but the story was pretty good for the setup that it was. Um was so the, they're leaving Gotham Girl. I, I understand. I I will accept the fact that maybe she's still under Psycho Pirate's influence. Maybe that's Somehow. coming back Seemed and forced. doing you know, yeah. still messing with Especially her. Especially for everything but we he's dealt with already. Gotham Girl with um, Alfred and Duke saying, "Look after her." So if she wakes up and she goes crazy and decides she wants to kill they're one of them, <laughs> I guess she'll yep. just die because she's like a super person. Anyway, hope that works out for them. And I was happy to see Bronze Tiger because I love that song. Don't forget (laughs) me when I'm gone. I have loved you for so long. I think that was, oh wait, that was Glass Tiger. (laughs) Anyway, um, in other news, my new Eric Shea website is going gangbusters. If you've been on Twitter, you uh, know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And now, page two. 
<laughs> um, now that I am leaving my rant and rave via um, voice or during via email, it gives me a little bit more leeway to do ridiculous things like um, leave Sing. that um, new hit single by that awesome '80s band um, Durante Durante. <laughs> Duck in the city, night is a wire. Steam in the subway, earth is a fire. Ha-cha-cha, 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 inka-dinka-doo. Ha-cha-cha-cha. So, yeah, that about wraps it up for um, this week. Um, so until next week, spotlight off, party's over, and see you in seven. Ha-cha-cha-cha, Eric. Ha-dinka-dinka-doo. Ha-dinka-dinka-doo. Uh, thanks. thanks, Mike. Mike always cracks me up. Uh, and again, I didn't even know that. I, I knew that he'd get back to Glass Tiger. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I just I had not heard that at that point. Uh, the one thing that he did say that I want to point out, I in my review, I did say that the art I thought was a little down I on agree Batman. I didn't say that it was not up to David Finch's standards. I really don't think it was up to Michael Yannon's standards, the the actual artist on the book, who I think yeah. is awesome. It was the artist on Grayson. Grayson, we he, loved all that. He really seen, and even the Rebirth number one was him, the Rebirth, uh, you know, number yeah. one Batman. And I really do think that he changed his style a little bit to match the overall look of that book. I, I do, because he has a very clean uh, style that yeah. it, it's very unique uh, to me, and this was not it. Uh, it's not that I thought it was bad. I just expect more from him, and that that you'll hear more about that when we talk about the book. But yeah, I think the art itself was good. It's just with Michael Yannon, he is. I said to you at, at work when I was talking about. I see it, him on the cover. I expect you know yeah, Michael Yannon art. I actually gave him. I think he was my artist of the year last, yeah, year, last year on our awards. That's how much I like him. I think he's awesome and i just think that this was a little off uh but we'll see next issue but i do think it's also i even said in the review that there's a lot of close quarters things and and whatever but boy i now the one spread page he had was awesome when batman shows up at arkham oh, yeah. uh was really good but other than that it just seems a little off but uh, we have one last rant and rave All right. it is from our man toby who i think he said was drunk when, he, oh, when yeah. he sent that, he did he was, tell you that as yes, well? Yes, he did. Yes, he did say he was drunk. So uh, here, I told so him you'll... if his if his rant and rave came off weird because of his drinking, we'll totally rip him for it. That that will happen, but also I think that if there's some problems, you could probably understand him more as you're in that same state right now, Eric. Am I? Uh, be, because you have a problem. Here we go. Oh. Hey there, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, and everyone else listening. Up, this is Toby calling from the UK yet again. Um, I apologize for the jovial tone in my voice right now. Oh, you sound awesome drunk. drunk. I've had uh, a, a metric ton of Cavoisier and 7-Up injected into my eyeballs. <laughs> and um, I'm feeling the effects pretty bad. It's been a tough week, man. I don't know what to tell you, but... Um, he talks better drunk than I do actually. sober. The can is saying Jack Daniels with cola. I'd agree with that. I wonder it tasted yeah. fucked up. But anyways, um, yeah. Stuff. Uh, yeah, I just wanted buzz. to like check in with you guys, see what you're up to. Um, I'm apologizing to everyone right now because I forgot to. I didn't forget, but I wanted to make like an animation. Normally, what I do, I'm rambling. Uh, what I do on a on a Saturday morning, I get up, I have breakfast. There he goes. And then I make like I have like coffee first, then I have breakfast. The breakfast probably is like I'm hardcore. beans on toast. And then I. Weedabix. I 
get on my iMac and then I start editing the the animation thing and um, I forgot to I, I didn't forget I keep saying I forget that's just a guilty you're conscience. You're a liar, Toby. Terrified that I'm letting everyone down constantly. I think Eric can relate to that. Um, oh. Yes, he can. But yeah, nevertheless, I try to get my animations done for you guys on a on a Saturday morning and then they're up for, uploaded by Saturday afternoon for YouTube glory. But um, <laughs> I didn't do that this time. Because no. uh, I had a, a last-minute job opportunity in terms of video editing, and I've I'm probably shouldn't be drunk for doing probably this because it's quite a big client. If you're a juggalo, it's uh, celebrated all too early. You probably know who they are. Um, but yeah, I, I need to uh, get some work done for them pretty damn sharp. So as soon as that's done, I'm going to get you guys a weird science Juggalos animated video. Calling. I'm not sure which one I'm going to go Island. for. There was something that was mentioned on the uh, Halloween special. Um, I'm going to probably do that one. Um, nice. But also, I'm kind of something that's really captured my imagination was uh, Eric talking about putting slime all over his cat and in the VCR. He loves that. <laughs> Something's got to be done with that. My mother did. Anyways, not. Um, I've been talking for like two minutes now or something, and I'm still drunk and still rambling. And he thought he'd sober up in two seven. minutes. <laughs> Here he goes again. <laughs> that's not how you sober up, Toby. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to tell you, man. I've been uh, it's been it's been an interesting week, and I've got nice. comic books to read, and I'm gonna read them, and then I'm gonna <laughs> read gonna them so good that next week's run and raid so hard. is gonna make sense because I'll be talking comics. Anyways, um, I love you guys, and uh, I uh, yeah can't wait to hear the rest of this podcast. Presuming that this gets played, I mean I would understand if you want to trash you it. I told you it would, baby. It's just uh, the insane ramblings of a British maniac right now. That but, sounds uh, like my mom. Everything yeah, she told me. That's how it is. Don't know what else to say. A but, maxa, um, a hat, oh, yeah. Jimmy. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you that next week. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, God, right. Um, yeah. I'm going to unveil something like pretty damn spectacular awesome. on episode 100. So Ooh. boys, girls... Transgenders the and final aliens, episode. everything yeah. in between. Shut up. Cross your fucking fingers that I make it in terms of being alive to episode one. Oh god! Because then it's going to be a, a massive, shocking revelation. It's going to be a plot twist to end all plot twists. Now I'm kind of scared for a podcast that has nothing to do with me other than me being a huge fan. So um, yeah, <laughs> episode 100. This is a, a at least somebody has something Toby, planned for it. Seriously. <sighs> I'm going to go. See ya. He's off to the hospital, Eric. Who knows? It's funny, too. I'm pretty sure for episode 100, we only have two books that week. Yeah, there there is something weird about that we were saying, and yeah, we, we have no plans yet. Not at I all. I had had plans before live our plan, show. Our, our plan now is to continue after the fact. Yeah. At one, oh, are we? <laughs> you, you decided that? I, I, at one point, we had a live show we wanted to do. Then at another point, uh, we I don't know if you remember, we were flirting at like a, a marathon. Like yeah. I'm talking 24 hours. It's we been were haunting just, my dreams at night. Yeah, we were going to do something like that. But the only thing that we, we – it had to be a combo because to have a 24-hour thing, I'm not going to be able to put that file on my computer and edit it. So we wanted to have that live as well. Reggie wanted call-in stuff. And, yeah, it's it's coming up, and I have not looked into any of that. And nope. besides Toby's big deal, I have a feeling that we're going to be like, hey, 
hundred bitches milestone. Here we go. Two, Here's two books, books in and out, baby. <laughs> I even said we we're gonna have like a a clip show. We we're gonna. I just I'm not very good at planning things ahead. No, so either. we'll see what's going on that week. Uh, maybe we'll call back like other people, like say a hey, Dan Stransky, Eric. Hello, weird science. Yes, hey, that's right on cue. Uh, maybe we'll have Jess on. Edit that out. Jesus Christ, she doesn't, she doesn't like want that. to be on. No. Maybe we'll have Eric Shea on. Ooh, sliders. Okay. Maybe we'll have <laughs> Reggie on. It was good. I liked it. Okay, Reggie. Or maybe we'll have this guy on. He-Man, Eric. Maybe He-Man. Would you like that episode if we had He-Man on? Or maybe we'd have this. I gotta turn this up. This always gets me pumped up. This yeah. will be the theme. Yeah. Shay. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's a dude on a podcast. Jesus Christ, that gets loud. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. But yeah, maybe we'll have all those people on. What do you think of that? We'll he had them all about. Maybe some of this. <laughs> How about that? How about Sam we'll have Jones two books? We'll have two books and we'll b- put them both on flash reviews and we'll get the hell out in five seconds. In That'd and be out. Good, right? In Just like and every other out. day. Really? Like my dates. But yeah, uh, that is it for the intro, Eric. We're going to get to the proper, as, as MC Hammer would say, proper. You, you like that? You ever get proper with MC Hammer? No, I never got proper. You never with got them. proper. With I MC got Hammer. silly stupid with MC Hammer. Yeah, no, silly stupid would be kid and play. Not fucking MC. MC Hammer was not up for the silly stupid. Though oh, his it, pants it may say different. I have seen his videos. No, his pants. No, that is hard work, Eric. Do you know he was also a scout for the uh, A's? No, the I did Oakland not know A's. that. Yeah, and he ended up stealing money. I think he actually, not stealing money, I think he signed his cousin for a crazy amount of money that his, and his cousin never played baseball and then he got fired but yeah that's your mc hammer info of the night eric back to and we're gonna day. be back now with the news now it's time for jim and the news listening to jim is what i want to do he's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from And I guess there too. And yes, there is Eric Shea. It's time for the news, Eric. You getting I'm, sad? I'm Y'all still sad? Here. You still here? You I'm just still there? Here. Eventually, there'll be more Eric Shea songs. We're, we're hoping. I know that Dancing Mike <laughs> is working on a bunch more. Um, I was awesome. actually Dancing Mike has actually inspired me because I I sit there uh, at times at work I'm just sitting there and I think okay reviews and I, that's what like, I do the same what thing. it rhymes with I'm like I can't come up with shit so today we went to the buffet again of course. and drove uh, 
you know, it's an hour away. So we're driving, and I'm, we're listening to the radio, and I, I'm driving, so it's my stations, and we're listening yeah. to a lot of classic rock. And every song that comes on, I'm like, huh, how can I change this? I'm listening for something that, that like Eric Shea or Reviews. I still got enough. I got shit. But That's a Mike's a master lyricist. He is. He is a lyrical Jesse James. Yeah. And uh, what I'll tell you, though, is how about this? Have you ever seen Road Rage, Eric? Have you ever no. seen that? Have you heard of it? No. You've never heard of Road Rage? I, I've heard that people get Road Rage. And that's what I'm saying. You, then no, you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, no, I thought you, you meant it was like a thing, like a movie or a song. No, I'm talking yeah. about it in general. Everybody's I heard actually, of Road Rage. Yeah, I saw Amish Road Rage today. I actually really? saw one Amish guy look to be punching another guy. Yep, I think they ran into each other. We drove by, and, and actually we were going to stop and turn around on a horse and, and take a video. Yeah, they were on the buggy. Both of them were on buggies, and it looks like they got in some fight. I don't know if fucking Jebediah was mad at fucking whoever, Jebediah Jr. They were in an argument of who loved God more. Yeah, they were, they were, and it was weird. But, yeah, we didn't know what went by, and I don't even know what was happening, but I just started yelling, it's Amish road rage, and me and the kids I'm were going you, The last time laughing. you were at this goddamn buffet, you saw a pimp and hookers get arrested almost. Yep. Yeah, and this actually, time that was Amish the big, fucking the big call when we got there because we went a little later. Uh, this time, so there was a lot of people, and right away Rafe was looking for the guy in the uh, the freaking fur coat. He was not there. And then we had an issue because uh, Tommy large, was sleeping. Large, best bitch. When we left, but we weren't gonna. Go, yeah, we weren't gonna go. And I woke up. We woke up a little later, uh, six o'clock, Eric. You know, we slept in. Yeah. And uh, when I woke up, Rafe woke up and he goes, "Are we going?" Because I, I'm telling you, I was not planning on going. Yeah. But I, I'm like, well, if you want to, if everybody wants to go, we'll go. So everybody wanted to. So, oh, yeah, even Zach, who didn't go the last time. But Tanya was sleeping, so we left. But I sent her a message on her phone. And on the way home then, when we were that coming like home, I, yeah, about 11 o'clock we were coming home, all of a sudden I started getting these messages and things about, like, where the fuck are you? You know, you took the kids. Like, she thought I fucking had it from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I would have had the kids with me. Right away, no, that should have, yeah, that should have been the clue that I will eventually be coming back. Uh, but yeah, she got upset. And then, and then I find out the reason was, is my other son, uh, one of my other sons, uh, Ethan, had taken her phone and left it where she would never know it was there. So she woke up, couldn't, never got any messages, and then finally got on the computer and messaged us. Right. And that's why I was getting these messages. She had no idea. She didn't get any of my messages about going, but we were on our way home, and I just started screaming at them. <laughs> I, I, I canceled Christmas, uh, Halloween. Halloween was first. That was done. Because nobody would tell me who did what, so right. I just started canceling holidays. They dummied and, up. Birthdays done. So yeah, I'm scot free now. That's what happens. I just Mr. wait. Miracle? Yep. I, well, that is a miracle. I'll just wait and uh, you know I'll cancel everything to save some bucks. Yeah. Uh, because birthday's coming up. It's canceled. Really? Well, Zach. really, in in our house we have one birthday in December, which is yeah. next. Then we have one, two, four in uh, February. And then one in March, and then mine's in July. But yeah, we have all and these, Christmas. and everybody, and everybody wants a goddamn birth, uh, ice cream cake. Also, that I didn't even think. It's like everybody wants an ice cream cake. Plus, it's in the middle of winter. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, and I'm like Jesus Christ, I get so sick of ice cream cake. I can't and stand these goddamn it. kids. Yeah, yeah, I can't stand it. I think I had a lemon meringue pie. Last year for my birthday, just as a goof, kind of, and everybody got mad at me. Nobody liked it. 
I, I like lemon meringue pie. I don't enough. like lemon meringue that much. They, they just they were so angry at me. And I think uh, Tanya at some points does like coconut cream pie. Right. It's weird having a pie for uh, your birthday. No, I'm like, a you huge don't... pie guy. I do yeah, that but myself. Did, did you put uh, did you put candles on the pie? Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. They're not called. I fucking... like to have a good time. No, that's stupid. You're on your pie. I'm going to tell Tony. I'm going to go slap her right now for even suggesting pie. Though I had a pie. At, at the, the, I just, we have so many birthday cakes that I, I just can't take enough or take them anymore. There's so many. I used to love fucking uh, birthday cake and ice cream cake. Oh, it me just, too. I'm done now. Well, actually, I'm, I'm at the done. point now where I like the pie for my birthday, so if I do get like a birthday cake anywhere else, I'm all about it. Even yeah, a wedding yeah. cake. Fuck, I'm going to go I, I don't like, know. I like the actual like birthday cake icing that's not that buttercream nonsense. Yeah, I love I that buttercream. can't stand that. That's not real birthday cake icing. It's okay. fucking nonsense. I fucking hate it. I like like the classic. Change the times, man. The classic. <laughs> the ones that hurt your teeth? Buttercream. No, it's just like, it's almost like a, it's fluffy, that, that stuff that I like. Just that would have been on a standard cake yeah, 10 years ago. That buttercream, that's like new age shit. They came up delicious. with the fucking, I don't know. They wanted to outdo the fucking regular stuff. Trying to change the game. I did. Sometimes the game doesn't need to be changed, my Man, friend. Broke, don't fix it. Doesn't need to, It's like that fucking ice cream pizza. The fuck is that? I imagine wherever they created buttercream at, whoever big cake company, you're just standing out front with a sign that says, "This is fucking bullshit." <laughs> Say no to buttercream. Crazy man, the take end is it nine. away. <laughs> no more buttercream. And by the way, I hate the treats of pizza. Take that as well. <laughs> That's a bunch of bullshit. And don't try to give me a big giant cookie for my birthday, or I'll fucking slice your throat. That's not a fucking cake. Cookie. Those kick. That, that's another one. I hate any sort of cookie with icing on it. So you get that stupid cookie for your birthday, and they got all the icing and shit on it. I fucking hate I've it. I've actually never had it. I, it just sounds interesting to me. Uh, you, you've seen them, though, right? I don't know if I the have. The giant the cookies is like, happy birthday. You, you don't get a cake. Have a goddamn cookie. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Where's my giant glass of milk? Do you get fucking a giant glass giant of milk? cookie. The next awesome thing you know, too. I'm eating 10 Cinnabons and fucking purging in the bathroom. <laughs> it's news time, Eric. News. Oh, yeah. News. Steve Dillon has passed away. Me. Stop laughing, Eric. Oh, no. Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon's passed away. It's been confirmed by several news outlets that Steve Dillon, I, I actually heard from Toby. That was before he was drunk. Uh, several news outlets that Steve Dillon has passed away. The artist attended New York Comic Con earlier this month and has remained in the city for vacation. That's where he died. Sad to confirm the death of Steve, my big brother and my hero, tweeted his brother, Glenn Dillon, on Saturday. It was weird when I saw this. Now, I'm not going to joke around. This is not a joking matter. But when I saw the guy said, oh, my big brother, I didn't actually think it was his brother. It right. seemed like that'd be something you'd say, you know, oh, Eric, you're my big brother. You're That's my right. big brother, Eric. Because I'm tall and you're short. Yeah. He passed away in the city he loved, New York City. We sorely missed. Cheers, X, he says. Uh, and Steve Dillon is X? best known for his like, work. You know, That's like what Cheers, X. I don't right. know what Steve Dillon is best known for his work on the DC Vertigo series Preacher with yeah. writer and longtime collaborator Garth Ennis. The series ran from 1995 to 2000 and was recently adapted into a successful TV series on AMC. The artist okay. recently relaunched Marvel's The Punisher series with Becky Cloonan. And this is from Steve Dillon. I, I have it confirmed that Steve Dillon has died, tweeted Warren Ellis. 
who worked with Dylan on Hellblazer, Gen 13, and Global Frequency. He was a giant and will be much missed. And you are a fan of Steve Dillon's. I am. I really yeah. loved Preacher, and I loved uh, what he did on Welcome Back, Frank, with Garth Ennis as well. Yeah. The Punisher series, Welcome Back, I, Frank. I, I know people hate me, but I, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of his art. It's such a shame that he died, and a lot of people love him. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of his style. I'll say, he uh, definitely had a style because Jesse Custer and uh, Frank Castle look a lot alike in those two different books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw one with Emma Frost, and she looked like Frank in this thing that I saw, and it kind of threw me off. But, yeah, I, I just I don't know. It was one of those things. I wasn't reading books there, and I think that most people who really like him, it was the, the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I as it came out, you were a big first, fan. Uh, and me just going back with no connection or whatever, I did read and review that Punisher series with Becky Cloon, and, and I didn't like it. And it was not from the art. It actually yeah. is more of the actual story and Becky Cloonan's story, story that, that I didn't really like. I was not a big fan, but uh, the art never wowed me. Uh, but I know that he's loved, so yeah. I'm not going to say anything bad. Well, who am I to say? Well, fucking, I can't even draw it. I don't know Werner. what. Yeah, yeah, really. The one time we were drawing things at work. <laughs> and children like, of the Corn Look Pops. Look at this, Children of the Corn Pops. It's just two stick figures <laughs> going, I love Corn Pops. Yeah, see, I was the penciler and letterer that day. I'm anchored. the double, double trouble, Eric. AT&T, AT&T set to buy Warner Brothers. There you go, Eric. AT&T set to buy Warner Brothers. This really upsets us because this put puts into effect maybe Mr. AT&T now becoming a character on the podcast <laughs> and not Mr. DC. And Mr. AT&T, he AT does not. AT&T owns Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers owns DC. What, well, what kind of yeah. tears are we doing here? And the way this AT&T is going, though, there's a lot, so much money involved. I don't even think AT&T, Mr. AT&T would have a rickshaw. That yeah. he, that's too lowbrow for He's him. He's carried around by third world Fuck country it. villages. Yeah, no, yeah, he has a throne with the poles and just has yeah. people <laughs> walking him around. AT&T have made a tentative agreement to buy Time Warner Incorporated for approximately $85 billion. That's a lot of money. According to Reuters. That's like a stupid amount of money that I can never even fathom. Yeah, Reuters says that, and that's, yeah, it's just ridiculous amount. The deal, which could reportedly be finalized as soon as Sunday. Like, would I have thought Disney buying Star Wars and Indiana Jones was yeah, like, for a couple was that, billion. Yeah. Billion yeah, it was a couple like billion, but, you know, like, this even is that, crazy. I'm like, God damn, that's a lot well, of money. Again, we, we, just think, we just think of the DC part, but it is Warner Brothers. I mean, it's yeah. huge. But, yeah, the deal, which could reportedly be finalized as soon as Sunday, could have the telecommunications giant pay $110 uh, for each share of Time Warner, whose stock is currently trading at $93.25. Imagine that, Eric. I don't, I don't know, know what the hell this shit means. I have no idea what's going on. I don't understand real I just think things. they're pay obviously they're paying more for the stock than it's worth, and that's whatever. That's how you do it. Sounds that's like how bad you make money. Right there. I don't know. I guess that they're paying. I want to sell. Buy low, you, sell you buy high. Buy low, sell high. Exactly. I've that's heard all I know, that. and that was from Wall buy Street. Low. Uh, unfortunately, I just I don't that's buy ever, and I don't Gordon know where Gecko to sell. I have no idea. Every time you see it in movies or whatever, people are just picking up the phone, yelling shit. Sell, sell. Like, Who's taking this call? At that freaking on Wall Street, whatever it is, and they're in that room, and they're just like, yeah, bye, bye. So I have yeah. no, who's letting all this down? How do you get this across? All I, I know is at the this. end of this, I wouldn't be allowed to drink coffee, Eric. I'm not a closer. <laughs> Time Warner owns both DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers, as well as cable networks HBO, CNN, TNT, and it says TNT and TNT. 
Maybe TBS. <laughs> oh, yes, maybe. I don't but I like all those things. Yeah, that sounds great. In 2014, yeah. 21st Century Fox attempted to buy out the company. And, you know, they came a low, Eric. They, they were bullshit. They only offered $80 billion. <laughs> They failed. Take that $80 billion home. People are starving. Fox. Really? People are homeless and starving. So, don't come with it. Unless you're going to go big, you don't, stay home on the porch, big dog. Isn't that what they say? I have no idea. If you're not the big dog, you're watching the butts in front of you in the race. BMOC. BMOC. BMHK. How's that? Sure. AT&T. Now, Tanya, we were actually arguing whether we should put this in. It's like, we have nothing to say about this. It'll just be silly. Throw it in. Yeah, you can tell now that we have nothing to say except no. this. If you're not the first loser, then pity me in in the end. When you sure. do, the, when you do stuff, we don't fool me once, pity on me. Fool me twice, you're slapping my kids. Boom. How about that? I know what they say on the down at the rec center. Wonder Woman to get a United Nations comic book. Now I don't know if you know this. They made her an official ambassador. I Wonder did know Woman. This. Uh, did you see? I didn't put it in the news, but I did see this crazy story where people were protesting it because of her scandally clad outfits. Really? Yeah. They, they don't uh, like Wonder Woman. These people do not like Wonder Woman. Uh, they think that she's. Plus, I think somebody was like, boy, one minute she's with T- Steve Trevor, then she's with Superman. She can't make up her mind, they said. And then the next thing you know, she's with Cheetah. Cheetah is a known villain. What are you doing at the UN? I just think it's nonsense. It is all nonsense. <laughs> it's like tomorrow Bugs Bunny is going to be fucking heading, you know, the UN. It's all it is is for a celebration. And yeah, it's to push Wonder Woman. The movie's going to be coming out. It's so ridiculous that people care either way. Yeah. Whew. So, yeah. And it's in our news, Eric. As part of the United Nations ceremony appointing Wonder Woman as an honorary ambassador for the empowerment of girls and women. Oh, geez. I didn't realize that was the whole thing. How did they protest this? I guess that's what they're saying. Like, she's not a good role model for girls and women. Who is? Lady Gaga, Eric? Huh? Is Lady Gaga? Madonna? You know, somebody new like Judy Garland? What are are they going to have? Tiffany. (laughs) Tiffany. Debbie Gibson. And that, of course, then she'd go by Deborah Gibson. Joan if she was the Jet. UN. Joan Jett. Uh, freaking. I don't People know. listen to Gra- nowadays. I Grace no Slick. Is that, Grace uh, what's Slick, that, Eric. What's that? Susan Boyle still in the news? Oh, is she Susan Boyle. Fucking, su- fucking voice of an angel, Eric. <laughs> Susan Boyle. And the voice of an angel. Uh, DC Comics announced that it will produce a comic in 2017 that will be distributed by the UN. I guess. Can you imagine it's just I, her sitting in the UN listening to people talk? That, that's what, well, here, listen to this. Though no creative team or story was announced, the comic book will be translated into all six official UN languages. There are six languages that the UN is, its official languages. What are they? I'm putting you on the spot. I wish I had right, Jeopardy right. music. Wait all a minute. Right, Let right. me see if I have Jeopardy music. I do, actually. This is how we do it. The best Jeopardy music ever. They're the Alex Trebek called uh, people losers, and now fucking Montel Williams. Oh, geez. I have a problem with my <laughs> You hear that fucking having all sorts of issues. I don't know what's going on. What is going on? The soundboard, the soundboard is fucked up now. Oh, no, God it's getting sensitive. 
It is. <laughs> it's using tools. The singularity. Oh, my God. It's using tools, Aaron. Who else in the oh, room is going to say yeah? Yeah. yeah? yeah. Damn right. Damn right. There it goes. It just left. It left the building. Okay, back to this. What are the official languages of the UN? Go. Right, English. Number one. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say no more. That's one. Ding. I wish I had a ding. Here, I'm going to get this every time there. Say it again. English. Okay. French. Wait a minute. I have to adjust it so I can see. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm having the worst problem tonight. Okay. What did you say? Feeling. You said French, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. German. Uh, what's going to be the bad one? Let me see. The uh, bad no, one. No, no, no. I take that okay, one Okay, here's this. Wait, no, no. Okay, you got one strike. Uh, German is not there. Mandarin? Yeah. I'm going to give that to you. Chinese. All right, same thing in my mind. No, no, it's not the Russian. same thing. Oh, wait, I gotta pull this up again. How many of you have now so far? Four. Okay, keep going. And Japanese. Why would they have Japanese and Chinese there? Oh, wait, I gave you a slam. I'm sorry, wait a minute. LeBron James. That's a LeBron James. Good, you're missing one. Thing? You're missing a huge, well, you're missing three huge ones. You have three. Spanish. Yeah, that's a huge one. That's not the one I was thinking about. I think one is really pointing out your you, awfulness. Uh, you, so you have Chinese. I gave that to you. English. Japanese, dirty French. Knees, look at yeah, there's no Japanese. Uh, Chinese, English, French, and Spanish. You're missing two. You have two. I already have three strikes, though. I'm still going to give it. To, how about this? I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint. Um, this would be said if we could get along. And you could get along. I Everyone could get along. No, I didn't think you did. Oh, I did. Oh, I didn't think you did. Well, give it to, to you, though. Well, you have one last one. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, you're, you didn't get this one. No. What is it? Uh, if you spoke this language, <laughs> I don't think that uh, Trump would let you uh, cross the border, Eric. Uh, and don't think. <laughs> we already said Spanish, so don't say Mexican and make yourself not, look stupid. I'm not. I, I I'm, not saying that they, I'm not saying they border the U.S. either. I, it's I, I not know. Like, I'm saying, though. Is okay. it like Arabic? It's Arabic. There okay. you go, I, I was sitting See? here, I'm like, is Arabic language just a writing yes. style? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ah, uh, yes. It's that, like me that. saying, all right, the other one is Cyrillic. Cyrillic. Yes. yes. German, not there. Very shocking. German, Eric. And, and, but, uh, yeah, that's the languages. There you go. We've, we've taught lessons tonight. We've taught some lessons. I still don't remember you saying Russian, but that was probably while I was fucking around with the it soundboard. Was. It was definitely while you were fucking uh, around the soundboard. That, this comic, so basically, again, the comic book is going to be done by DC. They're going to give it to the UN, and the UN's going to distribute it, I would say, to different countries where they have women. And Most I countries I hear have ladies. Fuck up the goddamn translation. Yeah, they'll do that, or the, I don't know. What do you think this comic's going to be? It's going to be some girl sitting there and uh, having problems. I don't think I'm good enough, and then Wonder Woman will show up and tell her she is. You the are end. good enough. There, I, I wrote it. I wrote it already. There you go. Well, we just it, announced the writing team. All right. Girl power. Next thing you know, it's the Spice Girls show up at the end. They're all dancing. They're all dancing it up, Eric. But that that is the news. Uh, we're going to move on to mail section number one. I believe this this podcast has officially gone off the rails, and I, I don't know where it's going from here. Uh, next thing you know, this podcast is going to get on the Trans-Fucking-Pacific Railway, and, and you don't know where that ends up, Eric, do you? Nobody does. Nobody does. But, yeah, we're going to come back with mail number one.
mail time mail number one mail call mail call that's what they yelled when i worked as a mail stripper uh when we'd have a break and then when we had to come back they'd yell mail call and then we'd have to all go up and start doing our moves you did know, people throw was, like nickels at you and shit no no that was uh, that was back when they threw wheat pennies at us eric that was 1903s <laughs> wheat pennies <laughs> hay pennies uh they were throwing it at us and yeah i used all my money to buy penny candy indeed didn't get much money uh, you know, I was not a very good male stripper back in the Gorgeous day. Gorgeous George, they called you. Yes, they it called was a, you. It was an ironic name. George. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is mail section number one. We're going to start with Brian from Arkansas. Hey, right. guys. The following right. is the list of blurbs that should appear on the back of the trade for Night of the Monster Men. Now, right. we always say that. We always want to be on the back of the trades. Sure uh, so Brian had gone around to other sites and everything. This will just be a whole encompassing thing that will be on the back of the night of the monster number one the art's so bad i don't know what i'm looking at eric shea weird science dc comics <laughs> oh god yeah i was hooting and hollering raging bullets i didn't say it eric i want to punch somebody where's my kids jim warner weird science <laughs> dc comics miss me yet scott snyder a batman tale for the ages rivals the work of frank miller and jeff Loeb. 10 out of 10 bleeding cool if you're going to bullshit go full bullshit Jim Warner, Weird Science DC <laughs> Comics, and that is from uh, Brian from Arkansas. Conway, Arkansas. I laughed when he sent that. I'm not even so sure that he wanted that. I guess he did want it on the podcast, but it made me laugh all week. Uh, the next one, next one is Maddie D. Maddie D says, "Hey Jim and Eric, so, oh man, look yeah. at you two Rockefellers." I would That's say right. that if I was a Rockefeller, I'd actually hope we're Rockefellers, fellas, just like Cinderella. You know, Cinderfella, Dana Dane. Cinderfella. You, you went with Cinderfella. I don't like to waste food, so you would throw it away. I can't get myself to throw away perfectly good food. Now, number one, anything that it's you – This is, this is talking about him putting apple cider in fucking cereal. It, it, that's not perfectly good food anymore. No, you have ruined it. Yeah, really. It's like two awful tastes that taste awful together because he's going to tell us later what that cereal was. Uh, the two of you may have enough money to throw food away or throw chips in the toilet, but I can't do that. <laughs> I don't know. Eric couldn't pay that fucking bill, the it's internet true. bill. And no, I wouldn't eat chips that fell in the toilet. I'm not that cheap. Plus, they were jalapeno chips. Nonsense. I Somebody was just away. trying to tell you where those chips were eventually going to yeah, end up. Yeah, that's what he likes. Yeah, really. Well, don't we all end up? It's like, you know, eventually we'll all die. Eventually, it's going to end up in the toilet. Sure I will is. throw away food that has been in the fridge longer than a week and doesn't pass the sniff taste test. And he says, oh, the cereal was Cheerios. Oh, is, that, is that considered a cereal? That's, that's like baby food is what the, that is. Did you actually I, – I actually think I looked up sometime that they will not serve Cheerios in prisons because that's cruel and unusual punishment, Eric. Damn. And don't, don't – you know, 
hold me to that, but I, I think I read that somewhere. Uh, it was Dawn. This is where he's going to try to explain why he put <laughs> – I think that he was drunk. Uh, he's not going to oh, throw away perfectly good food. He said the cereal was life. Cheerios. Now, this seems that this is all the explanation of why he poured the uh, – what's it called? The apple, apple cider. cider into it. I don't know why the cereal being Cheerios has anything to do with an explanation of how this happened. Uh, except that maybe you didn't think it was actually cereal. You, you just thought it was nonsense. But the cereal was Cheerios, and it was dawn when it happened, so it wasn't completely lit in the kitchen as I was getting ready for work. I was on autopilot and w- when I was getting ready. And then he says, sigh, just had to rant about some home life. Also, just to continue the thought, how long do you let food sit in the fridge before it oh, needs God. to be tossed? Um, what What is your definition of needs to be? Uh, needs to be to me is when I ha- I need the space. I, exactly. I actually yeah. we were talking about this this week when this came in, and I told you that I had what I thought was blueberries that were moldy in the fridge. They're not they weren't moldy anymore because I actually yesterday I went to throw them away and they were in a plastic bag that I put the the container in. Yeah. And you ever have that when you go and get it and the bag is full of fucking water and shit from the goddamn <laughs> shit just going to t- it, it all fucking rotted out. It was going back it was, to nature. It was disgusting. Yeah, now I put it in the dog's bowl. Dogs Gross. like shit like that, right? No, I, I actually started screaming, "Oh my god!" And I made <laughs> uh, I made Ethan go throw it away. Today, um, <laughs> we got in the car to go to the buffet, and I have a bag. It's a Wawa bag where I throw my trash in, and then yeah. when it gets too full, I throw it away. For some reason, Zach sits in the front seat, and he's like, ah, oh, and he, he starts ripping the bag because I have the bag around the, the shift, yeah. and he's like, oh, and he's trying to tear. The bag breaks, it fucking, and, and shit juice goes all over him. Then he's oh. screaming at me. I said, well, we, he wasn't going to throw the bag away. We were already driving. Yeah. He was just going to put it in the back seat with, with three other kids. <laughs> and, and I said, that's what you get. You get the shit juice. And then somehow Rafe made the claim that it now you smell like your girlfriend because she's French. And then we all had a good laugh there. <laughs> We're laughing it up. It was oh, that it, Rafe. What a it was stitch. a very odd uh, trip. There were the three kids in the back. Just all they kept doing was farting and talking about how they had erections. Yeah, it's, it was it, Warner kids, right? It was there. a boys' night out. Boys' morning out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my whole thing is. There is never a time frame of when I would throw something away. It's just when I need room or it gets really bad. See, I never throw anything away because in my mind, like, I don't, I never really put anything in the fridge. Anything I have, I finish. Like, if I go to the store, I know it's going to be gone. If I, something, I buy something. Jess will yeah. put everything, like, she never finishes a meal. She always, like, packs stuff up and puts it away. And it stays there until she cleans it out, which yeah. um, I've got a fucking watermelon in there from June. I don't go in that fridge. <laughs> that might be a good watermelon, right? Oh God! Just imagine. Uh, I, I'm you afraid cut of it that open. fridge. It there's a, me. there's a fucking baby inside of it or something in the watermelon. Go, Somehow you, the watermelon's giving birth. The only thing I ever get out of the fridge is the half and half half for my coffee in the morning. That's yeah. it. And I stay yeah. away from it any other time. Yeah, we have stuff in the fridge. Really, mainly if I go down the list of shit that ends up in my fridge, it it is it's fruit. Because I buy it because I get fucking flack. Tanya yelling, I gotta keep it quiet. Tanya's yelling at me like, Jesus Christ, you buy the worst food. You never buy fucking fruit. I buy fruit. I don't even know if my kids even know what it is. Like, what's a strange yellow thing that got a curve? There? Ooh, exotic. Yeah, ooh, outrageous. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, they they actually do like bananas and apples. But you go by, you know, I get a kiwi. The fucking house is gonna explode. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, but yeah, bring he a papaya says, home. This fucking would shocking. you carve the mold off the top layer of bread or just pitch it? And I have an issue with this. Uh, I had no problems at all at any point cutting. Uh, mold off of bread until somehow I read this crazy article. Now, it's not crazy. I think it is true. But they made it seem like if you see a little bit of mold, that means the rest of the bread is infested with the most awful mold and it will kill you. And so to this this day now I do – I don't think it is, but this was like a really crazy. It because was probably, I've, I've this was probably clickbait. It was probably one of those. You'll never know what happens if you see mold on bread. And I click it. Next thing I know, Corey Haim's dead, and yeah. uh, fucking nobody wants to work with Russell Crowe. That's all I learned from this article. There, <laughs> it's what I learned from every article that I click on on the internet. Who who's that uh, girl that I always say is in those? Uh, the one from uh, now. I'm gonna say that. Honey no, Boo Boo. No, well, yeah. Well, that was the one. We did see a, a list. It's like, wait, do you see what Honey Boo Boo looks like now? We clicked she, through that list. Never saw Honey Boo Boo. Uh, it was 40 goddamn things on that list. I wanted to see Honey Boo Boo. It's the only reason I, we were I there. Was, I always see the other one. It's like, uh, these people died and you didn't know. And it's uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas from, from Home Improvement. He's alive. Yep. I always click it, though, thinking maybe I missed out. Uh, he has gone yesterday. wrong recently. Yeah, really. Or it's a, you'll never know. You'll never realize what these people look like, and it's people who look the same. Yeah. I, I, I get fooled Brad every Pitt. time. All right. Yeah. It's like, look what they found in the, in the anal cavities. I look, I, all you see on those are light bulbs. That's all you get. No, and no, you and your goddamn iced tea. Iced tea bottle. Your iced tea bottle. Things are dangerous, man. Where are we? But yeah, I, uh, I have a weird rule. And this is my rule with the bread. If the bread is not sliced, I will throw the whole thing away okay. if there's mold. If it's actually sliced bread, I will throw away like the the moldy pieces and then the next three somewhere yeah. around there. I don't I'll, have I'll a really do the next one. Not yeah, really. I, I go a little more because you don't know that chicken. You know, and really, it it really gets to me that smell of mold. I I yeah, cannot yeah. stand it at all. I, I told the other day I was eating at hamburgers. We had midnight grilling. Uh, it was late night grilling. This was not actually a midnight grill, but it was late. I think we were out there at like 11 uh, at night. And this is going to be almost like a Maddie D story because we came in and I just started putting the hamburgers on these buns. I think I did it outside and lit by my goddamn phone. And uh, I'm going to town. I'm eating this burger. And near the end, I look and the fucking roll that I was eating on was completely mold covered. Oh, it was disgusting. God. You're going to die now, Jim. Yeah, I thought I would. And I started yelling to everyone like, "Hey, uh, watch it, guys! There's mold on these bre- uh, on the bread." Uh, go! I go around. Nobody else has mold. Then I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed. Why was it me? God hates me. Take one for, for the team. Give, give me mold. He says, "I assume since you both are Rockefellers, then you would throw out the caviar after one night in the fridge." Oh, I'm put telling caviar you, in the fridge. Me. Who do you mold? think I am? A savage? Mold's weird to me. When I was a kid, I was making a Sunday, right? Yeah. And I pull out the freaking Cool Whip and I open it up. And there's mold on top. And I tell my mother, hey, what am I supposed to do with this? She's like, eat around it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that mold is always a little funky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The mold that's in Cool Whip, that, that's fucked up mold. I, I don't mess with that. Uh, but I've yeah. never bought Cool Whip as an adult, so I don't know. Really? Uh, Tanya went through a phase where she was eating pretty much nothing but Cool Whip. <laughs> nothing but Cool Whip. It's this new diet. You ever hear you know, the grapefruit diet? You never heard the Cool Whip diet, have you? No. 
No, no I have no, not. You, you have not. Also, Jim, that's a lot of freaking milk. I don't want your grocery bill, even if I do shop at Aldi, which I do as well. Uh, thank God. And that's Betty D. I actually bought five gallons of milk this week and told them they're going to have to, you know, rough it. If if they get, they're gonna have to put fucking Did apple you buy cider a in their of cereal. Apple cider to make sure yeah, they can they're gonna have to buy apple cider. Right. Yeah. And that is Maddie D. Thanks, Maddie D. Uh, the next mail is Chisanga, and Chisanga had the uh, subject line: "Keeping it short." Hey guys, fuck Justice League. See you in seven. There you go. That is Chisanga, and I agree right. completely. And next one is Rocky, and Rocky has a bunch of comments on Batman number nine. Hi, guys. Some quick thoughts on Batman number nine. The biggest bombshell to me was the revelation of Selina Kyle as being on death row. What is interesting about it is that it speaks to a larger mystery surrounding Rebirth and how DC continuity seems to be shifting in ways that are both unexpected and intriguing. Now, I will say one thing, too, that I thought I would have gotten the fact or the idea that Arkham Asylum would not have people there on, on death row. I would think that's where you would go with the criminally insane. insane. Exactly. Why are you putting them to death? And why? That, that, we'll talk we about it as well. But Catwoman killing people is not my issue. It's where is she criminally insane? I yeah. don't understand. Okay, the Catwoman oh, issue. She's going forward that too. Yeah, some other the, character. the Catwoman issue is a perfect example of what DC is doing right. The new 52 Catwoman was not well received and even had her name bastardized from Selena Kyle to Selena Calabrese. And now this was because she found out later that uh, uh, the Calabrese family, the, the guy, what's his name? I can't remember his first name now, uh, was her, in fact, her father. So it right. wasn't really bastardized. It was a weird kind of way that it was spelled out and that they all came out of that, uh, the original Batman. Eternal, the Batman Eternal Weekly, when she yeah. became the crime boss, was dealing with spoiler and stuff like that. But the only time Catwoman seemed to have a critically acclaimed run was when Genevieve Valentine wrote her as a mob boss. And that is true. So my questions are, number one, did I miss something and Selena go back to using her last name of Kyle? Or is the, the Selena Kyle in Batman number nine a different Selena than the one that we uh, know as Catwoman. Now, one thing I'll tell you, I even said when we were talking about Selena, I said to you, and we both agreed, that if they're going to take a character and try to reboot her or try to, you know, really, are you going to be mad if all of a sudden we find out that the new 52 Catwoman, you know, it's being changed because it is true. And also, I just want to point out even before we go on, she changed throughout the new 52. It, yeah. it really seemed she was on the JLA. She was a crime boss. She was a cat burglar. It went all over the place. And so if any character needs a set deal, it might be her. But he says. And it uh, could be kind of like what, you know, uh, Greg Reck is doing the Wonder Woman right now. Yeah, we don't know yeah. how much of her New 52 story has been Really, the way this and the solicits lead, this is like the, uh, hey, I'm sexy with Batman Catwoman that we're going to get. That she's going to kind of team up. Like. She, she is going to be in this book for a while, it seems. Uh, she's mentioned in the solicits in January. So it's not. And that's past. Uh, the Batman versus, or not Batman, uh, Just League versus Suicide Squad and all that stuff. Uh, and it just keeps going on, so we'll see. But it might be worth noting that she was not referred to as Catwoman, but only as Selena Kyle. This might be very deliberate because the other characters were also referred to by their public personas, namely the ventriloquist. I actually think that was more for a shock and, and awe at the end. Yeah. They didn't want to say anything, any name whatsoever, but we'll see. In any event, I, I hope really that's... I Batman a, actually always just calls her Selena. I don't really, yeah. like, you know, he that's might call her... That's what I'm saying. I think this is more of a... I think he refers to her as Selena. I think this is more of a personal thing with Batman than, than actually, you know, whatever. I still don't understand how she's killed all these people, but in any event, I hope that's...
that Selena Kyle is indeed Catwoman, and we can forget most of or all of her New 52 run, with the possible exception of Valentine's run, provided that such a thing is workable in whatever continuity that DC has planned. I love Genevieve Valentine's run. If they say that, I that a fan. you know. I'm telling you, if they don't ever mention it again, I'm not going to be upset. I oh, really no. am not. We can just say they, it happened. It doesn't it's mean weird. There's some char- going and there's some characters that you really, you know, you get upset about if they change things. Catwoman is not one of them, and I'm a fan. But it, it's I'm just, you, I expect they every time you get it. And say that this did not happen. Yeah. It, in my mind, it could always still happen. Yeah, I'm, say, I'm saying that they probably just won't mention some of the stuff. Yeah. And to me, it's it, that's just, it's like Harley. All of a sudden, you find out Harley did this or that, and it's always like, oh, well, I'll right. go with it. I'm not that concerned. Yeah. Uh, number two, don't you guys think it's very hypocritical and at the very least laughable that Selena Kyle has been sentenced to death by lethal injection, but very. every single other member of Batman's rogues gallery never seems to have to worry about it. I, right. I just think that was, again, I think that was played up just for what it was. It doesn't make sense no, no, if she's at sense. Arkham for this to happen anyway. I realize, of course, that... This is comics, and there must be some suspension of disbelief uh, in order to fully embrace the stories. But I want to point out that since Tom King has effectively established that the death penalty exists in the DCU, he also, by logical extension, compels the question, how can Selena Kyle get sentenced to death and no other villain? Again, almost all the others are just fucking insane. Uh, yeah, that and, like, you know, I think the most we saw in that round, that lineup of stuff, people we saw was, like, four murders. This is yeah, 200 no, he's, or he's, you know, he's saying the Joker, the Penguin, yeah. he says that later. This is the ones he's talking about. Uh, frankly, killing under 300 people is certainly a horrible thing to do, but in the general scheme of travesties in the DCU, it's small potatoes. As far as I'm aware, every member of the Suicide Squad, the Joker, Penguin, Riddler, etc., etc., you get the drift, have killed more than 300 people in their careers. I've always and just assumed that, like, uh, wherever state uh, uh, Gotham's in, they don't that have they didn't penalty. allow it. It yeah. was weird. It, it threw me off at first to see that. Uh, I just think that it was one of those where, I don't know, was that... To so that she pretty much is desperate to join them because maybe Probably. they thought that she wouldn't want to, or this is why again that maybe that's the thing. Maybe anything beats being strapped to a gurney with a goddamn well, Hannibal Lecter it mask. Seemed, on. Well, and it seems very personal. Maybe we're gonna find out later that Batman actually went to Selena because he doesn't want her to die and he doesn't even really need her. Like the yeah. others seem to fit in the place in in a way, and, and Ventriloquist doesn't really. We we had some ideas, but Catwoman. Uh, maybe he's just doing this to save her, and that it's weird though because he's it's he's in no position to make any sort of claims to her. Like, okay, uh, we'll commute your sentence. Oh, no, yeah, it's not up to her. That. The, the I do like that he says the ventriloquist. Hey, you know what? I'll get you in a luxury deal. We'll get you a little more. You know, we'll uh, we'll up the gra- upgrade. TV. Yes, things like that. And I he could probably do that. But yeah, uh, if she is going to death by lethal injection, I believe that that would still hold true at the end. I would believe so as well. Yeah. Uh, in a single issue, Tom King has reignited my interest in Catwoman. Selena Kyle's back. She does look great. That is yeah. one of the pieces of art in that that really would look good. And Kick-Ass. How cool is it that the most dangerous inmate and not uh, is not an insane psychopath, but a fully sane, no-nonsense woman who was number one on Batman's member wish list? My, Me I'm out. telling you, they're not spelling it out like that. They're no. spelling her out as a goddamn insane she goes, uh, say, ladies and gentlemen of the uh, court, we cannot prosecute this woman. She believes she's a cat. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. She believes she is a feline. My like, final question is. so literal in this Gotham-like yes. trial. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. 
Uh, do you guys think that maybe Dr. Manhattan has played with Selena's history? Or I is Selena not. just another victim uh, of a manipulative Amanda Waller who has set her up in order to use her for future Suicide Squad missions? Uh, it's weird. She does not seem like she is in any bit of upset about what's going on. No. Like, if it was me cool and they're cucumber. like, yeah, all of a sudden they take that mask off and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm telling you, Saturn Girl might have some issues there. Maybe. Saturn Girl. So many questions. I can't wait for more revelations. And as a quick aside, what is up with Saturn Girl being in a cell? Since <laughs> when do they lock up teenagers who appear flighty and claim to be from the future? Here's the thing. She was arrested. I yes. said to Eric, she has the worst lawyer ever because she, I think it was almost like she stole a hot dog. So she steals a hot dog, and they're like, okay, listen, you, you have two choices. You can plead guilty, and we'll give you a $2 fine and two weeks probation. Oh, no, no, I'm insane because I said I was from the future. Okay, three years. All I right, don't know what happened. locked up with the worst murderers she's in and the worst, known to man. She's in the worst murders known to man, and all she did was steal food and said, oh, in the future, everybody has food. What barbaric past is this? I think there, like, there are tears to the like mental health institutions in my mind. You don't go right to Arkham. No, it, it seems weird. It seemed very weird. Uh, also, where's the flight ring? This is where I said to you, like, I think Batman probably keeps tabs on, on people in Arkham. And I don't know that this wouldn't have piqued his interest. He's to, been busy to have her. And that flight ring is just... I don't know. It's in that baggie still. I think somebody might have looked at it. Uh, But I wonder what Saturn Girl did to get locked up with such a badass group. Frank Kaminsky's going after that ring. I hope they show it's like they they touched her and she punched somebody. I don't know. Still, Arkham is hardcore for what we saw happen with her. Basically, they said she stole food. Yep. Anyways, I, all this was, I think, is just to remind people that they still know that she's out there. You know, something's going on. And this actually this actually does a good job that when it comes down to it, when all shit hits the fan and she is involved, they have a way to say, oh, she wasn't out and about because she was in Arkham. Doesn't make sense. Like, for some reason, too, was it, wasn't she in Metropolis? Why would they go all the way to Arkham for her? That's because she's that insane. Anybody who steals a hot dog. It must be insane, Eric. You know, you, it's like you when, though, you, it's when you play just... Supermarket Sweep, Eric. If you're going to play Supermarket Sweep, always go for the turkeys and the ham. You don't go to the hot dogs. You should be in an insane asylum then if you go over, for the hot dogs. Over at Pranks and Franks, they're so reasonably yes. priced that they are reasonably priced. You just they Pranks one out Franks. of six. One out of six explodes. At you the corner just of Fifth and Walnut. <laughs> fifth and Walnut. Pranks and Franks. We were talking a little pranks and pranks this week. You you agreed that you would probably not eat a hot dog from a place called pranks and pranks. Something is wrong with that dog. No. Here's the thing, though. Do you think that it could catch on? Because my kids, again, the roulette uh, Doritos came out again where you might pick one and it's the hottest thing you've ever eaten in your goddamn life. And they love it. Would people go and buy hot dogs where every six might explode? I think no, they would. Everything's a game nowadays. People are weird nowadays. Who would ever think that somebody would buy a box that shows up at your house and you have no fucking idea what's in it and it's a fucking big game? Fucking unboxing videos. all over. And Really, I was thinking today, am I the only one that seems to think the unboxing videos are the craziest thing? That If anything is a spoiler, 
Why do you want to watch? If I get a box, why am I going to watch somebody else open it when I have to wait for mine? I don't See, understand is, this. It's for people who don't have their own. I guess, but it, really. So you're going to sit there. Okay, <laughs> people are like, God damn it, Jim, you're old. I, I'm sitting there and they're like, oh my God, a keychain that has a elf quest on it? Whoopee! Oh, yeah, shit. And oh, um, I got a sticker that says, honk, if you're a Trekkie. Fucking nonsense. I'm sorry, where are the negative unboxing videos? This is the garbage is I got for one. my $20? Said, I'm going to have – it'd be funny. You think somebody has done a, fo, uh, a fake unboxing video as their, their kids are being born? And they're like, oh, my God. Here, oh, no. It's a boy. And then, That's the big reveal to the family. Yeah, that would be good, an unboxing video. Uh, I, those things just drive me nuts. They really do. I saw one this week. And uh, it's from somebody that we follow on Twitter. And, you know, I'm not going to say who it is because they yeah. seem very happy. But it's like, oh, my God, oven mitts. Oven mitts? <laughs> what the fuck is now that? Now I don't have to burn my hands How much, every time. And really, I'm so, I'm so bad that as these unboxing, I don't know if everybody does, but as the unboxing videos, they're like, oh, I got a Doctor Who pen. I'm like, yeah, that's worth about 25 cents. And I'm fucking going down the tally. And every time to me, it's like, yeah, that was worth like $7. That fucking bunch of shit. This is worse than the shit I would get from that little chest after a goddamn tooth is pulled. Oh, pick a treat. Oh, wait a minute. I got to get my phone. I got to have Dude, an unboxing video. I love that video. as a kid. Unboxing video, Eric. When would you ever as a kid pay money for people to ship you something blind? A blind shipment like that. I don't know. When I was a kid, I never had money. Yeah. Well, really? I, maybe that's it. Maybe just people have too much, you know, expendable cash. Fucking, I, I just, I don't understand it. I think I'm going to do that for Christmas. This Christmas, it's a blind Christmas, we're going to call it. I'm just going to get him trinkets. Like, oh, Dad, thanks for the playing cards, you fucking jerk. And then the other, my other kid's That's like, oh, my stocking. God, I got, I got fucking coasters. <laughs> That's all I'll do. I'll, and what I'll do, I'll buy everything in the supermarket uh, checkout line. I can only yeah. buy shit there. Like, oh, I got a, a fucking eyeglass repair kit. Oh, thanks a lot, Dad. Hey, those come in handy. I'm like, yeah, that's blind. That's, I'm going to fucking, I don't know. It's it just, I don't know how I got onto this. That's it also just a gets practical me, gift, It Jim. gets me so angry, though. But I'll give it to one of the kids who doesn't have glasses. That's what I'll do. They'll they be can helpful. barter. Well, I'm going to show them how to barter. Whew. I think that's it. Oh, wait. <laughs> what were we talking about? I think we're I what, uh, Anyways, thanks for the great podcasting and all your time, effort, and hard work. You guys remain a regular part of my Sunday evening routine. Thank you, Rocky. You, you got Thank me you, off. Rocky. Somehow, Rocky got me fired up about blind boxes. Blind boxes. And I know that they give you, like, the theme, but even that's so fucking generic. Oh, this theme's sci-fi. Oh, great. I got a VHS copy of fucking Dune. Oh, <laughs> glory me. Great. <laughs> Hopefully next week they send me a VCR because I haven't had one in 20 years. I'm looking at mine right now. We're, we're going to have that, the, the weird science. Actually, they did have that thing where, uh, what was it? Which one was it? Loot Crate wanted us to make our uh, dream crate. Yeah. And I started doing it and I started getting angry. I started yelling at myself. First off, I'm like, why the fuck are we doing this? Loot Crate. What the fuck are we getting from them? Nothing except a keychain. Oh, my God, a bottle opener that has a fucking, I don't know what, a lightsaber on it. I, a lightsaber fucking cheese cutter. <sighs> Kill me, Eric. Kill me. 
Yes, yes. I got to take a sip. Uh, tell me what you thought of that mail while I take a sip of drink. I, I actually can't remember the mail because you're goddamn rant and rave about loot boxes. I, yeah, I don't know what it was about anymore. And I meant to turn off my mic there, and I cough right in it. Uh, you think we would have gotten good at this by now? Why aren't we good at this by now? No, we're not good we're at nonsense. Anything. Is this why people listen to us? You never know what the fuck when the train goes off we're the a, tracks. We're a goddamn loot crate of podcasts. We are. Podcast. We're the loot crate of podcasts. It's people a blind box. It. You may hear about fucking moldy bread. And then you, I want a weird science podcasting un, unboxing video. Oh, Jim thinks that everybody cares about what he thinks. That's all it is every, every fucking episode. Oh, Jim thinks he's so pretentious. He thinks that everybody cares about his fucking kids. He doesn't even care about them. Ooh, Eric's talking about horror movies again. La-dee-da. Yeah, there he goes. Oh, Eric Shea. Ooh, he's been reading comics all his life. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting lightheaded here now. I'm so angry. Uh, maybe Frenny will calm me down. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I hope I episode 100, uh, I can get all the hate out of my veins. I'll be just happy then. I'll Good. just be a happy guy. Here we go. You shut up, girl. They're not chickens. They're oh, fucking not chickens. You What's shut your mouth. Monster. <sighs> I got to breathe a little. I'm yelling and screaming, and I, I am. I'm getting lightheaded. I'm going to pass out. Frenny is the next male, and she says, what week is this? I don't know. I look like a calendar. I'm just going to be angry at everyone, though. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, why, Jim. Why is October 22nd? Yes. Hello, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. Okay, so you know I wasn't reading any Batman titles before Rebirth. Why is Selina in Arkham and with 200-some-odd murders under her belt? I didn't think she was a killer. Where did they leave things with her in the New 52? Uh, the, the problem is this is all, it, it's all not hype, but it, it's all just a cliffhanger. All that is to get you interested. Uh, nobody knows. Uh, if anything, we've even said you could say that when she was a crime boss, yeah. she was involved, but that doesn't make her insane. Uh, maybe they're going to go with the whole fact. Maybe they're going to do this is going to be getting out of the shower, uh, Patrick Duffy style, where we're going to find out she, she indeed wasn't a crime boss, that she's been in, Go in Arkham the whole time of the New 52. Yeah, maybe. That she had already killed people. Well, she's in there. Seem, I'm telling you, it doesn't seem to matter because I'm saying Saturn Girls locked up. They're talking yeah. about Bronze Tiger. He thinks he's a part of the League of Assassins. I like that. Other things. Here's the thing. Bronze Tiger, I, I put my notes. Those other, the organizations, Suicide Squad, they fucked. Them. They completely yeah. fucked him. He got arrested for killing two guys, I think it was. And then he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was part of the Suicide Squad. I was in Argus or whatever. And, uh, yeah, they go to them like, hey, do you know who this is? Nope. Never nope. saw him. And he got fucked. And they always say that uh, where they're like, hey, if you get caught, we're, you know, we're not going to do anything with it. Deathstroke has this a lot, too. And uh, I, this is the first time I've ever seen it come into play in this sort of way. I thought it was great. I thought I that was brilliant. Well, uh, but no, it seems like Arkham would just say, yeah, this person, this person's crazy as shit. It, it's weird, too. It's like, it's also to me, it's like Batman's like, okay, Bane's fucking around. God damn it. This goddamn guy. I really think Gotham Girl's just yelling and screaming at night. He's keeping him up. 
<laughs> actually, actually, he's working. I then. get so three hours of sleep. This is the problem. He's out vigilanteing. He comes home at seven in the morning. He eats his little breakfast, his little fucking beans on toast, because it's Alfred making, and he's a piece right. of shit. He only makes what he likes: fucking fried tomato. And uh, he <laughs> goes and he lays down. And then right when he lays down, he's like, "Oh God damn it! I have two hours to myself." There's Gotham girl screaming, "Oh my God, I've had I'm nightmares!" So and he's like, "Listen, I, I gotta stop this shit." I gotta get to Bane and and take care of this. Okay, I'm gonna go to Arkham now. And he's like, when the fuck? When can I have any good luck? The time that I go to Arkham to, uh, to make a team, I got fucking Bronze Tiger, who is pretty kick ass. I yeah. also got the Ventriloquist, fucking Punch and Julie. What the hell? Where are all the villains that he needs? They're the worst. He's <laughs> the like, oh, there's Condiment King. Oh, great, Condiment King's there. Oh, come on. <laughs> I relish man. the opportunity. Kite man. Yeah, Kite Man. I, I tell you, he has the worst. Like, he actually, or he's going through his mind as he's driving. He's like, okay, who have I arrested lately? Who? I, oh, Jesus Christ. It's, it's been down. Like, there's no Joker, but Penguin's out and about. Not even Red Two-Face. Alert's making drones somewhere. Fucking, where's Killer Croc? And Clayface is in the fucking Detective Comics. He wants some real villains. This is what he gets because it's just, it's a down time Slim right now. Pickens. It's right before they have that end of month where they start arresting everybody to get the, quota. the quotas up. <laughs> they always have to get the quotas up at the end of the month. Where are we now? I'm telling you, I need Adderall, Eric. I thought Superman was a little better than Air. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. She goes, there was a Catwoman book in the new 52, right? Yes, there was. Yes. Is it worth getting? Um, eh, I would it. think, I'm telling you, I have seen... Um, things that Frenny has talked about liking. I do think she would like the Genevieve, Genevieve Valentine run of uh, Catwoman. And it continues. Frank Thierry took over then and ended it, and it kind of got squished in and, and kind of ended weird because yeah. of Rebirth coming. Um, but and I do the think... And Senti run before that? That's garbage. Yeah. Uh, I, I laugh at it, and I kind of miss the ridiculousness of it. Uh, don't buy the Anosenti run. It is is complete garbage. Uh, the Genevieve Valentine run, I do like it. Now, the other thing that you might go with, like I even said, even about Steve Dillon, how at that point it was like a, a thing in time for you. You really liked it. Genevieve yeah. Valentine's run of Catwoman came right after Anosenti's, and it was like a breath of fucking fresh air. <laughs> it was so good. All of a sudden you had somebody that seemed to actually take the character, you know, and, and do something with her. So I don't know that just reading that by itself um, would be great. I, I would suggest if you love Catwoman, get Jeff Lemire's Green Arrow run, Eric. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Catwoman. Nope. I just like pushing it, and you didn't like it. I did not. Uh, but, yeah, if you, if you get Genevieve Valentine's run, I, th I think that Frenny would like it. Uh, then she says, should I just read that? I did love M Michael Yannon's art, though. I always do. And I'm waiting for the scene with Bruce and his boys at lunch. That's happening in Batman, right? And I think it is, or I don't know. The the more she and I didn't look this up. That when she asked this, and I read it, I, I don't know what book it was, and it, it almost seemed like it was one of those like, hey, I just drew this on the side, but I do think it's going to happen at one point. I don't think Jason was there, Eric. No, Jason was not there. I thought Superman was a little better than Eric, six point eight, but I don't know anything about the losers. However, I will say that this short two-issue arc made me look up the new frontier and add it to my Amazon wish list. And that's nice. good. Uh, seems like it might be my cup of tea. Yes, Jim, tea with a little milk and sugar. I like single estate Assam. Joey calls it elephant tea because I keep it in a tin with an elephant on it. You know, because it's from India. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. This is she all Greek. Just, she's just telling us about her or tea. Indian. And her boyfriend says that he calls it elephant tea. She's like, I'm going to have tea. He says, you're having elephant tea. And, and you know, I was just going to tell her to be a man and drink coffee. But uh, <laughs> my mom drinks a lot of tea. How about that? I'm very excited for the next issue. We're itch- inching towards Super Sons finally. Yep, that'll yes. be coming up. Trinity looked beautiful. Francis Manipal is hitting all the right notes for me. I'm guessing this is going to be a three-issue dream sequence where each one gets their own little lesson. Uh, this one did seem like it was preaching to Superman a little about not hiding away from the world or some shit. Anyway, I'm loving it. It ties into what Lois had said at the beginning of that when yeah. they were having the, the dinner. I can't hey, believe I... yourself t- off. You build walls. Yeah. Yep. He's like, he learned from his dad and he learned well. I can't believe I totally forgot to pick up Justice League. It's because I really did take it off my pull list. I wasn't exaggerating. I guess I should at least finish the story, though, huh? It's only yeah. two issues, after all. Why do you hear my blurb? But basically, I didn't even read this part of uh, Freddy's mail. Uh, basically, I got mad because I pushed people to buy that one issue. Not that I said buy it, but people, it's oh, my God, he likes it, I'll go. And then I'm like, I fucked Mikey everyone. Likes it. I really I fucked everyone. I think Brian Hitch sat there. I want to find him and like, do I look like a bitch? That's what I tell him, Eric, because he fucked me like one. I like Nightwing enough. I'm just waiting for number nine because I think Soup shows up in that one. Then I'll decide if I'm keeping this title on my pull list. I saw her talk about this on Twitter, and then I went to DC's site. I didn't look at the solicits, but the number nine issue is blank. Like, you cannot click click on it at all, so I have no idea what's going on with that issue. Um. I'm not liking Nightwing that much. I just no. before we get into all the books, uh, that is Nightwing's my favorite character, and I really I don't like this book at all. No. I'm glad that you, you review it. Yeah, I just don't like it. Uh, can't hey, wait for switch, my. You want to switch back? I get Red Hood. No, you get Nightwing no, I again? knew that what you were going to say. That's one of my favorite books. Can't wait yeah, for my too. Titans and Teen Titans next week. Me too. I may have read them already, Eric. Somebody in mail, I'm saying that, I, I'm lying. I didn't read them. Somebody in mail on the podcast last week said they were getting bored with Wonder Woman. Can't remember who that was. I know it's sacrilege to say so, but I'm kind of in the same camp. I don't know which emoji uh, she should use. She says sheepish grin. I'm just waiting to see how the lie story gets resolved. Now, before I go on, I will tell you next week there is a oversized Wonder Woman 75th anniversary special. And it is eight dollars. So if I, you're I a Wonder to, Woman fan, though, it's pretty cool. I hate to push an eight dollar book. If you are a Wonder Woman fan, it's worth it. it it's yeah. really good. Uh, but eight dollars, it, it's it's tough. a lot like that anthology issue of Detective Comics yeah. when it would have reached number nine hundred. Yep. I want to say it was Detective Comics twenty seven, uh, where yep. we had a bunch of writers and artists doing different yep. stories. And this it's is this like is that. pretty much like you know each page turn you're going to get another little story from somebody. You're going to get you know uh, a full page art from a guy. And in it, what I really like, I really like when guys kind of go out of their way to do something different. And Raphael Albuquerque uh, writes and draws the story. Liam Sharp does the same thing. I really like it there in it. Uh, Greg Rucka's part is a written uh, interview, Lois Lane interviewing uh, Wonder Woman. It's really good. It's and cool. what I really like, I'm a huge fan of Renee 
uh, Deleuze and, and or yeah, Renee Deleuze and Ray Dillon's uh, Legend of Wonder Woman story. And this has a story in it that seems to, to be the, the prologue two, yeah. to the volume two of that story. And Etta Candy's in it. She's the best. Vera Etta Candy is one of my favorite characters of all time. So yeah, if you're a Wonder Woman fan, especially yeah. if you're a Legends of Wonder Woman fan, you want to pick yeah. this up. Yeah, the whole thing, and it's really good. Uh, but yeah, have a great weekend, guys, and thanks for all you do. I realize, like, I've basically stopped listening to any other podcast because no one else listens or pays attention to me like you guys. And <laughs> here's the thing. Anybody out there, and there's a lot of guys, DC bros, you know, 365. And again, I'm usually friends with the guys who have podcasts that are nice. Yeah. That's all it is. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a nice guy, but this isn't rocket science. It, you, if you let your listeners know that they you care about them, they, they might continue listening, right? Yeah. You know, and we like the people. It's Everybody, not something like, you know, game plan. We didn't crack the code. It's just no, general, you know, no, niceness. I don't know. You look at DC Comics. Look up DC Comics on fucking iTunes. I think we cracked the code. Do Eric. it, yeah. I might actually think we were winning for once. I, I say that. It's all going downhill now. <laughs> you know, just people pay attention and people like that. I like getting paid attention, too. Fucking yeah. dancing Mike. That guy's a god in my mind. <laughs> he, he is a lyrical genius. Toby's Singing about me genius. all the time. I have a little uh, idea for you, Mike. I'm going to get a hold of you for a little idea that I have for episode 100. What do you think of that, Eric? I don't know why I'm saying it here. I was going to email him today, and I forgot. So Good I times. just want to tell him. I'll tell you what it is. Off the air. Okay. You read my emails. You respond to my tweets. I think Reggie and Chris have already taken two of my Cosmic Treadmill requests nice. since I started listening in May. That's love, man. That's what Frenny says. Uh, and really, I, Reggie told me the other day, they get at least 7,000 requests a week. Really? And they always, yeah, they pick Frenny. They pick two of Frenny's already. That's and awesome. 7,000. They just, you know, they're, they're in high demand there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that is uh, mail section one. We're going to stop, uh, take a little break. I'm going to try to get my voice back. Can you really, can you tell how bad my voice is right now? A little now? bit. But it's killing me. It, this happened last night. We recorded some of these books with Reggie, yeah. and I was losing it. By the end of this podcast, I'm going to be like, hey, Eric. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to move on to the book section. No. Time for the books, Aaron. Book time for the time. books. I will tell everybody, spoilers alert, uh, everything's coming, and we're going to spoil everything. Meat okay. and cheese. 
I always hear these others, and they they really spell out the spoiler alert, and we never do. We no. always forget. We used to have a robot for that. Yeah, we used to. I used to, I always think like ah oh, they'll figure it out, but really they, they may not, and and probably we piss some people off. So yes, we do spoil. As you say, we spoil the shit out of everything. Everything. Uh, but also we have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where we will have reviews for all of these books already. They go up on Wednesday night, 12 a.m., and you can go and see what's going on, give a little sneak peek of what we'll talk about. Uh, I like to think of this as the director's cut, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And really, you had spelled out before that you think the progression is people read the books. Then they read your reviews, and then they come to the podcast. So they they should be well in tune with what you're going, and then hear your little tidbits and and extra things, right? A lot of homework for this podcast. Yeah. I don't think I ever said that for myself. No, no, but yeah, you had told me the one point that that's what you thought. Like you actually expect people to have already read the book when they come to your reviews, is what you told me, and that your reviews are more of like, hey, let's sit around and talk about what we just read. That a is little how bit. you explained it to me. I Most always think a, that it used to be more like that back in the day with the podcast. Now I believe it's more like that where we sit around and bullshit about the comic. Yeah. Like we're in a comic book shop just hanging out. We're just in the comic book shop hanging out, are we? At, yeah. at 3 a.m. in the morning, like yeah. hey, kill me. It, it's like we're in hell. This is our <laughs> hell to just sit here and talk. Because throwing in with our deal during the week, we talk about this shit nonstop. Yep. It's like we talk and, – and really, if you want to hear some bitching and moaning, that really is at work. We're screaming. It's <laughs> that when we go in because we get the books early, so we have all our reviews up on you know Wednesday. I said Wednesday at, at midnight, and um, we go into work the next day and just go to town on the books. Like you come in, and I'm like, oh, wait do you hear this. And it's really us just bitching at each other about everything. Even if the book was good, we always like to talk about it. Like, well, everybody else at work gives it. us strange looks. Yeah, yeah, and then the the one guy sits and listens to us, and then says the craziest shit afterwards. Like we can yeah. be talking about this Batman book, and I'm like, and then at the end, you know, you think it's this, and then it's that, and he'll be like, I heard once that Batman was a Martian, and and he flew into the sun, and then and then you'll go, what? The? Actually, uh, you'll be in the background going, here we go, yeah, and then you'll say to the guy like, no, no, that wasn't it. No. Well. They discussed it on this panel that I saw. It's you're always full never, of shit. yeah, never a like. Oh yeah, you're right. It's Why don't you go move the mountains? Nice. Don't bother anybody for a while. <sighs> Goodness gracious! But yeah, this is the meat and cheese of the podcast. I would say the meat today is bacon. I had a lot this morning at the buffet, but they, they burnt we, bacon. We, we go, yeah, it was burnt to a crisp. It, like I'm telling you, like it was like chips of bacon. It really was getting me upset. And at one point, you, you think one batch is going to be bad. These are, I mean, uh, 10 trillion pounds of bacon each time. They're breaking it, in some new cooks today. It goes you know? quick. This bacon goes quick. So I go. I actually got some That's on my plate. There. And I was like, fuck if I'm going to eat this. And there was this trash can. I fucking threw that right in the trash can and then got some other stuff thinking I'm going to go back later and get some bacon because really that's what I want to have the most of there. And each time I went up, it was burnt even more. And I said, who the fuck is in charge of this bacon? Somebody needs to be fired. Do they have sausage patties there? Oh, yeah. Actually, I love me me, some sausage patties. Here's this. Here's the thing. You've never been there. Nope. Uh, This place is somewhat. It's an hour away, but it's very big. 
Uh, they had, I think me and Logan were counting, they have seven different types of sausage. We're like, Jesus Christ. I didn't even know seven th- sausages existed. That's, a, that's what I would go to town on. Yeah. Oh, they have tons. And, and really, they'll have the links. They had the round patties. Then they had cheddar cheese sausage. I don't then they had that. maple syrup sausage. All right, it was, cool. and, and, and that uh, Logan loved. He loved both the cheese one and the... Uh, the maple syrup one, but yeah, they had so many different ones. Then they have like, they have bacon, uh, turkey bacon, which the, you know, nobody goes there, uh, but they have ham. Uh, they have everything. So now, did good. they burn the turkey bacon to a crisp? No, the turkey bacon looked great. I didn't eat it. I don't need that nonsense. What do I look like? A vegetarian? That's what I said to Logan. He's like, he didn't get my joke. He's like, Dad, that that's not a vegetable. God hey, damn it, why is my could, dad an idiot? You could have fooled me. Yeah, I had a couple of good jokes while we were there. And then I saw some girl. Uh, this will play into later in the mail. Uh, this little girl was ahead of me in line, and she had a Sidney Crosby Pittsburgh Penguins Did she Penguins say, look at all those on. chickens? No, she didn't. But she had a – she probably looked about six. And right. she had a Penguins jersey, and it was a Sidney Crosby jersey. And this – we're in big flyers country. And some assholes are like, oh, Sidney Crosby, who gave you that, little girl? And the girl's school – like – I love Sidney Crosby. Right now, he's out with a concussion, but he'll be back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. the guy had nothing to say. He no, just walked away. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Jerk. But yeah, this is the books, Eric. The books. Enough of buffet talk. I Did I say the cheese? I'm going no, you Swiss. Did not. Swiss. You went Swiss Nobody wants week. bacon and Swiss. How about uh, then I'm going to go with... Um, Cheddar. Cheddar. Head cheese. Oh. Head cheese. That means it's the best, right? It's the head of the class. Head yeah, cheese. you go that way. You keep that all yourself. I'm going to just eat sauce right now. I don't know what that is. Sauce. I think you're just making disgusting. up words now. No. You want to see something disgusting, look up no. sauce. You'll see it. I'm I, good. Oh, one of the other things I had was uh, it was uh, meat. Uh, what was it? Pork pudding. And it, it, it's oh, a British fuck. type of thing. And it, it was awful. I, I actually usually like it. It was really strong. I don't know what they were doing with that. Ah, yes, but it all leads to... So you just, you drove an hour to eat a bunch of gross shit is what you're telling me. Today, I I didn't enjoy it. I ate too much. Uh, Actually, I can't even say that. I just didn't like it as much. There was no pimps there getting arrested with large No, no pimps. We did see some Amish road rage, but that that was good. Uh, But besides that, it just, everybody was down on it again. And we've decided not to go for a while. And the next time we go, we're going lunch. Uh, Sounds like a plan. Yeah. But the first book, Eric, is a plan as well. It's Batman. Batman, Eric. It's usually a big book, right? That Batman? Yeah. It's bigger now because we're out of the Monster Man story. <laughs> and I think this That's is going to be something. I thought about my Nightwing book too. Yeah, but, uh. yeah still. It, it, I didn't like it. It wasn't Monster Man bad. It's true. It, it, was, it was bad, but it wasn't Monster Man bad. And I think this book, people um, you know, couldn't wait. To get back to Tom King and the regular story, I think that that might have skewed my score a little down uh, because I wanted more from this uh, going back. But uh, it is Batman number nine, written by Tom King, art by Michael Yannon, June Chung, and Clayton Cowles. I know I wrote everything. Cover price, Eric, two ninety nine. Did you state? I don't know why I wrote that. What's <laughs> wrong with you tonight? I don't know. Thank God that the Monster Man story's over. Tom King is back, and, and really, it's over, and it's only two ninety nine. And while I was hoping for a Big Bang return, this was more of a slow burn setup issue that was good, but not great yet. 
We get to see Batman walking through Arkham Asylum, picking his team to go after Bane. And while the Catwoman bit threw me off a bit, I can't wait for this story to continue. I have full faith in Tom King and can guess right now that this arc will be awesome. But I had to grade this issue as one issue, and it was pretty much just set up. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll stick with that. I, I cannot give an issue that is this much set up a uh, 10 out of 10 like some of the no. people did. I do. I did enjoy it. And I do think that a setup issue was uh, was good, and I do think he p- had to play a little, knowing that I guess when he wrote this, he would have known that the Monster Men story would have taken a month because even with the the Gotham Girl stuff, seemed very forced and a uh, forced reminder. So that it you really know, did. Oh, remember what's going on. Everything we've dealt with with Gotham Girl lately, it seems like she was over that. Her mind yeah. has just been broken because yeah, of it. Seen, so yeah, she's seen nothing still, in my mind where yeah. like. She could be like she needs the fear taken away no, from her. It, it, it almost like seemed like she was like she never gets out of bed now, and that she's almost in a coma. That like this crazy like, nightmare. Like you get psychopire back, and he's all like, "You're not insane anymore." Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. No, he'll show up, and they'll go, "Okay, psychopire, do what you do," and he'll go, "What? What do you need?" Oh, and then oh he'll put yeah, on the psychopirate mask. stuff. Fucking uh, the issue starts out with an origin story, Eric, and I think this will – I don't know. I, I, I would like to think this little bit will continue on, but it may not because you pretty much – you're learning a little about Bane and that Bane really had it tough. And you, you've you seen different parts of Bane's backstory, you know, yeah. how his dad was a criminal and it kind of was a legacy thing where he had to Bane take over forced, the sense yeah. and stuff. We haven't seen this yet. Basically, it looks like, and really to me, this doesn't look like Bane to me. It really that, throws. We me talked off. about this beforehand because you know Bane's been around since the early '90s, but I like they've shown his face before. I never remember what it looks like. Yeah. So like, when I see him here, I'm like, eh, I, I can't say this looks like Bane or not. He always wears a goddamn luchador mask in my mind. Yeah, yeah, but it shows uh, him being in prison. He's eating brats. Uh, and the tide comes in where he is and fills up this cell, and he's every got to day. swim up to the top. And it's just something that happens every day, year after year, the whole time he's there. And it has to be Bane. It really did throw me off, but then it goes to him now, and then it, it continues the story with him talking. And I do want to point out that, number one, he's not on Venom. He, he, he's kicked this, the habit, Jim. He's kicked the, kicked the habit. I, I even thought to myself... He's got the, the monkey off his back. He has. He He's not chasing the dragon anymore. <laughs> the the uh, the Legion of Doom is going to come, and they have a drug testing Mandatory policy. Mandatory drug test that, yeah, for the Legion of Doom. Not, he does not want to fail. <laughs> uh, but no, he's there, and I really do like... He's still a big dude. Like you know, He's put in the work in the gym as well. But it's like he's, Hugo Strange. Yes, I like it, though, that he's not like just... Bulking. He does seem to be thinning out a little, and he says yeah. that the Doing only a lot of thing, cardio now. Yeah, as as shit went on, he turned to venom. He did turn to venom to make him feel better and to help with the screams. He said. So this is a little different to me. I never knew, or I don't know how many times it was spelled out that the venom was for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, to ease his mind. And as far as be, I know, I've never read that before. No, and, and, I and it be may wrong. have happened, but I, personally, I don't remember that. And it's also, it's weird because really what he wants to know is that he's good, 
he, you know, he's I'm powerful. brave. I can go yeah. on day to day. And I he can needs go a reminder to get out of bed every Even fucking morning. Apparently. You can stop at any time. And it's weird because what he I yes, get man. from that, yes, what I get from that though is the venom wasn't exactly like he he was having fucking delusions and stuff. And the venom did this to me. This was almost like I've heard some athletes say that you know I've done steroids is what venom really you know ties into is yeah. that it doesn't even make it it's not the steroids themselves that make you the best player ever like a sammy sosa or a barry bonds it's also the confidence that you can go up there and just kill the ball i'll be better than everyone else that's what it was and i think that's what he's playing with here it's not that the venom took away and the venom took away you know thinking his inadequacies and stuff like that 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 was always the worst part because bane is a smart guy and he knew that like the addiction was the worst thing about this he he hated the fact that he was he needed this thing and it threw me off so i think that when he's saying this it's more like like and he is he's one of the smartest guys they always he's a great you know strategist and all this stuff and he's you know equal with batman and that and it, it always threw me off a bit to think that you know oh he's so smart but there's venom it just didn't tie in and it, I, it was always like that oh he's huge but he's also smart yeah and i do think that it was more of a confidence issue with him the way they're playing it here but he he wanted to get away from it and he realized because he's smart that psycho pirate could do the same thing and, and possibly him. gave it all away to hugo strange who knows yeah. and, and well that's the thing this ties in that i love that that he doesn't have the venom he said oh, before the venom he's now gone through his that. freaking lair and he's he, like gone through all his hiding places it, yeah. he gave it to hugo <laughs> strange yeah really it's in the back of the toilet in the tank he's grabbing some venom <laughs> it's but he's given to the it to top hugo. of a drawer and he's given the, the shit to hugo and now because he wants psycho pirate because he wants to do it a different way and it's not like, hey, tell me I'm strong or whatever. It's just he tell wants me to I know. got a big dick. Yeah, tell me I'm happy. Tell me I'm brave. Tell me I can always stop. That's what he needs to to know. It's weird too though, because Psycho Pirate's there with him, and uh, he's like, "Come on, you're gonna help me." Psycho Pirate is so dumb. Huh? How can I help? And he's like, "You know, oh, yeah. you're Psycho Pirate." Oh, yeah. And then he puts him. What does he think? Some Bane it's, wants him because he's a good conversation at dinner? Yeah. Yeah. He's, That's he's, funny, too. I he, saw this he's panel the only where. one who knows how to play Pinochle? I saw this panel where uh, the freaking uh, Psycho Pirate is saying this earlier in the week. Somebody tweeted it. Yeah. And I actually thought from the way you looked here, I thought it was an older issue of something. I didn't realize it was from this. Yeah. I yeah. love the way this looks right here. I'm yeah. you, this is not in my mind like Mikel Yannion's like top of the top artwork but i really like this bit yeah it's not as clean as as his usual art but it fits the story and i think that's what he's more doing uh but yeah then it goes from that so so bane is being told he's brave and he's good and he can stop at any time (laughs) so weird pat him on uh, the back tell him everything's gonna be okay when it's raining outside yeah tell me people like me for my personality and you know (laughs) tell me that i'm a good looking fellow he wants to know he's at at this point he's an excellent swimmer He's sitting in a bunch of skulls. <laughs> He's like, tell me that uh, this is nice decor tell me in my, great my living room. Yeah, that's what he <laughs> wants to know. Tell me I, I still have a chance of interior decorating as a profession. Uh, you go then to uh, Bruce, and Bruce is at bedside with uh, Gotham Girl. Fuck, she's screaming again. And this is the thing, yeah. It, it really, to me, this is, okay, you've had a month off. We want to get you back to what this was about because it's about. Gotham Girl and Bruce seeing the same sort of 
you know, tragedy happening to her that happened to him. And you, it, this is a greatest hits in these yeah. next couple pages. Cause she's like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And he's trying to like, okay, listen, it'll be better. It'll fade away. I know. I know. And he turns it's, and it, looks at the, the, the painting of his parents. It's weird too. The way it's playing off here though, she's almost like she's going through withdrawal. It's kind of yeah. like, you know, Bane would getting yeah. off of Venom. But if she is going through withdrawal, you would think that then you just, you know, let her go cold turkey and freaking, you know, she'll be fine in three days. I don't know. Yeah. But really, the thing but that, that gets doesn't make me, sense for what it is, but it's just, no. it, the way she's acting here, it's just really but weird. She, it makes she's it, acting, for some reason, she should see like a baby crawling on the ceiling for some yeah, reason. Yeah. She's acting worse, though, than we saw her in Monster Man. I know yeah. that wasn't Tom King's deal, but it's still, we've just seen it. And she did disappear at the end. Maybe though, you know, maybe yeah. that's what we're supposed to think that she was so crazy that she. Had oh, her and Duke were just necking. I don't know. Yeah, no, she's she's having problems, and Bruce has had enough. He's going to do something about it. He knows what he has to do. He's been told where Psycho Pirate is, and he has to get Psycho Pirate to get her out of this funk, out of this craziness. Uh, the thing that threw me off, though, he goes to talk to Alfred, and I don't mind anything with Alfred. It's no. just that it's just that. Bruce says, without Psycho Pirate, Gotham Girls' nightmares will keep getting stronger. How does he know that? I don't know. Where, where did we ever – where was he told this? Maybe it's after the past month he realizes the freaking nightmares are getting stronger. Yeah, but the problem to me is we didn't see anything that crazy in Monster no, Men. I thought she, she wanted to help. Yeah. And, yeah, and even at one point when she saw the big giant spider guy – uh, she even like it was one of those where it even seemed like she was fighting against her fear. And, and you know, when she ripped them apart because she got angry and like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to let you make people afraid. And it's just weird well, for him to as, call as this out. we see in Justice League, fear leads to anger and nothing that else. It does. I, it's Yoda. I said, I think at one point Yoda and Brian Hitch were hanging out there. Uh, it's funny, too, because fear and it's a very big topic in a lot of the books this week. Yeah. Like a lot of books, that when I read them all in a row for the podcast, I'm like, God damn it, everybody's dealing with fear. <laughs> Even Trinity, Cyborg, yep. all these books, it's all fear now. Remember before, a couple of weeks ago, it was a day in the life. Now yeah. it's fear. Everybody's got a theme. Everybody's just talking to each other. Hey, what are we going to write just, about this week? Yeah, and it's, it's just weird, though, when he says that to me, that the nightmares will keep getting stronger, yet they barely know anything about it. But uh, we'll take his word. Donnie, you're I, upset I with that. I'm upset with the freaking, you know, a William Shakespeare freaking uh, bust that it mm-hmm. has to switch to the Batcave. Because, yeah. yes, it's a classic thing. It's, it's fun a, to see. Yeah. I like the clock. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe this is one of those where the clock's still there around another spot. This is where they were this in the, the library study. to do. Yeah. yeah. So you go with it. it. Again, there is a lot of little uh, humorous call-outs in, in this book. I did say in my review of the blurb that it does have behind the scenes, that there's a lot of like sly humor in yeah. this book. Even like, I'm with, surprised we don't see a goddamn bat pole going down yeah, that's really behind the bookcase. One that says dick. Yeah. That'd be funny. But yeah, and uh, Bruce is going to leave. Alfred's being a little uh, snarky. Not I didn't think he was anymore. bad here. No. No, he's not that bad. He actually seemed, I think when he was dressed up as Batman, uh, when he was going to fight Gotham, he, he got his shit together then. That's perspective. Yeah. He was scared shitless, and now he realizes that he should, you know, fucking wise Time up. Time is short. Don't be a dick. But yeah, even the point I like that uh, Alfred at this point, they're talking, and he's like, Batman says, hey, I'm going to do what Waller said. And, you know, Alfred knows what's going on, that he's going to go to Santa Prisca and go to fight Bane with a group of characters that he's going to recruit. And I like that he has a, a lunch 
it looks like, has sandwiches. And Bruce just opens it up, grabs one sandwich, off he goes. I thought that was a pretty cool little deal. I don't even know why I liked it, but it was a neat, like, spell out that, yeah, you know, he never does eat a full meal, never sits down for a meal, and Alfred's been bitching at him the whole time. It looks like that thing is full of sandwiches. Why is there steam coming off of it? I don't know why it's steaming. It even it looks like it's like a lettuce sandwich. Too. Yeah, shit. You don't steam. you don't eat lettuce. What's wrong with you? I'm telling you, he's British. They, the, the shortest fucking book, The Great Chefs of Britain. Uh, but yeah, they go on, and uh, Bruce says to him, "Listen, you watch, and this is what it is kind of funny. You watch Gotham Girl. She goes crazy. She is gonna kill them. But you and Duke take <laughs> rip her goddamn and arms up like the monster. If she wakes up and she can hear you, and that's the other thing. He's like, it, when if she can hear it." Tell Gotham Girl, I mean, what happened since the Monster Man? Shit has gone wrong, apparently. She bad again. She reverted back, but uh, that he is going to... Made so much progress. Yeah, he's going to cure her, and he promises. It's pretty cool. And, you know, this is one of those where you you don't see Batman like this often, where he's like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I have to do. Even later, he says, I'll break walls. Well, I'm just saying, now that Tim's dead, he's got to save somebody. Yeah, 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 really. Uh, and that's where he goes to Arkham. He says Batman, and that was the. I think that art's awesome. But again, to me, that is more of a David Finch style than a Michael Yannon style, and it, it, I do like it. But I, it just he seems to have changed his game up a little here to match the tone of. the I book. forget who the colorist was on this book, but it might be a colorist thing too. Yeah, it's actually uh, somebody that I don't know that I have heard a lot of time. June Chung. I yeah, I don't know. That doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't it is, know. It's very David Finch at this point when he goes yeah, to Arkham. It just seems, and again, that's not bad. It no. just I really like his art, and it's just not as clean as it usually is. But he goes into Arkham, and he's going to recruit his team. The first up is the ventriloquist, and you had a problem because they spell his name wrong, but Arnold Wesker. I don't know Wesker. why they go... Wesker. I don't know. Yeah. It's Wesker, and that was fine. Why change yeah, it up? I don't know. It seems like this. I, I don't think that slips through people's, you know, I think that this is for a reason, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they don't like the guy who owns the, you know, the Wesker name, and they don't want to give him money. I don't know, but he's there. It's with, weird. He's there. He's going through with Arkham and um, and Jim Gordon. And they're going to go through, and yeah, they go to him. They want the ventriloquist. I like that they're like, hey, you know what? He got rid of his little friend, which is Scarface. It's it's yeah. kind of a dual Scarface joke there. Um, but yeah, he's in their life without parole. They mentioned that he was uh, he committed murders during the War of Jokes and Riddles a few now, years Now, I looked back. that up. I could not find anything no, on I that. Think that that's that just sounds a, cool, though. Yeah, I think that's just I want thrown to see out it. there. I want to see it, too. Because I looked up the same thing. I'm like, I really want to see that. It looks like it was a a Joker versus Riddler, and people were caught in the crossfire to me. I I think that sounds incredible. Almost like when Bane broke everybody out of Arkham the first time. There's all these villains on the loose. I'm like, that sounds pretty goddamn cool. Yeah, it does. Uh, But yeah, Batman goes in. He wants to be alone uh, with the ventriloquist and says, listen, you know what? I need you for my team. If you do, I'm going to give you a luxury facility. And uh, the ventriloquist is like, no, no, you know what? He always told me what to do, which is Scarface, the, yeah. you know, his puppet thing. And, and uh, Batman is a piece mannequin. of shit. What's that? Batman is a piece of shit. Yeah. He and knows yeah. Wesker. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to say, I'm saying Wesker. Yeah. Fuck, I'm not going Wesker. He knows Wesker's goddamn uh, psychology going on. So when he's not about it, he grabs Wesker by yeah. the wrist where he would always have Scarface and told him what to do. And then Wesker went with it because yeah. it's almost like, like his neur- neurosis won't allow him. He needs this and yeah. him holding his wrist like that. I'm like, you piece of shit. You know, this is yeah. going to make him say yes. Yeah. And he's there. And it's one of those, even you get him killed. 
It's funny, too, though. It makes it seem like, you know, that he's because even later Arkham's like, hey, he's made a lot of progress. And he Uh, fucked it up. Yeah, he did. He is completely fucking it up. But it's also one of those that he kind of seems to have a little progress because he's like, hey, he's not here. you got to decide. Okay, whatever you say. No, it's just this now. Is like some, he's transferred like, it to Batman. Batman's going to tell him whatever the fuck This makes me think do. of like a drug addict who's like he's given up heroin. He's got it out of his life. He does not want to And you give him a goddamn needle. Yeah, yeah. Or or somehow you have something else that you're going to give him. You know, you're like, hey, stay away from those dirty drug dealers. Okay, yeah. but what am I going to do? You're going to take my drugs now. It's, <laughs> you know, fuck up. But yeah, I, I don't mind. I think that this – I think Ventriloquist, I have ideas of why I think he's yeah, in the team. It. But I also think that this was first because he's an old man, right? He, he doesn't look very imposing that he's got – but I think this is to set the tone of Batman means business, and he doesn't care if he fucks people. It, like this could set this poor guy back who was trying this to. Could kill you know, him. What's that? This could kill him. This mission. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, I think that that's why you have this old guy, and he doesn't have Scarface. He's just the ventriloquist there, and I think it's to set up. You know, Batman doesn't care. And they they move on. Then they're going through Arkham to see what's going. Uh, you know what they can get next. And there's a couple funny people then that are to me. It's just jokes. It uh, is just jokes. Yeah, because it's there's the, kite. It's man. the worst possible people oh, that can yeah. be at Arkham yeah. when Batman needs a squad. I think also you're supposed to see these and the way they're they're put on the page. That when you open, you, you're supposed to see them as kind of a. a you know, a collage of people right away yeah. before you read and think, oh, shit, he's going to have Kite Man. Uh, but, yeah, no. There's <laughs> Condiment just these, King? <laughs> yeah, just guys yelling at, at the first Kite Man, and he just got arrested. And he is like fucking uh, Grappler. He's yelling again, Grappler. Kite Man. He's all excited. He's not. He's not in. No. Uh, the next one is Mayo, which is Condiment King. And, and I've been talking to you for a long time. About, when are they going to bring Condiment King yeah, back? And it's just such a, a gag. Yeah, and it's such a funny thing because – it, it, he's yelling, catch up, Batman, catch up. <laughs> I'm like, really? oh, God, I'm a kid. you're a stitch. It's really, I really think that then he's like, you'll relish the opportunity. He just exactly. Tries to get, hey, uh, I want to be mayonnaise. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, I, you I mustard, be, come over yeah. here. Hey, there's a lot of mustard on that one. You see, he's throwing a baseball. Give me the mustard, baby. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny though. That that made you giggle, right? That it was yeah, kind of I, a king. Yeah, it's weird having Tweedledee and Tweedledum there. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't really care about them. The rest were fine for some reason. Tweedledee and Tweedledum, I'm like, fuck them guys. They are insane. I mean, yeah. you're gonna have these guys. They're the, it's fucking condiment king. What is condiment king? What do you think he's done? <laughs> do, is it just his love of condiments that that qualifies him as being insane? He's all uh, about it. it. Really, he's the king. Yeah, it really threw me off that he's in Arkham. I don't know why. That, through, that, no, no, no. Condiment King is the least of our worries when we see Saturn Girl there. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, next day he would have turned the thing and, and Sportsmaster would have been around the corner. But yeah, Tweedledee <laughs> and Tweedledum are there. And uh, Julian Day, freaking Calendar Man, Calendar which is Man. a really cool uh, shout out to that first rebirth issue of this. And I do like he's like, hello again and again and again. He's got the tattoos there. Uh, on his head that i i, I don't actually, know i don't know julian you're not going to do after ketchup you're not going to make any funny things after yeah, that really today. it's not you, your lines yeah he better be the opening act and <laughs> and the closer is fucking condiment yeah, right. ketchup it just made me laugh <laughs> uh but then they go on and here's what's weird uh it is 
what we think will be Saturn Girl. That was yeah. never never spelled out. Everybody thinks it is. So you have yeah. Saturn Girl there, and she is listed as Doe, which would be a Jane Doe. They yeah. don't know her name. She is from the future. She probably they've run, you know, fingerprints. She's not in the There's system. Nothing. She's off the grid. But as they're doing this, uh, two things happen. Uh, they're talking about somebody. No, you can't do this. You know, it, it'd be putting a loaded gun against the head of God. Like they're really spelling out the person that they're talking about the worst is of the, the worst. worst of the worst in killers. And if you did look up Jane Doe, like I did, it, she's awful. She yeah. is a. There is a Jane Doe that is a Batman villain who was a serial killer that basically as she goes down the line, she'll kill you and assume your identity. Then she'll use that to kill the next person and just go down the line. It really does fit what this spell out is. And I think it was supposed to be a little bit of a, you know, a, a bait and switch type of deal until at the end she writes, she does the Legion symbol. Yeah. Uh, also, she at this breathes point, on the glass and then yeah. Brigham, you know, does a little symbol there. Yeah. And also at this point though, is also where Jim Gordon lights his pipe. And later on, it'll be revealed that this is what gives uh, Batman the clue that it's not really Jim Gordon you even see when you go I'm back. I'm actually there. happy that's happened because when we got to the point where the big reveal, I didn't buy, I was just trying to get ready for the podcast. So yeah. I'm like, I'm sure it happened. I didn't go yeah. back and look. Yeah. You see Batman actually turn and kind of scowl at it, though it's weird that he scowls because he set it all up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they move on and uh, just. Uh, Jeremiah keeps saying like, no, you know no, what? you, you Hold can't. On. Before, What's before that? we go on, that, that scene where like the, where we see that Jim lights the cigarette, uh, the pipe yeah, the wrong the way, pipe. and we see Saturn girl. I love the way Batman looks right there. The art right I here, I think, looks it. really good. I, I, you mean go just going down the stairs? No, or just that, that that big Batman yeah, right yeah, at the bottom I, of the page. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I don't like the way he looks in that little panel where he's looking at Gordon like the... the I don't mind thing. that either. It's, it's just, just like weird. he looks really cool at the bottom yeah, of that he, page. Oh, yeah, he does. They all look good right there. I, I'm telling you, the art isn't bad. It's just not as good as I'm used to with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's they're, they're going. And we said Jeremiah is, is going about somebody just like, no, 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 you can't do that. This is the worst of the worst. This would make Gotham just go to hell. You can't let this person out. Yeah. And this is where... If you don't think it's Jane Doe, which is not, uh, you start thinking that it's a Joker. You're really like, boy, it can't be that, right? Because no. they're really going out. They're not spelling it out, and they're really, you know, calling that out. The next though, they go, and it's Bronze Tiger. And uh, we said before, Bronze Tiger's in there. Two counts of manslaughter. He's got 20 years without parole. Um, but he's got delusions of being a graduate of the League of Assassins <laughs> and several other intel services. What a and crazy. Really, and really, they, they have screwed him over because they, they won't let out that info. This is what they always say. Suicide Squad, they say all the time, what we'll do is we'll blow your head off and we will deny everything. And uh, that's why he's there. But he's he's him and Batman start fighting. Batman wants to see if he's, you know, I don't even know. I, I like this. I think it's Batman so just because... wants... There's What's no that? real transition. We turn a page and they're fighting. And I'm they're like, that's fighting. weird. And but it's almost it's like just... it's like friends come together. Yeah. Man, like almost like Rocky Three, where this Rock, uh, uh, Rocky and Apollo just fight it out sometimes. And uh, really, you're I don't, not even, even, pretty I don't good. even think that Batman thinks that Bronze Tiger isn't up to par. I just think he wants to fight somebody who he knows is as good as Bronze Tiger. It's like they have get mutual respect for one another just for yeah. their fighting uh, styles. Oh, they're laughing and smiling at the end. Bat they're smiling together. Yeah. Now, one thing, though, is it known that Bronze Tiger knows the secret identity of Batman? N not that I know of. It's weird that he calls him Rich Boy. Yeah. I wouldn't know why he would say that unless he did. 
And it just that and actually that line threw me off a little bit that maybe he knows. I don't know. Um, but he's yeah, he says it's been too long. Basically, Bruns Tiger kicks Batman's ass and, <laughs> and Batman says, Get Boy, slow, you're old man. Yeah, you're slower. No, you're just faster. And then they're like, hey, you know, he picks him up, gives him his hand. It's really good. And he's like, I'm it's happy been too be long. on my team. <laughs> he says, it's been too long, rich boy. Yes, it has, big cat. Now let's get you out of here. And it really does seem more like friends. It seems almost like Wildcat instead of fucking Bronze Tiger, my mind. I liked it, though. I did like that. On the next one, they go into a cell, and it's uh, Julie, a girl there. She's been catatonic uh, for two years. They really spell it out well, and she's been that way since her lover Punch disappeared. And this is Punch and Julie. Yeah, Punch and Julie, and this is where Batman realizes or knew all along that this wasn't Gordon. It was a – it was Punch – who had In disguised disguise of Gordon to go and get Julie. And Julie really, they say she's been catatonic for two years. It's just weird. She's just sitting there. And the minute that she sees Punch is there, she comes out of it. And like, well, Punchy, she starts hugging him. And Batman says, you know, for two years you were imprisoned by uh, Bane. In Santa Prisca, you were the only one ever to escape. You're on my team. And really is holding Julie as the ticket to be you know that's kind of the blackmail listen and you get the idea that somehow they're going to be able to be together if punch goes with her i don't know that they're going to have both of them me and you both said we hope they do in my mind you kind of need joy there for punch to do what he's going to do it's weird though though because then they might just try to escape you might have Julie still at Arkham, and this is what he's hanging over him. Listen, when if you do what you have to do, you know, if you do what I say, then we'll let her out. That's the uh, thing. It's not an Amanda Waller situation. What kind of pool does Batman have to let know. That's what I'm saying. Out? Could it be that – I don't know because here's the thing. What has Punch done? What, we don't even know what Julie really did. She's no. been catatonic. Um, the, the issue is, is that Punch really hasn't done anything wrong. He as was far as in we Santa know. Prisca, uh, imprisoned by Bane. Yeah. So he escaped Santa Prisca. Yeah, as far as we know, uh, he hasn't done anything. So that's why I think that's why he has to hang uh, Julie over his head, or else he'd have no reason to go. But maybe it's one of those that she hasn't really done anything. She's more in there. Because as we're seeing, we don't understand what the whole deal is with Arkham here. Because no. you have Saturn Girl, which we talked earlier about. She's there. She only stole food, and that was in what we both of us think is the worst mental and institution I, slash prison there ever has been. Right? And it's weird too because in our, uh, I believe it was Arkham Manor at the end of that mini like it became a mini series. It was just yeah. canceled early, I think. But um, pretty sure that Jeremiah Arkham came off as insane in that book. So yeah. I don't know what he's playing at either. Yeah. Who or knows? if they're even playing with that still. Yeah, Who they're knows? They're even going to play with that. that. That's the thing with Rebirth when we yell about stuff that happened before. Some of the things we just want to know. Yeah. You know, it's not like we carry the way. It's just loose threads. It, it's just, Tied you up. Know, let us know. Um, but, yeah, you have uh, Punch and Julie. And, again, I don't know if they're both going to be there. We're going to find out. But I suspect they, they'll both be there. They're a team uh, in I my mind. I would think, too. It's just weird, though. Like I said, you need something to hang over Punch's head. And he really spells out that he wants Punch because he escaped from, from Santa Prisca. I don't know why he would want Julie there. I don't know. Uh, but, do you know uh, why I want him there, too? Because of how much Bronze Tiger hated them in the old yeah, continuity. Well, that was the thing. They were they were members of the Suicide Squad in the past. And uh, – uh, freaking Bronze Tiger was the leader of the team, 
and he hated their guts. <laughs> and I said, I even write, uh, they're also, it's weird. They have a weird tie-in with a bunch of things because they were puppeteers as well. And yeah. you have freaking ventriloquists. It's really crazy. And if anybody was interested, uh, the, the big story that they were involved with the Suicide Squad was the Janus Directive story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at the end, Bronze Tiger pretty much kicked them off the team. Went to Waller and said, you know, you can't trust these No fucking, more. They're insane. They say in this thing, they're like, they're almost like a Harley Quinn duo without the fun. It seems <laughs> like they just go nuts and kill everybody. The punchline is murder. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I did like at the point where Batman and, and we, we didn't, we kind of glossed over it. The whole reason that this scene happened with Punch and Julie is that Gordon and Batman uh, threw it out there. They let it know known that they were going to go in, that Julie was there or whatever. And what Punch did then after he escaped from Santa Prisca, he went, he drugged Gordon and then disguised himself as Gordon. So Pretty good we that guy in disguise. Yeah, and when we were talking about this, this is why when Batman sees him light the, uh, the pipe, pipe, and I believe yeah. he used his left hand. That's Jim when Gordon's he realized, right-handed. Yeah, and he's right-handed. He realized, okay, this is – and he's like, I know your punch – Punch. And Can you imagine that him. though? Fucking Night of the Monster Man. Batman can't figure out that Venom means freaking yeah. psycho pirate and Bane, but here, left handed, world's greatest left-handed. detective all over again. That means you're a punch. It'd be <laughs> funny if he punched him and, and Gordon's like, no, I just fucking hurt my right hand. Jesus Christ. That's like it, um, that, what is it? Batman the Dark Knight series yeah, where that's what Clayface. <laughs> it was Clayface. Clayface was around and fucking Batman just out of nowhere punches him. <sighs> He's fucking Gordon. Just Actually, making sure it was you. I saw you in the bathroom. Gordon's a lefty. Ah, <laughs> he hangs like, to the left. I was, I was doing the stranger. No. But yeah, he's down and, and they're in. So then it goes. The last thing is where Batman is going to go and talk to this person that was the worst, the, of, worst the worst of the worst. If this person gets out of Arkham, Eric, the whole city is going to burn down. And this is where it starts off. You see the person be brought in with this mask on, and they do use the the when uh, Batman in the Killing Joke. It's the line in the Killing Joke when he goes to to uh, Joker, and he says, "I've been thinking lately about you and me." It's it's word for word. That's what yeah. he says to Joker when he goes, and you're still playing around with this idea. Oh my God, it is the Joker. It is not. Says, I'm going to have a team. I might break some laws. I don't care. I'm going to use whatever I have to do to get to Bane and get what I want. And you're going to help me. And that's where he takes his mask off. And it's Selena Kyle. And she is in a straight jacket. She looks great. That's I mean, such I'm a cool you. reveal, though, leading it in with the freaking killing joke stuff, because you yep. you hear the worst of the worst in Arkham. You, it's yeah. Joker. Your you mind goes to Joker. Joker. Up until now, you're like, boy, they're not going to go that route. There's no way. No, that what he's I actually was sitting it. there thinking was. Joker's not in Arkham except for the Harley book. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Well, in the Harley, yeah, that's the thing though. He is in the Harley book, and they even they it's from before, but we've even seen him this week in a flashback in the Green Lanterns book. So it's almost like one of those like, oh my god, maybe he's gonna do this. And yeah, you once you realize or once you see that it's Selena, then you go back and you're like, yeah, that hair is not Joker hair. No, not at all, Selena. But yeah, she is in a straight jacket, and it says. Uh, Selena Kyle, Catwoman, which I thought uh, Rocky said they didn't spell it out, uh, or that they did, I guess he said. But yeah, I think that Selena... he, he was talking about how Batman didn't say Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. But it says Selena Kyle, Catwoman, 227 counts of murder, death by lethal injection. And uh, 
it's weird to think that she killed 237 yeah. people. And, and that, that she'd be an arc of a fucking straitjacket and a goddamn and animal yeah, mask. Even to the point, like you said, the joke was she thinks she's a cat. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I me never out. thought of her as insane. No, me <laughs> you either. know what I mean? She it's, would be in Blackgate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird. So hopefully we'll learn more about it. I don't know. At one point I had ideas that this was some sort of other game that Batman was playing, but it just doesn't add up. That he wouldn't have known he was going to do this ahead of time. How could he, you know, that he set Selena to go in. Like, what would the end game of that be? Like, all of a sudden he forgets and she gets that fucking lethal injection. But yeah, Oops. the art, the art at the end with her in that straight so jacket good. is awesome. Like, this is what I'm saying. The art is, is I mean, good. she's in a straight jacket. All you have is that. I'm like, she is still sexy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, hey. You know, I need your help, and and uh, and I'll never stop the, to do this. And she just says, "Meow." <laughs> and I, Crazy. I think you, I think you might be right. But yeah, it says next assault on Santa Prisca. So I think it's going to move pretty quick. That they're going to go, and this seems to be the team. Uh, it's a weird team: ventriloquist, bronze tiger, uh, at least punch, punch, punch and possibly Julie. punch and Julie, and Catwoman. And it's crazy, but yeah, it makes sense to me that you're not going to have the Riddler and all these other crazy ones. You're going to have these, you know, these D-listers for the most part. And and the last one, somebody who in the past Batman has had a very very personal relationship with. So oh we'll see how it goes. Uh, I actually think I might have scored a little low. If I was going to score it again, I probably now not too much uh, more, but I might have given it an eight. I gave it a 7.8 just because it was all set up. Yeah. Uh, I really thought that they were going to come out of the gate swinging. Now, I say this knowing all the things that Tom King did that I complained about at the beginning of his rebirth yep. that ended up tying into everything else. I know that everything he does does end up making sense. Uh, but just as an individual issue, I gave it a 7.8. Yeah, I had a good time with this issue. Um, the art was a little down for what I expect from Mikhail Yannon, but I like to tell you, there was instances where the art was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, there was. I would end up giving this an eight out of ten just because yeah, I had a good I, time like reading said, it. Yeah, like I said, when I read it, it again wasn't today, set up though. I thought maybe I could have gone eight, but seven, eight, and people were acting yeah. a bit like I had. You know, this was your four out of ten for Batman <laughs> Forty Four. I'm like, it's seven, eight. That's not horrible. Calm down, damn. Yeah, really. But yeah, the next book is a book of yours. Of course, when there's Batman, Eric, there is what? Superman number nine, written by Peter J. Damasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Doug Mankey, Jaime Mendoza, Trevor Scott, Will Quintana, and Rob Lee. In this issue, our father and son team come across the lone survivor of the loser's team, Captain William Storm, and the trio fight through dinosaurs and nightmare creatures across Dinosaur Island to find John's teleportation device so they can all get home. Even though that's the original plan, Captain Storm decides to stay behind so Batman, Batman, Superman and Superboy can escape, and we leave this story arc with a shitload of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever think he was going to leave with them? I, I really didn't think much about it, honestly. Yeah. I was like, oh, what's, gonna, what's he going to do yeah, when he gets that's, back? Cause that's what I was like. There's way it's kind of a, back. It's kind of a telling story, though, because when he first comes out, we pick up where we left off last issue with Superman and Superboy reading the last message from the, the losers. The losers, yep. And then they start getting shot at by yeah. Captain Storm. Get off and, my plane. That's not what he says. <laughs> get no, out of my cage. Get off of my dinosaur Actually, I like that what he says. He says, get out of our cave. He is a team player. Yeah, that player. is cool. Yeah. He is a team player. And the first thing I'm through like, and hey, through. where is his leg? I was all upset. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Like what is like he? Like burn the, victims. You don't like amputees. I, it just was a weird look that that leg without the rest of it. But uh, yeah, he just comes out firing. Yeah, and uh, that's what you learn to do on Dinosaur Island. Really, you're on Dinosaur Island. You you, you fire first. Ask there are questions no que- later. there are no questions. No, you just no, fire until you're out of bullets. And I I like the way they spell it out too, where they have to. I, it's one of those where if I was like stream of conscious writing this issue, he comes out, get out of my cave, get out of our cave, starts firing, and I'm like. Who? I hope he doesn't know who Superman is, because he wouldn't have fired. And they spell that out that he oh, yeah. does not know. Uh, Superman kind of came about after uh, his, you know, 1941. I guess he spells out that yes. he was in there. And then they they even go the way they do it is he wants to know like, did we win? Yeah, we See, kicked that Hitler's it, ass. I'm talking about. I didn't think much of it going through the story about whether he would go or not at the end. Yeah, like that was the plan, so I just went with it. But. Him really not wanting to know anything about the future no. is kind of a telling thing. He's like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to know because I'm not going back. Yeah, he's not going to go back. He's going to stay with his dead buddies. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, th- this issue, there's not a ton that happens. It moves Again, so this is the continuation fast. of the Darwin Cook, um, the uh, tribute or whatever. It's weird, too, because that first issue, I thought that felt more like a tribute than this yeah. issue. This issue was almost like huh? if, if that one was a tribute, this was a – Let's bury Darwin and get on with our lives type of deal. Not to sound, you know, fucking, no, no. Uh, bad, but it really did seem that way to me. Like, okay, we're done. We're going to put this to rest. Let's get on with our stuff. Because I, and, but I didn't mind it. I didn't hate this issue. I think I liked it a little better no, than you. I don't hate this issue. There's just nothing to it to the point where we, like in the last issue, we got teleported to Dinosaur Island. John and Superman fought dinosaurs. The yeah. end. And here they, we get Captain Storm instead of just going to Dinosaur Island, and then they fight dinosaurs. Yeah, I don't know why, uh, but the part where after Superman grabs uh, Storm and they're there and he's kind of go and they go to sit down and talk, mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. I, it just it seemed really nice to me that they're talking. That John's in there, he's talking like a big boy. Freaking Storm is there. He's fucking pet crypto. I really did like that where he's talking about it. And when so he, he says, like, hey, did we win? Yeah, yeah, we won and all that. And he's talking about Superman. And even Superman says, hey, we didn't win because of me. I wasn't even involved. It was guys like you. Yeah, and it was a nice I, scene. I really like that part. I like the part after it where, you know, Storm starts telling John about the war and his fucking teammates yeah. and what oh, happened. I and he's like, put, uh, earmuffs, yeah. John, earmuffs, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I put it in my notes that like Storm is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's not put, a father. <laughs> actually, you know what I put? I put Storm is a fucking barrel of laughs. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I watched that guy. He, he got his throat cut. I like John's like, hey, what happened to the rest of your friends? They died. <laughs> awful deaths. Awful, awful uh, deaths. But also, I like I also it because like... it actually affects John where he goes off and yeah, Superman has to have that heart-to-heart father and son talk. He's like, you know what? For as brave as you act, I forget you. And I like yeah. it too because we finally get to know how old John is, 10 years old. Yeah, I, I get that too. If we find out. We got definitive, a uh, definitive answer. He is 10. So we'll go with that, which I actually, when I thought about it, I really like because Damien is already a piece of shit. Now he's got a younger kid that has superpowers. He is not going to like that at all. No, not uh, at all. And and John might even. And John, to really, if you want to you label John what he is, he's a goofball. 
He really yeah. is. He's not a serious kid. He wants to learn what's going on. But he's he, curious. He's curious, but he's also he daydreams a lot and stuff like that. Damien, if they go with this, if they go fully, and it is Tomasi doing it, if he yeah. goes fully with the characters, Damien is going to get so angry at John, but he, what is he going to do to him? He's no. Superboy. He can't do anything. Well, and I think it'll honestly, be great. he's not impenetrable. He's not invulnerable here. He's he can't not. fly. So who knows Damien, what's going to be by the Damien's time he's not going to slice his throat no. or anything. Hopefully, you know, yeah. It's not like me and my kids. He's not going to do crazy shit like that. But also, I like because John does like all of a sudden when these guys died on you know Dinosaur Island and all that. Like you said, John, then it it kind of hits like playtime's over yeah. up until this. This is what I'm saying. John is always sort of naive wow yeah he's always like wowing and stuff like that and you're on an island with dinosaurs as a kid that's the greatest thing ever i think that this is where he's like oh no i don't know i saw jurassic park it didn't turn out well for those kids john uh john probably well i don't know lois was probably drunk in the goddamn forest and john put it on (laughs) demand uh but yeah the the best though is when john goes off and he's a little upset he's like are we gonna see mom again superman's basic thing is (laughs) Yeah, we're going to see her, and, and your mom's going to yell at us. Hell. I'm like, Jesus Christ. They, they they make Lois just the worst. I don't and, know. I really like that scene. That's a funny-ass line to me. I really enjoy it. It's so weird, though. He's like, we're going to see your mom. We're going to hug her, and we're gonna everybody's going to be happy. He's like, yep, we're going to go home, and then your mom's going to get – she's going to yell at us. <laughs> and then it's funny. He goes, do you believe me? He's like – Dad, that's all the fucking bitch does. She's always yelling. He's like, she's probably right there yelling at somebody else right now because we're not there. But yeah, uh, basically, (laughs) there's not much else to this. No, Uh, Superman with his heat vision, he makes Storm a a fucking leg. Storm has an idea of where this device that teleported him there could be. Yeah, John draws a picture of it. Yeah, he's the artist of the family. He draws a cube. Yeah. He drops Not a even cube. a cube. I think he just drew a square. It's like he's like he's the artist. Here it is, and he's like two stick figures. That's children of the corn pop storm. He's like you are fucking awful. But yeah, he draws a cube, and out of nowhere, Storm's like, yeah, I've seen that. To Have me, you? it seemed well. To me, it was weird because it seemed like that cube, like how he's spelling out the cube has always been there. Yeah. But to me, it, the it cube very went odd. there with them. It, it just seemed odd. Now, cube... I don't know if you want to say that like Storm has gone to a place before where there's a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah. And I... maybe it's there, but like it really seemed odd that Storm like, oh yeah, I know where your fucking thing is. Yeah. He like right away, yeah, I've seen that, but you're not gonna like who who's there. Now, in the meantime, before the storm had kind of called out, like, why are you alive? Well, I was alive because a pterodactyl grabbed me, took me across the island while my friends were killed. Yeah. Uh, this pterodactyl was going to feed me, and then I got away. Never really spells out, but then the hokiest thing in this whole issue was then how he explains, like, oh, they didn't eat me. What happened is I showed them how to get... What is this pterodactyl? Yeah, fucking... I'm like, this is actually the worst part of the book yeah, in my mind. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care about any of this domestication of a pterodactyl. No, this would be like, yeah, that's all it is. And like, oh, these pterodactyls knew that he was good and he did that. All it is set up is to have a really cool fucking spread page where Storm is riding a pterodactyl. Yeah. It's pretty cool, uh, but really... It's nonsense. It really is nonsense. Uh, but then they're going to go fight to get the cube, uh, and it's this albino. And uh, I'm tell- I got excited for a second because I'm like, oh, shit, ultra humanite. That's what I no. thought it was, too. No, no it's, it's an, just albino an albino gorilla, gorilla that has the same sort of eye that the octopus had that they From fought issue two. With. 
the first time John went out when they went to the Arctic. And they just, it's pretty much the rest. It's just a crazy battle. Yeah. Uh, looks like Superman crypto, plucks the fucking thing's yeah, eye out. Looks like crypto at one point's going to die. He, he gets blown up in a fucking uh, goddamn fucking mine. But then Every he's okay. Every it looks like crypto. crypto yeah. I can't yeah, say he it comes back. It's weird, die. too. Did you get the one point? Did Superman just throw John at that one yeah. point? Like, he's yeah. throwing him to safety. It seemed awful. Crypto, <laughs> fetch. Yeah. Fetch, fetch John Crypto. And I was like, am I reading this right? And I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, he just yeah. threw him. He just threw him away. He's got faith in man's best friend. He, he does. Crypto's kick ass. But yeah, they're just going to fight John Goes. And it's funny because he's like, fetch John Crypto. And he throws him. But it ends up leading right to where the cube is. And I'm like, oh, I guess that was the plan, right, Superman? And why? Yeah. I don't know why the cube is in this thing. I don't know either. I, it I was, really I'm telling you, it was a strange UFO looking device that flew off, absorbed the crystal font in the Porsche style, and turned into a cube for some <laughs> well, reason and uh, teleports him away. Don't even forget the whole thing that John built half of it. He, no, I'm saying, no, he built all of it. He yeah. dreamed it up. Yeah. Where did it end up being this? And now it's there. And it, it just, it doesn't make sense. Things no. don't add up. Again, I don't mind the, I like anytime John and Superman are together. And I think this is a good issue where John does become more you know he's only 10 but he he's grown up in superman's eyes superman this leads into i believe where superman will let him hang out with damien and will let him go and you you know what i'm saying at one point you would be like no bullshit superman's so protective he will never let and especially with batman's kid even with 10 years old there's no way i'm letting my kid do anything like what superman's gonna let him do yeah even if i'm not an overprotective parent i'm dad i know i'm 10 years old but can i I go yeah i really hope at the beginning i really hope the beginning it's one of those like yeah i'm going to that study group I'm just talking, you know I what hope, I mean? It's going to be a boring-ass race. I hope the first five issues of Superman is telling him no. Yeah, well, it'll be Superman going, nope, i got to talk to his father first. Calls up, hey, Bruce, what's going on? And, and Bruce and is Bruce too busy. And Bruce has no idea. He's in Santa Prisca. He's trying to get Bane. He just lies. Yeah, they're fine. Alfred's I got par- him. I parent a lot, the way, a lot like Lois' parents. No, Not really I'm telling you, what I think is going to be is that Alfred's in charge. I don't know about you, but anytime you see like a grandfather or grandmother, they don't have the you know they don't have the energy to keep up. Fucking Alfred yeah, will fall asleep yeah. and they'll go Shoulder and kill pads. people. Yeah, they'll go out and kill. We people. see what happens when Alfred's in charge of kids. That's what they happens. die. We are Robin. Shoulder pads die. is dead. Yeah, he's Poor dead. Troy. Troy. Troy is dead. Um, but yeah, they get the cube. They go back. Storm says he's not going to go because nobody gets left behind. I'm like, they're they're dead, Storm. Yeah, just man, go you're, back get, you're getting left behind. And you're really, all Kurt this about life, it. this life he has on Dinosaur Island, like I would have thought it would have been as fun as Land of the Lost. I did not it's see not. Chaka anywhere around there. If there's no <laughs> Chaka, I'm out. Where are yeah. the sleeve stacks? Yeah, real. But he is staying at the worst thing he could ever stay at. I don't know and what no, he's the, getting. The worst thing that could happen to him too. Superman tries to grab him. It's the artificial leg, so he rips yeah. this artificial leg off that he made for him. So yep. now Storm doesn't even have now two legs. Now he doesn't even have it. Yeah. So then we'll find our way back. They have it there. Who is this guy at the end? No idea. 
Yeah, it's very odd. He's oh, the got weirdest, the old the, leg, it looked like. And uh, no, no, an no, it's, it's a new leg. Everything, like, when they teleported back, when they teleport, had, that the gets cybernetic felt, like, eye the gorilla had, and he had the leg. When yeah, they get teleported back to the fortress, he doesn't have those things yeah, anymore. He doesn't have, it's weird because you would almost guess this would have been like a Mr. Oz thing, how he was getting everything yeah. out. Like, he, he grabbed Doomsday out of that, you know, getting teleported into the Phantom Zone. Uh, but this doesn't look like him. You don't no. have the normal things no that, cloak. that we you know, thought. They would normally show his cloak, at least, and maybe that staff he holds on to yeah, sometimes. Yeah, they would show something. Here, so this just is some shadowed out guy looking at another octopus, or maybe the same octopus Brainiac, with the cybernetic eye. Eric. Brainiac. Uh, nonsense. I don't know. He He's interested in this stuff. It seems he's got gloves on. He's I'm saying, looking. though, he's, he's interested, but it's the, somehow he must have put this thing in the albino gorilla's yep. eye yep. and then sent it to Dinosaur. I don't know how and originally he had, in well, here's the John deal. having dreams to build a teleportation he, he device. He originally had it in the octopus eye. Yeah. John saw that. Somehow that made him dream about the cube to make to get the dinosaur. I don't know. I don't know what this sounds is like be. bullshit to me. It does, but it, it was okay. It's a two issue story. I'm saying, but it's two issues where I get nothing out of it. I have yeah. no idea any answers to anything ten. except for we found the final fate of Captain Storm. Ten, yeah, Eric, ten years and, old. And like I said, one of the bigger things to me is that this is showing Superman that John is a little. He's a big boy. He can get a Big Mac. If they go to McDonald's (laughs) tomorrow, he does not have to get the Happy Meal anymore. He can get the Big Mac. Who wants the Big Mac? I don't (laughs) know. It's the worst. Get a double quarter. Come on. Yeah, really. But yeah, uh, I did like the art. I I did like the art as well. I really like that part with with, uh, Storm at the beginning when they're talking. And I like the stuff with John and and, uh, Superman. But everything that really was the important part, fighting to get the cube, getting back – was not good and really shouldn't they have ended where you had lois hugging him or yelling at him would have been great too that's for next it, issue <laughs> yeah yeah i, I don't actually know. don't think we'll ever see it yeah because next is the super super sons know, yeah the super sons deal batman and robin and so we'll see but what did you give it i gave it a 6.8 out of 10 i you know, i'll go seven I'll go seven only because I did. Really Just because you like keep claiming that you liked it more than me. Yeah, I did. I did. But the more we talk about it, when we actually have to say it out loud and talk and realize there's nothing going yeah. on, uh, then I have some issues. But yeah, we're going to go to the next book that has both Superman and Batman in it. Ooh. Superman and Batman. And some friends. And some friends. And that is Justice League number eight, written by Brian Hitch. Art by Jesus Moreno, Andy Owens, Andriana Lucas, and Richard Starkings. And while we say this, I better download the book, Eric, because for some reason I downloaded Trinity. <laughs> oh, Brian Hitch, you've done it again. Oh, Brian Hitch, you've done it again. Is that a good Magoo? <laughs> that was pretty well, good, actually. Well, I told everyone that I actually enjoyed the first part of this two-part story. I also warned Hitch that he better not fuck us over and not give us a proper ending to it. I hope you I don't remember think he was listening. That. I hope you remembered me saying that, though, because at the end I said he better not fucking do this nonsense. <laughs> I mean, it is a two-parter, Eric. He has to have a proper ending, right? Yeah, you'd think so. Wrong. While you'd I was think mad so. At the, while I was mad at the total disregard of rules, the bad dialogue, and ridiculous situations, it was the lack of a satisfying ending that made reviewing and reading this book a task that Sisyphus would laugh at, Eric. Who's Sisyphus? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting fancy. Sisyphus, <laughs> Eric. You know Sisyphus, right? No. Sisyphus would laugh at me. He's the guy who rolls the, the rock up the hill and it always falls down. 
Oh, and then you have to roll job. it up again. I'm telling you, that's what this book feels like when I review it. It's the same shit over and over. And honestly, you're telling me that it was all because of the like non-ending? The rest of the things you described no, were problems the rest as well. Of, the rest of it, I was already pissed. But then when we had the ending again with the, I don't know, it seems bigger than this. I'm like, <laughs> you fucking asshole. At, at one point, I actually, I said to myself, fuck it. I want to give this a 3.5. No, I'm going back to the fuck you five. This has angered me so much. You're getting the five. And now I'm mad that people might think I like it more with that five. Uh, but it says, somebody teach Hitch how to end a goddamn story, Eric. And now I have to download the book. And the, the start and middle. I'm to grab my uh, digital copy of the book. Yeah, I just – he – he is just – he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he really doesn't. It, how can somebody like this – it comes off as just so amateurish throughout the whole thing. But I do think that he was going to write this, and he's like, you know what? I love Yoda. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to base a whole thing that fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering because that's and all that's this the dark is. Side. It really is. And you, you were getting a book where – I'll just ask you. Tell me about the villain. Tell me about the bad guy in this. Oh, you mean fear itself? Oh, you mean fear? You mean this alien thing that might be an alien? That, that it might shot be. Who people? knows? Yeah. How? What happened with, with Jessica? What did this alien do? Well, somehow it infected her ring, which yes. made it so the rest of the Justice League were infected as well for some reason. Yeah, for some reason. Plus... I don't know. Maybe Simon's ring might have had something to say about that. Maybe. Say, oh, infected ring. There's Simon there with a ring. Why didn't he do that? Now, also, I understand if somehow the ring got infected and, and Simon was infected, but the whole team? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You're pushing and, your boundaries here. I, like, no. I, there's a lot I can accept. If you're going to yeah. tell me Simon was infected, the rings were connected, okay, I yeah. can go with that. But, but if everyone that's else, not the case, even then, I think that at honestly, some point. Simon seemed the least affected. Yeah, it did. He actually seemed to have some issues and was just, you know, hey, sitting there you contemplating him. And and also, I don't know. To me, as the ring gets, the ring tells you everything. Why wouldn't it be like infection, something? Because we don't know this. And really, like you're you're saying as well, it makes no sense. And it really doesn't add anything to the story. See, the, All see, the it ring's does, like Cortana. You have to ask it first. Yeah, really. It's fucking <laughs> Siri. All it does to me is they have to have a person that it's like based on that they have to have something and it's so stupid. It's so it start. Here's the thing though: the first page is not bad. It nope. starts off. Batman is worried now. Before we, it looked like he was upset because Dick wasn't returning his calls. Yeah. And I said to you, it looks like Batman's fear is that his quote-unquote sons. Uh, we're ditching him, and that he might have been a bad father. He's a bad fig, uh, father figure, uh, which I would have went with because he is. Yeah. He's terrible. Um, Where's your son at right now, Bruce? And people dying. So you, you got that. It's funny, too, that he does mention Jason Todd, but Hitch is not. He can't even get like he's not Tim on the trolley. Yeah. No, he's not on the trolley at all, but he's there. He's Bruce is afraid that he's just not done enough. That he's his his uh, methods are killed. not right. I wasn't he's there doing, for them. Yeah, wasn't he there can for never Jason help Todd. enough people. I really think it points later. At one point, my son died. I, I yeah. brought him back, but still. Yeah, yeah, but still, I didn't really avenge his death, and then he was pissed at me, and then I made that painting. Then he had uh, superpowers for a while. Even which at was this, weird. I think we he's even it. he's even calling into question, like, boy, you know what? This code that I work with, 
it might not have worked and all this. I, I get it. And you have, you know, his whole lineup. You see the Joker. You see the Now, when you see the Joker right there, it says, in my mind, it says Joker number 311. Do you think that's like Joker number three, though? Yeah. And hit, like, I, I don't know. Are you playing with that stuff still? Oh, he's playing with it. He's playing with it, but he's not going to tell us anything about that. And that would be, that is the kind of the new 52 Joker, the haircut yeah. at least. So Definitely. that would be what would be the third Joker. But why throw that out there if you're not going to have it have anything to do with anything? It's so stupid. Uh, but yeah, as he's saying this, and he's like, oh, my punishment's coming. Oh, it comes. Superman just breaks through. The, the damage he does. Superman, he wasn't content enough to ruin the moon, Batcave. He's going to ruin <laughs> this one as well. And it, it's funny. I don't know about you, but there's a thing that me and you thought was the greatest. It really looked like this was when the reporters came in with Superman. That's exactly what I thought of. That's what I thought. That I old thought ass that cover where it's going. like, hey, look, everybody, the Batcave. Yeah. What are you doing, Superman? Yeah, what are you doing, Superman? Oh, my goodness. I really thought that that looked just like it. And there's Superman. He is just going to beat the shit. There's no way in this beginning that Superman is not killing Batman. No. He, he gets him by the neck. He's slamming him into things. Batman has to be at least concussed and bleeding out. But yeah, but he's just But it doesn't matter because Bruce wants this to happen. Come on, yeah, baby. Bruce kill wants me. that to happen. Also, it seems like Superman has a little more on his plate that he's mad at. He, it's not just now. Superman's whole thing is you don't trust me. This is where he got in the fight with Lois. I've been doing it's a, everything you fucking ask, and you yeah, still don't trust me. You yeah, piece you of don't shit. do that. He also throws in a little thing that I think he's afraid that Batman wa- wants to cuckold him because he even says like, "If I die, you know who's going to take it." He's really big on you're going to be him Uncle Bruce around, to my boy. Him being around Lois and and John, like he says it twice, and it, it really. But then he going to use your good looks and your fancy yeah, money really, to get my it, wife after it, I'm dead. It is Lois is already you know she's already trying to get that money. But uh, the weird thing about this is he's like, you've done something no other villain has done. Pissed me off. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. It really is. And I'm telling you, especially since we're dealing with fear, all we see is anger. Anger. It's just pure out anger. This isn't like – I understand fear leads to anger. Aaron. Yeah, I heard Yoda. But, I watched Star but, Wars. Yeah, but the problem is the fear hasn't been there long enough. No. Like, you would have the fear where it would be – Superman, like, oh, man, he doesn't trust me. And then as that fear keeps going, you start convincing yourself of things and start wondering and doing that. That's where the, the anger comes from. The, the more that fear, the fear, though, in eats, my, eats you apart. The fear in my mind, though, yeah, Batman doesn't trust me. But the biggest thing that Batman, uh, Superman's afraid of in my mind at this point is that people discovering his family. Yeah, but he's that, not, not for this. He's no. just up. Yeah, he's his fear is that Superman doesn't trust him, and you know when somebody doesn't trust me, I usually try to kill them. Like, yeah. it's like to me, if that's your fear, you don't end worry, baby, up I trust there. You. Yeah, you end up like you. I don't think you trust me, and I'm I'm fearful of that. I probably would try to convince you otherwise. Like yeah. go over and say, listen, what do you want me to do? Not. I'm going to grab you by your fucking head and slam you into a goddamn computer <laughs> monitor, and then say, you know what, you pissed me off. It's really over the top. And you think that, the no, no, thing, that, that, that's not even over the top. Aquaman and Wonder Woman are over the well, top. Here's the thing, though, because really you're you're also spelling out that Superman wants Batman to be his friend. Because yeah. why isn't he attacking Flash? Nobody trusts him. Nobody wants to accept him. They don't know who he is. Batman's just but really adamant about it. That's what I'm saying. And Batman, though, is his buddy, and he wants his buddy. 
It's just, it's just ridiculous. Then you go to Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And I said in my, in my notes, what exactly? Like, spell out what their fear is. Um, that they aren't, like I'm saying, there's not peace in the world. It's weird because at one point it's that. It also seems to be like they're they're fearful that they're not ruling the world. Yeah. Or the, then they're fearful that hey, hey, that, you're a king. I'm a princess. We yeah, should rule this shit, that's huh? What they, yeah. This really this is the worst one in my mind. Well, I don't know. I Cyborg's don't know. pretty bad too. But uh, Cyborg feels the fear though. I, yeah. He's the only one who's really fearful. It it's seems weird. like besides Jessica. It's weird. Like they, yeah, they are just, and it's not even like they're, they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's more like, oh, we're going to show them. And yeah, they're going to, they don't put my, their trash in my fucking thing. And the only thing I could think of is at one point, Aquaman says that he's afraid for his people. I'm terrified for my people. But it's weird what's going on. It's really, but yeah, he, him, and Wonder Woman are pretty much have wreckage of a uh, fucking just ship. shit out of the sea, and they're just dragging a battleship out of the uh, sea. Hey, Wonder Woman. I mean, like, it's like Arthur. I'm so glad you called me to come help you with your fucking garbage. Yeah. yeah. So, I, Brian Hitch should call somebody to talk to him about his garbage. Uh, we go off then. And you see Cyborg and Simon Bass. And this was fully spelled out, Eric. Yes. Last issue. Uh, two things were fully spelled out. I just want to point this out. That at just the end of that battle. Other podcasts. Yes, at the end of the battle, uh, Cyborg pretty much had the old thing like, hey, trolley's leaving. Who needs a boom tube? You're going here. You're going there. Boom. Sends him off and then says to Simon, yo, buddy, come on with me to this football game. And uh, didn't really spell out what the game was, but Simon no. just said, hey, so, as long as I don't have to play, yeah. I'm okay. And no, no, come on, we'll have some fun. They go off, and here they are. They're at the, the at Ford High School. They're having a pickup football game, I guess. Cyborg in, versus everyone. Yeah, Cyborg versus everyone in full fucking pads and uniforms. This is a crazy game. And there's an audience. I don't know what this game is. It Whatever, doesn't I'd make sense. The, I'd go and see this game, though. Cyber, but still, it doesn't even seem like it was spelled out. He just shows up. He's going to play them all in uniform. I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. It's so weird. No, uh, no. The weird part is when they well, start playing, we get to see it. Cyborg boom tubes past yeah. the defense. Yep. And all I thought about this entire time was how Vibe got hit with the boom tube during the freaking uh, Dark Side invasion. Yeah. And that fucked him and his brother up so goddamn. These are dangerous things. Do not yeah. fuck around with boom tubes, Cyborg. I said a, a boom tube goes and a guy's kind of half in and half out. He's dead. And yeah. let alone that it's complete cheating. And really, Cyborg. And that's, that's all anybody calls. Oh, you're a cheater, Cyborg. Yeah, you just put our life in danger. It's funny too, Come though. On. It's like cheating, dude. Every time with those boom tubes, they're all laughing, and he's <laughs> got his hands up. People are standing up, cheering in in the goddamn stands. This is well, they're what seeing I, a show. Is what it this is. This still appears to be a pickup football game. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, the weird thing about this is, though, is that we said Cyborg does feel the fear. Uh, it comes out up. of nowhere. It's weird, though. Like, that's what I'm saying. It is so out of nowhere. All the fear. other ones He's already have this. All of a yeah. sudden, they see me as a monster. Ah! And, and what, what I, And what's weird, though, is you have Simon Bass. He's in the crowd. You see that people aren't sitting near him. No, no, and I don't know. Maybe they just think, you know what? Shit always happens around yeah, these green Yeah, I would not lanterns. sit by him either. Yeah, I don't want to get hit by anything. Uh, this guy's wearing cheering. a ski mask. I'm not yeah. sitting by him. Yeah, 
but he he's afraid that people don't accept him, that he's always going to be alone. It's fine. Like you said, that actually makes sense. And he's just – it's more of like he's contemplating this. Yeah. He's thinking of it. Now, are we supposed to believe that because he is a Green Lantern, he's able to fight this more because he has been able to overcome hey, his I'm fear? I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it too. The problem is tell us this. Give us yeah. a little inkling of this. And this is where I think the cyborg thing goes completely wrong because he is playing football. He's making boob tube, boom, boob tubes, I said. He's <laughs> making boom tubes. The Everybody's loving him. They're all giving him pats on the back. Hey, yeah. man, hey, man. And then he says, don't look at me. Or he goes, everyone's looking at me. Don't look at me. Get away. Don't look. Hey, Vic, man, what are you doing? Don't look at me. And then he says, got to hide. Can't let anyone see me. There is not a point in this until a little later where he sees people saying things where you're like, oh, my God, he's embarrassed that he's a cyborg. And well, I no, know even, that even worse than that, in my mind, is that everybody is running away from him, calling him terrible. Now, is well, this actually happening or is this just all in his well, mind? That's the problem is because they the, this voice that talks to Jessica calls it out later, because at this point. These guys seem to be his friends. In yeah. fact, they're like, so, so we all going to grab a burger? This is something they normally do. Yeah. He boom tube there to play this game with them. These are buddies. Where he constantly cheats. Yes. And then, yeah, they're like, why do we invite this guy? But uh, <laughs> at this point then, he just completely freaks out. And I know that you can tell me that his main thing, oh, Cyborg's always upset about this. Oh, I, I understand there's no setup at all in this book. For no. what happens all of a sudden, and then where you go to the next deal, uh, that's where Simon or Simon Baz is like, "Hey, I I don't even belong anywhere, not even in the league, whatever." Which that goes nowhere after no. this. It's the stupidest thing. Just Cyborg sits there like goddamn bleacher. Yeah, Cyborg has to run and hide. Everybody starts running from him out of nowhere. Oh my god, did you see that? That yeah. Cyborg oh, thing, that? hideous. That Get away, yeah. hide. hide. I'm like, what? Yeah, you were just getting – you were going to get burgers with the guy you were chummy. patting him on. Later on, we have a hokey voice that talks to Jessica that is the fear. No, this, and this it does voice say, actually pisses me off yeah, so the, much. And the voice does say like the fear makes other people think that – you know what I'm saying? Like it's almost like that thing if I think that I'm a monster and I go out, I might treat people bad. Yeah, and yeah. They're going to look at me as a monster. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. This happens too quick. At this point – Cyborg, don't look at me. Don't look at me. You would think that people would be like, what's, what's wrong, going buddy? on, dude? What, what's wrong? And really, if anything's going to happen. He's still down well, for burgers or what? Cyborg will boom tube for a first down. He yeah. gets upset and he doesn't. He's just, get away from me. Why isn't he boom tubing the hell out no of it if he's that afraid? You know, the guy will boom tube for anything. Not for While that. Simon just sits there and watches and contemplates life. Yeah, he's just he's like having some Green Lantern thinking time. He's there in the bleachers, like, yep. You go back to Superman and Batman, and all of a sudden they decide to sit down and have a chat. They're cool with and, it now. But yeah, where are the rules? If you go to act like, if you tell me that what happens here, he's about to kill Bruce, and he fucking smashes that wall in a force that would have killed him, and it kind of gets the anger and the fear out of him. He realizes what he was about to do. And he real, or he, he just, you know, he's let Something. off the steam. Like it's that that whole thing of letting off yeah. steam. He's he done it in a way. And then they realize, oh, my God, what you have to do is you have to act on the fear and the anger, but don't really do, you know, what you want to do. Do something like Cyborg would, you know, show people, hey, look, I'm a man, 
I'm a man. <laughs> and then Simon would go and say, hey, why don't you accept me? Like something like, but it, Hey, look it's at nothing. me. I don't have a bomb strapped in my chest. Yeah, it's nothing. It's them sitting there, and Superman keeps saying, you know, I still want to kill you. Oh, and then Batman's thanks like, for that, buddy. Yeah, I know. I you know. wish you would. Even that, they're, they're there together, and Batman says, not exactly the world's finest team, are we? No, we're and, not. No, and, and really, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, you I'm go telling off, you, when we get to Jessica here and we see <clears> this fear talking yeah. her, just like, you know, kind of edge, egging her on with this yeah. fear. You know what it is? It's fucking Wonder Woman in the Kindred again. That's yeah. all it is. But the thing it's the is, exact the, the thing again. It actually angered me the most because we had this fear out of nowhere. Now we see it's talking to her. Yeah. But later on, it's talking to us. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, I'm like, why the fuck would you change the goddamn – why isn't it talking to the heroes? Why is it just talking to us now? It doesn't make any cool. goddamn sense. It's Harley. It's, still, <sighs> it's so stupid. Uh, uh, yeah, but it, then that's what it's saying. And it even it says – uh, there's Jessica. She's in this cocoon, this Green Lantern cocoon, and she's saying, "Oh my God, the world's too big." Now, again, this is Jessica. Unfortunately, it's more the same. Unfortunately, she has gone past that in her book that she's in, and has kind of worked through this. I can and, kind of see her reverting back to, especially when she has. I know this it would, but really, her. to me, it's just that Brian Hitch has little fucking index cards, and he's like, "Oh, what's Jessica? Oh yeah, she's an agoraphobe, and she's afraid." It, everything okay. deals with this and it's like okay i'll do it uh she does say i overcame it i'm a green lantern but this thing just keeps talking to her are you jessica what use is a green lantern is fear prevents her from reaching her full potential and then she's just she's scared now what, she's what's just, flash and doing? she's scared of being scared flash is going around flash and, and the fear even says for him the world's too slow yeah, and but what is he doing? I don't know. He's being a piece of shit. That's what he's doing like, because he even says it, like – Is he holding hey, up the wall? Is, what is he, breaking it know. down? Because then they show you though and his whole fear is I could be the greatest thing ever and use my speed to, to grab people's wallets and see who <laughs> they are and all this. But but I'm not going to. I'm like, what is, okay. what is this? I don't understand. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But there's Jessica. And then you get this whole hokey like, I don't want to move too fast. And then she says it later. And he says, yeah. oh, I like her a lot. And then at one point I like too. I love the panel where she's in this cocoon. And he's just zipping around looking at her in different angles. He's there. He's he wants to see what he's signing up for. Yeah. He's like, huh. And then the next one he's got his arms crossed. Then he's bending over. And he says, <laughs> I really that? like and her from this angle. Yeah. He's like, boy, she looks okay. Uh, this is where, okay, you already have the worst issue. And, and Barry goes, I can't really hear her, but I could feel her voice. Oh, my God. What? Everybody what starts stealing everybody's about? speech. Yeah, he starts, Fuck and he you. says it again. Uh, and, and then I Jessica like says to, it later on, Yeah, too, Jessica though. says that she says that she can feel the whole team. Nonsense. I like, though, he goes up real fast next door, and I wanted him to go, thank you, and then go <laughs> off. But he says, Jess, can you hear that? And she opens her eyes, fucking shoots Barry, and then starts throwing up a black fucking ooze. Yep. That is the monster, I guess. And yeah, you know, and the best though, it says, you know, not defeated, not gone, through your ring, infected you. It's the worst dialogue ever. It uh, is just bad. Even when she goes, she's like, I don't feel good. I'm going to be sick. And this fear monster, we'll call it, says, feed on it, fear to eat. 
fear to eat, Eric. I'm done. I'm done. What does that mean? See you in yeah, seven. It goes, it goes after Barry and then basically says everybody gives you spells out their fears, which we now, we are, I guess, you know. I guess this is an okay part because I'm realizing now that for some reason, he, this fear is telling Jessica all about her teammates. Yeah, yeah, but I really felt as I progressed well, from this point, really, that the, the fear is talking to us now. It is, really, it is. This is Brian Hitch going to tell us what's the thing. And this is where it's weird. Like before this, that's where you get Cyborg, which we knew. Yeah. That, oh, my God. The disfigurement makes him loathe himself. He doesn't want people to see him like that. Why didn't we get this earlier? No. Why couldn't we have? Why couldn't Jessica been this fear leads to hatred, conflict, war, and and this fear would say like, uh, "I've taken you over through your ring, and look at your team. You guys think you're so great, but look what's going on. Spell out the fears. Yeah. The way they do this, we're already getting to the end of the issue. Now you're going to tell me the fears, and this is where I got completely fucking ballistic while I was reading this <laughs> because you you get them all in fear. You get. Simon's still thinking. He's Just there thinking. thinking, and it says uh, he makes his fears real. All do, and that's where you get where uh, Cyborg was like, "Get away from me!" And they all started freaking out. But it's too late. We've yeah. already seen the scene. So either don't tell us, show us, or tell us and show us. But you can't do them, you know, disjoint it like this because now the whole world's running around. They're all fucking screaming. You see that Wonder Woman is about to get shot uh, by the uh, army because they've shown up. And just Aquaman and Wonder Woman subs. decided, you know what? We're going to rule you now. Yeah, we're going to rule you, and we're going to throw these subs right here. There's people that were in these subs. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to rule everybody, and peace is coming. And this is really this is such a terrible deal. This is so terrible. And they're all trying to talk and they can feel each other. And the whole thing was Jessica can feel that everybody else has had their problems. You get a little Batman, Superman are talking about, hey, you know what? I I control people too much. Batman tells Superman and they just kind of talk. And then at this point, Batman's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should snap the Joker's neck. And then they start arguing about who had the worst childhood. <laughs> like, what is – it's almost like the opposite of I, Batman v Superman. It, yeah, my parents died. Yeah, yeah, but you had other parents. My yeah. parents actually died. Instead of died. the whole Martha thing, they're now fighting who had the worst. Like, yeah, my, <laughs> my parents died too. No, no, no. You had no, other parents. No. Get out of here. Yeah, they could have just went on and on about this and just argued. Uh, but, yeah, Jessica can see that this is just the beginning. And, well – the fear's black there. Mask, mass of fear has now taken over the city. And I have to – Barry says, listen, you can overcome this. That's what you do. And she goes, oh, yeah, and fucking sends the Green Lantern light out. Everything's fixed. They're all yep. – everything's good it's now. It's done. What happened done. to that initial battle? Why, yep. why didn't we do this initially? What happened? Yeah, I don't know. And it's done. Everybody's and there. And Simon's you get, still sitting there. <laughs> you get, Just sitting there. Just sitting there. Now still was looking ring alerts or something. Cyborg's there, and it, it – Gets to me like uh, one of those movies where everybody it, it is it's hokey. This is like a television show where a demon, like it would be Buffy, a demon takes over everybody. You see the worst of everybody, but this is the day after when you yeah. wake up and everybody knows you're Ooh. a piece of shit now, and you have to deal with it. Uh, it's okay in that vein. You know what's just, not okay? What's that? Aquaman and Wonder Woman have declared war. They're part of the Justice yeah, League. Yeah. There are ramifications to this. Yeah, and it says there's going to be consequences, but this is where Jessica starts saying that, oh, my God. Uh, she says, here, I felt other stuff from that thing. 
Nothing I can put a shape to, but oh. something big, terrible. Okay, now put it on the fucking shit heap because we had <laughs> the goddamn Reapers in that first Rebirth issue. Sure did. Didn't know anything about them when they left. You know what? That's not the last we'll see of them. Then we have the Kindred who end up, they're going to sing their goddamn song. They leave. You know what? I don't think this is over. Now you have Fear Monster and... I can't put a shape in the We don't even have a name for but, this fucking but, thing. Yeah, but this is something big and terrible. And then says, you know, there's going to be consequences. I think that something's going to happen. I think that these – everybody's taking a number in order to fight them later. A fucking Why deli can't line. he end a story? Why can't it be like, oh, this was the, the fear monster of Sector 38. Nick came and it does this. He always ends with this fucking nonsense, open-ended shit to a story he gave nothing about. Like you said, you, you didn't even get a, a villain name here. No. It, it's just a black ooze. And was that the villain? Because we kind of saw the villain before. It kind of went away at a point. It, it infected the ring, which we never saw. How did it do that? What and is then it fucking do? went across and affected all the Justice League yeah. somehow. When, when she shot it with the Green Lantern, really, to me, it's the funniest is that she kind of killed it with the Green Lantern energy, yet that thing infected the ring and was in her ring. How does yeah. this work then? No, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't make any sense. And there's going to be then, consequences. And then ultimately Jessica says, you know what? Fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. And then she's like, you know what? I saw too much. I know I don't belong. I, I got to go. And then ends with uh, Barry saying, hey, how about you and me? Take it slow, Barry Allen. Take it slow. Hey, fuck you. you I was so bitch. angry. Also, one <laughs> thing, though. I don't mind her not being on the team, only because I think Brian Hitch has nothing for her to do. He, he doesn't he, have a lot for any of these people no, to do whenever he has to the team. But at least there's one less. There's one less Green Lantern. You have your one Green Lantern Eventually, there. eventually it'll just be one person on the Just League, and just then go, we can have a yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be Batman and Superman together, and then yeah. it'll be great because they'll have a story. Everybody else is gone. And Batman and Superman are there, and this unknown alien comes down, and Superman goes, oh, yeah, I got shit to do, and disappears for three issues. Because that's all he ever does. Fucking Wonder Woman and Aquaman have declared war on the fucking world. God they were heading it. off to Russia next. So stupid. It's funny, too. Next issue will happen. No, there's no consequences. They'll do no. nothing with it. Because it says the league gets hacked. Now we're going to have – Jessica just got hacked. We're just going to go down the line. Ooh, what does Cyborg do? He hacks things. Well, you know Ooh. what? The tables are going to turn. He's going to be hacked. Fuck, fucking hack indeed. <laughs> fucking idiot. I, I, I'd hate to meet this guy if he ever heard the shit we say. All I know about him is what I see in these stories, and yep. I hate them so much. He is destroying – the one of the best books, a book that should never be destroyed when it comes to the Justice League. And the one guy, an anonymous, is on on the site and just blames it on the team. Really, it's the team? Uh, oh, it's because there's a different Superman and two Green Lanterns. Oh, really? No. That just throws everything. No. Uh, the, if you had Hal show up and freaking New Fifty Two Superman shows up, all of a sudden this book's stellar. He, he'll know what to do then. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. What'd you I give, give it a this fuck book? you five. I yeah. hated it. The art's I give good, it a fuck you five. The art's as well. good, but even that, it, it, can, it, it can't sometimes. save this book. No, it can't. Nothing could. It, it's just ridiculous. Fucking cyborg. Don't look at me. 
<laughs> Simon's just sitting on a fucking bleacher. Yeah, he's still there to this day, Eric. He's still he's there. He's still there. <laughs> he, he's just staring at his ring. Uh, really, when when Jessica realizes her ring has been tampered with by this thing, I think that Simon would have been right there to figure shit out. Why no, wasn't thinking, his? Man. What's thinking? And well, and but what he's thinking, she can feel. She knows what's going on, oh, and God, it God. it looks big because of that thing. <laughs> fuck it, I hated it. What would you give it? Five out of ten. Fuck you, yeah, five. It's a fuck you, five. This might be the only time we've ever both given. I a think fuck so. You five. It's it's not. Was this the worst issue of Justice League? Because I don't think it was. I don't it's think just, it was either. It's, it's starting to snowball though. on me. It's yeah. starting to get to me. And it's starting to be a point where you you have to get rid of this guy. He has to be off this book. And I don't ever want to hear his name again. I don't even <laughs> like his art. I just want no. him gone. And I know what's going to happen. The next big event after the Justice League versus Suicide Squad is going to involve this motherfucker. And he's going to be the head of it. And I quit. I'm done. I don't. <laughs> we say, you know, episode 100, we're done. I'm done when Brian Hitch does any sort of event you count me out uh, i'll fucking see you in 30 uh, and again it, the the worst thing about this book we're gonna get it in two weeks this oh, yeah. is the one book i wish that we had monthly the fucking never it comes out weekly very weekly <laughs> but boom uh, fucking i gotta deal with this again in two weeks you how about this i'll take nightwing you take this would you that make actually, that trade i might actually do that we might talk about it because i can't take it anymore I hate Nightwing, too, so I, I don't know. And that's a character that I love. <sighs> okay. I'm going to uh, come down a little. Where's my soundboard? Where is fucking chickens? I need chickens. Look at all those chickens. <laughs> God damn it. I wish I could look at all those chickens. I really wish LeBron I could. LeBron James. LeBron James. I wish LeBron James was reading. Actually, I asked the guy. I said, what is Brian Hitch doing while he writes this book? The guy is drunk. Okay, wow, that explains that it. I'm Dang. in. I am in. That's allegedly, Eric. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, we're going to go off to another mail section and get the fuck. I got to get this taste out of my mouth. Anybody have a shit sandwich I could just chew on? I'll eat a, a turd right now to get the taste out of my mouth. First, I have a surprise for you, Eric. Ooh, I like little no, treat. I actually don't it's like a blind surprises. box treat. This is like an oh. unboxing video. What you're going to be unboxing is a contribution from Dylan from the DC Bros podcast we talked about earlier. He is doing a review of the new Injustice Ground Zero. It's a book oh, I nice. had been doing all those issues of Injustice. And when Ground Zero came out, I even mentioned on the podcast that, boy, I, I don't know if I want to continue. I've had I'm so enough. Tired. <laughs> and really, I was in for the prequel. Yeah. And it's weird. I was in for the prequel of a game I didn't play. But the, the new comic was coming out. They hadn't really announced exactly what it was, just that it was going to take place during the game. Then as, as it got closer, you found out it was going to be through the uh, perspective of Harley Quinn. Right. And to me, that sounded like a lot of nonsense. Now, I did kind of complain, whatever. I didn't know if I was going to do it. And I did the first issue a little late. It comes out on a Tuesday. It's a digital first. It comes out on Tuesday. I think I had reviewed that one like on Saturday. Right. It did take me a while. Usually what happened before was it would come out on a Tuesday. We'd have all our big books uh, doing that. But then I would do it on Wednesday. It would come out, uh, you know, right away. And I, I took my time doing it. I did like it. Um but in the meantime, Dylan had offered to do it, 
And I finally was like, you know what? He yeah. can do it. And, yeah. and it had nothing to do with the quality. Because like I said, I did that. I did the first issue. Then I started reviewing the second. It just hung there. And that's where I said, you know what? You can do it. But I did like that issue as well. And so uh, he he loves it. He really does, uh, which we're going to find out in a minute because he sent in an audio uh, review, which I kind of kind of asked him. I kind of forced him. I forced his hand. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're going to do it. Now, he actually just he sent me a message and said, do you guys ever talk about injustice? And I told him we used to talk digital stuff way back, but we stopped doing that. We have a long enough podcast anyway. So I said, hey. But I'm expecting you to review it and, and send us the audio, and he did it, and it's really good. So we're going to go to that, and then when we're done with Dylan's review, and, and remember, just go to the DC Bros podcast as well and check them out. Um, but yeah, listen to this, and then we'll be back with the mail. Hello, Weird Science. This is Dylan Chadwick from the DC Brothers podcast coming at you with an Injustice review. Uh, Injustice... Ground Zero Chapter 3 just came out this week, and just want to kind of let you guys know what I think about it. Um, my written review of this, and also Chapter 2, is up on the Weird Science website there. Um, so if you haven't read those reviews or read the comic just yet, you can definitely catch up. But yeah, let's just jump into this issue here. Chapter 3 is the start of the sidekick story. We start off where Harley is just plucking away at her flower again, just telling her story of her time in the Injustice story, the story where the video game takes place. And uh, we see her, she's at the bar, where we left off on Chapter 2 at Dead Shots, talking with her henchmen. She's trying to get to know their names, but not really trying at the same time. It's a little hilarious exchange they have. So they leave a bar because they hear a news story breaking about a peaceful protest turning into a riot. So they go ahead and see what's going on with the regime police. We see that, uh, we see Green Arrow, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Green Lantern are on the rooftop opposite of the bar, kind of checking out Gotham City. The city looks like the city that they know, but they're talking about how they might have actually crossed into another dimension, which is pretty interesting. So I'm really interested in seeing where that goes. So we see Harley and her Joker goons, they're there beating up the police that are attacking the protesters. And we see Harley really loves her goons. She's really having a fun time with them. She really can't wait to see where it all leads her in the end. She's trying to come up with a new name for her team, but it's not really working out too well for her. Because she's trying to get rid of that the Joker name into it. Since she's trying to just leave Joker and everything with him behind. Um, and there we also see those heroes we saw earlier. They're fighting with the police too. And so as the battle keeps continuing with the police, we see that one of Harley's henchmen, Gary, he gets shot in the chest by one of the police and she goes, or, and he goes down. And so the chapter ends with Harley about to throw some justice down on that cop. And we see that she's very hurt about it just right after her monologuing about it to herself. Um, I really love this chapter. Chris Selba continues to nail Harley's character, and the story about her post-Joker is very, very interesting in this one. Harley's face can be a bit off times, but I, I really love the art in this too. The art is bright, 
yet dark at the same time, which I've said in previous chapters, but they they just continue to nail that because it looks so good. It's dark, but it's detailed and colorful. You can see the dimensions and everything going on. Um, I'm really liking the part one to the sidekick story. I can't wait for chapter four in this next coming week. Um, if you still haven't jumped in to the series, I would highly suggest you do because it's really awesome. Um, this is a really great Harley comic, actually, because, you know, this is her story right now. The score I would give it would be a 9.5 out of 10, so definitely go check it out. It is 99 cents a week. It's really not that bad. Um, two chapters of these do equal out to just one issue, really, uh, a full issue. So that's two bucks right there. So go ahead and check it out. Um, my co-host, Damien, he wasn't able to make it this time onto this little review here. Um, he was busy, but he's definitely going to be on our episode this week for the DC Brothers podcast. You can find that on iTunes and Podbean, actually. And you can also follow us at DC Bros Pod on Twitter. That way you can get up-to-date news on everything in the DC world that I like and Damien likes. And kind of keep up to date with the podcast news as well. Again, this has been Dylan for your Injustice Review Time. Have a good one. See you in seven. It is the best podcast of week. Even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews. And the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mel with Jim Now Mel with Jim And I've got a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mel with Jim Now Mel with Jim Gonna hear me with Jim Now right we're back Eric That was a good review He yeah. loves that book Loves it He should marry it Eric He should go and marry that book Put a ring on that book What are we on the playground? Put a, put a ring on it Yo mama is so nice that she made me dinner. How nice is she? Yeah, She's right. so nice that she let us sleep over your house and got us stuffed crust pizza. We watched some horror that? movies? And watch horror movies. Well, she didn't know that. She went to bed then. Uh, she went to bed because she works three jobs to support you and your, your fucking family. My mom is nice. Yeah. Here we go. Mail number two. Speaking of nice, Dancing Mike wrote in. And his subject line is, that's unacceptable, and I'm angry. Da Dancing Mike is not happy unless he's stirring the pot, Eric. He's stirring the pot in the gumbo that we like to call life. And what he says is, I want to say hello to... gumbo. Yes. <laughs> I want to say hello to everyone on the podcast who matters. So, hi, Jim. You motherfucker. <laughs> I really don't have a lot to say this week that I didn't cover in my rant and rave. But since I've never given you a list before, I thought I would contribute possibly the most controversial top five list you've ever seen. So, again, what do you think this would be? What is controversial in a list? A top five. Top five members on Weird the Weird Science Gift Fresh Crew. That would be okay. I'm, I, when I first started reading this, I don't know why I thought he was going to give us a list. Top five reasons why Hitler wasn't so bad. 
That's what I really thought he was going to give us. He unfortunately didn't. Well, that's he an easy us, list to do. He gave us, here is my list of the top five women's body parts with a brief explanation of why I chose each one. Okay. How does his wife put up with him? Huh? Well, How his does his wife put up with him? Yeah, it is. Number five, hair. I like long hair on a woman. Maybe, maybe because I can't pull that look off anymore. Of course, there are women who look just as good with short hair and even bald. But my personal preference is usually long hair. Okay? Yep, you know I'm he's thinking Sinead O'Connor. He loves that Sinead O'Connor. Well, I'm t- Second, I was telling you earlier this week, my friend in high school, Audrey, she had a shaved head and she looked good. Yeah. Is, is she the one who's dead? Yes. Yeah, she's dead. Uh, the next one is... Skin. skin. Okay. Eric. Uh, I like skin on a woman. Skin. I'll give you that. No need for much explanation on this one. Women usually have soft, silky skin in contrast to the weathered hide in which I'm covered. Okay? Number three, eyes. They truly are the windows to the soul. All right. Number two, brain. To paraphrase Batman 89, where does she get those wonderful ideas, Eric? Number one, heart. From the love of a mother, sister, daughter, or dear friend, the capacity for women to express they might love all be is your wife. limitless. Limitless there. Uh, those are his top five. So his top five, hair, skin, eyes, brain, heart. Uh, I want to know where the behind is. Well, now <laughs> I've done it. I've enraged all of your female listeners, and I'm sure a large portion of the male audience as well, with my sexist views. I expect to be banned from the podcast now. Take care, Jim, and give my regards to Ernie, Ronald, and Chip. I will. I, hey, Ernie. Dancing Mike says hi. Hey, Bert. I don't know what you want from me here. <laughs> hey, Bert. Yes. He, there he is. He gave us his uh, top five women's body parts. Uh, the next male is Toby. I like Toby. the vagine. Oh, Jesus. The next one is Toby, whose subject line is just for the Halloween of it. Oh. Good evening to my favorite children of the night. What What's sweet up, podcast you make. I'm just going to come out and say this straight up. Next year, Jim and Michael Clark Duncan need to take a fucking hike so that Eric and I can do a 14-hour podcast on how brilliant <laughs> Halloween is. <laughs> the Halloween just to the hell of it was great fun and has always delivered everything we love from you guys. But I suspect that Eric had to curb his enthusiasm a little with Jim and Reggie not being fully into the Halloween spirit. I Eric, actually, uh, for some reason, it seemed like you progressively, as we were about to do this throughout the week leading up, you're like, you liked Halloween less and less, it seemed. No, I just, I and don't Reggie, really I, like it. And Reggie, I was completely shocked to me, too. I didn't yeah, think he that he didn't like it at all. Yeah. I just, I just never liked it. It just was something, it, it really, here's the problem with me with any of these. Like, I say that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I really don't even like that either. I don't like a lot of stuff. Like, stuff like that. I know. I, well, I could wake up in the morning and you could tell me it's Christmas. You could tell me it's Arbor Day or you could tell me it's, you know, fucking August 10th. It doesn't really matter to me. I just want to get through the fucking day. I just want this life to end, God Eric. Damn, it really is true. I just want to die. Shit. Eric, God damn it! quit tickling our clits with the idea of, with your ideas of a horror podcast hosted by yourself. You live this shit, and the whole world needs to hear it. Ooh. I hear it all fucking week. Yeah, you do. And I yell at you. You you tell me these ideas, <laughs> and this isn't a joke. You you tell me these ideas, and I'm yelling to you across the room. Yeah, three people like that. I start yelling at you. Start telling yeah. you how you should do it. 
then then we start making up weird names for podcasts that are so <laughs> awful. Uh, werewolf Mailman? Yes, Werewolf Mailman. That's one of our favorite characters we'll ever have. Uh, better yet, get on the 42 Shades of Geek with me so we can talk about everything we love and school those Jim and Reggie boys about everything they're missing out on. I'll never yeah. give in. You could talk all you want. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just don't like horror movies. Thanks. I don't like Halloween. <laughs> no, Halloween is just, it's too much work. It really is. I, and I'm not anybody who really has a lot of fun ever. I just don't. I, I don't ever really feel And joy. you get mad when you see people having fun. No, I just start real. I, I start, it's not, it's weird. When I see people having like a lot of fun, I think there's something wrong with them. That the, I really do. I think they're stupid. <laughs> I think they're morons. I just get angry. I, I just, I'm, that's my secret. I'm always an asshole. I know. I, I just, it's not even, it, it's just weird. I don't know. The minute that you, you'll come into work and say something and immediately I have to tell you why what you just told me is nonsense. I know. Like we were talking about the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And I spent all day arguing <laughs> with you about how it's a bunch of nonsense. I don't know why. I just, I don't <laughs> Can't know. Can't you just let me have this, Jim? I, I ended up, before you sent me the trailer for the, you know, the reveal thing yeah. of the Switch, I had actually seen it earlier because it was trending on uh, Twitter. So yeah. I watched it. I watched it without sound and just yelled at it the whole time because uh, if people had seen it, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. At one point, this lady is playing a Mario game and looks out the window and sees her friends at this local cafe and goes out to fucking show them Mario. And I just keep thinking, these women don't want to see Mario. They're sick of They're you. They're at a rooftop they, barbecue, Jim. Yeah, they don't want to have that. I thought that they were at a, a fucking bar. It seemed like they were at a bar because there was a fucking umbrella. I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up in my mind. You were still, making it up. It's a rooftop still, barbecue. So there you go. A rooftop barbecue that she isn't at. She's already late because she's playing Mario. Goes to the rooftop barbecue and has to show everybody her new fucking switch. They, they don't want that at the rooftop I, barbecue. I do. They don't. It's a bunch of ladies drinking. You and they're don't like, oh, them. look, it's so stupid. The whole thing happens in this commercial. Not one kid is in this commercial. Yeah. There's a guy. He's sitting on a bench. He sees a horse. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> My kids would get a hold of this. We were talking on this about Twitter, me and Repairman Jacobet. My kids would break that within two seconds. I yep. don't like it. I don't That's like why it. you don't see a kid in that commercial. It's not meant for kids, apparently. I'm getting angry. I can't even talk. My voice is going. <laughs> I'm as all about that horror stuff as I am about that Shay. And I can't wait to hear you talk more about this stuff. Keep yeah, on. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I say I'm a lazy man. You're right with me. I am, You're totally. right with me. And and that's the thing, Toby. you got to realize when, when you – if I said to you, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have this football uh, podcast, American football podcast. And you're yeah. like, man, that sounds great. What do you, what, why aren't you doing it now? I might say, well, you know what? I had to go play basketball with my kids. I was doing this. You'll ask Eric, why didn't you do that? Oh, I was watching a marathon of Saved by the Bell. You, right. You'll get so angry. <sighs> with all due respect, though, I love Jim and Reggie so much now for going through with the Halloween special, despite their lack of love for the day itself. Once again, the Just for the Hell of It episode provides us fans a greater insight and deeper appreciation for the lives of Weird Science Trinity. I gotta take a drink. <laughs> 
No, I like that podcast a lot. I think it came off well. Just us bullshit, and that's what I like about the Just for the Helmets. Uh, yes, I agree. I have I have an itch on my throat, in my throat, and I, I can't even talk. But he says, and on behalf of your listenership, I'd like to thank you all for hopping on the mic, talking about my favorite day of the year. Much love, Toby. Thank you, Toby. P.S. Who the hell is Epic Sex Man on Twitter these days? I don't know. I, I don't I'm know either. It's the it Epic Sex I had some ideas. I had ideas, but... Yeah. We don't know for certain, though. Now I'm sipping. I, I made a cup of soup. I'm desperately <laughs> trying to get my throat <laughs> back into shape. Uh, you talk. The next next uh, email. Uh, tell us a little about your uh, your horror podcast that you're talking about. Well, the horror movie podcast right now is just a bunch of ideas I'm trying to put together that sounds right, uh, can relay the kind of information I want to while still being fun and being a little bit different than any other horror podcast you might have out there. That's a problem, though. You were you were listening to a bunch, and I actually it's weird because I even listened to a couple too to get some ideas of what everybody talks about, and uh, there are a lot of them. There's a lot more horror podcasts it seems than DC, and and that's where I think that we lucked out. The, a lot of these DC podcasts that are out now, the you know the ones that people will say, oh, they're really good and stuff like yeah. that, seem to really concentrate a lot on the uh, the DC EU, the the TV shows and the right, movies, right. movies more yeah. than what we do. I think it's because nobody wants. And now I, I just horned myself. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 talk about all that stuff. A lot of them don't concentrate on the comics, and like we said, our thing is talking about every comic, and also uh, the length. We, we do have a long podcast, and me and you have been talking for you, especially uh, what your thing would be with right. the horror podcast. It is kind of tough to, to come up with things because where you think yeah, – I think really you're going to school people. That's You're going to be Professor Horror is yeah. my new character I'm making up, that you want to do that. But the problem is, is there's a fine line between that and, number one, sounding like a pretentious yeah, prick. Pompous ass and also uh, yeah. boring. And also it could get boring. Uh, I do laugh, though, because Eric comes in and he tells me that he gets involved in this one. I, you don't even have to say what it is, but it's more of like a, people watch a movie and then have a chat room. And they talk about stuff, and this motherfucker has to correct everyone. They'll be like, what I like is this girl was in that, and it's wrong, and Eric will be the dickweed. No, (laughs) actually, and he's like, and you won't even say, like, actually, she was in this. You'll be like, actually, she was in this, but she was going to be in that other thing, but she decided to let it go on and on. Next thing, nothing. You you put so much effort into this, and then nobody responds, and it gets you so upset. Gets you so sad. I just want to inform some people. They're t- coming off stupid in the subject. Yeah. Well, and one, I do the same uh, thing one other thing I short. will mention too that I think Toby would enjoy. Um, uh, uh, down the line, we were thinking of having that movie night where yeah. we do this ourselves, where you have we'll have a movie playing in a chat room where you can watch the movie with us and you can all chat and we could all yeah. make fun of people and you know tell Eric he's a pompous ass. But there you'll be in control, Eric. You can you can lay the knowledge there. Drop That's the right. knowledge bombs. And I think people would enjoy that. But yeah, we'll be doing that eventually. We just have to figure out timing and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the next um, email I'm I'm trying to get my voice back. I think it's coming back. Nice. Next one's from Taylor. 
Hey guys, hope you had a good week. I'm officially working on catching back up now. Just finished listening to episodes 86 and 87 this week. Oh God. I cracked up during episode 86 when people were talking about what Eric looks like and I had sent you that email about the same thing an hour before. I forgot to mention in last week's mail that I saw the news that Batwoman is getting her own solo series next year. By the way, he still didn't say you were good looking, Eric. I am really excited for he that. He implied it. And, and hope, she, you know, hope she continues on in Detective Comics as well. For a quick random tangent, I wanted to bring up a quick sports question. I often hear Jim talking about football, hockey, and basketball. I was just curious who your favorite teams are. And then he says, same question goes for Eric and Reggie. I, I, Reggie doesn't really like much of, of that at all. I think he's a Mets fan in baseball. But I think that's more just locality. Yeah, um, and he says pretty much well, what I am as well. If they follow sports. For me, it's the he likes the Jaguars, the Sharks uh, in, in hockey, and mm-hmm. the Timberwolves in basketball. Um, he says, I, I can't. Uh, what is? I always feel there is a stereotypical line where people who like comics can't like sports and vice versa. Well, I'll tell you. My, what did we say? Football, hockey, basketball. Football, uh, I like the Eagles. Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. That is my local team. And really, if all of these nowadays, it's the team that I care the most about of all sports. Like, that yeah. is my diehard team. Hockey, I am a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. <laughs> and again, I actually, of all the teams that I'm going to mention, that's the team I've been the longest a fan of. I just have kind of, I used to play hockey. Hockey used to be my, my big thing. I kind of grown old. Oh, when I was a kid as well. Uh, so I've gotten to the point in hockey where I just end up really watching the playoffs. But I do watch all the Penguins playoff games. I watched them win the Stanley Cup last year. But it, even then, it's not – I don't have that connection anymore. Uh, basketball, it's the Sixers. Um, and if now, you want – I used to go to the bar to watch the Flyers all the time. But since I quit drinking, I can't tell you the last time I yeah. actually watched a hockey game. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's it's one of those sports where they make the joke that my my buddy says – my buddy Jay always said he does not watch it until the the new year. Right. I don't even I don't even go that far. I just wait for the playoffs. And I love yep. hockey. I, lo- I used to love playing it. It's just Me too. It's, it's too much. Uh, there's too many you know too many games. They're late at night. I just can't keep up with it. But yeah, basketball is the Sixers, uh, and basketball itself is mainly from Rafe, my son. I'm not a huge basketball fan in general, yeah. but all of a sudden I know all this shit about basketball out of nowhere because me and Rafe talk about it and watch it all the time. And yeah, I don't baseball, think I've watched a basketball game since I was a teenager. Yeah, Baseball, growing up I was a Yankees fan because my one buddy's dad was a Yankees fan and we used to go to the games all the time. Uh, but now I would I'd consider myself a, a Philadelphia Phillies fan. The problem is I'm not really a baseball fan anymore. It was another yeah. sport that I loved when I was a kid, but right now – Pretty much football is the only thing that I follow die hard, where I'll just watch every game. There Tomorrow, freaking Minnesota. The, the Eagles are playing Minnesota. A little Bradford action, Eric. He'll probably lick his fingers 80 times oh, God, for you. Oh, God, it bothers you. me Drive so much. Nuts. Sammy Sleeves, baby. That's who they're playing. I, I have I have a feeling they're going to lose. They're, they're having problems. Um, but, yeah, those are my sports things. But, yeah, I'm, I consider myself still a big sports fan. But more of a football fan. And I said how you want to have your horror podcast. I've actually been toying around with the idea of having a history of football, American football podcast, because there doesn't seem to be a lot out there. 
So I thought, ah, I might do that, but again, you, it you're very knowledgeable on the subject. Well, it just comes down to me not really wanting to do it. <laughs> Rafe, my son Rafe wanted to have an Eagles podcast. Like after the game, we'd get on and talk. There's a lot more podcasts that already do that and do it a lot better than I would ever be able to. So I watch the game. I get angry constantly. Yeah. Again, here's the thing. I talk about this and I yell and scream. Even when they're winning, I'm just angry. I, I, I cannot ever enjoy anything. I'm always just – and if they win, I'm just relieved. I'm not happy, really. I'm just relieved that they won. I, I just, no, you're it's relieved not a that fun they didn't lose. It's not even that they won, that they no. didn't lose. Yeah, it's not a fun life. I'm telling you. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. It's not a fun life. <laughs> and he says, I've always been both a comic nerd and an athlete. Ooh, look at him. In high school, I wore a Green Lantern shirt under my shoulder pads. Got the first part of my Green Lantern tattoo during my senior year of wrestling. Sorry for the random tangent. As always, you guys are the best and have a Ooh. good week. I wonder if he was getting those cues, Eric. No, I, only if he's from around here. It's so funny if he went to, like, I don't know, some school that began with a cue. You got the cues. The cues? I didn't have a jacket for them. That, that was the funniest thing. They'd give us the cues, and I would just have them in my closet. I never had them on a jacket. The next email, thanks, Thank you, Taylor. thanks, Taylor. He's catching up. He's on episode 87, Eric. He only has about 40 hours to go. Uh, the next one, and it's funny. He'll hear this three months from now. Yeah. Brandon is the last mail of this section his and brandon's a big sports fan as well brandon yeah. has and you know what i was toying around with the idea this year to have a weird science fantasy football league we should have done it it would have been Sounds like a lot of work eh, i don't know i would have set it up on like yahoo still is the where to go for that it seems uh brandon is tailgating halloween and captain power all right captain power sup fellas Buffalo tailgating is his first subject. These are going to be in subject. Well, I sent you a few tweets from earlier in the week, oh which God. were GIFs and clips from Buffalo Bills tailgate parties. Do you see what happens when optimism strikes this area? Yeah, it seemed like women got molested is what yeah. I saw in that one. I don't even think we were supposed to see that. <laughs> this isn't just a one-time thing either because the Bills have won four in a row. Oh, no, this is the same behavior, whether or not the Bills are actually any good at all. Yeah, it, really, Brandon, it, this looks like a bunch of pieces. I, now, I say this. Hopefully, these weren't videos he was taking himself with the thing. It just seems like... that's what I imagined. There, there was a... A riot mentality going on where instead of, uh, you know, bashing a window know and grabbing riot. a, it a like TV. It seemed like a rape mentality. It was. It's, but you can't rape the willing. That The girl looked like she was all into it. Let me take my I pants off. You can eat me out from behind. Yeah. You didn't know what was going on. No. I had to, I had to explain is, it is to you. Is he smelling her butt? What's going yeah. on here, Jim? Yeah. People around here start going through folding tables. Oh, that's the other. Remember I showed you the one guy was jumping off? It looked like backyard wrestling. Yeah. I'm like, what are they, the Hardy boys? People around here start going through folding tables off the top of pickup trucks. Guys are chugging shots out of the cracks of girls' asses. We even have a guy that cooks food off the hood of an old car in stadium lot and tells people squirt ketchup and mustard all over him. It's just a level of debauchery if the game's unmatched around the United States. And if I'm not there to see it firsthand, it floods my Twitter timeline first thing every Sunday and Monday morning during and after a home game. And remember, he was he was away. Oh, that's right. He was out of town. Yeah, so he couldn't see he didn't get to see old kaepernick sitting kneeling 
I remember the good old days before they really cracked down on the tailgating rules around the state. That's, oh my that's God. just after the cracking down. And my friends and I were unabashed vulgar college bros or bras. We would get to the stadium parking lot after leaving the bars on Saturday night with a grill and enough beer to fill a backyard swimming pool. The benefit to this, besides, of course, drinking 20 straight hours from Saturday night until Sunday evening, is we would avoid paying for parking and then have more money for beer inside. Rereading that sentence, I think my group of people is single-handedly responsible for those rules being changed and the increase in the minimum price of season tickets. My mom still frequently wonders how we survived those years doing that and frankly looking back now at 34 i do too toby yeah. if you're looking for a place to get away with just about anything you want to buffalo a safe eight sundays a year so yeah you could just go and uh, really i saw these pictures you can you can get away with anything uh halloween nonsense my top costumes mom was damn good at sewing when i was a kid so she was able to whip together some pretty badass halloween things for me number one batman 66 costume this was probably third or fourth grade and i loved the costume so much i would wear it around the house to play well well after halloween ended the only downside is the mask look uh is the mask looking back at pictures uh, looked like Batman had been stricken with a case of Down syndrome in case of droopy <laughs> ears. I'll have to see if she has a picture somewhere it's worth sending. Number two, Captain Power. With spandex gold spray paint and hockey pads, I was able to cobble together a pretty mean Captain Power costume early in life. Again, somewhere between the grades of one and three. If I found this lying around my house... And now, my mom's house now, I might try it on for shits and giggles. It was so <laughs> awesome, the little brand. And I believe, it's funny, I, I went through this and it didn't print out the picture in my notes. I believe he did send a picture of it. Oh, I'll have to awesome. put it up. I'll have to put it on Twitter. So. Arnold from T2. Only thing I bought for this was the half metal face that had a glowing eye and came with a shitload of makeup. My aunt who cut hair and did all that makeup shit really nailed getting all that together for me and somehow made that thing stay on my face the entire time we trick and treat. That's trick awesome. or treated. Top candy I literally never buy but love on Halloween. Hundred grab bar. Never buy them because other than fun size, they're impossible to find. And if I buy the fun size bag, I eat them all. That's what happened to me. I eat <laughs> the whole fun size bag. Here's one that I love, and if, if people do not like it. I do love uh, the 100 gram bar, though. Sixlets. The hell is that? I knew you weren't even going to know. They're like M&Ms, but a little sweeter and a thicker candy shell. They come in the tubes, the cellophane tubes. They're, they're little balls. All you, right. you know what I mean by that? If you Kinda. don't know, then you, would, you wouldn't know. But, yeah, I like those. They're weird. They, like I said, they come in a cellophane-like tube, like a, a paper tube. Like that. All right. Uh, number three, Brandon, you're wrong. Baby Ruth. I'm not even <laughs> sure I like these things all that much, but I used to get a ton on Halloween and crush well. them all because they were good enough. I, I did mention that uh, Baby Ruth, that, and I even said Butterfinger I hate. Hate Butterfinger. If you get the fun size – yeah, you'll eat I'm, a couple. I'm, I'm, eat no, a couple I'm, I'm going to eat anything that's in front of me, but I'm still yeah. not happy with it, even fun size. I hate Baby Ruth. It was the worst. We're at work, and this piece of shit at work, we're talking about candies. You know what I like? And everything he said was shit. It's going to be wrong. I'm like, I be like baby, the Baby Ruth. We're like, they're terrible. Oh, I like Good and Plenty. Uh, I like Black Licorice. Butterfinger. Yeah. You know what else you like? Fucking walking with a limp, you fuck. How's that, Eric? <laughs> He's going to die soon, Jim. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, you're going to like that fucking coffin. 
Nobody likes the guy. No. Uh, we're going to move on to his books. Books, Dark Knight 3. The release schedule for this comic is a complete nonsense. They've oh, had yeah. an extra issue when they can't get the original issues out, as it is. However, with all that being said, I enjoyed this book a hell of a lot whenever it does decide to release, oh, about every month or so, every other month or so. I have the other hand. I'm one of those fools who started buying the singles, and I'll be damned if I'm going to stop now six (laughs) issues in. My goddamn OCD won't let me trade weight, and I'll be 44 by the time that happens anyway at this rate. This title is miles better than DK Strikes Again, which isn't saying much, but actually better than I ever expected it to be. Sounds like what we talk about later. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds a lot like what what we talk about later. Now the little mini books are Ash Kansas, Reggie calls him. He did it again. I I never even know what he says when he says that. Insider, still nonsense, on par with the backups and all-star Batman. Now they're worse. But everything else, uh, art and story-wise, I like. Batman, the feeling I get is people are lukewarm on this issue, especially after Monster Man just pissed on everybody's mouth, in everybody's mouth. But I've come to expect Tom King to start. No, just on. He didn't get it in. It was just around. It's just on there. But it gave you, you know, that famous piss mustache that everybody gets. Oh, yeah. You, you ever give yourself a piss mustache? I can't say I have. No. no you, you I'm, haven't not living, lived. I'm not living life. Yeah. You haven't lived until you had a piss mustache. But I've come <laughs> to expect Tom Kim to start everything very slow before grabbing everyone by the balls again while we wonder why we ever doubted him in the first place That's three years later. That's what we talked about in Batman. Like, you I know, agree. He started off slow with Go- uh, I Am Gotham. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, when I was yelling and screaming about freaking uh, Solomon Grundy yeah. and then it, it all came to be, it's still I still can't say that the issue is great when the actual issue was set up in a little song. So I enjoyed the setup more than most, I guess. I, I, I see I people it. liking it. I see a lot of people loving it. I thought I was in the minority giving it a 7-8. Random note, did fucking Anne Nocenti make Catwoman be a cannibal, uh, cannon or something? What the fuck did she have a whole face mask <laughs> on for? I can't imagine people like, oh no, I don't want Catwoman kissing me. God forbid. Catwoman could take my left arm up to my elbow if she you was real. You mean Catwoman might put me in her mouth? Awesome. Yeah. And wanted to sleep with me, I call nonsense on the face mask and other clues to make us think it was the Joker. That's all it was. Yeah. Hi, dudes. I'm in a better mood this week, so I'll leave you with this tidbit. On the road trip last weekend, I re-listened to some of the last week's podcast. My daughter pretty quickly uh, in was extremely confused and just kept saying to me repeatedly, why does he keep saying that? Whenever you would say, look at all those chickens sound. I barely <laughs> got to the hour mark before I was told to turn it off through nonverbal cues, a.k.a. death stares. Yeah, we were probably saying do the not, worst I'm saying, shit. Do not let your children listen to us. No. And he ends with, go Bills, Brandon <laughs> at Beemuir, 3660. Not fully positive. I think the Bills play Miami. Uh, this week, but we'll have to see. Brandon's Marvel Minute is next, though, and he's going to talk some Marvel book, Eric. A no, Marvel what kind book. of book? Marvel book he's going to talk, Eric. Oh, yeah, just a Marvel book? A Marvel book. He told me again, I have the worst memory when it comes to that, <laughs> and then by the time I'm doing this outline, I, I just fly through it. But, yeah, we're going to listen to bro- blah. Brandon's Marvel Minute, and then we'll be back with what we like to call the green section of yeah. the podcast, Eric. The green section. Keep it green. Green. Hey, how we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon. I'm coming at you uh, with a Marvel Minute this week. Uh, we've hit the Marvel Now portion of the year uh, where a bunch of books have gotten rebooted. So I'm going to cover some of these number ones here in the uh, next com- next coming weeks here for you. 
And one of the big ones that came out this week was uh, Infamous Iron Man uh, number one. So we're going to do that book here for you, give you a quick summary and some thoughts on what went down. Uh, we got writer on the issue of Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, he, he's not necessarily my favorite, and I feel like he writes every Marvel book nowadays. Um, but but he's who's on the reins here. Uh, we got Alex Malov uh, as our artist, and our color artist is Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, so so we kick off the issue here, um, and we start things off with a cabal group meeting. Um, now I think this takes place. Um, in the past, I'm not 100% sure though because uh, only reference point we have as far as what time period it is um, is zero. We're not given one. So uh, it just says Cabal in the top left corner um, and there's about five people sitting around meeting at this table. Uh, Namor, um, we got Doom at the head of the table, Loki, uh, this guy called The Hood, and uh, Emma Frost. And they're all kind of sitting around waiting for uh, Norman Osborn to show up. And we got the hood uh, kind of bringing up Doom's mom uh, to Doom himself and kind of pushing his buttons for one reason or another. Uh, it's not really given. Um, basically, this pisses Doom off. Uh, he, he doesn't really appreciate people bringing his mother up. And he kind of blasts the hood. Uh, everyone kind of thinks he's dead for a moment before uh, Loki speaks up uh, and, and Loki mentions um, did, did you just kill him? and Doom's like nah I just kind of sent him to India he'll be back eventually and uh, Loki's um, Loki's like oh, I, I really wish you would have killed him um, Loki also looks like a girl here so um, he shouldn't that, that, that was interesting uh, we move on to kind of the next act of the book, uh, and we see Maria Hill, who's kind of tied up in some goop-looking stuff, uh, and she's in the custody of a gentleman called Diablo. He's kind of pissed off that he's not—he's uh, basically not on the Shield's most wanted list anymore, or the government's most wanted list anymore, uh, because he's not considered as dangerous as other people. Uh, so, so he's kidnapped Maria Hill, basically. Uh, basically in an attempt uh, to, to secure um, launch codes and different types of codes uh, for shield helicarriers and weapons uh, so, so he can do something memorable and get his name uh, back on this uh, most feared villains list. So while he's about to pour this, uh, this truth serum down Maria's throat, we got Victor Von Doom who arrives uh, essentially saving, freeing Maria and in the process, uh, taking down Diablo, uh, really without, seems like, much effort. Um, doesn't really state if he kills him or also sends him to India, uh, as he kind of just disappears from the scene. Um, and, and he basically says to Maria Hill, he's like, he's like, I'll tell nobody of this. He's like, it's also best if you keep it quiet, um, because the, the world really shouldn't know that you were basically taken down by this, this troll villain here. Um, and then he disappears himself, and we hear Hill's kind of um, left sitting there like, what the hell just happened, as Doom kind of verbally puts Diablo in a body bag there uh, after dispatching him. 
Uh, our, our next area where we're following Doom along on his, his supposed path to redemption here is he stops by and visits uh, Amara Pergara, or Pereira, Amara Pereira, who is basically Tony's kind of sort of girlfriend in the uh, last arc of Iron Man, uh, also written by Bendis. Essentially, Doom says he's stopping in there to check on her and her research, with uh, which this Amara doesn't really buy. Um, it's a very weird scene where, where Doom kind of um, leans in when, when she tells him to get to the point of what he's really here for. He leans in and mentions uh, how she reminds him of somebody. Maybe he's alluding to his mother. Um, and then the scene kind of fades to white. So I'm not sure if Doom disappears or, or if this is something Amara was dreaming. It's left all very vague and I'm not sure what went on there. Uh, when Amara kind of wakes up or snaps to or the next day, again, I'm not really sure what where we're at. Um, she's sitting still in this office and Ben Grimm, the thing shows up. He's like, I heard you've had contact with Dr. Doom, so I guess... Uh, he's alluding to this meeting Amara had really did happen, um, stating that he has some intel. Uh, she might know what, where his whereabouts are, basically. Um, th this kind of brings us to our final section of the book. Uh, if it's something you plan on checking out or you don't want any spoilers about Civil War uh, prior to it finishing sometime in December or January, uh, then fast forward past right now because it's this is going about to uh, be some spoilers in relation to that book and spill some beans you may not want to know about uh, if, if you're following that along in any sort of close fashion. Basically, we see Doom arrive uh, in what looks like one of Iron Man's armories. <coughs> and uh, it appears that Tony is dead because an AI representation uh, of, of himself kind of pops up in, in the this area of the house or building of the armory that, that Doom's in. Doom and Tony have a back and forth Bendis conversation and it essentially boils down to Doom stating to Tony, the Tony AI, because Tony's body is kaput apparently. Um, they, they don't state how in any way, shape or form. They just have a Tony AI here. Um, Doom states to Tony that I will be Iron Man the Tony AI states to Doom, uh, he's like, please don't. And uh, Doom states to that Tony AI, I wasn't asking for your permission as he transforms into, into this Doom-esque Iron Man armor and blasts off through the rooftop. So he flies off and, and we're left with our cliffhanger scene, which is somebody who's been watching over these events and, and is talking to an ominous voice in the background um, and, and it appears to be Doom's mother kind of watching this, the events of the issue uh, shake out in awe and really not sure what her son's up to. And uh, basically the third time Doom's mother has, has been alluded to or brought up in this issue. So it looks like uh, th this arc is, is going to be leaning towards discovering a little bit about Doom and his mom and his background or something like that. Um, not really sure, but that, that would be my guess. Um, so you know how I do things, guys. I tell you to buy it, to borrow it, or to forget it altogether. Um, just before I get to whether 
uh, I tell you what choice you should make there. Uh, just some quick notes here. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure what Doom's motivations are. It appears they want him to be a good guy. Uh, he's trying to redeem himself, as he mentions a few times, but also just things feel a little off, like he has other motivations at hand. Um, but the issue doesn't really give you any clues uh, either way. So, so is he a bad guy trying to go good, or is he a bad guy trying to remain bad? That's kind of still left up in the air. Um, one of my problems with the issue was obviously that this is taking place after Civil War, and if Marvel wants to release, you know, those issues spoiling an event that's still coming out, that's fine. You know, I'm over that. But what they do do is, is they give you spoilers, kind of alluding to what happens at the end of Civil War, but they don't give you any detail uh, about those spoilers. So, so basically, the ending of the event is ruined. And you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how how it goes down or how it takes place. So it's just a very weird way of the issue addressing what happens without actually addressing what happens. And it makes things feel forced and off in various spots of the issue. And this is the problem that you run into when you, when you kind of publish things out of order that way. Uh, you, you kind of give people some of the story without giving them all of it, and it just leads to some some spots of bad writing. Uh, other than that, there's some some interesting plot points and developments throughout the issue. Like again, is Doom going good or is he remaining bad and just trying to get something out of the good guys? Uh, Singh apparently works for Shield now, and he's no longer a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how that happens. And then again, this whole Doom and his mother development and her watching over the events of, of what's going down. Um, overall, as far as the art goes, I, I was not a fan of the art in this issue uh, at all. If Marvel wants to be, this to be you know, one of their flagship books going forward, which kind of looks like the marketing is leaning towards that way and with Bendis on the book, uh, that, that would kind of be another hint about it. But they need to get another artist on it. I'm just, it just looks like kind of a murder mystery indie kind of artist. That, that's what I feel like this, the art on this book would, would accompany better. A, a, like an image murder mystery title or a, an apocalypse end of the world title. Not, not a Marvel superhero title. So it's, it's not necessarily bad art. It's just a, a bad pairing of, of you know co art concept with story concept and character concept. Basically so... Uh, it boils down to a borrow for me overall. Uh, you know, there's some interesting things that happen, but you know, how it's being treated and handled is just coming off a little strange because we don't have pieces of the whole puzzle here to, to complete it. Um, so, so, you know, that's about all for me. I also read Death of X2. I would say that's another borrow. Just, again, not a whole lot of new information coming out uh, besides figuring out Cyclops. Um, and, and what his move is as far as attacking the Inhumans um, and why he's so angry. So I'm, I'm actually just going to avoid that last two issues of that book and then pick it back up when Inhumans vs. X-Men comes out because that'll that'll be new, new issues and I, I already feel like I have an idea of where that's going. That's it for me this week, guys, as far as Marvel stuff goes. Uh, you got anything to say to me, you can find me on Twitter at Beamer3660. Uh, find me there all week long. Um, but we're going to go back to Jim and Eric here.
All right, Eric, the green section of the books. It's my voice back a little. I just drank a whole thing of cup of soup broth. I it's soup that did it, huh? And, and a little bit more of my drink. But the problem is that that cup of soup stuff is so salty, but and it <laughs> often tends to make my throat scratchy. Luckily, it didn't do that. But at one point, I, a piece of corn went down my throat without me realizing. <laughs> and it almost made me choke on a goddamn one little piece of corn. Uh, I love cup of soups. I do, too. I, I really – I'm a chicken man. Um, I'm a beef man myself. That's the Only thing. Beef. I, become, I become more of a beef man. And I told you that, that uh, usually when we're done the podcast, I celebrate. Like, you know, you let up a cigar. I eat a beef cup of soup, but it's a bigger one. And I forgot to get those this week. So all I had was the chicken. I can afford cigars. Yeah, you're, you're a fancy guy. Am I now? Yeah, that's for Brandon's daughter. Look at all those chickens. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, that's so funny to me to see a little girl asking you, know, yep. why are they talking about the chickens? Yeah, and then she's like, hey, what's your favorite player in basketball? LeBron James. That's right, LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. I love the fuck out of him. Watch your profanity. Yeah, I was just setting myself up for another fucking sound effect. Uh, But yes, this is the green section of the podcast. Why are so many doors closing in this? Wait wait, wait a minute. What what did you say there? Why are so many doors closing in this? Who is that angry woman and why are there doors slamming? And Brandon's (laughs) just like, we we don't talk about her. And then what's that other girl that keeps saying, hello, weird science? Hello, weird science. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Let's get on with it, Eric, because it is getting late. And you All know right. what? I love to push the podcast to an end, like I always say that we don't. Actually, I just want to talk about this book because I love it. I love Ooh. it so much. Green Lanterns number nine, written by Sam Humphreys, with art by Robson Roca, Jay Lyston, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. It seems that Frank Kominsky wants to be a Green Lantern, and don't worry if you don't know that character because you'll find out all about him in this issue. As we go through his initial inspiration to become a Green Lantern to all the lengths he went through to prove that he could overcome great fear. Ultimately, though... Oh, you have more. I do. I'm sorry. I had to take a fucking swallow. Ultimately, though, he was rejected in the most fucked up way possible, but Volthoom has come back and wants to tell old Frank about something new called a Phantom Ring that doesn't need it to choose its bearer. Old Frankie boy. Old Frankie boy. Really, this week I thought to myself, I'm glad the Monster Man is over and I want to learn more about Frank Lemensky. That, that's, all, that's all I needed. That's all I wanted this week and I got both. I am so happy, Eric. That all Are I want to know is about, at the uh, beginning, Frank Lemensky is a pilot. Is he Maverick pilot. or is he Iceman, Eric? He's Goose. No, I think he's Iceman. He's a dick. I, I was saying that I love this issue. I didn't love it, uh, but I liked it. I did I like, like it. it, and I like it. I don't like it for Frank Lemensky, one goddamn bit. I like it just seeing the progression of the Green Lanterns and laughing at Frank because he's always second place, which is first loser. He really See, is. I, it, I actually liked it for Frank Lemensky, just really? seeing the like what he would think a Green like like the ways he would go about getting chosen by a yeah, Green Lantern I ring. I think it's fucking bullshit. Because at one point, there is no reason that you could ever tell me why a Red Lantern ring did not show up and go to him. He should have been a Red Lantern from the very beginning. He's angry about everything. He is more angry than overcoming fear. He is forcing himself to overcome fear because he's angry, and I want to know why he isn't a Red Lantern. See, I don't actually see him all that angry until at the one point. Like, you know... 
like when the Green Lantern ring doesn't choose him, he's about like he's going to give up. He's not angry about it. He has like you know accepted his fate that he will not be the one yeah, thing that he thinks right, he should no, be. Uh, well, it, even so, what is he now? He's, he's fucking furious. Now. He's furious. At one point, he's going to kill a guy because the guy's making fun of him after that fucking plane went down. He I, says, I "Back the hell off, Roger. You don't want to fucking mess with me today." And it has his fist there. He is fucking angry. Then he's going and letting people just beat the shit out of him. And he and he's punching a fucking wall with anger in his face. He is fucking pissed. I'm telling you, you can't tell me that the guy isn't angry. He, he does looks, not read. He's not read Lantern angry though. Uh, I think he is. I think that he has something that he's fully angry. He is so angry that he's not picked as as the ring, especially when it gets to Kyle Rayner uh, on. <laughs> he's fucking furious. He is not happy, and he's going to show them. And I could beat the shit out of that guy. He basically says, Kyle Rayner, I'm not impressed. I could I could fucking kill him. And I could he, kick his ass. Yeah, he could kick his ass. He's fuck. He's that's where he gets angry. I don't. I I would have loved to have seen him become a Red Lantern. Uh, it's just weird that I don't know where Volthoom ever gets the idea of where this guy and who this guy is. I really don't. It I'm saying we don't have any idea about how Volthoom's even here after the last time we yeah, saw him in Green Lantern number twenty. I'm really, I doubt we're gonna see a lot of that. I think they're just going to go with him wanting to do this. And what we're going to get is him telling us anyway. So I, it's going to be, you know, skewed towards him if, if they do get it. But you get a history of Earth's Green Lanterns kind of pokes fun at how many there are. But yeah. he gets it. He's like, no, they're just going to keep making them. I'm going to be one of these. And even so, it's like what really what malfunctioned? in this to make him not a Green Lantern because what happens later, the ring does choose him and then says it was a malfunction and then heads oh, off so to Guantanamo Bay so to go happy. to Simon. What, what happened? Tell me what happened. Simon, Simon overcame more great fear. Yeah, but that's not an error then. <laughs> that's not a malfunction. That It seems like maybe Volthoom was involved. Who could be involved in this? It just seemed weird. It had an error, malfunction, detected, recalibrating, rescanning, and all of a sudden, yeah. Then all of a sudden, you're well, telling me maybe that it Simon. Is, maybe it's the rage as well within him. Maybe. I. But it's weird because then at that point he's not. It chose him. It really yeah. did choose him. Well, he and can he's overcome great. That. He can overcome great fear, yeah. but he's it got weird dark, when, darkness inside of when him. When this happened, I really thought I'd never thought. Now it makes more sense because he's. He, they want him to be mad about. Simon and Jessica, I really thought this was when the Green Lantern rings disappeared. Like, that's what it was leading to when they disappeared from the universe. Yeah. He was about to be a Green Lantern. Boom, they all disappeared. They don't want anybody to remember Lost Army. Yeah, no, and that would have made, actually, that would have made a little more sense to me in overall, but it doesn't push the story because you have to have him not only want to be a Green Lantern, but have a target for why he's pissed. Yeah. And it's it's either Jessica or Simon. He's going to figure that out. And that's where he's going, but he's also, Valthum shows up. But really, other than that, I don't know, is there a lot to talk about? Because it's well, basically we, we see him. him. We see what he tries to do. He starts putting his body through peak, like like uh, physical perfection, just through willpower well, and, and determination. And even, even a little bit before that, the reason is because he was a test pilot, thought he was big shit. How Jordan saved him. Uh, and it was he his was, first time out. He didn't even think it was big shit. He's always been number two in his life. He's the middle child. People forget about him. Yeah, but that wasn't him. his first time out. That was just that plane. That was a test no, plane. No, say though, that was his first time out with this plane though. He was t he was testing yeah, this. Nobody dude. had gone out. 
And, yeah. and here's the thing. But he this didn't is the first was, time being given this kind of responsibility. No, but remember, though, the responsibility was given. It wasn't even responsibility. They said to him, where are the rest of the pilots? We can't find them. It doesn't fucking matter anyway. You're not going to do anything. Go in. It was, he wasn't even given a full-out responsibility. He was just supposed to sit in the plane. And he fucked it up. And he didn't. It didn't seem. It just fucked up. But the whole thing was, it's even spelled out. He's always second place. He's yeah. even second place when he cho- He wasn't chosen to be this test pilot. He was just there. Yeah. And every it made no sense. Like you have this huge test pilot thing, and they're like, "Where are all the pilots?" I don't know. There's nobody else here. Eh, he can go in. It was so stupid. It makes no sense in a test pilot thing. But yeah, it. Uh, he thinks he's going to prove to them that he's, you know, he's a big shot, big, thing. big time, and he isn't. It's going to crash. He's going to die. And how and Jordan, Jordan saves him. him. And yeah, then he says, "Boy, I haven't had purpose like this since I was a little kid. I didn't care about really being a pilot anymore. Now I want to be a." Green Lantern. It doesn't matter if he wanted to be a pilot anymore because of this one thing. They've grounded him now and he'll never fly again. He'll never fly again. Guys are making fun of him and he's going to beat the shit out of him. That's when I said he's fucking angry. He may not show it. The one guy's like, hey man, you're going to be grounded. You're going to be captain of this couch. And he's like, back off. Back the hell off, Roger. And he's going to fucking kill him. Uh, But then, yeah, that's when he sees the news that there's another Green Lantern. He's like, oh, it's John Stewart then. He's like, oh, there's more than one. Okay. Now, All right. if there's two, there could be three. The world and just then, opened up to me. Yeah, it did. He Now he's like, oh, my God, I can still be chosen. Hey, it's weird, too, though. They have John Stewart and Hal Jordan there on TV spelling out the complete rules of being a Green Lantern. I thought yeah. it was kind of hokey, but you have to have him know this. And, yeah, then next thing you know, he's training. There's Guy Gardner. And he's become a great Justice Lantern. League International. Yep, they show the whole Justice League International. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to up my game. And this is where to go against full out, like, you know, overcome his fears and all this. He actually uh, fucking volunteers to be an Arkham guard and guard the cell of the Joker. He was the only one in that job fair line. Yeah, yeah, and it really was. So he's doing this. He's showing. He's he's training. He's doing crazy shit. And yeah. through this whole thing, you see some greatest hits of the Green Lanterns because then you get Kyle Rayner taking uh, on Mongo like yeah, he did when he first Mongo. became a Green Lantern. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, he, you know, a fourth Green even, Lantern. Even seeing Kyle in his classic uniform, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And he's like, a fourth Green Lantern appeared. He didn't look like much to me. I could have kicked his ass. And then you see him just fighting in, he's Fight Club Fight now. Club, yeah. He's Underground Fight Club. He's reading stuff. Like, he's, he's like sitting training. around in his underwear. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking yeah, beating people up. He's reading a little. <laughs> he's getting it. He's, it says he was desperate. Now he's going to go and prove to the ring how good he is without a ring. Where he's going to he become the out. vigilante Green Lantern. Yeah, he's a vigilante. He goes. Next thing, these guys ask him, who's your boy? Is and that your boy? He gets the shit kicked out of him, but he doesn't care. That's what he's now, doing. The one, this is the one part of the plan. book here I was so concerned. Like, I was actually weirded out by because – He's decided I'm going to be a vigilante. I'm going to be calling myself the Green Lantern anyway. But the first thing he does, he sees what looks to me like a girl who's having trouble with her bike chain and then chases her down like she's stealing the bike. It did not come across here that this character was stealing a bike. All of a sudden, she's running because she's being chased by a guy. The only thing I can see, it looks like she does have a shiv. 
of some sort. But who is – where would this person – I guess there's a pole there, but you never get a chain. And that, there's a gutter, and it's not even anywhere near that gutter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's behind there. You get some weird ideas. Yeah, he's a real, he's a real tough guy. He, yeah. A bike that a girl's stealing. <laughs> and then somehow turns a corner, and these guys are beating the shit out of him with a fucking chain. That's your boy? Yes, yeah, so your boy. Uh, but he yeah, gets stomped hardcore. He gets stomped bad. And then he goes, and he basically this is like his point where he's like, what do you want from me, Ring? Why aren't you choosing me? Crying out to the heavens. And the ring shows up, and it says, you know what? Frank Leminski of Earth, you have the ability, you know, the whole, the whole yeah, routine. Yeah, you overcome like, oh great my God, fear. You're finally here. He's You've been chosen. He's out of him. He's and so happy. It says, it says, welcome to the Green Lantern Air. Welcome to the air malfunction detective recalibrating rescanning frank leminski you do not have the ability to overcome great fear you have not been chosen what you what did you say dick. and then off it went to guantanamo bay and simon we know it's simon the thing is if you told me that it didn't say guantanamo bay i would think like he's dreaming like he is insane yeah, yeah, yeah. now he's driven himself completely insane and he thinks this happened Guantanamo Bay is too specific. This did happen. Oh, yeah. Happen. We know exactly I, that's going to Simon. Yeah, yeah. I just don't understand what this error well, like, was I'm pretty that sure it's malfunctioning. This, this old story, I don't even know if it's in continuity or not, but like the ring that shows how Joe – actually, I can't even say – the ring was originally that uh, Avon Sir had. Yeah. It was, was going to go to, go to Guy Gardner. It was going to go to Guy Gardner. And it, it but Hal Jordan then, was closer. Yes, and it was close, and he was close, and then he overcame fear. You know, that's the yeah. whole deal. I would think that that's what they're playing with here as well. Um it's just, it's weird, this error to me. I just don't, I don't get it. It's, it would be different if he did something at this point and it wasn't an error. It's like, we're wrong. Sorry, buddy. But yeah, Psych. that was an error. I, I said, I think that it would have been a really cool thing for him just about to get the ring. It's just about to go on his finger and it disappears because the lost army stuff. Oh, that stuff. Okay. <laughs> And it would have made sense then it, to yeah. me more that all of a sudden he was about to do it. The rings disappeared. What the f What's going on? And then all of a sudden he finds out there is no Green Lanterns, whatever. But it doesn't – unfortunately, it doesn't lead into the story as much as this because he. you want him to be mad at them. I, I already said this. You want him to be mad at the Green Lanterns, uh, the new ones. Of Always Earth, overlooking which, them. Yeah. And really, it. I'm surprised this piece of shit just doesn't say, you know what? It's hard to, you know, hard to believe in a brighter day, and it wasn't difficult to find out where the ring went. Only two options. To me, yeah. this piece of shit's like, there's no two options. Guantanamo Bay, that lady Look was at not. That a, guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know that he he's a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, he's gonna go and find it. He's pissed. This is where he's just completely angry. He's letting people beat the shit out of him now. He's given he's up. He's given up. Yeah. Yeah. He's given up on life. He goes back to his his apartment. And there's shitty ass fucking apartment. Yeah, really. Broken. Yeah. I don't even know if he's renting here. If he's just staying here, this is like a fucking squatter because yeah. the window's broken. There's no yeah. furniture. Well, here's it's a the dank shithole. The ring broke the window earlier. Yeah, when the ring I'm not saying, up, but like, it how, that was a that while window. ago. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like a day or two ago. Well, the progression of events, know. though, from when Simon got yeah, yeah. the ring to like where we are now. Yeah, where Balthoom yeah. tells him about a phantom ring on Earth. He didn't fix that room, that fucking window. But it is the, the, furniture. 
the ring definitely broke. And even then, before there was no furniture, I don't see anything <laughs> in the thing, apartment. too. I didn't think about the ring breaking the window. Not only are you not chosen, but you got to replace this fuck out. Yeah, it went to. I actually, it, it angered me when the ring broke the window. I'm like, you son of a bitch, ring. You're like Batgirl. You can't use a door. <laughs> I'll give the ring a little more benefit. It really can't use a door. Batgirl, no. though, will go through everything. But yeah, uh, Frank pulls a gun. And it's Volthoon. You imagine that, though. Frank's just sitting in this fucking dank shell. Here's a knock at the door. Go away. It's just a ring tapping it and it flies off. Yeah, it goes away. Sorry. (laughs) Candy Graham. It flies away. He has no idea that that's all he had to do was open the door. Yeah, he pulls the gun. There's a stranger in the the room. And I really do think at at a point you're supposed to be led to think it was Mr. Oz because he does look a little like. He's got a cloak on. Really, any hooded figure anymore, if it's not fucking Dr. Fate, Eric, it's it's Mr. Oz to me. But yeah, it's Volthoom, and it was shocking to me, and yeah. I don't quite get it. Volthoom now looks what... like the Emperor from the Star yeah, Wars. He does. He, Shit has he gone really wrong does. since his fight with Hal Jordan and Necron. Yeah, yeah really. But I, yeah, I Maybe hope it's there's... gone right, because honestly, I thought he, there's no way in my mind that he was coming back yeah. after yeah, reading that. he was coming back. It is an odd deal, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And again, you have to say there are two Volthooms that people would you have power ring yes. and the first lantern. This is the first that's, lantern, Volthoom. and that's why I think he spells it out completely. And he says billions of years ago they called me Volthoom, the first lantern, and uh, it's weird. I actually it got me excited, yeah. and I don't really I can't really say why because I didn't like Volthoom in the first place. Did yeah. you? Not really. No. Honestly, I, I, I like to think about how great the the Green Lantern series was in the beginning of the New 52, but we had the third army before that that led right into the first Lantern. I'm like, all of it wasn't that great. It was just Jeff no. Johns leading to this great thing where he's ending his run and has yeah. that big number 20 book. It looked great. Ethan Van Skyber was on, but over, all in all, like the, the book wasn't that great. No, it wasn't that great. Uh, stuff I with love, Hal Jordan Sinestro was great, well, though. I love the Hal Jordan Sinestro stuff that started the New 52, and I really did like from the Zero issue on with uh, mm-hmm. Simon and then getting uh, like Sinestro well. and Hal out of the you know the dead zone and all that stuff. Um, the Third yeah, Army stuff with the rest of the series. Once that started, like, I'm telling you, I was, I was reviewing Green Lantern Corps and you were doing the others, and yeah. I just gave you the Green Lantern Corps because it didn't make sense because everything started crossing over, and it just wasn't interesting to me. It got really boring, if you ask me. Uh, and then he hit with that 20 issue. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, but Powell yeah, came back from the dead with Black Lantern and got yeah, fucking yeah. Necron. Really, Volthoom, though, I could care less about them. And I really, but all of a sudden, I'm excited now. Yeah. yeah just because it, it's I want to find out what happened. Up. Yeah, that's what I want to know. And hopefully, uh, they tell us what happened as it oh. goes on, uh, because sometimes these books don't. But I don't know what <laughs> they're going to do. And it it's weird, like I said. I would have thought that this Frank would have become a Red Lantern at some point. You would have had your Red Lantern of Earth again. I thought it would be a pretty cool deal. Um, but I did like the art here. I like and the I, art I a like lot. The, I don't have a lot to say about the thing, but I did like seeing all the different Green Lanterns become Green Lanterns and, and I just how like he reacted whole, we, to it. Say we have this new character, and I like seeing his full background and his motivation, why he's going to say, you know, fuck these guys, I'm going to get this Phantom Ring, and I'm going to become uh, my yeah, own what's, Lantern. What's weird is you look at the solicits, and it really yeah. just points to Volthoom. It I think he's going to get him. fucked over. Yeah, I think he's done. Immediately. How crazy yeah. would that be? We have this whole issue about the life story of Frank Lominski, and then he just gets killed next yep. issue. Yeah, he's just dead. He he walks out with Volthoom and gets hit by a truck. 
That's and then Bathroom, Bathroom just wants the Phantom Ring. That's all he wants. Yeah, I, I think that's what's getting to. He just wants it. And for some reason, I don't know, he's, he needs this Frank. And somehow he can tell all about Frank. I don't understand. Well, it, he but... sucks on emotion, so maybe yeah. he felt the emotion of this. Maybe. But again, if he's that, you would think he's angry. If that's great, that great a anger, I'm looking for that Red Lantern ringer. What did you get? The Red Lanterns aren't strong enough to go getting well, new recruits left. right now. Like they, they were spelled out too that they left, but boy, that they, maybe that he would make them stronger. Maybe. Well, what, what did you give it? I gave it an eight out of ten. I think I'd give it a seven five. Okay. I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a low key issue. We didn't even really have our heroes in it, but I liked learning about Frankie Boy. Yeah, yeah, Frankie Boy. Uh, we're gonna move on to the next green title, which is Green Arrow. Number nine, written by Ben Percy, art by Stephen Byrne and Nate Picos. That's it. Double trouble there. I have enjoyed Green Arrow more than I thought I would since Rebirth started, but this Island of Scars story is just kind of boring to me. Ben Percy set up a pretty intriguing mystery last issue, but the payoff just wasn't there. I like the art as usual, but the story seemed rushed and kind of ridiculous to me. Uh, It really is. I I found myself very bored with this, and it's, it's weird. Me and you had talked about this. I kind of lumped this in the way it's going now with the Flashbook. Yeah, me as well. That it we talked about seems, this all week. seems to be going through the motions. Um, really, I will tell you one thing. If Black Canary wasn't in this two-part story, I, I think I would have fucking checked out. Because <laughs> she is the she might be the shining light of Arthur's life. She's the shining light of this issue and the last one as well. Because without her, it would have been completely boring. Even with her, though, some of the stuff's forced and whatever. Well, I, but I do like her. I just the book itself and this island of scars. There's even like that, nothing to the story. No, you were led to think like number one, it seemed to be pushing this mystery. The mystery's ridiculous. It makes no sense to me. The other thing with this Island of Scars, quote unquote, seemed to be that it was like it was the uh the surprise last issue was the scars are actually their scars. Because he even brought out the whole thing like, yeah. Hey Black Canary, where'd you get that? Hey, some things I can't talk about yet. So you're like, Okay, we're gonna get this personal deal. You get nothing of that here. And then also, just I, I was wondering it. why fucking Black Canary was just there at the shoreline last issue after yeah, days. We were, never found Oliver out. Was by yeah, she was just there. And and they just spelled, hanging you know, out. Wait. Yes, you tell me. Well, they all washed on shore. She did not look like somebody who just washed on shore. Oh. You know, none of them really did. But even Diggle was weird. like trying to survive. The, you know, out in the, it, like you know, and she was just standing there. Hey, what's going on, Ollie? Yeah, let's have hey, sex now. Hey, Ollie, let's okay. Yeah, let's roll around and have sex. This issue to me and this whole fucking two part deal seems to me that number one, which is something I yelled at you about anyway, that they have to let you know that the ninth circle is not destroyed. They have to point that out. But I said to you. I understand that the ship went down. First off, they immediately would have been calling in the, the whole ninth circle to go dive under there and, and recover the shit. Damn right. And not only that, but this thing seemed like the Court of the Owls big. I'm where, saying this place was the size of a city, the yeah, ship. But so. even just even not even the ship, there this whole organization is huge. It didn't I would, I'm just telling you though, just the size of the ship alone, I imagine yeah. like all the ninth circle are on here because it's the size of a city. 
Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're set. I'm telling you, it seemed like this is Court of the Owls, like everybody's involved. Every yeah. big guy is involved. But, but the at other least in Court of the Owls, they can have a mask to hide the – like yeah. if you're in the nice circle, you're a Yeah, but victim. like Broderick. Broderick didn't have it. He would he put on that mask. mask. <laughs> he had that mask on he put because those were like – those are the people that – were subcontracting. That, yeah, they're just the people who are the public face of it because nobody likes a burn you victim. You, yeah. you need a public face. Yeah, you need a public face. Your initiation policies might be yeah. flawed. The other thing that I think, well, there's two things. The the hokey Trans Pacific Railway railway has to be a thing, but also there's that really hokey where Ada, the guy, we'll talk about in a minute. So did you he, even give your blurb yet? No. Well, yeah, yeah, I already gave my blurb. Okay. We're all, we're just talking. I'm just talking in general about what I thought this this whole thing where this guy on this island is doing these whole goddamn experiments and these you know inventions and Oliver's like. Boy, I wish I could invest in these to get my co- – yeah. You think that eventually that's going to be how he may get back his fortune. It's very forced in that direction, so I would not – I don't know. You need money to was, make money. Yeah, well, he's going to get some money. But these guys, the only thing is they hate his guts at the end. But yeah. still, why would they have that where he's like, boy, if I had the money to invest in these things – Eventually, I think they're going to come back and save them completely from the Ninth Circle, but we'll see. The yeah. issue the issue starts, and Oliver and Dinah are doing exactly what they were doing last issue. They were heading to go find uh, Diggle. Diggle. <clears throat> and they, they're going, and they, they find, like, oh, I see Diggle's marks and some spent casings and also a bear print with oil, yeah. not blood, yeah. oil. Okay. Yeah, we know. It, it's it, a robot. It's going to be a gotcha. robot. They turn through a thing, and actually uh, – I thought it was Dinah a goddamn says, rift in time here. It's so weird that what's that? I thought this goddamn yeah, well, crevasse walked through this goddamn rift Dinah in time says, or something. Hey, the tracks go back that way, that way, and Oliver's like, "This might be worth the detour." And he looks in, and it's a poppy field. And it's so funny that the, poppies—they're beautiful, but—and Oliver's sitting there. He goes, "But ugly and deadly." I know this all too well. And I'm like, yep, Roy is a piece of shit, isn't he? Because that's all it has to be. He's talking about Roy. Ah, oh, my ward. A drug addict. <laughs> fucking, he'll never get over that. That's I why he never talks to him. He's just a drunk. No, yeah, no more heroin. Yeah, he was a drunk. No, he's yeah. right back to a drug addict. And there, Oliver's there. Next thing, a guy is above them who looks like Nanook of the North. Yeah, he's so an Eskimo. Got, yeah, he's an Eskimo where it even looks like there is snow. All of a sudden, it might be rock, but it really does. I'm telling you, where he steps on it and it's falling apart, it really does look like snow. And we just saw Oliver and Dinah rolling around naked in the surf. And even so, the guy has a woolen hoodie on. He really doesn't look dressed for the weather that we saw last issue. The guy's working out. He likes to sweat. Yeah. Oliver shoots at him. The guy falls. And then... I, I'm telling you, this issue to me starts to get a lot of vibes that I had at the end of the New 52 with Ben Percy. You have yeah. the, you know, who the hell are you, Oliver says to this guy, and he's like, classic white guy. Shoot first, ask questions later. Here we go. More, I think there's more to say than just that. Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> These guys are just there. And then he's like, hey, uh, treating me like I'm the invader. Who am I? And it's so forced and yeah. hokey to me. And people have said this to us about the, the rebirth Green Arrow. Yes, there was some forced one-liners. Yeah. 
things. This is so forced. Everything is rushed because they're talking about the poppy, the, the you know, all oh, this heroin stuff. And the guy has a, a compound fracture of his leg, a fucking dying out of nowhere. Yep, he's going to lose this leg or bleed out if we don't do something. I'm like, okay. It was so weird. There was no Dr. reason Kill in my mind to make this character break his leg. No, no. He just does, and we don't do anything with it. Yeah, it, all it is is for him to say, no, no, we'll go back to my hidden lair. And, and you find out later that the, this burn, half-burned victim uh, lady who has Diggle is this guy's uh, husband. And he says, yeah, there's Anna and Ada. And he says that they didn't get along because of what they think the tribe should do. You know that he left when she got burned. Once she got burned, he fucking skedaddled. I know exactly why there. he left. But yeah, they, they have this thing that they keep throwing out about this tribe, and I don't understand what's going on. I see no. some people working in the lab, and now I get that they're doing the heroin. But, but then you also got some nine circle soldiers who are full yeah, out burn victims. Yeah, you have these these burn victim guys. You the have that. keepers. Yeah, you have... And this Ada guy who's involved in this fucking crazy ass technology, I said to you, what is he? Ex- what is he doing these things with? Is we think he's the professor from Gilgan's Island? Yeah, yeah. Everything that he does involves a coconut, coconut radio, a coconut this, a coconut that, because he's on this this island where I, I don't even get the whole thing. Like I couldn't look at these people and say, boy, yeah, they're natives to this island. They want to be left alone. I it just it's just this guy. It's almost like a, a weird like hippie commune that decided yeah. to leave like society a while ago and go on this yeah, island. But, but this the, was a hippie commune of super scientists yeah uh, super yeah bullshit this is a tribe of fucking illusions that's all it is he says you're an outsider we don't want you here we shouldn't have let these fucking ninth circle in and by the way i make robotic bears yeah that's my thing didn't you know robotic bears robotic bears yeah, Diggle's talking, and Diggle finds out. Yeah, they they're dealing in heroin. This is bullshit. You're you're walking with the devil here. And then we find out that at one point Robert Queen approached the tribe and wanted tribe. to make and wanted to use this island as a way station, a maintenance portal for the trans Pacific yeah. Railway. What is that? I know I what know. it is. It's, a, it's, it's an underwater railway. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I got a cough. It's so ridiculously stupid, and it's such a weird time with Robert Queen. And then that's when he's like, "Then Broderick showed up. You made a deal with the devil." <clears throat> In the meantime, they're Oliver. And they burned half your fucking body. Well, yeah, Oliver, Ada, and and Diner are gonna go and cause trouble, cause a distraction. The distraction that Ollie thinks is to fight the burn victims and then and then burn the the fucking field, the poppy fields, now, which upsets. I, w- Ada. I was so very like confused at this section because at one point I swear to God, somehow Dinah screaming lit his arrow on fire. But then I decided after the fact, like maybe it was a trick arrow. It just lit on fire I, after he yeah. shot it. I yeah, don't know. It though. Actually, yeah, I don't know. And really, it's it's this whole thing where everything's so forced. They're with this Ada. They're supposed to cause a distraction. They burn the the poppy fields, and Oliver pretty not, much is it's like, "It's not part of the plan." And that is no. Mind. And and Oliver kind of is like, "That eh, two stones with two one bird with two whatever two birds with one stone." He's pissed. He's like, "Jesus Christ! That's why, why we don't want I trust outsiders." Fucks? 
in the meantime, him and his goddamn wife hate each other. <laughs> but yet this is like the binding thing for them. They're going to get back together because they hate Oliver and uh, Diggle and Dinah. They they kind of meet up because that's what they're going to do. They're going to save Diggle. They just show up and go, hey, follow us here. They go into this fucking railway and then they're going to walk to Seattle. Man. What the fuck? It's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. I'm paging through this. All I see is one thing. Every page has something ridiculous. At one point, the ad is going with Oliver. They're they're trying to get him back because of this bad leg. And they open the door, this hidden door, and it opens up, and there's the fucking bear. And the, oh my god, no, no, that's just my robot bear. And then the guy starts saying, oh, the "Here's my bear. favorite too, because in my mind, this is a native tribe to the island. Why I say that especially is because Robert Queen went to them." And just he was pretty much seemed to be the first person outsider to talk to them and didn't want to, uh, you know, take advantage of them, but said, well, listen, usually they sick their robot bears on the outsiders. Yeah. The, the thing is, though, Robert, he comes and says, hey, listen, can I use this island? We want it to be a maintenance station when we're doing this. So they were already there. Right. Yep. So this guy gets hurt. And what he says is, yep, won't be break dancing anytime soon. Break dancing. What are you talking about? That's how long they've been there since breakdancing yeah, was relevant. That's the thing, though. Is that supposed to be a time thing that you're like, whoo, breakdancing? It's so stupid. Oliver thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> then the guy starts telling them to get him stuff. That he goes, help me to my bed. I'll need you to fetch some things. i got to tell you how super scientist I am. Yeah, it's so great, too, because he wants heroin. Opiates, a bone glue made from ground-up shells, a conch fungus poultice with advanced healing properties. Good. What? Good. I'm glad we had that covered. Yeah. How are they going to know where these things are? It's like, you know, it's like the typical thing where the doctor's like, you know, scalpel and, and somebody hands him a fucking shovel. I mean, he is spelling out some fucking specific stuff. And Oliver and Diner are supposed to go, OK, and there they are. Looks like they've mixed all this themselves. This guy's just sitting there. So ridiculous. And then you have him like, boy, it, it, the guy is laying it hard and heavy about how much he hates his wife. And then he gets it. He's like, who, you know, your woman there, she knows what's good for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. She, she tells me all the things. Yeah. You better listen or you're going to live in a fucking cave like this. At one point he even says, it's like, that's his man cave. It's his, I call it the, what does he call? I call it the dog house because that's where I'm in because my wife hates me. That's okay. She's a half burn victim. Yeah. And you yeah, can't even so, have, she's a full on burn victim. It's so is what she hokey. Is. Yeah. Really? That's like one of those. You, you, any burn victim is is it's full a burn out, victim. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She actually, to me, I'm, on, I'm she not going to kiss worse. her to one side of her face. She yeah. looks worse that half. You can see what she used to look like, and then be yeah. subjected to the I rest. I love it too. They they come in and and Diggle's going to town with a goddamn flamethrower. They show up on a robotic bear, and then the woman's there, and that's where like, oh my god, you know what? We're gonna have to fix this together. It's like everything's back together because three pieces of shit showed up and started burning everything and really they, they spell out too to oliver like boy i don't know what's going oliver goes you know what i kind of think we've done more good here no you yeah, haven't no you have completely screwed them i know that there are pieces of you know for them to agree to be involved in this heroin is yeah bad. we grow heroin yeah but 
the ninth circle, and they kind of even they're kind say of forced it. into it. For, yeah, and the ninth circle is going to show up and slaughter everyone here. That's all they needed these people. It's like for. the Savage Dawn, that Batman Superman before, where freaking yeah. we had that village that was like uncovering the nukes, and like if yeah. we don't do this, they're gonna, a Battle Savage yeah. is going to come back they're and kill us. They're going to come back yeah. and kill us. And really, when when they come, when the ninth circle shows up for their well, actually, when the train shows up on the fucking Trans Pacific Railway, uh, when this shows up. And they're like, ooh, you know what? We had a little problem. There is not one reason why they would let any of these people live because it looks like Oliver has made it impossible. They, even Ada says, we can't grow anything on this island. Yeah, yeah, you're fucked. Get the fuck. Get on that railway yourself. Get out of there because you're dead. They, well, they how, have no how use is for it you. That they plan on going back to Seattle. They go down the Trans-Pacific Railway. And it seems that we end this issue with them about to get hit by a train. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because they get down there, and he's like, we're going to go where we can make a difference, Seattle. And then you have the thing. They're on a railway, and that's when Arrow's voiceover, it's like, almost home, but sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel turns out to be an approaching train. And you think that he's saying this metaphorically. Yeah, like, no. you think that he's like, oh, you know what? They're talking about when, when shit gets in the way. and it's quite, No, no. Around the corner, there's a train. <laughs> they're about to be run over. <laughs> and really, there has to be some sort of walkway on the side, like if something goes wrong that you have to go in and repair. Who they're knows not what on happens that. to the Trans-Pacific Railway? They're right in the middle. They're right in the middle, going to walk to Seattle. Who knows how long this is going to take, too? <laughs> It's just a railway. They could be 30 miles from Seattle. They're, they're just walking. I guess they plan on taking the train. No, right. I see right now Diggle's putting a quarter on the fucking track. He's all excited. <laughs> so nonsense. It's going to be really, flat. So cool. Really, I, I gave Justice League a fuck you five, and I don't know why I didn't give this issue one, because the more I talk about it, I'm more angry at this one because I expect more. We've gotten better. Brian Hitch has not given us any sort of a hint that he can give a better story. Ben Percy has, and now it's slipping away. And even after I read this two-parter, which was complete nonsense, it's starting to make me even question if I like that Emiko story as much because we didn't get a lot out of that. No, but I liked it. And, and I did like it because I like Emiko. But in in the progression of learning more and going towards something in the series, we only all that got was that Emiko wants her brother back. Yeah. This we got nothing. And now we're going to get hit by bears, burn robot pop bears, fields. fucking turbines, uh, a fucking you know, uh, a tie jellyfish. I fucking no, what? Yeah, I don't even. All know. these inventions. I do like this issue better than fucking uh, Justice League, though. I might, too. I, I, I'm surprised at it's, some point that the, the tribe wasn't putting on a play to, to impress the Tarzan guy who's on the island to, to fucking practice for his new role. Next thing he goes. Then they're going to have the, the fucking cannibals on the other side have a volcano, and they're going to get Ginger and sacrifice her. Yeah, then Get the Beatles ridiculous. show up, and then you have yeah. the, you share the girl like, band that they have. Yeah. The fucking uh, you know the B sharps or whatever. I forget what they. I forget what the honeybees. The, uh, the honeybees. You need me. They're fucking dancing around. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. All of a sudden, the fucking vegetables go up. Everybody's got superpowers now. Oh, yeah. They got the radio that only plays fucking things that they'd be interested I'm in. I'm wondering hearing. now, does, does anybody know Gilligan's Island episodes for what we're talking about? I'd rather this be Gilligan's Island than this. Uh, fucking next the thing you know, scars. five years from now, the Harlem Globetrotters show up because there's a resort. <sighs> it's, 
so ridiculous, the shit that he throws in one after the other to force you into whatever. I, I don't know. Really, if you told me, like, who he had to do something because the fucking Inferno sank, fuck that. Just have him get in a lifeboat and get the fuck out. We avoid yeah. this. It, what is this? To, what is this? Swim second? back. Oliver learned uh, an important lesson here. Drugs fucking, are bad. It, he re, he remembered that Roy's a piece of shit. That's all <laughs> you needed to do. And and you know what? The fucking Black Canary's good for him. We knew this. And I did like the art, except for Diggle. Diggle yeah, he was weird. off. Yeah, he actually looked to me Look like a child he was, at times. I thought he was like drawn more like an Imaginex figure. He looked like an action figure more than a person. And it was he had like weird. a small body at times. Yeah. It's weird. Even the la- the last panel, the cliffhanger where he's about to be flattened on the road. He's yeah. really small. <laughs> That's what I was he's looking a, at. He's a, a cute little guy there. He doesn't oh, look very diggle. imposing. Can't wait to see uh, what you're gonna look like when you grow up. Yeah, really. But yeah, what is he, Chris Pine? Uh, and speaking of which, uh, the Justice League all, uh, variant cover with Aquaman looked like Chris Pine to me. I was like the whole week. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, what what would you give this? I would give this a five point five out of ten. Five point five, you say? I gotta find what I gave it. I gave it a six. All I right. gave it a six when I read it at first. I don't know. I thought that some things kind of made sense to me. Now that I've said them out loud, nothing makes sense. This book's nonsense. I did like the art, except for so that. I did, yeah. Like I just, and, and I just like the like the coloring a lot yeah. too. I think Oliver actually was great. I, oh, I thought Black his art, the art great. of Oliver and, and Black Canary is really good, but uh, we're going to move on to the next book and the final book of this section. Not so, which oh, is kind of green, kind of green. Yeah, we'll say it's green. I don't know. It's kind of green at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, green. Green thumb. Trinity There's some green two. in the kryptonite river. Green thumb. I'm going with Trinity number two, written by Francis Manipal. Art by Francis Manipal and Steve Wands. That's Double it, trouble. Uh, double trouble. He's actually like, triple threat. Quadruple threat. Yeah, really. This book is my de facto Justice League book, and I love it. You know, I, I, I'm reading this. I don't remember writing de facto. <laughs> Francis Manipul's art is outstanding. I don't know what I'm doing now. And his story is intriguing as well. We get you, to see you want, what happens. Do you want the Nightcore tonight? I might be. I'm actually so goddamn tired right now, I'm getting goofy. We get to see what happens when you are affected by the White Mercy plant. And while I'm still confused about it all, it's the confusion of a really good mystery. The issue ends with a surprise guest star that shows that someone has to sit down with John and teach him some anatomy lessons. As Uncle Jesse would say, Eric, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Yeah, John, somebody's got to tell him what a woman looks like. I'm telling you, we were talking about this earlier in the week before I read this issue, and I'm like, because you, you revealed to me at the end, I'm like, how does that make sense? You bought the seats from some dude. <laughs> and like, uh, it's some hobo, we thought. When, when it is revealed at the end, we do see that she's in a cloak, and it looks she like is. she has leaves made up into a beard. I, it's still weird. It's very I, weird, we but said, that's what I'm trying to go this with. This just continues the whole thing that John is not being parented. They are all, Lois is drinking, and Superman's off being Superman. Nobody's there to tell him the facts of life, even. uh, And you told me you you wanted this. This is John. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. (laughs) There you go. Somebody needs to tell John that eventually, uh, because I don't know. Maybe uh, Kathy's going to be surprised later. I don't know what he'd do with that old Kathy. How old? uh, He's only He played ball with her. That's it. Yeah, he played ball. He might play suitcase, Eric. Suitcase. <laughs> There's a call. That's a callback suitcase. I forgot 
all about suitcases. <laughs> I'm not even going to explain what suitcase meant. If anybody has, doesn't know out there what it is when I used to play suitcase, just use your imagination. Maybe you'll come up with it. <laughs> but, yeah, the issue ended last uh, time where they had opened up the barn, uh, and Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman saw what appeared to be John – or not John, little wow. Clark and his dad. But he does look – Oh, John. Yeah. The thing, though – John Kent. It throws um, – yeah, I'm saying John yeah, as in the you. son. And really, Clark looks exactly like John. It throws me off a bit uh, as I was reading it. Um, but in this, you start right off with Clark, baby Clark, little Clark, whatever you're going to say. And he's talking about when he first realized he had his powers. And it kind of threw me off a bit because, again, I think that you're supposed to be led, except for the small Smallville somewhere, somewhere, Eric. Somewhere. Uh, I think that he was playing around that you might even think that this is John at, at one point because it's, you know, he had just gotten his powers as well. But they're, they're saying and he's talking about, oh, you know what? I started hearing things and seeing things. All my powers were going. And my dad, you know, told me, uh, stuff and it, it ends up okay i'm trying to explain how this is this is to me it's a very hard issue to explain uh only because of especially for how the white mercy works that's what i'm saying i, I mean we the don't black really mercy know, because we don't know we, the white mercy yeah, going we, in. we don't know the, what's going on and it's really tough to say the rules yeah um but it definitely is superman batman and wonder woman seeing little clark and john kent uh, pa, you know, kent. pa pa kent and in this is little Clark hears he talks about hearing things, hearing his dad's heartbeat, and realizes he doesn't hear the heartbeat. His dad's dead. Pa Kent is dead. He blames Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman for doing this. Punches the shit out of Superman, and then even and says, "Toss his fucking Batman." Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're trying to stop him, and they're like, "Hey Clark, hey Clark." So they know it's Clark, and um, and I guess last issue. Pa even said, hey, Clark, come here. But yeah. really, they know it's a, a little Clark. They're, they're confused of what's going on. Superman just seems to be like, you could, I could punch him. He's so... He's just, dumbstruck. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's dumbstruck. And they're trying to help Clark, and he just basically says, my dad told me if something goes wrong, I have to fly away. It seems to be what the case would be. He does. Go and he hide. Just, yep, Go and he run. He takes off. He flies out, uh, out the roof, and he, he goes and hides. And you have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, who are in their costumes, which they spell out. They're, they're confused about it. They're really yeah, confused they were not in their costumes happening. before. And one of my favorite parts of this is, to, well, first off, Batman immediately starts claiming that it's all Clark's fault, the, the you know, Superman's fault. Because yes. he says, what have you dragged us into, Clark? We need to <laughs> I leave. came for a nice dinner. What the yeah. fuck did you and do? And it's funny, really. And actually, Wonder he was Woman. dragged me out. Yeah. It's Wonder Woman's fault for, for him. Uh but I do like this, that Batman, to me, he's back to being the smart Batman. Like, he knows something's fucked up because yeah, I, I don't, don't think, number one. Time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That I think that Diana and, and Superman Clark, they think they might have gone back in time. He's like, no, no nonsense like this. Something's fucked up, and you got Let's us in here. Let's get to the bottom of this shit. And, and, and to me, he's like, everything is centered around you, so it must be your fault. But I really like where there's Pa Ken, he's dead. Superman goes over and he wants to, you know, bring him back. He wants to resuscitate him and he starts giving him some compression on the thing. And I love that 
uh, Wonder Woman has to spell out list not too hard because you know Superman he's all excited yeah. he doesn't know what's going on it's emotional he may, he may crush him with, with his power <laughs> just shoves his hands through I his really, chest I just really liked Wonder Woman saying that to me it made it seem real to me I don't know why but he does he brings him back to life Tony I'm I'm waiting for this all this to go wrong remember in the thing when that guy's dead and they're trying to like uh, do the chest compressions and his chest just opens up yeah, and then bites the hands off yeah yeah. That's what you were waiting for. But really, the problem in this whole issue, and I don't mind it being a problem, but we don't know the rules. We don't know what's going on. He, Francis Manipal has not told us really Ooh. much of anything. I think that this, that first issue was to get, you know, it was a cool issue with Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman together. Yeah, You're going to see them go. They're, they're bonding a little. To me, the arc really starts this issue. The shit that's going down now is what's, you know, this is still set up. We're still building. And it made me really want to know what's going on because I'm trying in my head, like, okay, I know what the Black Mercy is. And, and we said this last issue, but again, if people didn't know, Black Mercy is usually with Mongol, he has, it's a plant that goes on you and makes you think uh, you're living your greatest things. Your it, dream it is, life. Yes. The, the big story is for the, for the man who has everything. They were going to yeah. give Clark a birthday and he ends up and, and really you just wither away because you think that this is the greatest thing. You'd never fight it no. because the greatest thing's happening to you. This is a weird thing that's going on now. It's not playing by the rules. <laughs> it's not playing by the rules and it's weird. It's like, it's giving you, it's a monkey paw to me. It's giving you paw. It, Clark, that's what he wants. And even says, I know that this isn't real. I don't know what's going on. But I get to talk to the man that I want to talk to, especially yeah. now. It's such Daddy. a good tie-in because he's a father now. So yeah. now he has all these other things to tell his dad and talk to his dad about. He also has a thing where if if this if he thinks it's time travel, if he thinks it's real, whatever, he can even help out him himself. But he, and, you he, know, he also can't fuck up time, so he can't let the cat out of the bag. Well, that's what I'm saying. So th this is a weird – it's a weird thing. It's not the, for the man who has everything, but it's almost like for the man who wants that one thing, but it's not going to go right. So I you, still don't know. You, you have that. I got the rest of these people like Batman and Wonder Woman being in this kind of well, dream that's, world. That's not it's even Dream just, Warriors yeah. now. It's not even just them. The weird thing about dream this warriors, is yeah. – Dream Warriors. The problem was in The Man Who Had Everything – Superman basically, in his dream, his dad was wrong. His real dad was wrong, and Krypton didn't blow up. And he, he marries a woman who's like an amalgam of Lana and Lois. He has kids. He's, everything was perfect. Um, the problem is, is in that, there wasn't a, like, Lana, Lois, you know, his wife. I, I don't even remember what her name was in that. But I forget as she well. was just kind of like a part of the, the thing. This, though... John, or John, I keep wanting to say it, Clark, little Clark leaving and having his own, that throws everything. Oh, yeah. That's completely fucked up now he's you're supposed to be an imaginary yeah, being. Yeah, why is he having be his own everything, adventures? Yeah, everything that happens here should be just affecting Clark and affecting, but you said, Batman and Wonder Woman being in this throws that out, and also the people involved in this are also kind of sentient. I, I don't know how you would really say it. But it also seems like we have a sentient thing that's also yeah. inside and these dreams. And you also have out. this, where it's talking. And again, this kind of deals a bit more a dream with this master. fear. And it's even with the fear, even. You could throw that in. Like, this is a story where when you have this voice talking and trying to explain things, 
I'm not angry like I was in Justice League because I, now maybe three issues down we might be. Maybe. But the way it's played out, it's it's a very subtle way that he's giving you a little bit more. It things aren't they're still confusing, but you're wondering. And while all this is going on, Batman's in there, kind of like us, saying, "What the fuck is going on?" Like Wonder Woman is even a little you know, into it and wondering and saying, oh, no, just let him. Yeah, she seems know, to be there have, just for Clark, you yeah, know, like, she, uh, and, like yeah. to be an understanding friend. And when she sees Clark, you know, she realizes, oh, no, you know, let him have his time. He's just, and Batman's like, no, shit is the wrong. What are you talking about? We got to do something. And at one point, he basically says to Wonder Woman, listen, woman, you're a moron. <laughs> let me spell it out. Oh, the only way Duh. you're going to fucking understand he is like he's going into battle. He's going into war with his heart, not his head. He can't do that. He's going to kill us. And you see that Batman's right. But, yeah. Well, as far as we can tell. Of course don't Batman's know. right. But, yeah, uh, really then I like to because, again, this leads more into a fear, but it's it's Pa Kent's fear when he sees Superman and, and Batman and Wonder Woman, which in this time frame there was none. You no. know, this is this is when Clark was a little kid. So you have to remember that Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, Pa would not know who they are. It's not just Superman. He doesn't know any of these people. No. He thinks they are aliens who have come to take his son away. They have finally showed up. It's a fear that he's had. It's why he's built walls around, you know, the metaphorical walls. He won't let people in. But here's his greatest fear. This guy shows up with the crest that he knows is on his son's you know, his little spaceship. son's spaceship when he came here, and it, it's over. And it's not, obviously, and Superman tries to comfort him about things. In the meantime, you go back to the real world, and you see little John waking up. Uh, Lois goes and's like, hey, you now, know. Hold on. You, it, for some, I don't know why it made me angry. I'm like, why the fuck does Lois have uh, Canadian goddamn uh, pajama pants? Yeah, I don't know. She, she, Fucking she's maple old. leaves all over that goddamn thing. Eric, she uh, she plays by a, a different uh, fucking drum that Lois. <laughs> she she likes uh, fucking the whiskey from fucking uh, you know Canada. And uh, how many yeah, hats does fucking Clark buy? I don't for know. John? She keeps buying them hearts, but uh, hats. But she says, and again, I really like, and I love the way Francis Manipul draws Lois. It's so, so good. Do I. Uh, but yeah. There's uh, little John, he's looking out the window, and, and she's like, hey, what, have you been there all night? And he's like, no, but it looks like he was oh, yeah, you know, waiting for his dad that. to come back. Yeah. He doesn't know where his dad is, he thinks. Well, he's Superman. So she says, listen, he's doing Superman stuff a lot more nowadays. He may not be here every morning. He may have stuff to do, but that doesn't matter. He'll always come back. He's well, always Daddy loves this. you, little boy. And here, he gave you a present. He is like, you know, a typical fucking... Absentee father? Absentee father. He just buys some <laughs> gifts. He's buying his love. Uh, but really, I'm telling you, the way they go from little John to younger Clark is really good to me because you're getting that combo. Because really, little John is a lot like little Clark. And this is where Had aficionados, see, these boys. Yeah, and yeah, they love hats. But yeah, <laughs> there, there's little Clark and he's just saying like, oh man, those people, they killed these strangers, came and killed my dad. I, I'm going to get them. Take get back them. to another planet. Yeah, and uh, that's where you get this crazy voice that's talking yeah. from, from out. And it's like, why are you crying? And really, it's... It's fucking with them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is like, oh, I'm there. Poor yeah. Daddy. This would be you sitting there with the suitcase waiting for your dad. And you're like, oh, man, my dad said he'd be at eight. Oh, your dad said that, did he? You little cry. What is that baby. ominous voice? Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's actually your mother behind oh. you. 
She's yeah, just talking that makes to you. Sense. And you're like, ah, oh, but but Daddy said he'd be there. He don't He's like a piece you. Of shit. It doesn't matter if he buys you hats. He don't like you. But my yeah. dad would never buy me hats. My <laughs> big head wouldn't fit you? one. Yeah. <laughs> your dad doesn't like you because you can't catch a Because you're baseball. a mongoloid. You can't throw a football. And you're a fat kid with Coke bottom he glasses. He never taught me to throw a football. He doesn't care that I was doing drugs when I was pregnant. I don't know where. And drinking heavily. <laughs> That's what messed up your sight. Why isn't he mad and at you, Mom? Head of yours. Like, why isn't he mad at you, Mom? Oh, he's mad at me, too. <laughs> oh, why? I don't know. You're there with the suitcase. Now, now you know that your whole childhood was being ruled by the white mercy. Uh, but it yeah. still is. There, there is this, there is this voice talking to little Clark, pretty much telling him, "Listen, I'll help you beat the shit out of these people and kill them." Uh, but what's weird is, do you see there where it's being talked to, and the hat is in the water? Then, when it says, "But first, I need you to help me," and it's very odd because he he drops the hat for some reason in the water. And Maybe I don't it's know. It's like teleported away. It's weird though. It's 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 like that to me. This is where the water was poisoned with the kryptonite. I don't get. Yeah, it. yeah. This is I, where I the just, water is. Yeah, but is it the hat? Was it him? I I don't understand. I hope that we find out exactly what's happening because yeah, the water is being poisoned by kryptonite. Though yeah, I that's really just out of nowhere. Yeah, and I really don't understand what the end game of that was, unless it was just to kill him. That's the thing. It's almost in my mind. It's just there because this is becoming a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird, though. You know what I mean? Like, I need more. Like, it's dream logic. You don't need an explanation. It just happened. I'm telling you. I wasn't that that angry about it. I'm not now. It's just I want to know where one thing leads to I want to know what – I'm saying in my mind this is all a dream. They're all having this shared dream of this fucking Smallville some when – and I just want to know why a figment of some of Superman's imagination is having a narrative all his own. That's what like, I yeah. That's what doesn't make sense. Uh, I hope that we find out. But yeah, super. It's funny too because Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman then get in Pa Kent's truck. Do I have to start worrying about people in my dreams going off and having maybe their own adventures? They're going to have their own me. dreams in your dreams. But yeah, Liars. they're, they're going to go into town. And there's a couple weird things here. Number one, I really did think that Pa was pushing for them to change their costumes because he's even like, yeah, you know what? People wouldn't know what's going on with you the way you guys look. And they just get they cram get into my they, truck. Yeah, they cram into the truck. Now, Wonder but, Woman, you get next to me. I'm going to so use good, the though, shifter. And, because <laughs> through this whole through this <laughs> through this whole issue, you have the thing where. Clark does think it's time travel. He does think that even if it's not time travel per se, he thinks that if he says too much, he's going to fuck up a timeline. He might ruin everything. That's the thing, too. Thinking it's time travel, it would be time travel to this Superman, so it wouldn't affect him at all. I know. That's weird. I just think, but again, I do think that he would care anyway. Yeah, you don't want to fuck up time. He doesn't want to screw pop and all these, but it's so great because they're in the truck and they're Clark's trying to figure out what he should say, what he should do. Batman's just there so fucking pissed off. He has not been happy. This is ridiculous. He didn't want to go. I like his lines. This is is ridiculous. This is funny as hell to me. It is. What's great to me is you go through the whole progression. He didn't want to go to the dinner. He gets there. 
John heat visions his ass and knocks him down, almost kills him. And then he has ruins, to wear a ugly ruins his clothes. shirt. He's got to put on a rainbow fucking sequin, like, you know, the, the fucking plaid shirt, but it's got a rainbow pattern. Then Superman makes fun of him. That's not even him, Everybody but makes a laughing. funny story. They all point and laugh at him, and then <laughs> this shit happens. This is the worst day. Like, if the man who had everything, it's the man who was pissed off about everything. The man who wasn't even supposed to be here today. Yeah, this is like me every time we do the podcast. It's fucking, yeah. this is ridiculous. He's so mad. But Wonder Woman's there, and it, she just wants to help. And she she's really good about the whole thing. She yeah. just wants to help. She didn't have uh, any other plans that night. But the the weird thing also is later when they're talking, when they're going through the woods and stuff, they're going to find John, and he has gone off to a place. Pa thinks that he goes to this place all the time, so that's where he must be. And he is right. Fishing hole. Yeah, he is right. But as they're going, Wonder Woman and Batman, like the whole thing is like, did you see him looking at Smallville? It wasn't. It wasn't like he was there before. It was in wonder. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, that threw me off because threw me I off think, so bad. Number one, he is back in in time to him of a place that he hasn't seen in a while. If I and, came to Quaker Town fucking twenty years ago, I would be like, "Oh man, I remember that movie theater." Oh Jesus Christ, look at these people! And, and I, it's so I, weird though because like Wonder Woman's going off on this whole thing where like it's he's never been here before. Yeah, we didn't get anything from the dialogue or thought no, balloons of Superman it, before this, this. It almost seems to just. That's that's pretty forced. And He's jumping to some wild ass conclusions. Yeah, it's just like even her just saying that, like, oh, like she knows him. I wish Batman were like, what the hell Shut are you the talking fuck about? Up. But that's where Batman's like, I don't know. Uh, and he says something's not right. If we're in the past, then it's very likely we changed our present and the future. Butterfly effect aside, since I'm the only one that seems to care, we still don't know where we gotta go. It's so funny. He's so mad. And, he's like, and she's like, listen, you know what? I know what it's like. I've been searching for Themyscira. He's like, I'm not talking about you. Shut the we fuck get, up. You want to find, find Themyscira? A Let's get the fuck out of here and go find it in our world because shit is not right here. And then he says, listen, I'll dumb it down for you. Uh, you know what? He's using his his heart, not his head. And let's go. And then Di- that's when Diana's like, "We're not at war here, Bruce." And I think he's like, "No, I'm at war with you morons because none of you can fucking." Why are we up. fucking teammates? Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna really, go hang out with Clayface he's, and he's Batwoman. Questioning everything now, but yeah, and you're gonna continue the whole thing where uh, Superman just doesn't know what to say. To his dad. He wants to talk to him. He he really does want to talk about his son and how, hey, even the whole thing, this would be the thing of everybody but me to say, hey, dad, you know what? You did a good job. You know what? I'm a dad now and I'm using the same fucking things that you taught me. To, to go here hey, and then dad, you would hope I don't show up for my boy on the weekends either just yeah, like you yeah, taught and I'm like hey dad uh, I told the kids that they should drink the broth of soup at the Chinese restaurant to save a dollar <laughs> ten <laughs> way to go buddy uh, it's just weird but that's where Superman ends up finding the hat that we were saying and all of a sudden Superman starts getting sick and falls into the river and, and it's nobody notices right away no. <laughs> it's funny Superman's pointing He's like, look at here. And there's Batman. It looks like he's got a stomach ache, like he's about to have diarrhea. And he just falls in. And uh, Pa saves him. He jumps in and gets him, pulls him out. And I really liked it, though. Uh, but that's when Wonder Woman and Batman found uh, Clark. 
And yeah. that's when he's like, oh, my God, you're alive. And they're just going. But it's so it's so weird just how they are having this thing inside. And it's also and they tell you how the river's laced with kryptonite for yeah, some and reason. It's laced with kryptonite. And that's, that's or funny. traces. Batman goes, I saw traces of kryptonite in the water. If I was Superman, I'd like, Might have said something, yeah, huh? heads up there, buddy. Why didn't you give me, you know, some sort of, you know, a warning? Um, Greatest detective. Yeah. Not the greatest speaker, huh? Yeah, so you leave Dick. it out where and, – and Pa tells little Clark, listen, me and your mom will always be there. And it's weird because there's Superman where he knows that's not true. As long as this ends up being anything like – what you know, you don't know yeah. because his – the new 52 Superman really got screwed. Like, yeah, he had no know, parents. Yeah, yeah. They, they ended up dying. I think it was his prom. I think that's – it was some – it was the prom, right? Because they I don't went on the way back, they died. got killed in a car accident. And uh, so you're having this, you're having there, and everything seems okay at this point, even though Superman still – or Batman still looks pissed. And uh, But everybody's okay now, but then you go back to what's happening now. That's where John has gone out to see what happened with his dad. He's knocking on the uh, – the fucking barn. Barn that's know, covered in fucking vines. Don't know how does Lois not see this? She's Lois, a great reporter and investigator. Yeah, she's an investigative reporter. She can't look out her window and say, "Oh my God, something's wrong with her barn." Like yesterday, it was not it fucking covered in in this fucking. Well, vines. I'm done breakfast. I guess it's pill thirty. Yeah, really. It's like it's beer forty. It's five o'clock somewhere, son. <laughs> She is passed out in the woods. Jack, right can you open now. this bottle of wine for me? Yeah. She's like, huh, that's interesting. I'll be I'm gonna take the tunnel out to the woods and pass out again. Call <laughs> Kathy, you guys can play. But yeah, he goes and he's like, Huh, all this and then you there's somebody who shows up in the you know, trench coat says the seeds work, like you I see told the, you they the beard I'm talking about though. Yeah, I see it. It's still weird though. It still <laughs> does not look like a woman. Uh but yeah, it's like your father should have taught you better. Uh, never take treats from strangers. And you look, John's fucked. He's going to be with them now. He's completely yeah. covered. So he is being affected now. Though he's also just right out in the open. I don't know if she's going to pick him up and put him inside. So maybe Lois Doesn't matter. Might... Lois won't matter. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Lois will trip over him and go, God damn it. I told Clark fucking to move these kids. logs. <laughs> It'd be so ridiculous. I realize, John, stop fucking around. Yeah, that's what she'll go. She'll go, John, what are you sleeping for? Yeah, go to bed, Johnny. You know what? I love you. Mommy's <laughs> going to go drink some out. glass of wine. Out. Oh, my God. She, uh, mommy's got a writer's group to go to. It's just her. <laughs> she's just there. And she's like, I brought all my friends three bottles of wine. Hey, girls, you're looking good. Starts fucking <laughs> pounding them, <laughs> popping pills. Uh, but, yeah, then you see. Yeah. There she's really is, bored as a housewife. Yes, there's, she she doesn't have much to do. You have uh, Superman. It looks like the whole thing that it is spelled out later that Mongol is involved, uh, like yeah. he always is with this. But this is Poison Ivy here is involved as well. And it seems that this was only supposed to be Clark. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman were not supposed to be involved. She's like, oh, you brought your friends. That was unexpected. And I don't know if that's a key thing, too. I'm saying that. Why... There they are out of costume. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because when they're in this dream, they're in their costumes. In their dream, they're just, no, I'm just there. I'm just saying, though, Poison Ivy seeing that Bruce Wayne is there. Oh, I know. I know. It, it is weird. Um, also, like they said... Uh, why would she even know where to go to get Superman? Who knows? You know, I don't know. But the, the one thing also in this, and really, I don't even know. Maybe this is a dream in a dream, Eric. Uh, but Liars. yeah, 
You look at Superman, Clark. I know he's a pretzel, Jim. Yes, Clark is smiling up a storm. He's loving it. Fucking Bruce is pissed. And Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman isn't happy either. And yeah, obviously Batman is going to be the the key to getting at all this where he's not supposed Bunch to be there. They dummies. just said that, so that's why it isn't affecting them like Clark. Clark is going fully in with this stuff and looking at things with wonder, while Wonder Woman's being nice about it. But still realizes it's not right, and and Bruce is completely like this is fucking nonsense. This is ridiculous. And Poison and Ivy I think tells it's because us well that there, he will take care of you in yeah. there. So yeah. we have this he who we think is Mongol, but yeah, and we it's think just so Mongol weird having this talk. dream master going on inside their minds for the Black yeah. Mercy. Yeah, it's just weird, and uh, the way it's spelled out with Superman, I don't think Frenny's going to get what she wants uh, because she wants to see. Uh, like a Batman thing where all of a sudden you see Batman and his parents not being murdered. You know, you know the whole typical thing. I don't think we're going to get this because this was all set up to be against Clark and to be against Superman. They were just there. Oh, your friends are there with you. Oh, that's unexpected. But you know what? It won't matter. Poison Ivy will take care of you. And then she says, may he have mercy on all of you. And it's, it's, it is weird. It's weird to think Poison Ivy's being involved in this. We'll see how it happens or see what happens. But I really did like, I, we were making jokes about Lois or whatever. I like I really the art, liked, but like, I don't know. I just found myself confused throughout this issue about I was what the confused, rules are. But I'm just, I'm still at this point. Like I said, I'm confused a lot of times in justice league. I've been fucked too many times. I'm not going to just bend over and take it anymore. <laughs> Francis Manipal still has, the you know he still has my trust because what i've got i'd like i really do like the you know little clark there it's confusing i don't understand it uh you can throw a lot away like you can say a lot of times like hey it was magic well this is a dream world they're in yeah. so crazy shit can happen maybe he's playing around with that but i gave it a nine out of ten and really most a lot of that was art uh, the art is incredible in this book and i'm very interested to see what happens um, you give I think it? I'd give it an uh, – I'm between a 7.5 and an 8 out of 10 okay. because I'm telling you, I like the art. I like the where we're going. It's just this issue didn't do a lot for me with any yeah. kind of explanation. Like I just, said, it's weird because that first issue just seemed to be getting them together with that yeah. party. This one seemed more like the number one issue of the story. So I think that it's a lot of setup and a lot of mystery. And then the, now I don't have any I say rules, this, though, from what I, I know. I say this, well, that's the next issue. We better learn some rules because now we know that they're – before, me and you pretty much said they're in the Black Mercy. It's yeah. a Black Mercy thing. This is a White Mercy. Really, if you didn't know that, if you went into this and had no idea anything about Black Mercy or White Mercy, any mercy at all, you only find that out the last page. Yeah. So to actually give us rules before we even know what's going on would have been weird. You know what Agreed. I mean? But because we pretty much said – Well, saying, the we White Mercy is different on. than the Black Mercy. They've yeah. created this whole like nightmare White Mercy for this yes. story, I guess. And I'm but saying even if, it, yeah, even if it was the Black Mercy that we're, we're sure, it's just the Black Mercy. It's the same thing we saw before. We wouldn't have known that until the last two pages. Yeah. So to set up real rules before that – it would have been too soon because you wouldn't even know what's going on. Like I, I think we are skewed a little because we kind of knew what was somewhat going on. Right. So we want more explanation, but yet we weren't even supposed to know that before. We were just too goddamn smart, Eric. That's right. Goddamn smart. We knew it. But no, I'm really gonna, I'm, don't I'll know much seven, else. I'll give it a 7.8 out of 10 right no, now. All right. All right. Well, we're going to move on 
to the mail section number three, and then after that, we're going to be back with Reginald Drinkwater. Reg Reggie will be to here town. for an extended amount of time, and we'll talk about his books. But first, we'll go to the mail. <laughs> First one's from Jeremy. Jeremy says, Hi, guys. Hope you're doing well. I'm halfway through episode 92 and enjoying it immensely. I must say it was a blast hearing you read out my email. I'm way behind on my reading, so won't comment on specific issues this time around. I will say, though, that I'm very excited to hear about the forthcoming Batwoman title. and will definitely add it to my pull list. I love Epting's artwork. I first encountered it in Avengers back in the 80s and then came across it some years later on CrossGen's Crux. I can see his style really suiting the character, the kind of weird stuff she gets into. She gets into some weird stuff. Space stuff. Space. I don't know much about Marguerite Benet, which uh, we, we always, is it Marguerite Benet, which I think is an awesome name. Yeah. Is it Marguerite Bennett? Is it Margaret Bennett? That sounds terrible. Sounds like a lady. <laughs> and now it will be that. But yeah, I like Marguerite Benet. That's so what I'm I. going with. Sounds fancy. But I'm looking forward to seeing her take on the character, too. Something to get excited about for next year. She's good. I like Marguerite Benet. She's okay. Yeah. I, I actually I don't have, a, like, a lot of stuff going with her. What was that one? That, it was uh, the Anchorage, that Batman was Annual, Batman, right? Batman yeah. Annual. Uh, but also I've read a couple That's of the Bombshells. Ago. I read that Bombshells and reviewed the Bombshells Annual that she did was really good. I liked it. Yeah, so. I reviewed the early Bombshells that she did. And it was just okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Annual I really like. I do have a question for you, though. I've been enjoying Marvel's epic collection releases, not least because a lot of them have been collecting runs that were around when I first started collecting comics in the 80s. They tend to collect about 20 to 25 issues of a particular character or team in full color for a fairly reasonable price. I can usually get them from Amazon around uh, 20 to 25 pound, Eric. My question is, would you like to see DC do something similar? I would. Yeah, people and and really a lot of people that we talk up to and talk to us about stuff, they always do want to know about the history of characters and stuff. So I think they would sell. Now you say all this, I really want that app, Eric. That's all I want. I want DC to have more about that app, like the Marvel Unlimited app, so that we could really. How great would it be just for us personally, where you know. Sometime Reggie and Chris are like, oh, for the, the Cosmic Treadmill, we're going to talk about Teen Titans 42, and you could go on that app and read it. It'd yeah, be so great. good. Like, a lot of people are listening to the Cosmic Treadmill, especially. That's the one where 
they, they like listening to Chris and Reggie, but how great would it be to read along with them and know like that exactly booster gold? Yeah, I'd like and, to read that yeah. booster gold. And sometimes they'll spell it out that week. I don't know how some of the people are going to get the issues. You know what I? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That. So I would love that app even more. Time to yeah. start digging through the back issues of your local yeah. comic book shop yeah. and pray to God that they have. Yeah, really, and pray to God it's not fucking crazy amount. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, that first the, guy Gardner appearance I got. Yeah, yeah, really. The Marvel Epic Collection releases, if, if they're what I think they are, I always look at them the few times I go to the comic store. I do like the idea of them. Personally, yeah. I I don't have a lot of time, but I think that DC would do good to do something like that. Uh, he says, if so, which particular runs of older comics would you like to see collected? All of them. Yeah, I'm saying I, I have you no have idea off the top of my head. You're going to be like the Tower of Babel? You're going to say that one? I have the Tower of Babel. I don't know. I'm just saying whatever I could think. You, you think you'd want something printed like the Killing Joke? You want that printed oh, up yeah. there? Yeah. Sure. I know that uh, at our library we have like Robin the Boy Wonder Volume 2. And it's a lot of black and white stuff. I like looking through it. It's kind of I, I actually like to see the Robin series from the nineties all like put together. Well, see, there you go. Speaking personally, I love, that. I love to see collections of the Conway era, Justice League of America, the early runs of Fury of Firestorm, and the Monk Newton Colon era of Batman and Detective Comics. And I probably butchered those names. Probably. Yeah. Not only would this satisfy my growing sense of nostalgia. But it would also be a very cost-effective way to making available some very good stories. What do you think? Uh, I don't have a lot of stories old. Thing. I'm fairly new, you know, uh, from New 52 on. So because of that, most of the stuff that I do want to read or did read is readily available. But yeah. yeah, I'd like again though. I'd love to have that app, Eric, because then it's just it's all there. And if I hear something or you say to me, you know what I like? You just said it. You like those Robins? I'd be like, yeah. boy, Eric really likes that. I got a couple of minutes of free time. I'm going to check it out. And instead of buying, I could just pull up an issue and look through it and see if I like it. I really love that app. But they, they are so – they seem set against doing anything of the sort. They're just lazy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for the stupendous effort you put into the podcast. Thanks to the regular listeners who emails, rant, raves, and songs make the whole thing feel very much like a community of created, creative and slightly demented fans. <laughs> All the best, Jeremy. And now he says, P.S. I would attach a communique from the recently formed Department of Comic Book Plot Integrity, the DCBPI, uh, Eric. You know the DCBPI, which the I hope you and your listeners <laughs> will find useful or at the very least amusing. And I want to tell you that I, I'm putting it on the site. It'll probably yeah. be up before this podcast, especially. It's actually ready to be published on the site as we record. I looked record. at it today. I was like, what's yeah. going on with this? Yeah, I, I want to make sure I have it right. And I might even find some pictures and stuff that go in. Now, of course, I didn't even ask Jeremy if he wanted that. But to, to read it, I don't think I'd do it justice anyway. And I think it's funny to have it as a, like a, a phony document on the yeah, site. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah, you can go and see that on our site, which is weirdsciencedccomics.com, Eric, and it will be up when you are listening to this. So go check it out. The next email is Thanks, from Jeremy. G. Yeah, G says, go Dodgers. All right. Yeah. Hey, spoiler alert. They, <laughs> they lost. We're it's in the funny. future. Uh, as we were reading or as we were doing the podcast, you had seen a tweet or whatever that the Cubs had won. Yep. And I was like, oh, man, G mentions it later how much of a Dodger fan he is. Hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. 
I love listening to episode 93. Is it wrong for me to be more excited the longer your episodes are? Usually people get excited when things are longer, right? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw the running time of 11 hours, I was ecstatic before I downloaded it from your website. Now, I will say, G is a newer listener. And it's weird because we we hear this as people go. Usually you have the whole thing where they first start like, Boy, that that's pretty Jeez. intimidating. Those long ones, and then the next thing you know, everybody wants you know fourteen hour ones. We do a seven hour one. You fucking slackers. Yeah, I think this one actually. I think this one is going to be a little less uh, in length, and I, I will get crap for it. People are like, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh, you you do this and that and whatever. I said my biggest fear, and I see this all the time. Say we do get on Patreon or we right. do whatever we do. I always see reviews and the people are like. Yeah, they were good until they started that Patreon, and now it's bullshit. I could just see it where they're like, yeah, you know, it's bullshit. Since Patreon, they only have an eight-hour podcast, those fucking lazy asses. But, yeah, he's all excited. Now, here, here is where uh, G proves, number one, that he is more of a recent listener, but number two, he's got a heart of gold, Eric, all right. uh, unlike me, because he says, I'm sorry to hear that your dad passed away, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh gee i love you you're you're a nice guy i just realized that you guys have tragic parental circumstances like the heroes of the dc universe yeah unfortunately my tragedy was when he was alive yeah pretty much you have a different circumstance than me my dad just he might as well have been out of my life fucking 40 years ago you guys are the green lanterns of dc comic reviews jim is like hal jordan or Aquaman. But I thought Green Lantern's a DC comic review sounded cooler, who also lost his dad at a young age. See, I think he's he's getting this confused. Yeah. Um my dad died yeah. Two Aprils ago. Two two years ago. Two Aprils. Oh, almost two I don't even know. I, I I'm telling you, G, I I didn't like my dad. I hated his guts. I, I could care less if he lived or died. it's sad to say, but yeah. I, and really, if he taught me anything, was not to be a piece of shit like him so that my kids don't hate me later. But yeah, and he says, and Eric's like Kyle Rayner. His dad leaves him at a young age. And really, I get a cough again. You talk about your dad because it really wasn't that young an age. I was 19 when he died. But well, besides that, out, he was in and was, out of your life. He was in and out of my life for like five years. I didn't see him for one, like from uh, nine to 14. My dad was in and out of underwear while he sat on the couch and yelled at me. And basically ruin every dream that I had. You want to talk? You want to go and I'll sit on the psychologist couch right now? You want to realize why I hate everything and have negative? Because my dad fucking pounded that into me. That if I actually felt joy about something, he would fucking ruin it for me. So now I just ruin it for myself immediately. So yeah, gee, I, I, it, it's no good to get excited about anything. You want to be a psych, uh, fucking archaeologist, Eric? That's fucking nonsense. Especially until, for a dummy like you. Until 25 years later when you, you know what? You should have been an archaeologist. Thanks a Thanks, lot. Thanks, Dad. Fucking jerk. Eric, what if you find out your dad was really a CIA agent too? Well, well I don't know because he did a lot of drugs and drank for that in my <laughs> mind. Yeah, maybe he was D.E.O. Freaking, you know, maybe he was uh, one of those guys that got in too deep, right? He maybe. was undercover. Too deep. It's been challenging for me to catch up on my comics this week. And I, I'm telling you, I really, I, I thank you, G, for thinking the best and, and actually having some concern 
uh, whether or not it, it was needed. But, yeah, I, that shows me that you are actually a good person who, See, who thinks the best of people. The worst is, too, like uh, my father died in June of 2002. The last time I talked to him was in April, and I kind of yelled at him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to – well, my dad – I've told the story a bunch of times, but my dad was uh, – he got sick. He went into the hospital. He was in a coma for a couple months. Within that time, we were on the Evine Live television show, and I left the the hospital room (laughs) to go do that because, you know, things are important. And then I screamed and yelled at my mom in the hospital room because my dad never wanted to talk to me, could care less about me. Now, I, I did say, I think a couple times, he did seem to really like my wife and kids, though. He was very nice to them. But even when I would go over there, you know, this isn't something that he had decided later in life. Oh, my God, I made a mistake. He did. He, that guy didn't think he ever made a mistake. No. So I would he go over. He had revisionist over, history. See what he, he had. I would go over and he would start coming up with things to yell at me about. Like I went to college. I paid for my whole college. He started screaming that he paid for it. A bunch of bullshit. And I couldn't convince him otherwise. And I, I'd love to say that he was senile. Didn't, no. He just no. thought that that was how it was. Uh, and. I went to the my mom basically at one point at work called and said, "Listen, you, you got to come to the hospital tonight." Because really, even that he was in the hospital for months. I went yeah. there twice, and the the last time was my mom telling me, "Hey, he's gonna die. You better get there." So okay, whatever. And I really, all in all, I went for my mom really because she did seem upset then. Though I knew that she was freaking counting the days. Like each day she woke up, she probably got on the phone. Did he die yet? No, Jesus Christ! And he just waited. Where am I gonna she get was, that money? My dad didn't like dogs. He went in the hospital. At this point, nobody knew that he was bad off or whatever. My mom went out and bought a dog that day. <laughs> and when I said. Dad doesn't like dogs. She goes, he's not coming home. I'm telling you, if, if I would have walked in the room and she was in one hand a pillow over his face and the other hand, you know, uh, pinching the goddamn IV, it, it wouldn't have shocked me one <laughs> goddamn bit. Uh, but, yeah, I go in there and she starts yelling, oh, thank God you're here. I know he can hear you. Now, my dad at this point had pretty much been brain dead, I think, yeah. for, for weeks. He knows you're here. I know it. I'm like, really? He knows I'm here. Yeah, he knows you. He's sorry. And I started yelling at him and my mom. I'm like, oh, he knows I'm here. Hey, how about you should have paid attention to me? I fucking everything at him. Like I never yelled at him. I'm yelling at this fucking half-dead body. And then my mom's like, I can't believe you said this stuff. I mean, he fucking doesn't hear me. And then she's like, oh, you're never going to talk to me again. Ah. And then I fucking lied. I'm like, no, no, that's not true. I'll, I'll visit. I fucking didn't visit. I just saw her the other day. That's well, what this all leads to. Mistake. I ran into her at Walmart. I tried to turn around and run. And she saw you. Jimmy. Yeah, she saw me. She's like, Jimmy, I was there with my son, Logan. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, my. Why do you hate me? And what, what's up with Rafe here? I'm like, that's Logan. Oh, oh no. And she's like, why didn't you come over my house? Why didn't you come over my house? Got me there. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go. No. Then I told her, she's like, kept following us around. And then she's like, knock it off, mom. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I never see you guys. Yeah. Well, I work during the day. Why don't you go and see Tanya during the day? (laughs) And then I said, at the point when my dad uh, died, 
she got a lot of money was what she said. I don't know how much it was, but it yeah. seemed my dad worked for IBM. He had stock. He had all this crazy stuff, and he was a cheap man. He just saved everything. So it seemed when she was when he finally did die and she actually got mad because it took a while to get the money. When she got the money, it was basically like, oh, well, I don't have to work anymore. Well, we saw her the other day. She's like, I said, oh, you're not working. Oh, yeah, I have to work full time now. When she actually walked away, Logan goes, boy, she blew through that money quick. I'm like, yeah, she did. We were laughing. But, ah, yeah, gee, there you go. There's my backstory. It's been challenging for me to catch up my comics this week since the Dodgers have been playing the Nationals and the Cubs this week. And each game had me on the edge of my seat. I bled Dodger Blue since I was born, even when they were sucking. And I hope that they go all the way to the World Series, even if the Cubs are incredible this year. I want the Dodgers to win, but I have to admit that the Cubs are really good. By the way, since you guys are from Pennsylvania, are you guys Philadelphia Philly fans or Pittsburgh Pirate fans, or are you fans of other baseball teams? And I, right now I said, I, we talked about it already, I would consider myself a Philly fan. Yeah. Uh, but growing up, I was a Yankee fan. I know a lot of people hate the Yankees, but I was just, I was very into baseball. And if you're a little kid who's into baseball, boy, the, the Yankees history is pretty much oh, yeah. at a point, the history of baseball. And I was really into the history of baseball. And my buddy's dad uh, would take us to probably about five Yankees games a year. And we would go. So I actually started liking them. But I really, I went to college and I just kind of got away from baseball. It just I, watch, I probably watch a Philly game probably like uh, maybe five times a year if I'm lucky. Yeah. And then I like halfway through, I'm like, why am I watching this? Yeah, it's tough. And and the Phillies are, are just not good now. Uh, but yeah, it, it's weird. When I was in, when I went to West Virginia, that was when the Pits, uh, the Pirates were good at that point when they were, you know, they, they were going against the Braves a lot yeah. and stuff like that. But really, I, I really wasn't that concerned by them. But yeah, he says, now to Superman number nine. I had so many questions at the end, which, which a great cliffhanger should always do. Do you think that was Captain Storm who held his own leg at the end of the issue? Or do you yeah. think it was someone that traveled to that time and took the leg after killing him in that time after Superman left? No, you said it all. He got, he grabbed it out of the Say, you know, Clark the left, he was teleported deal. with it. Somehow it didn't make the trip yeah. with him. This guy ended up with it. Yeah, I think it would be a trip if the villain ended up being Captain Storm that was making that squid attack Superman and Superman issue number two. And it's weird. This was just a two-part story for Darwin Cook. That was the thing that they tried to tie it in to make yeah. it go on. I don't know how much more we're going to see, you know. We can't just be uh, left open soon. with that kind of cliffhanger. I think it's going to be down the line, though, because we're doing the, the – Pretty much the Super Sun story for a while now. I don't think that that's. Oh, we don't know who the bad guy is of that. Yeah, I don't even know that there is a bad guy. It might just be them just together because it she seems that that's bad guy. Be. Yeah, the bad guy or the fucking Lois. Yeah, she's <laughs> not paying attention. Seeing Captain Storm, Superman, Jonathan, and Crypto take on the dinosaurs and monsters was really cool. Tomasi and Gleason should show Steve Orlando how to do filler issues since the <laughs> most recent two Superman issues were better than the whole six issue Night of the Monster Man crossover. Do you think DC realizes this? I don't know because I'm, I'm all we hear is greatness whenever That's they talk I mean. about Steve Orlando. Do you think that they like? I'm telling you, if you're a video game fan and you go a little bit back, it's like when Microsoft signed an exclusive Rare and got nothing from them. Yeah, this is what I think Steve Orlando is giving them. It's like they thought he was this great guy, and all of a sudden, and they really, if anything, they weren't going by sales. 
They were never going to say, oh, no. we're signing Steve Orlando exclusive because, boy, that guy puts the fannies in the seats. What they were, what they had to have been going with is, we love Steve Orlando because, critically, he's a critical darling. All the critics love him. Oh, my God. he's So, so I think they think in their mind, hey, he may not sell a lot of books, but it's, it's not his fault. He's a great writer. Everybody loves him. He's going to click. Everything's going to click, and now we're going to go, and it didn't click, and it's getting worse. No, it's worse. not working. It's getting worse, and uh, Supergirl's selling. I can't say yeah. that Supergirl is not selling, and that's probably the best of all the books, followed by Midnighter. The, this Night of the Monster Man was just garbage, and yeah. nobody, throw everybody. The, the most I can tell from the, the most positive person would say, well, you know what? It had some interesting ideas. You know, <laughs> you get that hokey thing. Today, our our Twitter feed ended up, or you know, our our page ended up being pretty much a ten person attack on the Night of the Monster Men, uh, almost two weeks after it's ended. Like yeah. this is how bad it was that people hated it, and really, if anything else, it, they it's got to let that hate go. It's got to skew though people like. People are saying already now. Brandon, he'll he'll say it all. He's been saying Steve Orlando, you know. But even people who didn't before, are like, boy, I don't think I'm going to deal much with this Steve Orlando anymore and stuff like that. I see it all the time now. I I just don't get the idea that they that DC it's they're reacting at all to it or Brian Hitch for that matter. Well, they always react late to things, so who knows? Yeah, it's weird though. Like in the New Fifty Two, you had a thing if you weren't around then. Where Batgirl completely changed. This new look, she went to Burnside, which, you know, you're kind of getting it now. You'll get an idea. But it became the Batgirling of the DC. Where yeah, they needed to change things like up to be a little more lighthearted. Yeah, all of a sudden, every book seemed to change. You had young kids. Social media was being mentioned all over every book that came out. And this was like Dr. Fate. Freaking all these books. Even We Are Robin to a degree, but that was a decent yeah. book. Yeah, but it just... It seemed, and then it became the reverse where they claim that the DC editors had to go to the writers and say, listen, stop Batgirling the DCU. Like it went back, but it seemed like they are very reactionary and they go by the wrong things. They really do. I, I really, to me, if a book doesn't sell consistently, that there's something wrong with the book. Yeah. And, and if you, they have to get on the, the, the train early. They're, like you said, they're always late, and they're always too late. And I thought this rebirth was going to be a different thing then. I thought this was showing. And even the whole thing, we, we yelled and screamed about signing people exclusive, and we thought that was also. They were always late. They People were leaving. But, boy, they're just signing everyone. Yeah. I, just, I, I wonder what they think of Steve Orlando, like uh, behind closed doors. I just wonder if they I only hear good things. Yeah, I, I do too. It's weird. Although the recent two... Where filler issues, these books still manage to tie into the overarching storyline, while at the same time providing a compelling adventure with the Superman family. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Is it wrong that I find it sometimes more fun and interesting listening to you guys talk for 11 hours than listening to my girlfriend talk for an hour? <laughs> I'd rather talk to you guys for 11 hours than I talk to mine. I don't think I've actually talked to my wife for like a, a consecutive hour in like 10 years. Oh, I, I haven't done it in a long ass time, too. That's a lot of time. 
That's a lot. She, she, me and my wife have such weird, different interests. Like, she's not going to talk to me about comic books, and I'm not going to talk to her about cops and the show with Joe Kenda, this, this fucking detective Fuck show. Fuck Joe Kenda. It's this detective show that's wildly popular that she watches. I think it's on the ID network. Guy is pretty funny. But uh, he's just this old, retired detective that he talks about these cases that he was on, and they reenact them. And it's funny because the guy's not good looking. The reenactors, fucking best looking guys ever. Of course. Yeah, and then I broke into this fucking, you know, house. And you see, and I'm like, that is no Joe Kenda. Joe Kenda's like, I might not be good looking now, but back then I was handsome, baby. You should have saw me. But yeah, sincerely, G. Thank you, G. Thank you, G. Uh, Christian, this next one. Dear Spoon James and America's Sweetheart, Eric Shea. Yeah, we finally got another Just for the Hell of It podcast. That was awesome, guys. Though after Jim talked about how he liked Easter better, I had a question. How does anyone enjoy Cadbury eggs? Those (laughs) things are just the epitome of gross candy with their weird-tasting filling. Uh, I just love them. I remember when they came out, and it was just when I was a kid, I could just love everything that was sweet. So yeah. those are about the sweetest things that I went with. That was during those times I loved rock candy. That yeah. has to be the worst, right? Rock candy. The only time I get rock candy is if I was visiting like Crystal Caves or some shit. Yeah, yeah, you'd get that. I, I actually got it within the past year, uh, and it's disgusting. Also, Cadbury egg, though, I'll get at least once a year yeah, because I, like I need to be reminded how sweet yeah, they are. I so never, so I don't get it until another year. They're so sweet. Also, crackle bars are delicious. Not compared to fucking crunch bars. No. Crackle just, that's, that's the crunch bars. Redheaded stepchild of fucking uh, crackle yeah. crunch spice bars. Anyway, man. keep up the good work. Sincerely, Christian. And we're going to go hey, off Chris. now. Before we get back to the books, we're going to go. Christian actually sent in a review for the Mark Miller, Greg Capullo book, Reborn. Uh, Reborn nice. number one. We're going to go. He has a really quick review on that. So we're going to go to that and then we'll be back with the other books. Hi, this is Christian Faltz coming at you with Image Instant. We're going to be talking about Reborn, which was written by Mark Millar and art by Greg Capullo. We start off in Minneapolis in 2002. We get to see a guy sitting copy get snapped right through his neck. And then we see an old man trying to escape, and then he gets sniped as well. And it looks like he wakes up in a grassy field looks a lot younger. And a lady says, hey, I can't, don't have time to explain things. There's other problems right now. And then she pans and looks through the grass, and we see an army approaching. And then we get to find out that there's an old woman talking about all the people that has died in her life, or how her husband died. That turned out that the old man that got sniped by a sniper in 2002 was her husband. We get to go to all the other people that died in her life. Her father, how her father died, how her best friend died. And we find out that she has no faith in anything. That once we die, that we just kind of shut off. We get to see her as she's on her deathbed. And she asks the nurse, do you think any of us would ever make a difference? The nurse kind of calms her down a bit. Later we get to see that she is found by another nurse. Passed out. She gets wheeled into the OR. They don't manage to save her. As she is dying on the operating table, we get to see a flash through all the memories that happened to her. We get to see the wheel of her memory shatter and then a woman is reborn under the memories. At which point she appears into a giant battlefield doesn't know what the fuck is going on. She gets saved by a badass dude in a helm who then acts as a fucking dragon when all the people of the what we assume is the bad army because it's full of demons and dragons and sorcerers they leave once you realize who this woman is and then she's like what the fuck is going on? Where am I? The, the guy that saved her and killed the dragon comes up to her goes and she asks him hey who are you? and he goes you know who I am and it turns out to be her dad and that she is and then they tell her that she is a savior that 
and that's why they left. All in all, this is a really great issue. It was um, amazing. The art was beautiful, phenomenal. Just on the art alone, I would buy this. But not only that, the story has me really intrigued. Everything just came together. It's probably one of the best comic issues I have read in a long time. I give it a 9.9 .9 out of 10. It's not only a t it's not a 10 just because I don't know where the series goes from here. Next issue, if it keeps on being as amazing as it is, that issue will probably be a 10 out of 10 because it is amazing. Definitely a buy if you can if you can get it. It's by Image. So go to your local comic book shop and grab it. You can find me on Twitter at cold underscore Christmas. You can also find me on my website, saltyplayground.com. And I'm going to go ahead and be an asshole and plug my, my podcast. That doesn't interfere with Weird Science because they do comic reviews and I only do reviews about TV and, and movie comic book adaptation and B-movies. So, But yeah, you can check that out, Salty Playground, on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts can be found. Mostly Podbean. Listening to the podcast And listen all day I just want to hear Jim's voice And not hear Eric Shay Reviews I want to hear Jim's reviews And we're back. Hey. Reggie's here. Hey, hey. Reggie. How hey, you doing? Buddy. I'm doing How well. How you doing, I'm, my man? How was your week in comics? Oh, Tell it all was about it. wonderful. Yeah. It was great, Reggie. Uh, How about you, Eric? The hell you guys talking about? I just got back from the bathroom. Oh, no. You started. We started. About your, we uh, started. Your week in comics. It was, it was Eric, pretty that weak. That was the most intelli intelligent thing you've ever said the past minute on the uh -huh. podcast. Yeah. Sure is. Uh, I will say, Reggie, usually we yell about you getting all the good books. Yeah, that's not the case this week for you, no. I don't think. I, I like the I know of them, though. You like them enough. I, I don't know what the hell you were smoking up there in the fucking Empire State. Because dust. PC dust. You're doing some angel dust up there? That's good. Soul. That's some good stuff. Uh, it's weird. With your books, I did like two. I hated the other two. I mean, it, these are extreme. It was uh, exciting. Yeah, I didn't really I like any of your books. I didn't really, really like Eric? any of them, I, and I hated some. Yeah, well, I said to Eric that uh, for a lot of times in these last couple months with the rebirth stuff and even the other stuff that's continuing on, my biggest problem hasn't been that the books aren't good. It's actually been that they're just middle of the road a lot of yeah. times, and I would rather have like I'll I'll take two really shitty books if I can get one really good one. And really, for the podcast, I don't mind, you know, we get all fired up and yell about shit. It's the ones that are just like, meh. And I'm sure Eric's all right. first not one much is that, talk meh. About. Yeah, but, I am going to say it's a meh. I didn't mind it. I, I liked it. And, of course, we're talking about Aquaman. Uh, but, yeah, Reggie, you could give us your little blurb, and then we'll get into it. Because I think right. you're going to have to argue with Eric about how good it was. It sounds good. It was Aquaman number 9, written by Dan Abnett, art by Scott Eaton, Wayne Foucher, and Gabe El-Tayeb. What is a hero? Is a hero someone that stands up to a crusty old nun at widowhood school and defends her true love? 
or is a hero the insubordinate army captain that calls his commander-in-chief a pussy? No, a hero is someone that uses their Justice League profanity to teleport Shaggy Man into deep space despite being one punch out away from a free frozen yogurt. <laughs> yes, yes. And, he's and got, that was he's got his ticket. And uh, one thing, I heard a podcast. I told Eric I probably wouldn't say this, but I did hear a podcast earlier this week, and they were like, I don't know where he got this card. This came out of the blue. It was set up, and it was set up forcefully. Yeah, uh, we saw it last issue, didn't we? Or yeah, was we it laughed, issues? and we laughed about it. It yeah, was so forced. Like, well, we also I, laughed in Death of Hawkman with Adam Strange showing his around. I'm like, they're really yeah. pushing this just like yeah, card. Yeah, they were. Like, they were really showing that card. And, and when we when we saw it before, um, I didn't even – I thought that it was just hokey before. Not that it isn't now, but really, he did set that up. He really set it up, like I said. He really forced the issue. I'll tell you, Eric does not like this issue as much. I'll tell you right away before we even get into the – the tit for tat. The reason I like it is because we finally actually, while well, we actually get a Aquaman book where I'm interested in who he's fighting and it's something different. That's yeah. all I care about. He's fighting Shaggy Man and it's just something different. Aquaman is a book to me that has had the same goddamn story since the beginning of the new 52 we've had what now this is issue nine including annuals or whatever we've had almost 60 issues of aquaman uh since the new 52 and to me they are very boringly the same yeah and this it's not this is not and i like it that he you said reggie at the end pretty much kind of symbolically quits the justice league not that i think this is going to have any lasting things in, in the Justice League book itself or no. even this, I think this is going to lead to the Justice League kind of coming to Arthur and telling him, you know what, buddy, you're still our retarded brother. You, <laughs> you can come back because that's how he feels. You're still um, that guy who stands behind Superman. It's all yeah, right. Yeah, you're still. But I even like the fact that Merc even calls him out on that as well. And Merc almost gives him like, you know, fuck, call the Justice League. But at points he's even like, you know what, you're better – than what you're, you think. And I, I just, I like it. And I like Shaggy Man only because he is pretty much an undefeatable foe. He is like Doomsday uh, in this to Aquaman, like Doomsday would be to Superman. And he's just and wrecking he's shit. Shaggy. And he's Shaggy. So that he really. Looks, if he looked more like the uh, Andre the Giant Bigfoot in the six he looks a lot man. like that come on I, if he actually looked exactly it's the eyes <laughs> that aren't as creepy if the eyes were Doesn't in that, have andre's like, creepy ass eyes 12 out of 10 i'd give it but <laughs> i i actually like i said there's not much to the issue well, that's the thing you're talking about how we have all you know we want something to be different because the series has been the same over and over again and this issue to me is pretty much the same as the last issue with a freaking location change yeah, yeah, it's just, I, but I, I mean, thought it was kind of coming. Uh, it's just, I like here, though, that you get the whole thing that Aquaman, you realize that, you know, Aquaman might die. He's really getting the living shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And I like that. But, and, and really, they, they show a little bit of, uh, Mara, but they're, this is just Aquaman. And it's just Aquaman pretty much saying, like, you know what, uh, Atlantis, whatever surface, I just have to get this, this guy's re- wrecking shit up. And, I like it. It's not. There is a little of the, you know, that's my home, Merc, because Merc basically says, fuck it. It's on the surface now. Leave him the surface. Yeah. I don't know what Merc's thinking. Uh, Merc has been like around Aquaman. Dwellers. Yeah, Merc has been around Aquaman enough to, to know not to say that shit. Um, but I do like my it. My leash. Have you finally come to your senses? The surface yeah. dwellers yeah. suck, right? Yeah. Come and, on, and, buddy. And, yeah. And even that with the with Aquaman and the Justice League, to me, this seems like 
It is. It, to me, it's a I'm going to prove myself to himself and everyone else, and he gets the shit kicked out of him. It ends up using I mean, to smart a stubborn, a ridiculous, stubborn extent. Too, yeah. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just like, let's call the Justice League. I also love how when he's on dry land, like literally in every panel, there's one person that's like, yay, Aquaman, and then one yeah. person that's and the like, other person you suck, get out of here. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. just, so, just so we're very clear that. People are divided on the they're man. They're divided. It's yeah. like he sh- he stumbles into a debate, and they're <laughs> like, you know, they're booing him. They're hearing him. But yeah, it is this true is, that this is some nitpicky shit I got here though, because I don't know how you guys feel how close Atlantis is to Amnesty Bay. I knew it was like you know not very close, but like Aquaman was from Amnesty Bay, he'd swim out to freaking Atlantis, but yeah, yeah. they weren't a leap away from Shaggy Man jumping out of Atlantis and landing on the streets of Amnesty Bay. Yeah, I just he, think that that was just leap. them that. What's that? I he mean, Shaggy Man can really leap. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, he uh, can. I it just, just seemed like it was right off the coast. Again, I, I just took that as, okay, we have Shaggy Man. He's got to get to Amnesty Bay. We're not going to have half an issue of him fucking going. It was just yeah, as he got there. Walking and not there. wrecking shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was just like the, last, the last 30 miles. That would be the him. best issue ever. <laughs> it's just Shaggy Man walking the ocean floor. Uh, What's that? Then, that would that'd be a lot like the death of Superman where Doomsday was just walking towards Metropolis wrecking shit. The well, they had that even in... Uh, Back in the Villains Month, that was the Metallo issue, I believe yeah. it was, where Metallo's just walking the ocean. Underwater. He's walking <laughs> the, the, the bottom of the ocean, just walking. Uh, but, yeah, I, that would be ridiculous. But I just think it's one of those that once they go like, oh, my God, he's going to get the Amnesty Bay, boom, he jumps out. And he does jump, jump out. To me, all he did look a lot like Doomsday at that point. Yeah. Right? Smashing down. He's, he is wrecking shit. But like you said, then Aquaman shows up. And he says, I do like, again, Dan Abnett does a good job because, you know, sometimes these people would just have other writers might have the whole bunch of Atlantean, you know, their whole fleet go and yeah. try to stop this. But Aquaman has to stop and say, you know, you can't. See, that was a cool point. Do, I'll give you that. Yeah, If you do, the U.S. is going to take that as an act of war and we're going to be at war, though he still has Merc show up and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, the whole time then. There's not really much of it. Uh, no. Even before that, he's in Atlantis. There, they can't find him. The thing about Shaggy Man, if you don't know, is that anything he's a lot that, like Doomsday, yeah, anything that attacks him, he'll adjust to it. He'll survive and adjust to it. You can't attack him anymore. No, if you give him like an that, insult yeah. about his his shagginess, or his it, mama. it might hurt. It, it'll hurt his heart the first time. He'll he'll heal, and then you can't bully him that way. And he'll come right? back twice as racist as he no, was. You, you don't realize uh, when I now go to Wildwood, if I get kicked in the face by Puerto Rican kids or guys, it doesn't affect me anymore. I, right. I'm, I'm impervious. I'll, I am I'll prove this here. Let's put this in the test. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, no, stuff. I'm sorry, you're not Puerto Rican. You can't do it. And if they say, "Is that your boy?" I don't even know what what they're saying anymore because it doesn't affect me anymore. Now, for one thing, though, like you know, Professor Ivo, five boys. Yes, I do. (laughs) Professor Ivo creating Shaggy Man for this. I do like the fact that he can overcome this. The one problem I had, that's probably another nitpick deal. I know. But all of a sudden, he can overcome their sensors. I knew it. I knew you were going to say it. What the fuck? And it's funny because they even say at that one point, he's like, he's bioorganic. And then you're supposed to think like, okay, he's connect, like almost like a cyborg that's connecting yeah. with the computers. Oh, no. He blew our – the feedback blew it out. Now we can't affect him with the sensors. 
it is a little bit stretching. You are a shaggy man. Get the fuck out of here. It was the shag. It was the fur. You can't. The radar doesn't penetrate. The sonar doesn't penetrate that. And uh, I will say, like, before we even go on, I love the art in this issue. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, I enjoyed it as well. There is a two-panel bit that I love so much. It's when Arthur says Amnesty Bay and goes off and you have that, you know, and then the next panel when Shaggy Man shows up. And when he jumps down, it looks awesome. He looks shaggy. I wish he was just a little bit more wet looking, you know? Yeah, yeah, that is true. Like a wet dog. Exactly. Maybe he shakes it off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Throws some people out. That would have been cool, actually. Freaking people like, what the fuck is that smelling? Charles Grodin's there. It's like, Beethoven. No! Now that'd be good. Freaking John Lithgow. Uh, Yeah, besides that, though, really, it just continues the whole thing with Mara, who's at the... uh, what is it? The Tower of the Widowhood at yeah. Atlantis. And she she hears like alarms going off and shit and she wants to leave and they won't let her. But the whole time with that, it's Judy Dench. Judy Dench is yelling at her and she's basically fighting. And I really think that at the end, it, it is going to be like, so when are we going to start these lessons? My my daughter, you've already passed. It's going to be one go. of those shitty things me and Eric always laugh about. The like, lesson this is, is the in lesson. your heart all along. Yeah. Yeah, the only lesson is for her to stay, but she's what, pissed off. What's weird about that is that Mara kind of stands up for herself. She's like, you know, Aquaman is my man. You can't tell yeah. me how to when I got kick you. To, but then the with you know the uh, mother cetera is like, okay, well let's go do our lesson, and she's like, okay, she's like, like okay. she just totally like folds. it is really like, weird. And what was, it, what even, was that standing up for? I, I don't know. It, it, well, that was more filler because, again, it's also yeah. like she's like. It reminds oh, you if, that she's there, I think. That's yeah, real. and it's weird, she's too. Like, they have all these scrolls and stuff. But she's like, hey, Mara's like, I don't need to do that. And I don't know why we have this sassy voice. Uh, with her. Don't. Oh, no, you didn't. She's like, listen, I don't need to know any bit of this history, his story. And then uh, <laughs> this Judy Dench lady. What about her story? Like, I'm telling you, they like go back and forth. Like, no, you have to learn that. She's like, okay. Well, that's the thing too about this. It seemed to me that we're we're gonna sit down now. We're gonna learn some history. But all of a sudden, like, okay, let's go and do this, and let's learn. Like, yeah. what happened to the history? Well, the yeah, next well, well, the next issue is something of the. I think they're just they're, yeah. The next issue is called Widowhood. They're just yeah. they were just prepping you for more. Yeah, they're schooling prepping for next that. Issue. What's that's weird what. though is that the whole thing to me, like this, this would be something. I I don't know if you can if you can do the. Uh, uh, like a, a, I'm trying to think of like a, somebody who's getting married who is a different religion. You, you're not even just convert, but you're going to learn about their religion, or you're going to learn CCD classes. Yeah, stuff like, or even <laughs> if it's like if if you married somebody from another country, you want to learn the customs or whatever. Green cards, and I got you. Mara is too crazy in not wanting to learn this. Like she should be like, okay, you know what? If I have to do it, if it's for Arthur, I'll do it. She just keeps yelling like. I'm I'm worthy enough. This Bitch, is I've been here. Yeah, it's just so scary. I hear that. She doesn't like school, man. School's it's, for losers. It's weird though, because <laughs> really, for all of for anybody that she's doing this for, it is for Aquaman. It's for nobody else but to to make Arthur, you know, so people aren't giving him more shit. That's if, what it if, is. It really is to placate the the assholes of Atlantis, though, that hate, feel that she's oh, a half breed or whatever. And yeah. They hate her too. They, they hate, hate him. They, 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 they hate Arthur. If she, hate yeah, if she leaves, if she's like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing this." All it's going to do is cause more problems for Arthur. So I think that it's it's a little over the top for kind of like, like breaking him out of prison. Shit. 
Yeah, it's yeah, all of it. She she has been the worst. And uh, it I is just, true. Your wives never cause problems, so that no. is unrealistic. <laughs> but here's the thing: they do cause problems after the after the wedding. Only after, after the, the wedding. On the way, on the way to oh there. Oh my god! <laughs> the promises I heard. Uh, before that wedding, Jesus Christ, and then you know, then they low jobs food. every night. Well, oh, they, they eat the food that's yeah. been known to be the one food that makes women stop having sex, and that is wedding cake. Boom, boom. Ah. What do you think of that? Ah. But yeah, uh, there isn't a ton of stuff that does happen. It's just Shaggy Man. He goes. You see a lot of greatest hits. You see, uh, what's her name, uh, Officer Watson. Yeah. Uh, you see the the uh, seafood place that Arthur had, had fish. Sam Seafood. And, uh, like it is, it's like almost like a, Hey, look, this is Amnesty Bay. This is why Arthur's fighting for it because of all these memories, all these people that he likes. And yeah, you, you still do have the people there that don't like him that are giving him crap. Merck shows up and basically like, what the fuck are you doing? You're part of the Justice League. It's the one thing that, you know, the people love you for. Call those bastards. They're, they're there. I don't know. To me, Cyborg should be up there and should see what's going on here. Cyborg and they don't should chill up there no more. They shouldn't need to be called, though. There, there's some things that happen that, you know, people come, but Arthur is too. And I, again, the, the whole thing we talk about, they have some unwritten thing like, unless I call you, you don't come to Gotham. If I don't call you, don't fucking show up in Metropolis. Yeah. Don't show up in Amnesty Bay. Uh, but yeah, it's true. When the one guy says, like, oh, Jesus Christ, all you ever do is bring trouble to this town. It is true. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, what else? Yeah. And Why do we have to have a lousy half breed for a well, goddamn? All resident. they're gonna do is the only they're only gonna attack two things: Mara or Amnesty Bay. That's all that ever happens. And you're getting this, and and in all behind the scenes of all this, we have to remember too is Black Mana sent this. Now, I'm I surprised Black we didn't Man, see him here. I think that he did send it so that Arthur. Oh, to discredit him, yeah, to make up. him look and bad. I think, sure. Yeah, I think the fleet. He wanted the fleet to show up and cause a war. And it didn't happen. I think it went against his, you know, yeah. overall plan. And then tell him what happens at the end, Reggie. You, you spoil it. Uh, so Aquaman pulls out his Justice League teleport card and he slaps it into Shaggy Man's fur and he gets knocked around a little while giving it some new instructions to teleport Shaggy Man into space where he drifts to this day. Yeah. <laughs> still alive. To this day, Jim. He's That's still funny. there. Uh, I'm telling you, if you look, he's there floating in space, and then the last panel of him actually looks like it'd be an American Express card commercial. It does, yeah. It is. It's the <laughs> don't, don't leave home without, without it. It, it yeah. is. And he's there. You see that the Aquaman, and maybe some point this will come into play. I don't know what Shaggy Man's like. And then yeah, he's not instructing the computer to do anything. Uh, but at least he has the... You know, Justice League and Aquaman, he has a, a face of who he fucking hates uh, more than anything now. That's true, uh, yeah, you can keep looking at that thing. Yeah, I mean, that's all he's going to be looking at floating in space. He's going to be pissed. And I think and that's also good for Costco. So, I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. like it was nothing, right? It's, here's the thing. Eric would always like to go to the Watchtower, but he'd never get the I don't get a bonus card, card no. I'm he, sorry. He'll never have the bonus card, so he can't go. Uh, uh, but then you go back and Aquaman basically looks like he's dead. <laughs> He yeah, like, I mean, he, I mean, he gets he, up he and then falls like, straight on his face. He he looks like he's been through the fight that you've yeah. seen, and I really appreciate yeah. that because often you know too. these guys look fine. This he looks fucked up. Half and he looks he, look, he looks fucked up after like the initial blow to which it was pretty cool. Yeah, this, I, it looks I like, like he has warts. Yeah, he's on hell. And I like that even just the art and the sequence. It looks like he's doing one of those. He's he has his trident and he's trying to climb up it to yeah. stand up. 
and then he just falls right on his face and Merck's there and that that's the big the big thing at the end it's like hey can somebody help us someone and i really like that because Merck hates everybody there <laughs> he's, he's desperate though and it, you know his king is is fucked he looks like he's dying and everybody is just standing people are taking fucking selfies and stuff and he's all upset but yeah it ends with that and then it says i like it too because it does say next widowhood and if you aren't paying attention you're like oh my god fucking aquaman oh, is right. yeah, that's basically thought, what yeah. the school thing that she's yeah. in as well so i like that play on words there i thought it was pretty good but i li- like i said in the beginning of this this talk of this book i like this issue uh like we had that superman issue where it was just superman fighting you know mara and and aquaman but all that was was them throwing tanks at each other yeah that's all. just for no reason and, and punching really, each other like a hundred yeah, and feet punching each other and it didn't have any sort of substance to it for me because it didn't make sense superman showed up because the u.s government cut it was stupid this actually is you know an unstoppable foe arthur does I, we didn't mention earlier they even try to because they can't you can't outright attack Shaggy man, or he's gonna adjust. So they tried to just bury him in molten rock, yeah. shooting off the ocean rock. floor and trapping him. Didn't work. It's fucking Jason or whoever coming through the fucking surface. He was a fucking. It was like a horror movie, and I really liked it. I I really liked the the issue. It is. It, there's not tons to it, but I did like it. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, well, you know, I I said earlier before the show that uh, the main thing I appreciated was that it's a two part story. Yeah, and yeah. you don't you don't see that in comics. All these comics are written. Oh, we're getting that trade. a lot lately. But I, I I agree, Eric. We've been seeing more and more of that lately of these two and three part stories and one shots. And mm-hmm. it really, I really love it, and I really encourage it. I probably got a little too slap happy with it, but I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Yeah, I'd gi- I'd give it an eight. I really, I it was a quick read, but I I had a good time reading it, and I really like Shaggy Man in this because you Shaggy. don't have you know. It, we're gonna get Ocean Master coming up. We have Black Man already. I, I'm already done with those villains. I've yeah. seen these all the time. All of a sudden, Shaggy Man comes out of nowhere to, to be in an Aquaman book, and not that it made sense, but I liked it. And it wasn't ridiculous. It wasn't like Superman showing up and fighting. So I, I actually appreciate it. What would you give it, Eric? I give it a six out of ten. I enjoyed the art, and I think that the best part in this book is when uh, Merck is yelling at him, "Don't be a proud asshole. Please call your friends before oh. everybody dies." But that's the best part of the book, to my mind. Then he never calls him. No, he doesn't do it. And like Reggie said, it's almost like a symbolic, like "fuck them." I don't yeah. them anymore, and yeah, kind of quitting. The Justice League is breaking up. They're breaking up the band. Uh, and with Merck keep talking about how you should use your card and like teleport your friends yeah. down here, I really think that he gave Aquaman the idea to do that. Yeah, so actually, Merck actually he never said that. He, I, it was weird. I don't ever get that he was telling him to teleport the the down. He was just telling him to call. To call him, he says, like, yeah. call call the damn Justice League. He says at the point. I think he just wanted him to get on the phone and go, "Yo, I need some help." I don't think he was like that card. I don't think teleports anybody but Aquaman. So I think Aquaman kind of was like, "Fuck it," and then got the idea. But yeah, he wasn't going to teleport anybody. He was going to have to call him, but he didn't want to. And then, like you said, then Merck was like, you're fucking, you know, uh, a fucking, you know, hard-headed asshole. You're going to die. And then he used the card. Off it went. Yeah, this next book is what, Reggie? Harley Quinn, number six, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Art by John Timms, Jill Thompson, and Alex Sinclair. The inaugural performance of Gigi Harlan and the Skullbag starts shaky, but concludes to a shit-shattering success, enough to get Harley Quinn invited to headlining band Purple Satin's after-party. 
A cruise through Brooklyn and a secret door at the back of an innocuous establishment reveals a supervillain's nightclub, complete with costumes that, quite frankly, you'd probably see at any nightclub in most American cities. True. You ever yeah. been to that nightclub? It's pretty badass. Yeah, I know. I love seeing that. A little bit of uh, Maxima, you know what I mean? On I'm a, always uh, the, the elongated man. Hey, 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 now. I'm uh, Captain Adam. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 again, this is going to be one of those where, you, you know, Reggie, you'll probably mention it uh, at some point. If you like Harley, yeah. you're getting the same, you know, you're not going to be disappointed. You're either, you're either in or you're not, but, but like yeah. you said last issue, like, and I, and I see, I definitely see what you're saying. These issues are so much better when they're focused on yeah. one thing, you know what I mean? And like she is, she's doing one thing and it really is basically Harley Quinn and her supporting cast dress, yeah. play dress up, you know what I mean? Which Harley is, undercover. It is. Yeah. And I believe, uh, I believe this is a three-parter, right? Yeah, next part yeah. is the last and one, which I love. That's the thing yeah. you can you can tell this is the middle issue. Like when you have the, those three-parters, the the middle issue obviously it it is a little more of setup. You're you're setting up for the you know the finale, and it is set up. Uh, but I liked it. I I did. Well, I it's, like it's the setup, but it's like you you get the big payoff of this the insane band's performance. Yeah, you know, it's, this, it's this just is crazy. sort of. I don't. I just. I don't feel like this is padded out for sure. I feel like the first one was like, you know, getting the band together. Oh, this yeah. one is their insane performance, which includes That's pretty, uh, yeah. the beatdown of a, of an audience member and yeah, then just, throwing shit out of a bag. Which yeah, basically books. throwing shit out of a bag. I'm telling really, you though, reading this book, I was actually felt nauseous after that part. <laughs> for the like. rest of this issue, so I actually was singing the, right the songs. Thing. I was actually going to set up a whole thing where I was going to sing all the songs tonight. That's the worst I, part is that we can't. We don't know the, the music, you know. But yeah. well, I, I'm telling I you, my whole in my head. Every song for for me reading these songs and singing them has the same goddamn rhythm to it too, and it's so elementary. It's like uh, the milk is sour, the meat's a hater. It's just that. It's that just those perfect, sing song. Yeah. Yeah, it's so rotten and the cheese to be You know, yeah, this this, uh, this this was originally solicited as "Eat to This Beat." This whole storyline, right. now it's undercover punker. But you see that all the lyrics are food related, even though it's yeah, often yeah. yeah gross yep. food but this obviously was supposed to be like the shtick was uh some yeah, kind of food related punk rock. band yeah, yeah punk band but it is that throws uh, feces on its audience yes well yeah. that's the thing i was just gonna say if you uh enjoy like stories of hardcore oh, and punk rock and especially new york uh in the you know 80s even seven it, you'll be right in it, it's very funny oh, yeah. names kind of show you what's going to happen once you see that harley's going by Gigi and <laughs> yeah. starts throwing shit if yeah. you know who Gigi allen is you know where the influence is from and yeah. it's pretty much spot on that's really and if she doesn't cut herself i don't think they would do but he, she's basically her oh, beating that guy up and bleeding all over the place is pretty much gg allen in a different in a harley way uh, absolutely yeah because yeah if it, if it was if she was going full out she would be cutting herself fucking you know trying to kill herself on stage covering herself in blood and feces and shit like that and that's basically what this is and what uh, i like it only because as it's going on it is pretty over the top the songs everybody hates her like the band, they think they're nonsense, like, yeah. Yeah, booing them and stuff, which is weird because even in my in my idea that the worse they would be, I would think that the people would like them more. Uh, <laughs> but she really, all in all, they're trying to impress the what is it satin? What the fuck? purple satin? Purple satin. Band. Purple satin. So they have to, and uh, 
they do with their not their songs. It's this craziness. Uh, but I laughed. One of my favorite things was at the beginning when they're talking like, oh, my God, we only have three songs. They, they want us to extend this whole thing. And then Red Tool has a fish. Fucking, well, we can go all fish and drag the songs out for an hour. I don't know anybody in the, if fish is even relevant anymore. It made me giggle because I hate them. I can't stand. Oh yeah, fish. they still I, perform. My boss, man, I my know boss they do. Goes to see oh, them like twice they? a year. Really? Yeah, he's well, a big it's because the Grateful fan. Dead are gone. Yeah. They, they, there's these bands. They were just the next. But you know, hey, the Grateful Dead are, are you know gone. Here we are. We'll we'll tour all around. I was actually in a. Uh, I forget. I was in Ohio. We were on vacation uh, one year, and no, we were getting out. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, we went Sunny to Ohio. No, we went to Sea World. Oh, that's right. You said it. You talked about yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, when we were leaving, that the fish was coming into town, and you would look outside, and nothing was going on. But then, yet you turn on the TV, and it looked like Woodstock times fifty. The way they were reporting <laughs> it, and these fucking drug addicts. I mean, it was the worst reporting ever. But it made me laugh. But. uh yeah, I, I do not like fish, uh, but I like Red Tool in this. You don't? I don't no, think Red Tool's really good in this. Yep. And I like Egg. I like all the guys. I even like uh, Big Tony. Big, Big Tony. Uh, Big Tony doesn't yeah. have a lot to do here. No, yeah, it's but, just, I like just them hanging. I like all the stuff that. Happens. You know, after after the show, they're all kind of like taken yeah. back by Harley's performance, but she reveals that it was all planned. Like the guy that she beats up was a plant that they Harlem Quinn had picked up from the street, and like. He, yeah. he, he, he fought animals. dogs. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was okay. He had he abused had dogs. He had a dog. He was freaking Michael Vick. Yeah, that's what I, uh, I couldn't think uh, of the goddamn name. I was like, yeah, Vick? Yeah. No, no. He I almost said Vic Morrow. I'm like, no, he died in Twilight Zone. No, the not Vic Morrow. Poor <laughs> Vic Morrow died himself. You yeah. know? So, but she he still doesn't has, like, like choppers. She still has her same, like, fucked up moral compass. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, she still is, you know, keeping doing things the right way. That she thinks is right, like throwing yeah. shit at the audience. But hey, that's all animal shit, and well, therefore and, perfectly clean. And in my here's the here's the little thing in in my deal. Um, I also think they're playing around a bit with that. There's the band. There's Harley. She's obviously the front woman. She's there. She just ditches them. It, oh, yeah. It's like it it is like the the singer who has gone above and beyond the band. She goes off, and then the just them sitting around, Tony, Red Tool, and Egg just sitting around talking seems so like you know what, like nothing happened. Like that they're is bored. Weird, yeah. And I think that it was kind of pointing out like, oh, here we go. And I think that it's gonna lead to Harley getting a little over the top, thinking she's a big star or something. But it does seem uh to me like it would be like a no doubt. She's Gwen Stefani. Right. They're the rest of the band. You know, right. there's that guy. Or there was a blonde. band? <laughs> Even Blondie, like everybody. Oh, I know Debbie Harry, but I don't know any of those other fucks. Well, uh, they, they, no. they would just call her Blondie. As far as they yeah. knew, there was not. There yeah, was no I said it's like it, uh, all of a sudden you see fucking Darius Rucker. Hey, Hootie. What's up, Hootie? He's calling him Hootie. <laughs> but yeah, I think that they're playing around with that a bit because she goes off. Like she's going off to the party, though it is a ulterior motive. It's a she's sting operation. Yeah, yeah, she says she, she'll text them, but yeah, I, I hear what you say. And she's yeah, sort of I think like, that they're playing around with that fact that she's like the big star now and yeah. they're just about to her head band. a little bit. Yeah, and I I hope that it kind of comes into play a little. It's it's very quick because we only have one more issue. But she seems to be enjoying herself and enjoying the attention. Uh, again, even Jello. That, yeah, and there's there's this side deal where Jello has the uh, the J the heart H the the, uh, the, soap, the piece the, of the soap carved soap into a heart. Yeah. yeah, that the Joker had sent her, and there's a backstory, and we do get the backstory because that Harley sees that and she's kind of pissed off, and uh, 
you see the backstory of how she got it with the Joker. And if anything, I think this was a bit of filler. It was okay. Uh, yeah, I, it I totally think was. It, it was probably it was probably a page, maybe two pages longer than it had to be. I do oh. like the watercolor style a lot. I think it was a good yeah. use. Oh, of I, like, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, that was uh, Jill thing, Thompson, I think, did that. Yeah. But uh, yep. And the the thing, the only thing that gets me on this is the next big story in Harley is a Harley Joker story again. Oh yeah, this, yeah. This is just set up. He's going to be the the whole thing is setting up that he's going to start sending her more of these gifts, and it's going to lead her to go back. I don't know what the whole story is, but it's like you know, n- not mad love. Obviously, they had that, but it's going to be something where she's going to go back, and I think she's going to try to you know make him right or whatever. They are they are the master of setting up stories in this. But this is the, it's yeah. all that whole part is the setup for another story, but in the story itself. It kind of comes into play and kind of throws me out of the story. It, it, it's kind of a, a you know a downer that all of a sudden you're in there. They're heading back to this you know where they're going to go after the show, and then you're going to have to stop and see a story that you know we kind of know already. And the art is such a departure from what we had. It it's is almost a departure. Jarring. I do like it, but it is a bit jarring. But I think that's to show you, like, oh, this. Yeah, it's a flashback. Yeah. yeah. It might be. You're right, though. It might be too much of a detraction. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I thought it, really it goes. Fun. It goes very different but i like what, what really get what the really thing that gets me with it though is that it it really doesn't like the scene they're going and then the, it's not like you go three days later then you know what i mean it really no, no, just interrupts right the scene there. yeah it, it really just cuts it right through uh but yeah then you go back and they're gonna go uh, they don't want to show the part where harley got finger banged by uh yeah. jello so that was yeah. that That's was all uh, i wanted to say i actually oh, think I'm we sorry. saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going at it right now. Yeah, really. I think I'm looking at it, but yeah, then that's when you see uh, Red Tool. Red Tool starts bitching and moaning about his hand. Yeah, it's good. And really, the other thing is, he has like a, a wife beater shirt on with the with the hammer on it. Is yeah. simple. And I don't remember actually seeing his arm like that. He has a tattoo, and you see where it was stitched on. I, I like that. But he, I really I, liked I him shirtless when he was on stage. That's yeah. I I, no, I don't think we ever saw that, right? I, I, these I, are I the really first did. times I think we're seeing him outside of his you know costume, yeah. his full and body. I really, I like it. Yeah, he's but he's still wearing the mask, even yeah. with the tank top. He's still yeah, got to have like the mask. Yeah, he's like Deadpool on. with a Winter Soldier with that fucking other arm. But yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy. I like now, I'm yeah, this part it, of the book where they're all just hanging out, like Red Tools is shooting some hoops while Big Tony and freaking uh, Egg Food shoot the shit. I loved it so much because like fat, Big Tony, I want to say Fat Tony, Big Tony. Big so like Egg. What's the deal with you? What do you and like? It's funny. Egg, egg has no idea. He thinks like, what? I'm an egg. Yeah. Are you gonna hatch? No, that's ridiculous. And he's just. He, he's he like, what's, what's your backstory? He's like, well, I was I was highly educated. I like, you know, grew up here in yeah. New York, but then I went abroad. And I'm like, he's like, and Red Tool shows up. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. No, it does not. And it's yeah. funny because you're a you smart like egg. That. I knew it. And you like that part. I really, in my mind, I think that that part is almost supposed to be boring to us uh, because Harley is out doing the crazy things, and they're just waiting for it. They're waiting for her to call. And I really think it's supposed to be uh, a little bit boring. Big, uh, the problem yeah, big, with that is, though, this part, I like every time I see Harley now, I just keep thinking back of that bag of shit her throwing out on everybody. So I want to get away from that and just really? hang out. Shoot some you, want, you read this thing before. It's only an extension of her shooting shit throughout the whole fucking city. That's yeah, all they I'm, ever did. I'm okay with that. For some uh, reason, her reaching into a bag and throwing it on fucking audience just weirded me the uh, fuck again, out. Made me feel it's, sick. it's all that GGM. Yeah. 
That's why. Well, there was there was no extra charge for that. Does that make you feel any better, Eric? Actually, I feel like I feel like a prude because these people are all about it. I was just happy when Steven Tyler would do a backflip on stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just wish it was Fago. That's what. If it was Fago, you'd be fine with it. He wants uh, some old classic rock going a little steven tyler with some uh goddamn kerchiefs on that mic i used to i used to go see a band uh, uh queen's punk rock band back when i was in high school called bug out society and at the end of every show they would throw white castles in the audience really nice. yeah it was great awesome could you order like, like what you wanted like no. extra, extra onion no I'm <laughs> still, i don't think so but yeah they would just huck them and they'd be freezing right cold there. but hey there you go you'd eat them anyway right well they got I them did. at the path mark yeah yeah I'd be, I would eat them. I'd be in. But yeah, man, that's a pretty good way to end the show, actually. Throw a white cast. I'd come exactly. back for another show. You leave everyone very happy. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, the issue basically ends with, uh, Harley sliders. and the, uh, this <laughs> sliders. Uh, <laughs> they end up at this, this, uh, this club and there's some mysterious guy who's running it with a top hat. It looks like, right? Oh yeah, yes. it almost looks like the penguin, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it does, does very look much exactly like, like it's got the, the pointed nose and everything. Yeah, again though, with what ends up being what the club is, who knows? Because it could just be somebody dressed up. But yeah, it's a fetish club that they are a super villain fetish club and superhero uh, and superhero. Yeah, actually. yeah, superhero and supervillain. So I think whoever that was, it was just he was dressed. Oh, it's, it's definitely it's the even... penguin. Next issue, the good, the bad, and the wadley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the penguin. So, uh, you but I'm see, calling like, bullshit here because there's a hawk girl costume. There is no hawk girl in this continuity. Yeah, they don't care. It's not like Reggie always says. They make their own continuity in this book. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They want. Threw me right out I of the like, story. I like the Elvis looking Shazam with the gold chains. <laughs> I like that. So his belly hanging out. It's great. What about this also, Robin back here that looks nothing like any Robin we've really no, ever seen? He looks crazy talking to Zatanna. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I actually the my favorite though is the Halle Berry Catwoman. Oh, I, yeah, I see that. Yeah, look, the uh, stripper Catwoman. That is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a pretty cool. And even in the background of the one, you see a little bit of an Aquaman. Where you can see the scales and deal. Nobody wants to be Batman, it seems, right? No, no, no not in this, not here in this city, boy. Especially like if it's Penguin's Club. Yeah. Really? Well, we'll see what's going on. But uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Thought it was real tight, and I uh, thought the uh, show and the conversation between the band members they were pretty funny scenes. So I gave it an eight point five out of ten. I'd actually give it a seven five. I really like the art. I I do like the story. I yeah. like and I like the shit like the the you know punk and hardcore stuff. I I I'm not schooled in it like you, Reggie, but I do like the references and I like seeing some things. And really, I I do think that uh, Palmiotti. This is probably something that he likes, but he yeah, realizes he realizes that it's a little obscure. So the references are really in your face. Yeah, like, this is there's not there may be some things that I didn't get, but the main things he's really telling you exactly what if you're interested in going. He's definitely to playing up. to the cheap seats, you know, like yes. going right to the the shit throwing instead yeah, of the yeah. musicality of cutting your forehead open. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, he's not doing Iggy Pop here. He's doing, <laughs> it, it, Harley at no point cr- smashes bottles and starts rolling around in them no, on the stage. No, that's, that's the originator right there. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what did you think, Aaron? I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. I still enjoy the story. I didn't like this issue as much as I liked the last one. but like, And I love the art, but that, that middle section when we jump back in time into like where Harley and yeah, Joker first met. It's only a little, met, but it throws it's you out. It, it throws really you right does. out of the story. And it again, also, I agree. Like I say, it was a little too long. You're right. Also, with the, personally, just the gross out factor, I couldn't deal yeah. with it. 
Yeah, I didn't if, mind that. I thought that was pretty If the poop had been Fago, would it have gotten another half a point, do you think? Probably, probably. Yeah. How about if it was just urine and not, and not feet? No, I, I don't know. Okay? Well, maybe urine would be better. I think yeah, I there, was a, there was another band that I was reading about that their whole shtick was for somebody, to, the singer would pee into the uh, guitarist's mouth and then he would spit it out on the crowd. What do you think of that? Wow, that sounds good, right? It's a pretty good show right there. It's like funny that. because I read all these things and I remember like Guar, the big, oh my God, Guar. And they would like squirt shit, but that was all fake. Yeah. yeah they it really. Good. It I, was a I, show. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized that, you know, th- they were the phonies, even though I thought they were crazy and whatever. There was like real shit going on. And I mean real shit. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of that world. I don't know. It's one of those that if you I say you don't right what? now, it, like Reggie was going to go see Gigi Allen right before right. he died. And if he actually had seen him and had shit thrown on him, I think that would make a kick-ass story. Yeah. I know Reggie might not have been happy about it, but actually I think going home, he probably would have. All covered in shit. But you know, like, that's dysentery, dysentery today is something you can get over pretty quickly. So I yeah, yeah. Fine, you know. Yeah, you would have been fine. But we, talk, we talk about diarrhea a lot on this show, but for <laughs> some reason just talking about the shit. When we call it the shit, it's just making me ill, and I don't know why. What if I say it's poop? Weird. It's poop. Yeah, now, now you just sound cute. <laughs> well, it'd be funny too if, like, Harley was throwing the shit, yeah. and when she threw the shit, somebody's like, "What the hell? Who was eating corn?" And then Aww. the next guy picks up, and he's like, "Man, I didn't know they were giving out peanuts." Oh, and there starts you go. Eating it and stuff like that, and and also because it's it was uh, animal shit, I I would imagine the thing that makes me disgusted is she was probably throwing cat shit that had fucking litter. That's what I was. Th- I, I swear to God, Jim, I was thinking the yeah. same. That actually, that actually makes me more disgusted than the shit. It really does. All these little hard cat turds, like the dumb turds. Yeah, that makes me sick. And 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 thinking that on the floor, then there's going to be shit, but also litter. It makes it makes me. It really does. That's the only thing that makes me sick of that whole thing. Thing is, you guys are all upset for some reason. The litter makes it okay in my mind. No, I don't know. Know where it comes from? It's kind of yeah. It's almost like to me, like it'd be like if you have a sandwich and then you're at the beach and it gets sand on the sandwich. That makes I don't it plan disgusting. on eating the shit. I don't I know if rather, you're at the I show. Mean, I would rather have dog shit thrown at me over cat shit. I'd say in order it would be dog shit, cat shit, and then people shit at the end. I think that I would probably first go monkey, uh, only because monkey shit that's normal. They throw it at people all the time. So I'm gonna you could be at the zoo and have that happen. So it's. I mean, if crazy. a cow could throw their shit, that, that's just, all they eat is grass. You can't yeah, really, really get more. That's yeah. fine, you know. Um, or you could you could get the shit from those uh, monkeys that eat that uh, coffee bean, where it goes through their go. digestive set and yeah. then making money. I would also, if you're gonna go for it, I said last week about the monster man. If you're gonna do bullshit, go full bullshit. So I'm saying I would rather have elephant shit thrown. I mean, just get the whole fucking place covered in shit. I mean, I, I, there it is. It's a shit orgy. That 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 could be a murder. You could literally drown in one elephant poop. You Can know, you imagine if you were poop. actually you drowned in shit? That'd be. I've been talking about it since I was like, you know, probably 11 years old. Me and my buddy Jay decided that the worst way to die was drowning in diarrhea. Really? The, the thing is, though, uh, I'm one of those people that I'd hate to be like, how did, like, I'd hate to die by slipping on a banana peel outside my house. No, that's just it comedy makes, right there. Think about how much fun everybody else would I've, have. I've that. stepped that really. Is, is it that banana peels became less slippery? It, it, yeah. I, I, I've stepped on a banana peel. I never slipped. No, the but ground the became less smooth. I'm telling you. I want, I want my, my relatives. I don't have much of a legacy. 
I want to go down in a way that they're going to talk about me later in life. Like this would be great, great grandkids. They're still like, yeah, my my great, great grandfather, Jim, he died drowning in diarrhea. And then it's a story. Oh, my God. It'd be the greatest thing ever. Family shame. It would be. I don't even know because maybe I tried to save somebody and drowned it in diarrhea. No, I know you. Of course you didn't. No, it would have been the worst. Is it would have been my own diarrhea, and somehow I would have just it would have been in my bed or something. Oh, I, I can picture it now. That you didn't know that someone had stuffed a bag of chips down the toilet. You took a yeah, shit and, and I, filled I up the bathroom. Shit. You drowned. There you go. Yeah. And you're the master. And I was too lazy you would have to slipped and fell in. Yeah, slipped, fell in, and I was too lazy Hit to your head and drowned. Yeah. There you go. Case closed, and yet a great story. People would be talking about That's that forever. Right. I might even the most might successful Werner. Yep, there it is. I would be. <laughs> I guess. But uh, the next book and the last book of this section that we're going to talk about, uh, I hate it. You didn't like it all. The last time we talked about this book, I went and made a sandwich. I am actually tempted to go do that right now, but I will stay. But, Reggie, uh, you're going to have to take over for this. Not only do I not want to talk about this, I have no fucking idea what went on half of this issue. It's also also pretty quick stuff, but uh, I'll just do the blurb and we'll uh, hop right to it. So. Raven number two, written by Marv Wolfman, art by Allison Borges and Blonde. Raven is really fitting in at Madison Hyde now that a sinister, expanding tentacle monster made of light has taken root in the neighborhood. And it looks like she's lost that shitty Big Bird costume, too. Which is pretty much all that happens is I think really this issue existed to let us know that her costume is changing. That's really all there is to it. Is it because I don't know, because it comes back, the goddamn thing. What at the it, end? No, I'm saying it comes back right when she it leaves her. It comes back to her. The and soul I, the, thing, yeah, yeah. The, the, the soul self, yeah. yeah. The soul, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I that's don't what I understand said. what is going on in this goddamn. I had high hopes well, for this book. I liked the first issue enough. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a fun romp. We're gonna get to see Raven in high school. She's gonna be so socially awkward. It'll just be fun. After this issue, I'm not having any fun because I can't tell what the fuck's going on in the story, and it's just jumping all over the that place. Sounds like I was right. I told you this was nonsense now, mate, but I do think that I do think that you're getting a little bit of what you were hoping for. I think those her no. relatives are fucking no. batshit crazy. The relatives and actually they came. I actually thought I was wrong. You're like they actually seem like nice now, people. After now this when issue. they're talking about it, and they're like she's gonna it's gonna take her a while to settle in, but she will, Jack. I promise yeah, you that. And she's got the crazy fucking sure. look on her See, face. In my mind, it was just that she really no. had to convince her husband. No, there was no way that is one of those them. like. She will. Oh, yeah. she will. And because it's yeah, just you her. Will yeah, you will you be. You will be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, Eric and, and Reggie are going to get what they want. But this issue, you said you wanted school. That was your biggest oh, concern Raven, that we get what we want? Yeah. Well, I'm saying <laughs> well, you want it to one... school and you get to school and it's just a bunch of goddamn nonsense. Oh, no, that fucking school thing. is so oh. – What's was the big the, thing, was explaining that the way she was able to make friends with all these kids in like three seconds was, was she her used em- her empath powers. So at yep, least I that was explained. Like yeah, uh, like that, that. that was a hanging Chad from last issue that we were like, yes, how so. the hell did she? But uh, even then, they still have that idea like, oh, hey, she was whispering shit in my ear. And, I, you know, they think she's still a little bit weird. She's definitely That's weird. Point. Look at her. She's fucking wearing, you know, a, 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 a hoodie yeah. uh, oh, shirt yeah. at the, to school. I it's wear a hoodie cool. half shirt at work every day. Yes, yes, but you you are America's sweetheart. Absolutely. out of you. And it's just you have three pages of this girl telling her why they call her aunt with two yeah, T's. That's the I thing, know. though. Why does all of her friends that we established last issue have to reintroduce themselves to her? I don't know. I don't know. It no, made aunt, me so angry. No, I'm saying, though, the yeah. rest aren't. 
Yeah, I know. They they sort of bring us back into uh And Anne is one of the most annoying fucking people. She came up to me with this goddamn monologue. Like she has this whole thing planned out. Whenever she meets somebody, she has this whole planned out backstory of why her name's Ant and yeah. how I was so angry. I like it too. At one point she goes, Hey, hey, I won't bore you with my full annotated list. It's too late, lady. Yeah. I'm already <laughs> bored. And yeah, they're like, check back later in her Facebook page. I'm like, I could just see Marv Wolfman like yelling like to his granddaughter. Hey, hey, honey, what's that thing you go on <laughs> Facebook? Okay, I'm going to put that in you right here. You kids like the Facebook, do, don't you? Do they, do they have them quizzes on that there Facebook? <laughs> so like when, when Terry runs in to tell everybody what happened to Taylor the night before and like Ant's like, hey, this is this is Terry. I'm like, she was their last issue. Why are we doing this? She looked like Velma. I recognized I her. I'm taking a drink because really, uh, it's funny to me because they're like, oh my gosh, you hear about Taylor? I'm like, what? The, the singer from Hanson? That's the only Taylor I know, Aaron. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't remember who the, the, they were talking about. And I, didn't, like, I, didn't, oh, not even, I didn't remember that she had a name either, but. No, uh, I didn't even remember what the hell happened the last issue. Now again, I kind of walked out on her. That's yeah, yeah. Or like, you yeah. know, she's all magic. She wanted up. to get she's not Uber. doing the strongman game for the rest exactly. of her life. For the rest of, well, I, we you think, know, because like she was trying to get a taxi. Weird as hell. <laughs> it just, uh, the whole thing was just ridiculous. This is San Francisco. This is, I mean, you gotta, you gotta hang a little looser, guys. You know what I mean? I they got to lay back out there, you know, put the flower yeah, in there. I'll, I'll lay that. the fuck back if we could have a goddamn coherent story. Like you said, all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, Taylor's gone. Uh, the last thing I heard, she was getting a, a Yugo. Uh, she pinged a Yugo car, and they didn't get Which it. Which is their so Uber. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's the Uber. You don't, you don't yeah. actually mean the Yugo, the Yugoslavian car. No, the Yugo. Of course, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. Did you ever know anybody who had a Yugo? Yeah, I did. I, and, yeah. and I swear to God, uh, he he was a Yugoslavian guy. He had okay. a he had a Yugo. It's all coming together. Day, three guys came and picked it up and walked away with and it. And walked away? I cool. swear That's amazing. <laughs> were they, did they look like 1930s strongmen, I hope? They were, I, I don't I wasn't there. He did said, they have overalls? He said it was stolen, though, by people just picking it up. The thing yeah, it looked just, like it weighed about 400. It was funny. Uh, at one point, a girl on my street had a Yugo, and it was having some problems. And uh, this is what she told us. Uh, she went to go get it fixed, and she couldn't get it fixed because at that point, the major plant had been blown up. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, during the Civil War, right? Yeah, during the Civil War. So they, they pretty much, that's why that car pretty much went down the tubes, cause they, they had no more parts. Everything got blown up. Now, hold on. You know, we're going on and on about this goddamn, like, the, the kids at school, but there's a serious thing that we miss that I cannot overlook. Cause we start out, and where we left the last issue, freaking Raven's soul self is being ripped away from her, and she doesn't know why. It's a whole big thing. And then it's totally ripped away, and we find out, oh, I can't be away from my soul self for too long because I'll implode, and then it'll take out, and like a miles around her. Yeah. And then she's falling. She's like, oh, I can't fly. It looks like I'm going to splat. The soul self just comes back, goes into her, and teleports her back into bed, and we never talk about this again the rest yeah. of the issue. I'm like, Here's what the, the fuck? I, the weird thing about this this book is it has transitions like that the, through the whole time. Like all of a sudden they're just talking, then you're gonna go here, then all of a sudden she's their spirit self looking, and then then a fucking tentacle monster attack. I I don't know what to, I can't follow I, this. Book. I wasn't sure. If, I had to go back and look because I wasn't sure what happened. Because she's like, I can't fly, but I can teleport. But I'm like, well, how do you yeah. teleport without your soul? And then I realized. Oh shit! The soul self came yeah, back like, at the Why? very last second. Why? Oh, I mean, I, listen, something something obviously. This uh, tentacle light monster that took over the warehouse district and yeah. the, at the end of the issue, 
is making her soul self wacky. Something funny is happening I'm here. I'm just we saying, got, why is Ray more concerned about this? But yeah, but basically, the, like we're cool saying thing. that uh, her one friend then wakes up. This tentacle thing's going. He ends up with the girl uh, with Taylor. He's, he's in a jumping cage. for eternity. Yeah, yeah, he's bungee jumping, and it's, you know, he wants to make it stop. There's Taylor's crying. She's still hitting that fucking strong man, ring the bell. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It looks like almost like at a point they even might be making a Rube Goldberg, like, sort of thing out of these kids. Like, something's going to end up. cool, actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? It looks like she's going to hit the thing, then he's going to bungee, and then they're going to get more people, and it's yeah. going to end up being something. Then a bowling uh, ball's going to go down a chute, and it's going to fall yeah, in a bucket, yeah. and some and guy's going to launch off fucking a dog food. There you That's go. Right. Toast pops out, the dominoes go. The you whole know, thing. Eric, you know, Eric, maybe, you know, the reason Raven isn't so concerned, think about when you were a teenager, you know, and okay. someone would say to you, Eric, you know that if your soul self separates from you for too long, you're going to implode and take out the entire area with you, and you'd just be like... I know, I dummy. I don't care. No, yeah. I, don't I, care. I know, dummy. Shut Not up. Then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, know. I know this. I know. Who cares? But yeah, no. uh, I, I just, I'm telling you, all of a sudden that one kid goes, he's bungee jumping, then Raven flies off, she sees something going on, now you have a fucking bomb squad... And I just, I don't know. I like that part. Now, wait a second. I don't know what's going on. So too many times something like this will happen in a city and no one seems to give a shit except for like (laughs) one hero. You know what I mean? Like fucking an explosion happens and cops don't show up at all. And at least there's some response to this. Like there is, but I what like, like people are aware. Is there an explosion? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I tell you, the progression of events is this. Freaking uh, the ki- the kid. I can't even think of his fucking name now. But the kid is now like he's awoken. Now he's stuck in a bungee jumping goddamn eternity. Raven wakes up because I think she's connected to him Archer. because she brought the pain into yeah, herself. She, said, last she even issue. said she's like something's happened. This is Archer. So uh, she's fl- coming from Archer. I sense his fear. She flies off. We see a police station, and all of a sudden, a gigantic barn full of light appears. And the next yeah. thing we know, she's like. Surrounded by cops everywhere and a crowd full of people. I'm like, what well, the fuck the just happened? Well, the flight is where Taylor and Archer were. Oh, yeah, I, that's I, where I they are. That, but it's just weird to me. The other thing is, I, and this is a little bit of a nitpick, but this Archer wakes up, he goes, he's bungee jumping, and immediately they're reporting him as another missing kid. I know that is that I did notice that was stupid. And I was like, what? Like, that what? On. After a half hour, this kid's you know <laughs> nonsense. Uh, but yeah, like Eric, I just I don't. Like, even Get when this like, reaction, say this like this barn, it explodes out. Why is that ra- a raven all of a sudden? Why does she look like she's in her jammies when she was in her soul self before? I understand that she was in her jammies and then she flew out. I just don't understand why she's standing there in her jammies when it explodes out. Yeah, and and I, I guess and then she's and in also, her raven fucking persona yeah, I, next. Yeah, at one point, is that her behind there? They're all standing there. That split panel where half of them are okay and the other half are fucked up. Uh, is that her on the rooftop? Yeah. Where? They, they it just seems so odd back there. And uh, the only thing, though, yeah, I see, because it went from her before. Uh, oh, okay. The only I thing I can seen. think is this thing is trying to make a spectacle so that it can get a crowd and turn all these things, but turn the people for him. But yeah, I don't it's know. possessing all these people and absorbing them. And it's the, just like, again, I don't it's know the rules. It's in the morning. Where did on. these people come from? Yeah, they heard an explosion. And, yeah. you know, it, it, San Francisco's like New York. They don't sleep, Eric. They're out they're partying. I exactly. don't know. But, yeah, really, it, it's that my biggest problem is kind of what, Eric, you were saying, is the whole issue is very disjointed and hard to follow the story. Now, 
I will admit I'm not very into this story, so maybe if I was, I'd, I'd be a little more able to put one and one together to make two. But I'm getting nothing I out of this. I story. really don't know what's going on. And and yeah, really, this issue is is all over the place. Uh, and then it just it it ends. All the, with all the people crazy are reveal. affected, and they start walking into the ball of light. And she's trying to stop them, but they keep pushing past her. And the ball of light keeps saying, "Not ready yet." And then yeah. knocks her away over and over and over again. And it's funny at the end then. And yeah, it just keeps going. She's fighting. And then at the end, you see uh, somebody with the TV watching the TV and getting a, an outfit on. Uh, you see and like, oh, time to get dressed. Yep. Time to get dressed. And they pull up and thing. And at first I actually thought it was her her relatives. But it's definitely not because where under the TV there is a statue of Buddha, and they are definitely not. Into oh, yeah. It. So I was like, nope, it's not them. Uh, so I don't know who this would be, but they I don't recognize the outfit at all. I'm telling you, I fucking – I read this book, and I'm looking at this, and it bothered me so much because I feel like I recognize the costume. I could not figure it out. I spent an hour and a half before the show trying to – I don't know why it looked like somebody from Checkmate or something. I, I, I don't know. Honestly, it, it, I, I think like almost like like a Blue Beetle symbol, but then I'm like, am I getting this confused with Spider-Man 2099? Yeah. It could be, I, I yeah. Just, I'm just looking at him like, I know this from somewhere. And then I kept thinking Doctor Impossible and couldn't get that out of my head, even though it's not. Actually, yeah. looking at it now, I didn't, I didn't really notice that there's sort of a deep scoop in the front. So maybe yeah, this it's is like, a like deep somebody's vein. weird booby, booby uniform. Yeah. Uh, I, don't I don't know. I thought it might be. person's got a hairy blue. arm, so, you know. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, well, the thing is, there's two people talking in this room. Yeah. So we have yeah. no idea who it is. That's why I think you're supposed to be led to think it's the mom and dad that she's staying with. But really, if it is, I, I'm calling bullshit because they I'm telling you, there is they a statue of Buddha. Right. And um, it's it's not just there for no reason. It's, and I didn't even notice that Buddha when I read it. Now, unless you even, you're supposed to think they're just like all religion. But we've seen crosses all over that house before. And it doesn't look like that house. Yeah, either. even but, if they are faking being Christian, they, it would have had Christian stuff around. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're living whatever it is. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm going to be so angry because I'm like, why didn't I know it? And, I and mean, yeah, the, I just this issue is just I I just I didn't like it. I really didn't. I mean, I, I I think personally, I think you guys are looking for answers a little too soon. We're going to get these. Maybe. I feel like coming up. I didn't have too much trouble following it. And sometimes when I read when I reread these books with you, I realize I was a little too lenient yeah. on it. I still feel the same way. I enjoyed it about as much as. Okay. I did maybe want to read the next one, and I gave well, it a seven funny. out of ten. Okay, so. and it's funny because we've we've had a couple of these mini series now. We have like a, a dog welder, six pack and dog welder, uh, hard traveling heroes. We have the, uh, the what's it called, Hawkman one. We're having a couple of these. This is the one. Dead man. Of, dead, yeah, well, dead <laughs> man. Dead man. I don't even consider a no. part of this. It's so no, weird. I don't either. But this is the one to me. That really and really, it was announced when that Legends of Tomorrow when they were actually individual books. Remember that was one of the first announcements with those. Yeah, this is the book that really seems like it could have been thrown in that big book. And I told Eric today while we were talking when I read that first issue and now even this, the issue or the the series it reminds me the most of is Metamorpho, Reggie of yours. Yeah. That when I read it, I realized number one that I was not into it and just. It was we like weird the the way they're telling the story and I just I didn't get anything out of this issue I like you said maybe I'm wanting answers uh, too soon I just want an answer I and also I just want Raven like like we were yelling last issue about stuff 
And I, you know, I, I went off because I was pissed at you guys making your fucking yapping jokes. <laughs> but, uh, but really, I would like to know more about Raven. And I'd like to have a Raven where you go from she left Teen Titans at the end of the New 52 to go. Like, that was kind of the thing. Tim Drake died. She went here. Uh, obviously, she'll be in the Teen Titans book as we go on. But that's kind of the premise that it goes. I don't even think of her as going from that Teen Titans book to the character I see here. And I'm not getting anything from it. No, and I but I think I that would. this character after this miniseries is supposed to inform the one that's going to be in yeah. Rebirth. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. idea, I believe. That's the idea I get as well. Yeah. yeah, but it's just I don't get anything, though. I'm not getting anything. I'm no. not learning anything. I'm not getting to know the character any better. And it really, to me, already in two issues. It starts is with a Raven factoid number one, okay? Yeah, she can't I mean, be away from her yeah. soul self yeah. for too long. Ridiculous. It, it really, to me, I want to know about it, and I want to see the, the progression into the Teen Titans book, and I want to like just have fun, and this isn't fun. It really isn't. It's it's weird. It's like that Marv Wolfman, he doesn't know the story he wants to tell yet after two issues. It, it's just weird, but uh, I would give it probably, I'd give it a 4.5. I, I really don't like it. What would you give there? I'm saying I like the art as it is, but telling a story, it does not work for me because I was lost the entire time. And then I wanted to, like, things would happen and they wouldn't be explained. And I was sitting there, please tell me what, why? Just give me something. Yeah. I'm and even, when, even the recap of the goddamn friends, I understand you want yeah. to know who these people are, but it's so awkward the way it's thrown out there. And the dialogue's not great in it. And I'm just like, I really wanted to like this book. I really hope the one thing that we get from this is something that Reggie like joked about earlier, where we're gonna get away from this like uh, Raven look when she becomes Raven with the bird lady thing. Because I hate that goddamn look. But I'd give this a four out of ten. I yeah. just was so upset after I was done because I want to like the book. This is garbage, though. I just smiled when I was done because I like to be right, and it really, <laughs> I, I'm always right because really the only thing I'm right as is that I don't like it, and I yeah. can always, I can always <laughs> fake that. But I actually, it's weird because I really didn't like that first issue, but when I read this, I, well, to be quite honest, me and Eric even said shit was starting to go down as the week went on, where we were hearing reports about this book yeah. as it went, and everybody who seemed to talk to us on Twitter, or email, or whatever just had negative things to say about it and we were like oh here we go oh, yeah. no, no. and uh but so i was don't actually tell me that jim god yeah, damn it yeah yeah and i was actually hoping that i would like it even though i probably would have said that i didn't but deep down inside in my black pit of a so soul so you're a liar is what you're telling me yeah I, hey anything to disagree with you if it gets a rise I, I out of you i know of a certain listen, website that gave this a 10 out of 10 yeah, so a, a 10 out of 10 that nonsense perfect uh, really, i will I'll, I'll admit now not only eric did I, I have watched Shawshank Redemption at least 15 times, but I've gone to the Shawshank conventions. Uh, <laughs> oh, year. We have oh, a convention man. each year where we wow. go. And, uh, yeah. And he dresses I as Brooks think. every year. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know who that is. No, actually, I dress as Freddy. Uh, you know, Freddy. No. No, I don't know Freddy. Freddy. The guy in the, in the, in the lab. The lab? This, yeah, the lab. You know, what the lab. What are we talking about? Uh, isn't isn't that a movie Shawshank Redemption? Isn't that like there's a mad scientist who who transports his uh, that was that it's a brain oh yeah or uh, or a real genius yeah <laughs> or no, the I, man with the screaming brain oh yeah them, a lot of them but yeah reanimator. I just didn't like it but we're gonna go from this we're gonna go watch the animator I'm gonna do a book now Reggie before we go what is your just general opinion of the young animal imprint so far uh, I'd say it's a very positive opinion. 
I think they're doing a good job over there. They're, uh, you know. Eric's heard they do good stuff. You know, the, on the, street. The, fir- the first two books that came out, the uh, Doom Patrol and uh, what the, the hell's first the, issue of Shade, Doom? yeah, well, the, you know, just the first two, you know, huh. the series that came out, really uh, at face value, they're pretty typical looking comics. This this one that we're going to talk about in our segment here, Cave Carson, is probably the most stylistically different, and huh. is the first one I think that really is something that looks not like you, what you expect to pick up off okay. the shelf. So. Uh, if this is the direction of Young Animal, then it might become more of an art house type thing. But as it is, I have positive feelings so far. It well, all is very I, I, good, weird stuff. Here's the thing. Like, uh, do you, in your mind, like I thought, oh, here we go. It's just another one of these. It's like Vertigo. And I've seen the sales with the Vertigo books. Uh, they're never that great. No. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you saw the sales of Doom Patrol, uh, number one. It's really uh, it's bad, yeah, the right? Sales were, the sales were good. Yeah. They were oh, way really? over the, yeah. I think it was in the 70s. Way wow. uh, higher than I thought it would be. I was shocked. It did have a lot of really, variants, though. Boy. Yeah. And really, though, if it's not DC proper, it seems like people would just bail because you hear, you know, all these, uh, the, uh, Vertigo stuff. You hear a lot of people like, oh my God, I love this book and I love that. And then you see the sales and it's 5,000. And, uh, though I, I, so I think that, because I think that the word was already out, like they already knew they had a bit of a hit. I think that's why they're doing Wildstorm the way they are. When that comes out, it's very similar to yeah. how this is going. I think it have- also probably does something, you know, for them accounting wise, where they, you know, the reason Vertigo can sell eight thousand yeah, copies and make it, they have a different kind of structure yeah. to it, I believe, yeah. where they don't have to pay publicity anymore. Imagine though, if one of those books sold seventy thousand. Well, that's the thing. Well, well, when they hit pay dirt, it's like yeah. you know they make it rain. You know, if they can yeah, sell yeah. a property to a to a TV show or whatever, you know, it's all creator owned. That's just more yeah. spotlight. It just it just hooks them up more. They yeah. can print more yep. trade paperbacks. And blah, I, blah, blah. when um I, we're but, gonna have to. But discuss you want to know something about Young Animal but, that's different than Vertigo is that it's in continuity. In, in Cave Carson, he interacts with Wild Dog and uh, Doctor Will Magnus and the Metal Nice, really. And in Shade, I, I did not know someone that. else too. That's so you just got me on board. Yeah, well, I'm telling you. At first, it's I not, thought Shade. Not what I expected. Yeah, I, at first, I thought Shade was going to be the one that I wanted to to get involved with. And um, well, actually, looking just paging through the Cave Carson book, I was doing it before we did this. And um, I actually, it, I actually like the look of it, and it looked yeah. pretty cool. And I might actually read it. I haven't read many. I, like, I, I actually, thought Mother Panic looked pretty cool. Yeah, I, I that looks too dark to me. I don't know, um, but I do like it. But it's weird because of how this is going. I actually do have more faith in that Wildstorm stuff coming out. Yeah. And eventually, we're going to have to talk about if we're going to actually do that stuff, review it, talk about it on the podcast, whatnot. But I'm up for it. If, if anybody, if like Reggie, you're, you're up for it, me and you just have the, a wild storm minute or sure. something, I'll do it. Cause people oh, yeah. have been asking if we are planning on doing that. And I actually, well, that'd I'm be actually good for both in of us. Cause both of us really know shit about wild storm. No, we know uh, as far as going so, on in the nineties. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be I good because it's a reboot. Comments. But yeah, yeah. I, I'll do it. If Eric wants to do it, he's always pish poshes on the wild storm stuff. So I, I don't, that's the thing is just cause I don't know a lot about wild storm yeah. at all. You yeah, do piss posh a lot, though. You're always yeah, that was not my bag in the '90s. You're always like tish tosh. Oh, yeah, I'm all proper tosh. like that. <laughs> oh, cheerio! Uh, <laughs> I guess, but hip hip hip. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go off for you and Chris to talk about Cave Carson, and then we'll be back with uh, some more mail and such. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. 
back, everybody, to the Young Animal segment. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we're bringing you a brand new comic this week from Young Animal. Uh, their third in the four planned releases so far. Uh, this one is Cave Carson. But first, I want to talk about, uh, I want to mention a couple of people that wrote to us on Twitter. I asked a question last week. People that weren't familiar with the Doom Patrol to please write to us and tell us what they thought of it as new readers. And uh, Repairman Jack wrote in. And he said that he knew nothing about Doom Patrol, but he's loving it. He, and he has faith that it's going to, uh, he's going to understand it later on, which I'm glad, I hope his faith is not, is not misplaced. We all hope to understand it more later on. <laughs> and Dirty Drew said he felt the same way. This is all by Twitter. Uh, he was about to jump into Morrison's run, which I would say is probably so far the closest, right? DNA wise. Uh, and I totally envy him a first read through on Morrison because, uh, I wish I could forget it all and learn it all again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's something that really, well, you know, I, this will be the litmus test. You know, it's either going to yep. draw you in and you're going to walk away saying, wow, I just really read what a landmark comic, or you're going to walk away saying, what the Take fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to burn all my comics from here on. So, you know, that could, we're, we're sort of in that position with this uh, book, Chris, with uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic yeah. eye, number one, because uh, we don't know anything. He, despite looking him up and seeing that he's been in some comics that we've read uh, and sort of touched on, we have no memory of him. I can't remember ever seeing him, ever seeing him mentioned, you know, uh, He's sort of an offshoot of the challenges of the unknown. I know them. Uh, he was sort of at the same time as Rip Hunter. I know that. I just never heard of this guy. So uh, we're both going into this totally cold. Are you sure? Maybe we didn't forget about him. Mm, maybe. Maybe because... our, uh, our eyes were wiped, right? <laughs> because he he was part of the Forgotten Heroes briefly, too. That's so maybe true. we all forgot. But I didn't forget about the Inferior Five once I found out. This about is true. Him, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd never forget about them. We'll see how we feel about it, but let me give you the uh, rundown. It's written by Gerard Way and John Rivera, art by Michael Avon Oming and Nick Filardi. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, an ungrateful adult daughter, and a corporate job at EBX Mining, and a dead wife. Too soon? It's certainly too soon for Cave, who mourns alone in his empty house until a scary green monster disguised as a Muldrugan nearly tears him a new eye hole. Cave is going to get to the bottom of this mystery. With his old pal, Wild Dog. So you just tucked into this, right? Today, you, you finally took a look. What was your, what were your impressions of it, Chris? I, I quite liked it. I uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Like, we were, we've we been talking about it. It's like, what is this and what is it going to be? Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier, I'm not sure if it was on the air or not, but uh, when I saw that uh, Oming was involved, I thought it was a, a typo. Because I didn't <laughs> think he would, uh, I didn't think he'd pop over to D.C., um, maybe it's the uh, Gerard Way effect. Yeah, I think it's, but, it's, uh, the, it's the young animal buffer allowed this to happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I, I, I think it's probably, I, you know, I don't like it as much as I like Doom Patrol, but uh, then again, I have history with that. Mm. Uh, same with Shade. But uh, definitely uh, serviceable, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, this one was stylistically a lot different than the other two books, too. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, we talked about it today, and I said it kind of it kind of vacillates between a mid twentieth century ad agency and yeah. like even like you know weird crew Charlton comics from the seventies, and then uh, maybe a, a, a Gendy Tartakovsky comic uh, cartoon, <laughs> you know Dexter's Laboratory or something. Kind of has all these different aesthetics. Uh, the colorists use a lot of Ben Day dots, which gives yeah. it that pulpy old feel, but. Uh, 
you know, it, it's, it's, it looks a lot different than the other books in this imprint and uh, looks a lot different than a lot of other comics on the stand. I don't dislike it, you know, but it definitely is not, you know, immediately recognizable to you as like comic language. I feel like you kind of have to yeah. look at the page for a minute and figure out what's going on. Overall, the storytelling is pretty good. Um, better some parts, clearer some parts than others, but I didn't have a lot of trouble following what was going on. Um, I sometimes did have to kind of go over a, <laughs> a couple of pages a couple of times and be towards like, "Towards the end, uh, I had to do that." Yeah, towards the end, it gets a little, it gets a little dense. Um, but but you do pick it up, and basically, what I said here is true. You also get a cameo by um, uh, the Magnus, right? Will Magnus, Will the Magnus, Metal Man and the Metal Men. and the Metal Men are also there. They're sitting on a lounge, including one that I never, I never saw before. This uh, who is the green guy over here? It's like Uranium Man or something. I don't know who that is. Um, you know, that that was really cool, and I like that it shares the DNA with the weird Silver Age side of DC, so there's has that going forward. The inclusion of Wild Dog at the end, or like the uh, implication of Wild Dog was a little yeah. strange, but uh, that, I guess, works for me so far. I, I had no real complaints about it, didn't expect it, so that's something for a comic. Yeah, that was. I was really shocked, and it's actually, you know, it's the same dude. He's working at Wheeler Auto, which makes me think it's Jack Wheeler. Yeah. Who uh, who is Wild Dog? Who has always been Wild Dog? And, you know, it's um, funny that and they did. You know, they weren't. They didn't say his name through the because I, I reviewed it, and I'm always like, all right, let me get these guys' names. They didn't have his name. I was like, who is this guy? Like, yeah. They never really. They never call him Jack, or really, uh, Cave never calls him Jack or anything. So. Yeah, it's it's a total it's a total surprise at the end. He opens up a locker and there's the uh, wild dog outfit and a bunch of guns. Yes. So yeah, I am a sucker for wild dog. Yeah. And it seems like he's one of those characters that's a, that it's really ironic to like right now. And uh, being on being on Twitter a lot of the day, I haven't seen any mention of it. So well, it's like I don't know how many people actually are are buying this. You, you know what's strange, and and I don't think that this was done purposely, but Wild Dog is currently on the new season of Arrow. Yeah. So it's so, that's sort of a weird. It's almost like uh, you should have picked a more obscure character because they they just at dragged this point, him, yeah. <laughs> yeah they just dragged him out for TV. Uh, but who knows? Maybe that'll put more eyeballs on this. I I, I don't know. Who knows. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm okay with there being a wild dog in the comics and a wild dog on TV. It's not gonna not gonna bother or confuse me too much. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, overall, I'd say this was a good comic, and uh, the best part is that I definitely feel like I want to read more, which is as good as it gets. I think you know, I yeah. mean, if if you want to pick up the next one, then this comic did its job. Um, for a score, I gave it a seven out of ten. Probably largely based on, you know, not being as enthusiastic, you know, my, my last Doom sure. Patrol score was a super enthusiastic score. This was like, uh, but I feel like that's a, that's a good score and that, that tells people, yeah, go give this a look. You know, if, if you have problems with art that's a little left of center, um, then this, this might rub you the wrong way. Some people don't like seeing such cartoony. Or stylized if you, artwork. Yeah, if if you like Powers, you're gonna like this, because um, that's the the Bendis and Oming book. Yeah, uh, Powers. It's coming out through Icon at Marvel right now. I uh, started off at Image, you know, way back. But uh, it's you know, it's of course it's very similar to that because it's it's Oming. But uh, it's uh, I think I don't know if there's a different anchor on it right now. But it, 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 you could tell it's not Powers. Like maybe the lines are a little bit less thick. 
Well, um, uh, you know, and I, I've, I've only looked at a few issues, but I feel like the art is more consistently one style hmm. in Powers. Am I, it, it, yes. am I wrong about that? Like, yeah. it's, and, and it's still the same very cartoony style, you know, very, like, I don't know how to put it Animated around. series. Definitely, yeah. look, definitely looks like you could, this could be a cartoon today. But yeah. I feel like it sort of changes uh, different points during the book, and that might be an artistic decision. Could uh, be. You know, like when he is talking to the guy that we that we know later as Wild Dog in the, in the shop when he's in that uh, auto body shop, um, the art gets a lot different. Plus, we we notice at some point the eyeballs look really weird on people. Yeah, not they're just, just gone. <laughs> not just Cave Carson's, or like there's one point he's in the diner with his with his daughter Chloe, and her eyes just look really bizarre, like something. I don't, and I don't know if that's an, again. That could be a stylistic it choice as be. well. There's like a, definitely an eye theme, considering mm. it's in the title. So it's really a mystery, and it's, and it's sort of exciting to to be in a place where we don't know what's next. Any, you know what I mean? We anything. It's very can rare. We're a new reader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so this is an exciting uh, book for me to keep reading. And uh, do, do you feel like giving it a score? It's uh you know, I, it's gonna it's gonna come off trite, but I'm gonna give you the same one that you uh, gave. It seems enough. to be our uh, we seem to be uh, looking eye to eye on a lot of our <laughs> animal scores in our but, uh, cybernetic yeah, eyes. This is a solid seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think a solid seven is a good way to put it. You know, it's right there. It's 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 worth a grab. And uh, yeah, we are simpatico as far as the uh, young animal line goes so far. I don't know what is next week, but I know in a couple of weeks we have. The first all new character, Mother Panic. Mm. Um, I'm not positive. I think I think you're reviewing it, but it might be a surprise guest reviewer. We'll find out how that works out. But I'm pretty sure Chris is going to tackle that, and I'm excited to read that too. That takes place in Gotham City, and yep. um, I really have nothing more to say about it. People, people <laughs> on, on the internet, you know, creators like it, but creators always like other creators' shit. So that's that's what yeah, I'm they telling you. Have to. <laughs> they kind of have to. <laughs> they they want to get a retweet. They better yep. uh, say something nice. <laughs> So uh, I think that's all we got for him this week, Chris. You uh, got any other young young animal stuff for him? I don't. <laughs> this is a this was a. Uh, and I'm I'm optimistic about the uh, creative uh, future for this, if not the sales future. But uh, you know what do I know? I got to give I'm... it up to you. You've made a lot of unwitting eye puns. I I assume they're unwitting in this episode. <laughs> so. That's no, no, I, that was all calculated. <laughs> <laughs> you're optimistic, you know what I mean? You see eye to eye. You, you, you really, you're just an uh, entertainer at heart, Chris. I'm, I'm a wizard, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, um, if you guys have any comments about Cave Carson, you can always tweet me at Reggie Reggie, and you can tweet Chris. In Ace Comics. Um, you can also write to the uh, podcast. I'm sure Jim dropped the email already. And uh, let us know what you think of this comic, any other young animal stuff. And until next week, keep it young and animalistic. Back to the past and read a comic from DC's Yesteryear of Publishing.
You can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. And this week we have a special Chris Sheehan pick uh, that is going to evolve into a very controversial discussion. So stay tuned, listener, if you want to hear the amazing controversies to be revealed at the end of this segment. Uh, The book we're doing this week is Booster Gold, Volume 2, Number 5. Cover date, February 2008. Uh, Title, 52 Pickup, Chapter 5, No Joke. Written by Jeff Johns and Jeff Katz. Art by Dan Jurgens, Norm Rapmond. Colors by Hi-Fi. Cover price was $2.99. And the on-sale date is uh, December 12, 2007. Is that a rough date? You, you nailed that date pretty much, right? We know. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's, it's only a few years ago. Within, yeah, so exactly. Uh, Within the century, we can nail the date pretty exactly. Yeah, it's usually on a Wednesday. where When it was on the newsstand, who the hell knows? It's true. Um, so, of course, we're going to tell you a little, little bit about the creative team. Uh, first guy, you might have heard of him if you're a DC fan. If you haven't, his name is Jeff Johns. Mm. He was born January 25th, 1973 in Detroit, Michigan, Motor City. He was a comic book fan from an early age, and his first comics bought being Crisis and Infinite Earths number three and The Flash number 348. Uh, he must have really been like, what the hell? I mean, he jumped into you Crisis imagine? on the third issue, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? But uh, he stuck in there and really dug it. He graduated from Clarkson High School in 1991, studied media, arts, screenwriting, film production, and theory at Michigan State. And then looking for an internship, Johns made a cold call to Richard Donner's office, and Donner accidentally picked up the phone, and then Donner took him in. Uh, that's pretty... I've heard that anecdote before. It's it's pretty entertaining. Pretty wild, yeah. Uh, through that, he met DC editor Eddie Berganza. That's not the controversial part. Uh, while no. working on Donner's Conspiracy Theory, <laughs> 1997, that great Mel Gibson flick, uh, Johns was invited to pitch a book. He chose Stars and Stripe, which starred current star girl Courtney Whitmore. Actually, he, he I, I found out that he uh, co-created Courtney Whitmore. I was oh, really? I was actually digging through my Stars and Stripe last night, and I forgot to I forgot to notate that. But yeah, he uh, he created uh, Star Girl or or the Star Spangled Kid. At the yeah. Time. He, he, she was a, a legacy character back when they still were trying to do that, right? Uh, yes. But you know, and she did take because she was in the, she was on one of the new Fifty Two Justice Leagues. I'm just not sure which one. Oh, it was a Justice, Justice League, League United. United. That's right. Yep. Um, he was offered co-writing duties uh, on the then recently launched JSA title, which served to repair and rehabilitate many of the continuity savage members of the Golden Age team, and that's a very uh, beloved and remembered run on JSA right there. Oh, yeah, he, he fixed Hawkman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Until they screwed him up again. No, they broke him again, unfortunately. Hawkman's very fragile, obviously. You, you have to mm-hmm. handle him with care, but John's yes. probably right. Uh, you know, one of the best Hawk, Hawkman... Hawkmen? I don't know, is that the right way sure. to say it? Hawkmans. Hawkmans. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably the way to do it. Um, of John's early work, his run on The Flash is definitely worth mentioning, for sure, yeah. He ran with, <laughs> no pun intended, although you're you're pretty good at that, uh, the character from issues 164 to 225, a nice, long, healthy run. A lot of that with art by Scott Collins. Oh, yeah? Well, all right. Um, I've, I've definitely read chunks of that. They're actually reissuing that now in... Yeah. I think they did an omnibus, and now they're doing the paperback trades, which are like something a human being can hold and read. Yeah, you don't so, have to lay it on the floor to read it. <laughs> yeah, that's... They did the same thing with JSA. I know they did his... I think that's two omnibus. Mm. Um, anyway, so that's something 
I've seen some of it, but I've been thinking I need to tuck into that because I do like his stuff. And I, I read Flash Rebirth, and I've read his Green Lantern stuff, which yep. we'll get into a little more later. Um, Marvel came a call right around that time, and Jeff would have a nearly two-year run writing the Avengers while still writing for DC. Uh, he didn't go exclusive like a lot of his contemporaries, frankly. I think his heart was with DC. Uh, sure. Did you read this? I never read this at all. Yeah, it was uh, it was real good. Yeah. Um, it was right off the back of the Kurt Busiek run. Oh, okay. Um, so it wasn't. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting like a real, real big drop in quality, but uh, no, it was real good. I think he, a lot of the art was a uh, Olivier Coipel or Oliver Coipel. Coipel. I never that name yeah. does not ring a bell. <laughs> Um, yeah, interesting. And uh, he, he is great with teams so and, and sure. large cast, so I'm not surprised. Anyway, he uh, rehabilitated and retconned Hal Jordan back to his heroic prominence after his dalliance as Parallax and uh, graduated the kids of Young Justice into a new version of the Teen Titans, which also, that run I have read, it's quite good. Oh, it's uh, excellent. That also you can get out there in the, in the world. It's not too hard. Um, Johns would also write the sequel to Crisis and Infinite Earths. Infinite Crisis, which just reestablished the DC multiverse and gave a few of DC's heavy hitters brand new or tweaked origins. And then along with Greg Rucka, Mark Wade, Grant Morrison, and Keith Giffen doing the plotting, he crafted DC's first big weekly title, 52. Not the new 52, folks, just no. 52, which brings us to our boosterific present. Yes, uh, we also have Jeff Katz. I uh, really can't find a whole lot about this guy <laughs> online. Uh, what we do know, we don't have a birth date or a birthplace, so we're assuming he's a robot. Yeah, probably. Um, he was a, he's a former producer at 20th Century Fox. Uh, he oversaw the production of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, he was a producer on, of uh, Snakes on a Plane and Freddy vs. Jason. He created American Original. It's an entertainment company with two divisions, including American Original Press, uh, which is a company that produces about 10 comics a year with an end goal of uh, getting picked up for other media. So basically the comic book version of a movie pitch, perhaps. Yes. Uh, this was partnered through Top Cow. I think that's Mark Silvestri's company over at Image. Yep. Um, American And also American Original Entertainment, which is the film and TV side of that. Uh, he did a uh, he did do a, a series for Top Cow. I think it was a series of series that was called uh, Crosshair. Yeah. I, I, and as, as far as I could find out, that wasn't the American Original Press. And in fact, I couldn't even find one comic. Yeah. But for American Original Press, I have no idea really anything about it. These things could be out there. That just because you don't find stuff online doesn't mean they don't exist, but sure. uh, didn't couldn't find more about it. I couldn't either, yeah, because Crosshair was definitely a Top Cow project, so yeah. I couldn't I couldn't find any of that American original myself either. Um, now doing the art chores, we got Dan Jurgens, a close personal friend of mine. Uh, we, <laughs> we did take a picture together once. That's right, you can find um, it on the blog if you dig yes. deep enough, folks. <laughs> now, he was born uh, June 27th, 1959 in Ortonville, Minnesota. He uh, graduated from the Minneapolis School of Art and Design in 1981. Uh, after showing Mike Grell uh, his portfolio at a convention, he was offered his first professional work. This would be in Greg's long-running DC Comics fantasy series Warlord, and it was issue uh, number 63, uh, cover dated November 1982. Uh, in only a few years, Johns went from, uh, Jurgens went from artist to writer-artist when he took over the writing duties on Sun Devils with issue 10. I think he took that over from, I want to say, Jerry Conway? Okay. Um, maybe. <laughs> uh, and that was April 1985, issue 10. Uh, also in 85, he created the, the fellow we're going to be talking about today. He That's created right. Booster Gold. 
Uh, and he might have had something to do with Superman in the early 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what, what, what could have happened to him then? I don't think I remember. Yeah. I, it was like November 1992, <laughs> kind of? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he killed Superman. He, he was the man behind the death of Superman. Um, he's responsible for bringing me into DC. Because that's, uh, that's when I left my marvelous roots behind for, for a time. Uh, some of his Superman work, you have, of course, the death, the funeral, the reign of the Superman. And he also introduced the electric blue Superman, hey, uh, which... Can't win them eh. all. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, he was also the architect of DC's second modern crisis event. We said that Infinite Crisis was kind of the sequel, but there was there was a crisis in between them. Actually, a couple. But, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Zero Hour or Crisis in Time which went from issues four through zero. So it counted down, and this was during the summer in 1994. And uh, it was pretty much done to kind of right some of the missteps and some of the things that might have fallen through the cracks of the original Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, because it kind of ran off the rails pretty quickly. They wanted their Legion in, their Superboy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it didn't really take. Like most of these crisis events, it always ends up, you know, unfolding more <laughs> problems than issues, so... And a lot of what was put in there facilitated Jeff John's run on JSA because they de-aged, re-aged, and de-aged the JSA a oh, whole well, lot. There you go. Uh, now, like John's, uh, Jurgens did a little bit of Marvel work while still maintaining his DC schedule. Uh, they launched a new Spider-Man title around him called the Sensational Spider-Man. It was launched in 1996. It took the place of Web of Spider-Man on the uh, on the release schedule. Huh. Uh, now this was during the Clone Saga, so uh, Dan had he had no he had very little or no flexibility to tell the stories he wanted, because uh, you know Peter Parker was kind of off the table at this time. This yeah. was during the Ben Riley era, right. so if anybody wanted to write anything with Peter Parker, they were kind of out of luck. They were stuck uh, working with Riley, and uh, Jurgens didn't stick around all that long on this title. Um, also in 96, he launched a new volume of the Teen Titans where he wasn't allowed to use any of the Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Dan Jurgens. Yes. yes. This was a... Uh... It was actually him and it was Jurgens and George Perez on this title. Oh wow! And they, yeah, and they were not allowed to use any Teen Titans characters because I think the original push was going to be uh, Dick Grayson and Donna Troy, kind of mentoring this new team uh, that had like Johto and Risk and uh, Bata- Battalion, maybe or is that Team? T- it's either way. I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> so he wasn't allowed to use them, so he had to kind of think outside the box and he cleverly hid former titan lilith clay under a mask and cape and gave her the code name omen so uh the, the omen that's currently in the titan series that all came from this uh this run on teen titans and it um, kind, of, kind of like splintered off a new character inadvertently right it's yeah because lilith is in titans hunt yes and, right or now it's just titans yeah yeah and she's uh and she's under the omen hood oh i see um and, uh, you know, he did come back to Marvel around the turn of the century. He wrote uh, Captain America and, Th- and Thor during the uh, kind of like the Heroes Return volumes, which is where Marvel got them all back from from Image and Wildstorm from when they licensed. I don't know if it was licensed, but when they gave them out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that we That's maybe a story for weird comics history because that was a very strange thing. But that was, when, yes. you, know, uh, you know, Liefeld was doing that was the big boob cap, right? Yes, uh, and uh, Jim Lee was doing Jim Fantastic, doing Fantastic Four, Four and yeah. Iron Man, I think, yeah. And another thing you know about Dan Jurgens that you know as a fact personally is he's a heck of a nice guy. 
he is a heck of a nice guy. So that is a fact. That's so you can put that on his resume also. So uh, mm-hmm. to set up set up a little bit for this booster gold issue, we got to talk about Infinite Crisis and not the new Fifty Two, just the weekly <laughs> series Fifty Two. Now, Infinite Crisis really started in the 80-page countdown to Infinite Crisis special, where the Blue Beetle, Ted Kord, is murdered by former Justice League international financier Maxwell Lord. This is an important note for the piece, for this piece. Uh, following Infinite Crisis, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman all vamoosed for a year. They took off, they decided things had gotten too wacky, and all the ongoing titles that took place after that were one year later. So to fill in what happened, they came up with this weekly title. Uh, It was an ongoing, for the first time since 1989's Action Comics Weekly, the series was called 52, because there are 52 weeks in a year and 52 universes in the post-Infinite Christ multiverse, and DC just likes that number a lot for some reason. They seem to go (laughs) back to it a lot. Uh, And during 52, Booster Gold found himself as something of a hero, truly coming into his own, appearing far more mature and effective than he'd been depicted previously. He appears to die at one point and resurfaces under a full face mask as the heroic Supernova. Uh, Following the year-long epic, Booster is drafted by Rip Hunter, Time Master, to become the Defender of the Time Stream, which had been made somewhat malleable due to Captain Marvel's foe, Mr. Mind, throwing a bit of a fit, a kind of tearing it up, really. Yeah. Uh, Booster agrees on one condition, that he'll be able to go back in time and stop Ted Kord, his Blue Beetle pal, from getting murdered. Mm -hmm. That's also very important for this issue. Yeah. Now, hopping into the issue, it's Booster Gold number five, title, No Joke. Uh, the cover, if, you, if you've seen this one, you, you know it. It's, it's a clear homage, or how do you say homage? Is it homage or homage? Yeah, close or? enough. I, I like yeah. homage. It sounds American. I like homage, too. Yeah. It's, it sounds New York. Uh, now, <laughs> it's a clear homage to 1988's The Killing Joke, uh, featuring the Joker aiming a camera at the reader. This time, however, there's a reflection in the lens of Batgirl and a very protective Booster Gold. Uh, the story opens up years ago with Batgirl atop a building delivering a final kick to the Scarecrow. Uh, now, after the fight, she has a rooftop chat with her dad, who really, she, he's got to know that this is his daughter, yeah. right? I mean, she almost calls him dad. She's like, it's like, hey, dad, detective. I mean, well, come on, what is this, her first day? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you ever encountered this before? <laughs> but yeah, there we are. Yes, and uh, she leaps off into the night as Commissioner Gordon proudly looks on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get a little bit of pride in in his face. That's, he seems to. He, he seems <laughs> to have kind of a uh, a wince in his eye or something. And he says, yeah. "She's almost as good as you." Then Batman comes out of the shadows and goes, "She'll be better." <laughs> and Sadly, can, that's the only time I'm going to be able to do Batman this issue, this that, episode. We can check it off though. The all important yes. Batman cameo. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, back in Rip Hunter's time lab, he and Booster are trying to figure out what to do with one of Rex's old te- uh, one of Rip's old teammates, Rex Hunter. Hmm, teammate or brother? They got the same last name. Could they both be Booster's sons, Chris? Spoiler alert! Oh, we don't know that yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not in this issue either. So we'll <laughs> no. just move on. <laughs> Now, this, this part I really dig about the uh, Booster Gold series. There's a couple of chalkboards in uh, in the lab, and uh, there, there's these notes scribbled on them. Like, you know, like you see, like, Einstein in front of, like, a chalkboard with all these, like, formulas and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And the online comics community, as it was, was really going nuts trying to decipher these things, thinking there's some sort of uh, some sort of importance behind them. And you know, it's it, this ran through the whole series, and it was always fun to check it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I wrote down a few of them here. We have the Sun Devils will save us all, which I figure has got to be just a a thing for Dan because he did. That was the first thing he wrote. Probably. Yeah. Um, we have our Lightning Sagas Strike Twice, which uh, was going on in the pages of Just- Justice League of America and Justice Society of America, where they kind of brought back the Legion of Superheroes. Wow. While while running a Legion of Superheroes volume that had nothing to do with it. And not telling the writer, Mark Wade that they were bringing back the original team. Well, that's nice. <laughs> Why not? There's also 3,000 plus 8, which might have something to do, because the Legion are from the 30th century, right? Right, yeah, 31st, yep. Yeah, 31st, there you go. Uh, there's also Gog is Dead, The Age of Gog is Upon Us, in the pages of Justice Society of America. Uh, they were bringing in bits and pieces of Kingdom Come. Yeah, they had uh, so, Magog in there and everything. Yep. Yeah. There was also Death of the Supermen, and they actually, they actually brought in the Kingdom Come Superman in the pages of Justice Society of America. Wow. So I don't know if that's something to do with that. Uh, there's also Who Controls the Wildebeest Society. Uh, that's from the Teen Titans, or the new Teen Titans run. Uh, the Wildebeests were, uh, were like these costumed monsters, basically. Mm-hmm. That were uh, being being organized. Uh, it was revealed they were they were being organized by Jericho, but uh, I don't know if they were planning on doing something with the wildebeest at this point. I don't remember them actually doing something with it. Uh, and then there's also the ghost detectives have all the answers, and the ghost detectives. I'm assuming they're talking about um, the Dibneys. Oh, okay. Because uh, Sue Dibney died yeah. uh, during Identity Crisis, and I believe. Ralph died during 52. Yeah, he did die early on in 52. So yeah. yeah, I guess he And I uh, think at the end they showed them as a pair of ghost detectives. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, so, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and and also the word answers is underlined. So I wonder if that has something to do with the question. Because mm-hmm. during 52, Renee Montoya becomes the question. Yeah, which was awesome. So I wonder, yeah, it was great. It was it was such an organic way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they were planning on something to do with the question and the Dibneys. Yeah, I mean, if they if they were, I don't think it ever it materialized. Didn't materialize, and, then, yeah. and then Ralph Dibney and Sue Dibney came back to life in the new 52 anyway, so. Yes. Uh, boot. We erased the whole blackboard now. It doesn't, you know, yes. but it, it is a good, it is a good gimmick. I wasn't online at the time, but I do remember seeing it in, in 52. This is also used. Uh, different things are on the, the Rip Hunters blackboard, and I remember really poring over it and trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. So uh, Rip reveals he's got another Quantum Leapy-style gig for Booster. This is kind of what they've been doing in this series, is going back back to the past, as we like to do here, and righting the wrongs. Um, his job is to save Barbara Gordon from being shot by the Joker. Rip says, then this will all be over. To which Booster says, and then we can save Ted Cord? The very second you're back. So Booster hops onto the quantum accelerator, which is basically a cosmic treadmill. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rip, uh, and he just vanishes, and Rip looks to begin a rather sadistic method of interrogation <laughs> on all Rex. This really, I mean, what's funny for me, <laughs> not reading the whole series, this is almost like an incongruous scene out of nowhere, you know, when I read this, but it, uh, there's a lot of pointy stuff in this place, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's about, like, there's like a sickle, you know what I mean? It looks like yeah. 
there's some sort of a hal halberd or something, you know, like, like what the Swiss Army uses. So it's uh, it's about to get a little gross in there. I have a feeling. Yeah. Um, so you can figure out that they don't show it, which is unlike today's comics where they would probably show every scene. <laughs> so Booster arrives in the past, and he's at the, that carnival from The Killing Joke. And by the way, we are assuming that you've read The Killing Joke. If you haven't, <laughs> then this probably some of this might be lost on you. But yes. if you haven't, you probably should check it out. Uh, and he's ready to go. Booster says, you heard Rip Skeets. Barbara Gordon was never supposed to be paralyzed. Uh, Skeets is his little robot Hovering robot pal from the future as well, by the way. Um, before Booster can act, he feels a prick on his neck. Let's keep it out of the gutter. All right. Well, he was hit by a paralysis <laughs> dart, uh, which is pretty ironic considering what will happen to Barbara Gordon later on. And suddenly he's surrounded by carnies, these really ugly, weird freaks that uh, they're, they're from the comic as well. We got a two-headed guy. We got a fat lady. We got the midgets with wings and... In tutus? Yeah, again, yeah. you gotta read the comic, folks, to understand what we're talking about here. Um, they tear off his mask, revealing his lovely blonde locks. Uh, his, his semi-mullet that, that's, that he's wearing at the time, and it seems to have grown in between panels. And uh, they blow a gr green noxious gas in his face, and that knocks him out. Yeah, from here we uh, shift scenes to uh, to the current Blue Beetle, who's uh, Jaime Reyes, and he's taken in a Lucha Libre show. So he doesn't get to enjoy it very long because the Black Beetle shows up, informs a boy he's needed, and zips him away. Uh, back in the past, uh, Booster wakes up to find himself sitting before the Joker. And the Joker says, Who are you? And why are you here? I'm here to stop you. Stop? What? And the Joker continues, delivering a line that makes me wonder if uh, if the freaks were supposed to uh, pull Booster's mask off. Yeah, because he says, Are you Kardak under there? Kreskin? Yuri Geller, maybe? I didn't see him bending any spoons. No. Uh, now the the cover pans out. Uh, the camera pans out, revealing that Booster Gold is bolted to train tracks, and there's a heavyset woman in a car rolling down the rails in his direction. Yeah, back at the lab, Rip Hunter is still interrogating Rex. Looks as though he's already pulled a couple of teeth and socked him a few times. I mean, he, he looks a little bit messed up. Uh, you know, I have a feeling he probably could do a lot worse, but we'll see. Yeah, Rex uh, kind of hardcore here, yeah. Yeah. Um, to be fair, though, Rex is threatening to go back in time and kill Booster Gold while he's still in the maternity ward, which is kind of a dick move. Yeah, and it's also quite a threat to Rip. Spoilers. That's right. Yeah, we'll find out why later. But I think you're already kind of figuring out, folks. Or if you know about the series, you know what we're talking about. Uh, Rex gets all hopped up on chronal energy and burns out of existence as Rip pleads with him for information. Yeah, Rip goes, you made the greatest mistake you could have. You told whoever you're working for your real name, didn't you? Who is it, Jason? Tell me. Tell me, and I might be able to stop. And then we shift to that sh a strange scene in a child's nursery, a child named Jason. Uh, the Time Stealers, Purd Degaton, the Ultra Humanite, and Despero. Uh, I, it's true. Why is he a shrimpy version? What, what is it? Yeah, deal? he's like the pre-crisis version. Yeah, he's, he's just like a regular human size. But anyway, yeah. the same three eyes, same fin head, so we know who he because is. Because the fin, the fin goes from left to right instead of front to back. Yeah, it's a, he, it's, I guess he's all, the old school. Uh, yeah, yeah, the pre-crisis. Very weird. Yeah. Um, they're present, and looks like they've killed Rex Hunter while he was in the crib, uh, a.k.a. Jason. So he couldn't talk in the future. So this is basically what Rex wanted to do to Booster, or threatened mm -hmm. to do to Booster. They did to him. So a Booster's safe for the moment. 
Um, yes. So, you know, this this had ramifications on the present or the future. We, it's hard, whatever you want. Wherever the hell we are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of Booster, he is safe. We rejoin him and Skeets as, the boost, uh, as Booster uh, swings from shackles inside a cage. Skeets, what what happened? As soon as the fat lady hit you, you blacked out. Me and fat ladies don't mix. Not unless alcohol is involved. I told you to delete that from your databanks. You tell me a lot of things, sir. And from here, we move into uh, some very familiar killing joke territory. Dan Jurgens does his best Brian Bolin imperson- impression here, and he, pulls the- he just knocks it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say, like, this is a really well-drawn issue. Oh, it's gorgeous. And, and you don't see Dan Jurgens really draw anymore. I, I can't remember. I think he drew something very early in the new 52, but... He's pretty much just been writing, as far as I know, uh, but he really is a great, a really accomplished artist, and uh, oh, yeah. this one proves Absolutely. it. Uh, now, uh, as Booster rushes across town, because he's still at the carnival, he's got to get to uh, the Gordon apartment. Uh, the Joker gives a friendly knock on the Gordon's apartment door. Uh, Barbara answers the door, and uh, something happens. Yeah, well, the, we know what happens. <laughs> she spills coffee. But you know what? You know what's what's funny is that the panels. Mirror the killing joke almost exactly. Even the, yeah. even her like reaction panel when she oh, first. Oh, it's gorgeous. It, it, I mean, it 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 almost exactly like the comic, just sort of sized down, I guess, for you know a, a weekly or a monthly format. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, Brian Boland he got to take his time, whereas Dan Jurgens had to crank this thing out in some kind of reasonable time. But it's it's you know panel for panel, so much like it, and. uh at the same time, you know, the, these panels are juxtaposed very well on this one page. There are six panels, and it's like, as Barbara gets shot, Booster crashes in through the window. She crashes through the glass. Booster's running down the hallway, and it's like this is juxtaposed with Gordon getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. While it's, it's a great page, um, yeah. but, but the bottom line is he's too late. Yeah, and he, he does get there, and the Joker does not take too kindly to his interloping. This is a private party. Boys, show them the way out, preferably through the seventh-story window. Now, Booster's able to hold his own against the goons and uh, finally lunges at the Joker, who just won't stop laughing at him. Like, he's choking him out, and he's just laughing yeah. at him maniacally. And he's just yelling, stop laughing at me. Uh, so he's, he's choking him, and then uh, the Joker stalls a camera around his neck and uses uh, flash photography to get out of it. Hey. Um, he, uh, he blinds and befuddles Booster with flash photography. Uh, Joker begins wailing on Booster. And he's just about to blow his brains out when uh, Booster, uh, he quantum leaps away. Like, it, it looks just like when Sam Beckett quantum leaps in Quantum Leap. Yeah, almost exactly. Like, he turns yeah. blue and gone. And and by the way, Joker does fire. He does, uh, it, this yeah. Is, this is not like, it wasn't about to go into a monologue or like, you know, some, he was about to get a bullet in his brain and he got yeah. away. And uh, he, he wakes up back in Rip Hunter's lab and uh, he immediately insists that Rip send him back for another chance. And uh, from here, we get a really cool montage of Booster going back numerous times and failing to stop the Joker from paralyzing Barbara Gordon again and again. Yeah. Uh, in, now, in very interesting ways. Like, he, he, get, yeah. he gets stopped uh, at the carnival at one point in the Hall of Mirrors. Like, these, these are all different stories, you know what I mean, of what might have happened. He gets shot in the shoulder. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's really, the implications are interesting, you know, uh, and also of time travel that it's sort of, you can do a lot in, you know. Yeah. You can spend years in a day or some kind of. Absolutely, and just it. 
and the rules of it are so uh, very they're convenient. <laughs> yeah. um, now, uh, finally, after these these unsuccessful attempts, uh, you know, Booster is just beaten, bloody, and just crawling, <laughs> and Rip refuses to send him back. Yeah, Rip says no. This this has gone far enough. But the abnormal worm wormhole is still open, right? We can we we can go. Booster, I I'm sorry. I was trying to teach you. I was only trying to make you understand. The Joker is always going to win. I I I I can stop him. I I know I can. We can't. We can't change it. We never could. And Rip goes on to say Barbara Gordon was always destined to be paralyzed and become the cyber crime fighter called Oracle. That's the way it was supposed to be. The Joker will always shoot Barbara Gordon. Yeah, Rip tells uh, tells him that Barbara's paralysis was a moment in solidified time, <laughs> which, which is kind of hilarious now. Yeah. Uh, much like the moment in which Ted Cord was murdered, which is also kind of funny now. <laughs> <laughs> Booster's reaction, he goes, you lied to me. You gave me something to hope for. You made me watch. You you made me watch what that maniac did to Barbara over and over. And now you're telling me sorry? Screw sorry and screw you. Ted Cord is dead. You have to move on. What a dick. I know. No <laughs> Booster corner, turns buddy. to leave. <laughs> uh, Booster turns to leave. He tells Rip he's done. He's, you know, hey, get another, get another uh, fool. Yeah. Um, he's been betrayed. He's been, you know, he's had the carrot of bringing his best buddy back dangled over his head this whole time. Uh, as he's leaving, there's a flash of blue light. The blue beetle, Jaime Reyes, the black beetle, and the original blue beetle, Dan Garrett, are yeah. all there. And they have need of Booster. The task? Saving Ted Cord. Hey, some of that time, not as solid as you thought it was. So, mm-hmm. obviously, Chris, you like this book a lot, and I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, you know, if, if I've said that, really, if I had more time, I'd really like to tuck into uh, these first 12 issues that Jeff oh, Johns yeah. wrote and see what happened here. I, I read 52 a bunch of times, and I think I've read a couple of the offshoots or... Was, was there a lead-up to it? There was, there was something else I, I read that was 52-related. or I don't know what it was, but it wasn't this, is the point. And, yeah. And uh, I should have. It, it seems really interesting, and Booster Gold is a cool character. He is. So let's follow up with some uh, Jeff Johns postscript, because I think he did a couple things after this. Uh, I thought this was where he stopped. He, you know, you, you, <laughs> you'd think so, but no, he, he did a few other things. He kept writing comics. Uh, reunited with Richard Donner to write the Last Sun story arc in Action Comics. That was uh, number 844 to 847, December 2006 to April 2007. He wrote Flash Rebirth with art by Ethan Van Skyver and reestablished Barry Allen as the Flash um, after Wally West had been the Flash for quite quite a number of years, 20 years or exactly. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, launched the National Core War in 2006. Uh, they numbered 1 to 11, August 2007, February 2008. And perhaps more famously, the Blackest Night mega crossover, the Big Green Lantern mega thing, uh, June t- 2009 to May 2010. Oh, that's almost misleading because there were so many spinoffs, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you you could make a you could make a you year could long of, box out of this, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is where we get our multicolored, quote unquote, Skittles lanterns, our uh, red, the emotional yellow, spectrum, exactly the emotional spectrum lanterns. Uh, it all comes stems from this. Um, he was named DC Entertainment's chief creative officer on February 18th, 2010. And then 
co-wrote with Peter Tomasi the less well-received Brightest Day bi-weekly maxi-series, as well as the first Barry Allen-helmed Flash title in decades. So this is not a man that likes sleep. No. <laughs> uh, did that whole little Flashpoint thing that sort of precipitated the New 52. Uh, kept writing Green Lantern through to the New 52 till I forget, issue 19 or 20 or something like that. I think so. Uh, picked up Justice League and Aquaman following the reboot. I, I had forgotten Aquaman. Um, he wrote Forever, Forever Evil with art by David Finch, mainly. That was New 52's first big event. Uh, and really their only one, when I really come to think of it. I think so. Wrote a soft that involved, at least one, the one that involved, you know, everyone in the DCU. But, yeah, because Convergence is kind of its own thing. Oh, I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> I, tried, I tried not to think of it. Um, and he, he wrote a soft reboot of Superman with, with John Romita Jr. on art. That was supposed to be a big whoop. It wasn't really a big deal. No. Um, he wrote DC Universe Rebirth number one, uh, sh- shaking up the already shaken up DCU. That was just last May that came out. Yep. Uh, and basically has helmed this whole rebirth thing that has brought a lot of new eyeballs on DC Comics in recent months, although he hasn't written anything since then, but supposedly he's got his uh, creative eye on everything. However, he is very busy because in July 2016, it was confirmed that Jeff Johns had already been president of DC Entertainment for a couple of months and would retain his position of chief creative officer while having more input on movies, television, and video game adaptations. Uh, Also, and I don't know, I I assume you found this too, if you look at like the letters page, uh, pretty much any DC comic book from like the mid 1980s on, about 1985 or six on, I guess. I mean, if his first comic was Crisis, right? Yep. Um, I'd say there's about a one in five chance you're going to see a letter from Jeff Johns in there. It's it's <laughs> so it happened. It was, I don't have nearly the comic collection that Chris does, but I have enough 80s comics that, I, that I'd say probably about one in five of them has a Jeff Johns letter in there. <laughs> it was very prolific. Oh yeah. Um, now, uh, Dan Jurgens, uh, he would uh, take over the writing chores on this very volume of Booster Gold uh, from uh, 2009 to, uh, I think, 2010, 2011, because I know uh, Giffen and DiMatteis were in there for a bit. Uh, with the launch of the New 52, he started writing Justice League International, which ran uh, about a year. I think it made it to the uh, zero issue. I remember it. Or an annual or something like that. Uh, he was part of that, that weird time in Superman where it was like a rotating door of creators because like DC couldn't keep a team on it. It's like George Perez left, Keith Giffen left. Well, that, that was uh, what it was. It was George Perez walked, and I think they, they yep. scrambled after that. They didn't know what to do. Yeah, and it didn't uh, – it really uh, was – it was left bobbing until uh, I think Lobdell took a, had like a year-long run before the uh, the Johns and Romita run hit. Um he was also one of the creators involved in DC's 2014 to 15 weekly series, uh, New 52, Future's End. Mm-hmm. Uh, during DC's 2015 Convergence event, he would write a two-part story featuring the post-crisis pre-Flashpoint Superman, still married to a now-pregnant Lois Lane, which ended in her giving birth to their son Jonathan, which uh, led right into the uh, limited uh, series Superman, Lois, and Clark, which established the old Superman and the new continuity. And ultimately, uh, him taking over as the real steel deal Superman following the death of the new 52 version. Yeah, and, you know, they're still dealing with some of the fallout making all this work a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I've, I've been enjoying uh, the Superman title overall. I, I don't know oh, if yeah. I would say it's uh, a must-buy. I don't know if I've ever said those words together, but um, <laughs> I've, I've been enjoying it. I'd say it's worth a look, especially if you were kind of put off by Superman during the new 52 which really got messy towards the end, that yeah. Superman. But uh, 
Uh, this this kind of restores a lot of the fundamental things that we like about Superman, and he has a son, so he does. that's a good time. What he doesn't have is the red trunks. Yeah, so I, yeah, that's right. Well, those I don't think are coming back right away. But <laughs> no. So I promise some controversy, and controversy I shall provide. Uh, we're going to talk <laughs> about the Killing Joke now. Again, we're going to be talking about it as if you've read it. So if you haven't read it, I guess fast forward and go read it and check us out uh, later on. Um, we're of course talking about the Prestige comic book from 1988 by Alan Moore and Brian Boland, not the Speed Metal Band or the new animated movie, which just came out, I think, this year. Maybe it was late last yeah. year. Um, this comic won the Eisner Award for Best Graphic Album, uh, which is a funny name for an award. I love how they called it that. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is back in the day. This wasn't, you know, graphic novels weren't, uh, you know, that common. Yes. Alan Moore got the award for best writer in the same year, and that was 89, and I can only assume that it was really for The Killing Joke, because uh, that pretty much was his big... That was his thing that exactly. year, yeah. Uh, I think he was, you know, he was writing other things, but I, I assume this was really what it was. And, you yeah. know, this wasn't uncontroversial when it came out. It wasn't like, uh, you know, people just kind of took it blithely, and they were, you know, there were bat, huge Batgirl fans that freaked out at the time. Uh, and, you know, paralyzing a... Fairly, you know, known character. I, we, she wasn't A-list at the time, but she wasn't like, you know, a forgotten Silver Age character. She'd been around in the books and stuff. Um, was she a Golden Age character? Well, was she no. a Silver Age? Uh, she, pretty much the Barbara Gordon as we. Barbara Gordon is a Silver Age character. There was okay. there was that other Batwoman, Katie Keene in the fifties. Katie Keene, yeah. Uh, Kathy Kane, that's yeah. right, Katie Keene. But and she actually had a Batgirl, which was like. Her, her niece. Yeah. It was her psychic. I think it was her niece. It might have been her daughter. I'm pretty sure it was her niece. Anyway, on same name, hero, but unrelated characters. So Barbara Gordon is, is a Silver Age creation. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but she, you know, she'd been around. She was in the, the Bat family comic. and uh, Yep. So she, she, she wasn't anything new. And, you know, it was, it was very controversial. And, uh, but it was pretty well received, and it was considered right away a pretty definitive Batman and especially, I think, a pretty definitive Joker story. You know, yeah. uh, I, didn't even, I didn't put this here, but after this is when the Joker really became, like, psychotic. It's when he got dangerous, yeah. yeah not I mean, cartoony anymore. There was, like, some of that a little bit in the 70s, uh, but not as, you know, I mean, here, here it was like he's willing to commit genocide now. And, and I mean, <laughs> yep. not long after this, he, you know, kills Jason Todd, and, uh, you know, now he's cuts off people's faces like it ain't no, no thing. So this is a messed up gentleman. So, you know, uh, indeed, Barbara does remain paralyzed in continuity and becomes Oracle. And arguably one of the, you know, the most beloved post-crisis character created in DC Comics, you know. And I know that there are people that would refute that, and that definitely is, like I said, an arguable point. But it was huge, uh, you know what I mean? Suddenly, you know, this Barbara Gordon, which was sort of a, you know, forgettable character, became... Really, like a linchpin for so many books, as we've pointed out. Oh, yeah. You know, the JLA used her. Uh, she, we're going to talk about. She formed a uh, a very popular team of uh, female superheroes. But she first appeared as Oracle behind the scenes to the following year in Suicide Squad number twenty three, January nineteen eighty nine. Uh, so she wasn't like you know kept on the shelf very long. They they brought her right back out in a wheelchair, and uh, along with Black Canary, carried the ongoing. Birds of Prey series. That was a series that did something unheard of today. Made it to the triple digits, running from 1999 to 2009, and that's just the first volume. It was hugely popular. It spawned a television show that everyone hated, 
Yes. But uh, it was it was tremendous, and Oracle had a lot to do with that. Certainly. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much it. Uh, not much more to say about about that uh, until the new 52, when Barbara well, Gordon... Actually, also, it's important to say that she was basically Batman's and the Bat family's, like, home base, too. That, oh, yeah. that was really her main role. I, I don't know, I, we didn't even mention it, but that's what, that's what she was doing full-time, we'll say. Yeah, yeah, she was, and it seemed like she popped up any any time anybody needed intel. Yeah, they referred to Oracle. You'd see that little like digitized face on their their computer monitor, and uh, she was just you couldn't you couldn't get away from her. She was always she was always there. Yeah. Um, now in the new Fifty Two, Barbara Gordon's mobility was magically restored, and she became Batgirl again. Uh, to be fair, they did explain that there was some sort of was it like experimental spinal surgery? Yeah, they, they like put like, a, they put it eventually. I mean, they kind of dodged the issue for a long time. They mentioned it. They kind of dismissed it as spinal surgery while Gail Simone wrote it, and then hmm. really in a comic we're going to be talking about later on in, in about a minute. Uh, they put some kind of computer chip in her. It's something like, like this. nanites or something. There you go. I think that was it. I think it was nanites that had scanned with her memories or something to that effect. Yeah, but uh, you know that ultimately that doesn't matter. She can she can walk again. Yeah. <laughs> the important thing to take away from here, which you know, uh, you know, on its face does not negate the the Booster Gold story we just read or the one that inspired it. Yeah. You know, she does still get shot. She still does get paralyzed. She still does become Oracle. Because that was always supposed to happen, right? No matter who's no matter whose watch it's under. Uh, I would because say getting of, the surgery sort of supports that, actually. Sure, and it's and it's a comic book, yeah. so sure. Because <laughs> and and also, you know, Rip Hunter would not lie to us about that, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. He's not. <laughs> man's got a lot of secrets. <laughs> now, one of the things that uh, that people have been bringing up about the Killing Joke are these these rape allegations. It's something I, I know you, you and Jim talked about it on the show once. Mm. Uh, we, you and I have talked about it on and off the air. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about it. And the first time that I had heard anybody talking about that was during the uh, that variant cover that came out, that Raphael Albuquerque cover. Yeah. That was the first time I'd ever heard about that. Um, I think I've said it before here or, or on Weird Comics History. Um, you know, outside of whatever the hell was going on in, in Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum serious house on the serious earth, I, I never saw the Joker as a as a sexual sadist because uh, he was doing some weird crap in that book. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what that was all about. But, but they, I never they, even, saw they even kind of mention in there that he sort of changes who he is every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if he wants to be a playful, uh, you know, homosexual imp he's that and if he wants to be a murderous psychopath you know he's that he can do that too yeah and uh you know i i just thought that he got his kicks screwing with batman and screwing with the police yep and uh it's weird how not immediately seeing rape in that scene is somehow the unpopular opinion these days and and, you know i remember when this book came out and and you know it was in the air people were talking about it they were even like you know uh Articles and you know in magazines and comic uh, comics journal comics journal and stuff. Uh, never never heard rape. I never heard anyone suggest that Joker raped her. Um, you know she did. the thing the thing is what's what makes it funny is that you almost feel like you're defending what the Joker does. What the Joker does is hard. <laughs> yes, okay? of course. He he shoots her in the spine. He paralyzes her. And in my in my mind, he purposefully. Un- Purposefully, oh, exactly, yeah, this isn't, like we, we were talking before the show, this isn't a lucky shot, he knows he paralyzed her immediately, he says it's got a cracked spine, and it won't walk on its own, there's some mm-hmm. kind of comment like that, yeah. um, 
then undresses her, and while she's writhing in pain, tears in her eyes, takes blood all over the floor, blood yeah. everywhere. You know what I mean? Like not getting any better. Uh, he idly he takes pictures, and he uses those pictures later to uh, obviously try to warp Jim Gordon. To me, that was bad enough. I yeah. mean, that's that's a horrifying thing. And then the suggestion that he raped her, even or even molested her, it never occurred to me because, like Chris says, Joker was not a sexualized character. Uh, no. You would never even think of that. Even when he was with Harley Quinn later on, they always had this abusive relationship. Like, you never think about them humping. You no, know what it was I mean? It's very asexual. Exactly. Yeah. She, she might. She might think it was like he's a messiah a hottie, complex. But he he just wanted to like you know pin the crime on her and and have her sure. be his stooge. Uh, you know, my main criticism of the story, if I were to criticize it, which I have. I did one once before on a uh, old Reggie's uh, recklessness when I used to do that segment. Is that no character is important except for the Batman and the Joker? You know, everyone is just sort of fodder for their war that they wage mm-hmm. through Gotham, and everyone can be a casualty. You know, um, right away in the very beginning, the the real estate guy that sells Joker the carnival. He gets killed, like, instantly. Uh, Barbara Gordon, obviously, shot and paralyzed, and she barely is in the story, like, when you really break it down. Just a couple pages, Just yeah. a few pages. Commissioner Gordon, just another thing the Joker uses to antagonize the Batman. You know, this is all of something happening between the Joker and the Batman. And Alan Moore makes that very clear. The whole thing starts with a conversation between the Batman and the Joker, where he's basically stating what I'm saying. It turns out not to be the Joker, but the conversation happens. Also, what he's looking for the Joker after he talks to Barbara Gordon when she's in the hospital, which is like less than a page, I think. Um, There's a page of Batman just beating the crap out of supervillains and regular hoods looking for the Joker. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody is just flotsam, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Like when it comes to Batman and the Joker, the whole city, everyone can burn. And that, that that to me is really the more... Scary part of this book is just like how little people mean in this, you know, war for justice. Yeah, they're just cannon fodder. Yeah, they're just there to they're there to die. They're there yeah. to be victimized. Uh, and in addition to all that you've mentioned there, uh, I my complaint is that I I hate the way the story ends. Yeah, I, I don't like that Batman and the Joker are sharing a laugh over a joke. It, it doesn't you know, seem like they would, you know what I mean? Like, because like Batman's one of Batman's partners was just paralyzed. Exactly, you know what I mean? Wouldn't like, <laughs> oh, Joker, you, yeah. I oughta, ah, uh, you yeah, did it like, to me again. You see him like waving his finger at him. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> if there's anything from this book that's not on my watch, it's that. Yeah. Well, you know, Grant Morrison says that Joker dies in the end. That's his. That's his belief of what happens here. Uh, it is sort of hmm. left, sort of up in the air. Um, but I've always taken it the way you have that they are laughing at this amazing joke at the very end, yes. uh, which is so great. I'm not even going to reveal what it is. It's if you haven't read it. Um, oh, now, it's great. So let's 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 talk about what I think really the the whole controversy behind this book coalesced around this variant cover by Raphael yes. or Albuquerque that you mentioned before. Uh, just quickly, he's born December fourth, nineteen eighty one, in Porto Alegre, Brazil. And he's been working professionally since 2002. Started with a self-published graphic novel, Rumble and Rumbla, which was picked up by Image in 2007 under the title Crime Land. He's worked steadily ever since, mostly for DC. And he won Eisner and Harvey Awards in 2011 for Best New Series, which was American Vampire with Scott Snyder. So my point is, he's not a new guy, okay? Yeah, he's, he's a, established. A, a established, very respected comic book artist, and he's he's done work. Uh, always for over the years. If he hasn't done covers, he's done interior. He did Swamp Thing. He did a bunch of things. 
Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that if if you if you read every DC comic, you probably get him in a credit of at least a book a month. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's always around. Uh, now, this all came about during a certain run on Batgirl that started with issue thirty-five of the New Fifty Two run. This is December two thousand fourteen, and it introduced a, a new look for the character. It was kind of that homemade purple. Uh, costume, right? Uh, and it also introduced a new creative team to the book, which is Cameron Stewart, Brendan Fletcher, and uh, they were the ones writing, and uh, Babs Todd doing the art. Uh, Batgirl number forty-one, June number, uh, June, June number, June two thousand fifteen, <laughs> fell during Joker month, which is a month where uh, the Joker, all the variants were the were, were Joker themed, some kind of Joker theme, yeah, whatever it was, yeah. And uh, this one on Batgirl was the the Albuquerque one, and it was an homage to the Killing Joke, and it had the Joker menacing this new look purple clad Batgirl. Uh, it depicts a, a leering Joker with his arm around a frightened Batgirl, and he's painting a smile on her face. Uh, with a, it's it's red. It could be paint. It could be blood. Could Lipstick. Be a mixture know, of the yeah. two. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a, a gun in his other hand, uh, and he's got his armor on, on her shoulder, or he's got his hand on her shoulder. Yeah. Uh, social media, this showed up in a previews catalog, and social media was immediately incensed by this. Went or, nuts. Or the people on social media, let's see. Uh, yeah. I remember even seeing they claimed that the gun was aimed at her private parts and was therefore a confirmation of the rape in the killing joke. Which, <laughs> you know, it's I, I looked at that as being more a product of gravity, personally, but... Uh, the new creative team jumped on this. Cameron Stewart said, not on our watch, and the cover was pulled after it had been solicited in previews, which, truth be told, is not really that big a deal. No. Uh, this happens plenty of times when something uh, gets uh, pulled after it's been, you know, uh, previewed. Give me yeah, one they, there's usually a note saying, like, not final cover or whatever. It's, it, it, it's always subject to change. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that wasn't, that's definitely not the issue here. So in Batgirl 49, which was March 2016, the killing joke was sort of retconned out of continuity by way of having it digitally wiped from her memory. Uh, this is sort of in connection with what I was talking about, the nanites in her spine mm. or the chip, whatever it was. Just trust me, uh, the memory yeah. was erased, and they made a big deal about it. Babs Tara was like, I think we undid something, you know, and they were they acted like they had somehow restored her honor by taking yeah. rid of this. They all patted themselves on the back. But now, and, and you know, we mentioned this before, uh, she still had been paralyzed, or, you know, her, her she had been crippled. She still overcame that through surgery, so how did... Joker shooting her not happen, and what and yeah. whatever the events of that night were, you know what I mean. However you take it, they sure. had to have happened in order for her to have had that surgery, right? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then why does her forgetting something remove something from continuity? You know, it, it doesn't that never stuck to me either. You know, it wasn't yeah. like like Booster Gold could wipe it out. He could go back in time and make something not happen, but. I mean, I forgot a lot of shit that's happened in the world. It didn't, didn't, didn't stop it from happening. Sure, sure. Watergate was still a thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> depends, depends on how you feel about Nixon and his uh, dead there years. Um, so anyway, the folks on social media, they were, they were really gathered around this statement by Alan Moore in 2006, where he said it was never intended to be in continuity, uh, which I think could be true. 
Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I go back and forth on that, but whatever he it was, was very curmudgeonly at this point too. Exactly. You know, his, his commentary about, you know, DC comics and mainstream comics in general kind of painted, kind of has to be taken with a grain of salt because he's always, you know, he really acts like the people running the show are morons and you know, he's not hundred percent wrong, <laughs> but anyway, it stayed in continuity for over 20 years. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you don't own the characters, you, you don't get a whole lot of say on what is or what isn't in continuity. And, uh, you know, we, we mentioned Rebirth a little earlier, and I'm sure Alan Moore is not pleased that uh, the Watchmen mythos has been folded into the uh, mainstream DC canon either. If he's even aware. If he's even aware. I'm sure, I'm sure someone told him. Yeah. Uh, now, also, this kind of flies in the face of Moore having to ask the editor, Len Wein, for permission to victimize Barbara. You know, a lot of the—because a lot of the uh, uproar is— when it was revealed that uh, when Len Wein was asked, his response was, cripple the bitch. So if this was always intended as an out-of-continuity story, why the formality of asking an editor if you could do something? Yeah. I and mean, out-of-continuity, you, you could have the Joker wear the Batman costume and have Batman paint his face. Uh, it's, you know, you could do whatever you want. Sure. You know, I mean, all the Elseworlds titles or whatever, you know, exactly. technically an OGN, it does its own thing. It stands mm-hmm. alone. Here's some opinions on the, on the mm. issue, and this is not a, a cut and dry issue. I understand that no. people can perceive uh, that this, and the, and also there is the human factor in there. If if you've had experiences in your life where this triggers something in you, or if this is something that uh, that just bothers you, uh, I mean, we we can't speak from that. Uh, we can't speak through that prism. So. You know, this is just us. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I can totally see even just taking it at face value, whether sure. there was rape or sexual assault or not, it might be too much for some people. And that's exactly. totally, un- frankly, it might have been too much for me when I read it. I was like 13 <laughs> or 12 or 13 or whatever. Um, but, you know, so this controversy that was sometimes cast as people, it's like one side thinks the Joker raped Barbara, and the other side... They they think that they, she did not, but I don't think that's really the issue at all. It's simpler than that. It's about the continuity of it. It's about the event mm. establishing a continuity. And uh, just because you don't like that story, and believe me, again, it can be. It's a kind of an unlikable story. You know, it's kind of sure. brutal. It's kind of messed up. It's not very. Yeah, there's nice. not much to like in it. Yeah. No, um, but that doesn't mean that it's not part of continuity. We don't have to punish the story or punish people mm-hmm. that read the story. Uh, a story containing rape, actual or implied, it doesn't make it unfit for continuity. These these things can happen in even in comic books. Uh, considering that after this happened, Barbara Gordon was a much stronger and much more important character to the DCU. Um, and before that, like we talked about, she really was kind of an infrequent guest in Batman. You know, she would be around, and she had a uh, relationship with Dick Grayson in the 70s, sort of, yeah. on and off. Uh, but she really wasn't like someone that you saw every day. Whereas well, She didn't have her own title. I mean... Whereas when she became Oracle, though, you really saw her all the time. She, they used yeah. her constantly. Um, and that's that's completely congruous with her cure in the new 52, which I actually disliked more than what happened in The Killing Joke, <laughs> the fact that she was cured. I, li- I loved her so much as Oracle. Yeah. I thought she was such a compelling character. I thought that, you know, someone that didn't even have powers being, you know, further, quote-unquote, depowered, becoming so important was such an interesting take. Uh, mm-hmm. and, they, and, they, and they wiped that away. And, you know, I like Batgirl, too. I'm not against it, but I really thought they... they downgraded the character but the point is this is really what i believe in and this we could talk about many comics that uh, abuse this belief of mine but you play the ball where it lies not where you'd like it to be 
You know, uh, you know, we talked before about about Dan Jurgens writing uh, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he would have loved to write Peter Parker, but he couldn't write nope, at the time. He was, he was they, off the table. It yep. wasn't happening, and, and and you just gotta you gotta take it as it comes. That's how continuity works. And if Stewart Fletcher and Tar didn't want to reference the Killing Joke, the easier thing to do would just be not to bring it up. That's all. <laughs> And, and and I, I agree completely because you know, like we were saying, uh, many writers in contemporary comics, I'm sure there's a lot of stories they don't agree with, you know, whether that's because of the changing times and the way things were depicted, or just because you hated that your favorite character was killed or made to look foolish, you know, if if you don't agree with it, you don't dig it. Rather than drawing attention to them, how about you just don't bring them up? Yeah. You know, it's like, really now, a 30-year-old story, regardless of how earth-shattering for a character it may have been, it doesn't need to be cited or footnoted in every single subsequent appearance. We don't need to say, you don't need the little asterisk saying, oh, by the way, the Joker shot her. Yeah. It's just, I was hurt, I got better, or not even mention that at all. That's all. And, uh, and I also agree on Barbara's place in the DCU following the killing joke. Like you said, this is a story of a woman with zero superpowers. She's got her wits, and that's about it. And now she's handicapped, and she uses her. She turns to her other talents to see to it that she could still make a positive difference in the world, making her perhaps the most important character in the universe. Yep. You know, and uh, th- this makes her, in in my opinion, the iconic the iconic character that she became. She was more vital, brave, and inspiring as Oracle than she'd ever been as Batgirl. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and also, in my opinion, she was far more likable before her social media obsession. <laughs> yeah. So that, I think that Batgirl could have been a whole new character. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, uh, Gail Simone had been going down a kind of a dark path with Batgirl before that, but it had some interest to it. Um, but, you know, it's never had the same, she's never had the same focus no. that she had when she was Oracle. And uh, I really think the DCU is a lot poorer without her as Definitely. kind of a glue, a behind-the-scenes glue. Uh, they lost I, something. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, but that was War Games, right? Where they actually kidnapped her, or they or they, uh, they well, messed up. She was up kidnapped her. a few times. She yeah. was kidnapped uh, in in a in an arc in Nightwing, and also I believe in War Games because that's where uh, Stephanie Brown was killed. Right. I, I'm almost I'm almost positive that you know so Stephanie Brown gets killed and uh, Oracle is way. And I remember actually feeling like. T- Tension, personal tension, like absolutely. Uh oh, now things are you know that's like when in New York when the subway goes out, then <laughs> yes. then you know things something's gone really wrong. You know what I mean? Like uh oh, you know like we can we can deal with Stephanie Brown, you know getting taken off the board, but not Oracle. But yeah, uh, there was also that excellent issue of Birds of Prey. It was uh, if you're looking through a price guide of Birds of Prey, this is going to be the only issue that's worth anything. It's a uh, Birds of Prey number eight. And it's a, a date between Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon where he takes her up on the trapeze. And she's handy. She's she's paralyzed. Wow. But he takes her up on the trapeze, and it, it's a, it's an incredible issue. If it was easier to get a hold of, I'd say find it. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. I mean, it, even the trades are a ton of money now for whatever yeah. stupid-ass reason. Exactly. But, I mean, it was, like you said, the, the DC Universe is poorer without that version of the character. Yep. And uh, that's our opinion. But, of course, yes. we would love to know your opinion. And you can give it to us by writing to our direct email, which is weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to yell at me on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. 
And if you want to praise me on Twitter, I'm at Ace Comics. <laughs> and if you want to further praise Chris, you got to go check out his personal <laughs> blog, which is uh, Chris is on InfiniteEarth.blogspot.com, where he reviews a new DC comic every day of the week. Uh, still in that Halloween month right now, but you know he's uh, getting through it. And there's some. Yep. Wacky comics to be seen. You did. You did welcome back Cotter last weekend, so that kind of broke it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I had to because my my library looked like a bomb went off in it, and I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't reach anything. I think it was a good interlude, and you know it didn't bring yeah. me back to my Halloween days of uh, throwing eggs and uh, squirting people with shaving cream. And so rubber hoses up people's noses. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. You got anything else? No, I think that'll do it. Well, uh, until next week, we want you to keep it on the treadmill cosmically. Now the time has come. James and I came to say Fuck Spoon James, we all about that Shake. Coming straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast Quick with a quip and on point like Deadshot He could give a fuck less if you like him or not With a voice that makes the ladies go weak at the knees Jim, please, milk and cheese, you can suck these If it wasn't that it might be wouldn't have no fame We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and lame And without your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit The only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuckstick And speaking on him, I guess you grave robbing now did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions out your ass like a colonoscopy. Make way for MC Cryptic with his brother Ramanasadi. From the hottest next parts for the Get Fresh crew. Word to Eric, Jim, and Reggie for all you guys do. On behalf of all the fans who hear the part every day, we love you motherfuckers, but mostly Eric Shay. Just a man, and a man knows a man. Uh-huh. Don't you know he's the man? He is the and man. And you know he never fails. No one but the pure at heart may smell your stinky fart. Sing it, Dustin. Oh, Eric Shay. What? All right, time for the last bit of mail for the night, Eric. All right. Mail. I like the mail. So do I. I. I like splitting it up. I will tell people, I like the way it sounds in the podcast split up. Kind of makes things a lot longer for us. I and, know. and really, there, there's a thing where I have my outline. And we're going through, and yeah, I, I I do say I take pride in us never saying like, hey, we're going to stop this or look at the time, though. It, tonight, where people don't know is your bladder has affected a couple things where oh, you, really, you really have to go. Uh, but the problem I'm saying is I have my outline, and I see how many books we have left, and I'm like – we're going to be done in a minute. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We, oh, wait a minute. we haven't done three mail sections. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, this is the last one of the mail section, Eric. I do see the light at the end of the tunnel. And All it's right, not a train there. ready to hit us like Green Thank Arrow. God. Uh, it's this just the mail. sun coming up. Yes. Yeah, really. This <laughs> mail starts with Travis. Travis says, every week I forget to tell you why. I appreciate your podcast so much. Ooh. Finally, I've remembered. 
There are two reasons that your podcast has enhanced my enjoyment of comics greatly. First, quite often your interpretation of something in the book is very different from mine. What he means, Eric, is that we're ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I really like Superman for the writing and the art. Oh, my God. I never thought that uh, Lois is a drunk in the (laughs) – it's like the nonsense. I'm thinking that you are normally right, and I missed something. That's not always the case. Sometimes after hearing your thoughts, it completely changes my perspective and would change how I've rated a book that week. I love that about this podcast. We do that to ourselves as we talk about it here. Actually, I'm kind of proud of that. I I think that one of the ones that I hope that happened was the Supergirl rebirth, where there were so many things that we thought were wrong, but yet I saw everybody loving it. And and we had such – monumental things that we were pissed off about hopefully that not that i want to change people's to negative though though i would like to to hear from travis that i bet you for the most part what he's talking about is his score has gone down there's hardly a time where we're hey guys we love this and nobody else does uh, second, since I'm really Except a noob. Six pack, six yeah, pack of really. dog water. Second, since I'm really a noob in this area, I can't tell you how often you guys know who someone is or that something is a reference or throwback to something else. And I just have no clue. For example, my notes for Teen Titans. <laughs> I said, I don't know. I don't know if if he's making notes. <laughs> I should start making notes. And for example, my notes for Teen Titans Rebirth mentions that Damien has a giant dog or werewolf or something with him at the end. I, you know, and Travis, don't ever feel bad about this. I heard podcasts who claim they're experts have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but he says for uh, that uh, never heard of him. Nice. And we casually mentioned that it's somebody named Goliath, and it is yep. Goliath. It's a big old bat monster he found as a baby and raised up. Yeah, raised him up. Now I've just heard you talk about someone named Despero, and I've never heard of him either. And it's funny. I was like, where the fuck was Despero? And you did say it's (laughs) a death of Hawkman. And yeah, um, lucky for you, you're not going to have to rely, I don't think, too much on us telling you who Despero is because they're going to have to explain him. Uh, at some point, because he is the villain of that series. He's a, he's a big mini. old Justice League villain yeah. all, all the time anyway. And I would guess he's not just going to show up and them not to explain things. Oh, so. no, Despero. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here, there's Despero, and he shows up. I always think that if, if Despero would show up at any point, he'd have chaps on and a duster and shoot you with a shotgun. He just Why seems, would you think that? Because he's a Despero. He's oh. a Desperado. I it always you. just reminds me of that. But yeah, Desperado. I'm sure that they're not just going to, you know, glance over him. They'll show you. He says, my book of the week was Aquaman number nine. The art was beautiful as it always is. And the story was great as well. I love that he used his Justice League card to win the day. And yeah, I like that more than you did. Sure did. I don't know. How well. many books are you reading, man? Because there's way better books than Aquaman. Um, It's weird from what the score I gave him. I think I only had two, one or two that were above that in my, in my score. Uh, really, you your biggest one this tonight, I think, was an eight, right? Uh, yeah, Batman yeah. and Green Lanterns. <clears throat> yeah, it's not, you know what I'm saying, though? And, and oh, I think yeah. you gave Aquaman like a seven, seven, five, six. I think I, I gave remember. it a six, yeah, five. I remember. I gave, I believe, again, I'm saying this because we did record that a couple of days ago. I I think I gave it an eight. So I think it is well. Yeah, so that's one of my highest ones. Uh, the bottom of the barrel was Raven number two. I just oh. don't even know what happened. Neither the words nor the art conveyed any story at all that I could decipher. Something about a white bubble growing and turning people into zombie-like things. In some places, the words didn't even fit 
the panels they were in. I have no idea what happened. Very disappointing. I agree. That was disappointing. I had so such I a did, hard time with that I book. Did not, I did not expect anything from that miniseries. I really didn't. Marvel has canceled another book that I was loving, A-Force. Sigh. They are sure leaving more money in my wallet for DC. Nice. Oh, you're not jumping on that Death of X there? Is that Death of X? All those other new ones that I can't remember? I have no idea what's Infamous going on. Iron Man, maybe? Infamous Iron Man, which I say that, I bet you that's what Brandon was talking about tonight. I can't remember <laughs> earlier. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you, I'm no longer unemployed, which is Good. awesome. You told him. You just relax. Yeah. But I'm going to take a week of vacation now and start my new gig on the 31st. Lots of time to read comics. And always oh, yeah. remember, Batgirl used to be good. Yeah, he's going to hang loose till the 31st, go back to work. You said that that's bullshit because why would you go back to work on Halloween? Exactly. Like, the guy wants to work, Eric. The guy's got to pay the bills. He's got to have the skills to pay the bills. He doesn't want to work that much taking a week off. Yeah, that, I told him to do that. I think he was following my advice. I told him, don't go back right away. Go back Enjoy to November this time. 1st. I, I, I have no idea how old Travis is, but you, you, a lot of times in life, you don't get a lot of time to just relax. So just relax now. It's always a job down the road. You can always work at McDonald's, right? McDonald's? You, you there? Is this thing on? Is this on? <laughs> Next one's from JT. You demanded it, and here I am. Hello, Eric, Reggie, and Jim. What's up, JT? What's he doing? See what I did there? I purposely put Jim last because I know how much it bothers him. <laughs> eh, that doesn't bother me. Right, sure. I guess it bothers me when I'm not first. At least I tried to get a reaction out of you since you demanded that I write back every week. Here I am. Let me nice. take you guys on a journey. Oh, it's shit. a journey. One On Wednesday, October 19th, 2016, New Comic Book Day, I head over to my local shop, and I won't give them a shout-out for the reasons I will mention. I think my comic book shop owner hates my stinking guts. I'm wow. probably the scums between his toes. My Gross. Rickon appearance, and he says Rickon. It makes me feel very odd saying that. <laughs> uh, my Rickon appearance makes me makes him one of vomit. How do I know this? There was a time when he talked to me. We talked about books and BS a couple times about random stuff. I would probably go as far as saying we were friends. What happened, Eric? Well... At the time, I was a full-time student. I had a full-time job. I was in the union, bargaining unit, renewing our current new contract. I am in the National Guard, and I was the president of my club. Fancy. That is a, he is a triple threat. It's or a go-getter. Yes. Also, I am a father to a six-year-old and been in a relationship with my girlfriend for seven years. Gross. People don't, don't agree with weddings, getting married. Well, marriage they, sucks, man. Put a ring on that. There. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? It did not work out well. So you can probably understand it's still working out great. <laughs> Yell that so much today. I just, I, yeah. So you can probably understand the amount of time I didn't have. I got up from bed at 6 a.m. and didn't come home until 2 a.m. Not that, how did he make a kid? Not that I am seeking a pity party or praise, but I explained to the shop owner I had to take a break from picking up some books. Yeah. I didn't have the time to read them, and they were piling up. I informed them that I would come back and renew my subscription after I graduated. This fucking guy, he tried his best to work with me, which I appreciated, but I respectfully still denied his help. I wasn't a dick. I was quite nice and respectful. Well, after his final attempt, he glared at me and said, fine. As promised, after graduation, I came back to pick up some books. I walked in the shop, and there he was. He still had the glare of hate in his eyes for when the last time I saw him. I greeted him with a friendly smile and a hello. 
he didn't greet me back. That's yeah. bullshit. He left him hanging. I didn't think much of it. I grabbed a couple of books and proceeded to check out. He scanned all my books and gave me the total I owed him. Did you spot the problem there? Did you feel the hate? Why am I be, why am I being overdramatic about this transaction? Well, tell me what shop owner doesn't try to talk you into another book or quickly mention their opinion on the book that you selected. They're mo- this mother of a drill sucker trying to sound like Steve Orlando accepted my money and sat back down. Didn't say another word after he had said the total. Remember what I said earlier? We were sort of like friends. Well, we're not friends at all anymore. This not so friendly. There must be no other shop around. This not so friendly interaction occurred for several weeks. This is the only local shop in my area. There you go. <laughs> that is worth going to. So I took my business over to DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. The amount of money you save from this site is unbelievable. This is this a commercial? This is how I am <laughs> capable of picking up all the rebirth. Titles. Shouting out his new comic shop. Yeah. My presence at the shop was no longer. Months passed, and I still didn't Don't, show my face. Even my buddy face. Tony, who owned a shop, like he knew exactly what I bought. He would always try to push. He'd marked up like the variant yeah. covers. Shit. He'd always try to push that shit on yeah, me. Yeah, and then you felt Tony, bad and would buy up. that shit. No, I wouldn't buy the variant covers. You'd buy some shit, though. Yeah, well, if he, he set aside. He got this guy Gardner fucking first appearance. He's like, Eric, you love Guy Gardner. Tony, I've been telling you for 11 years I hate Guy Gardner, but you know what? I'll buy this from you. Yeah, yeah, you were the at that point you liked uh you liked Guy Gardner Warrior more yeah. than just Guy Gardner. Which he actually That's pushed on me. Yeah, yeah, he pushed on. Months just as a because I told him how much I hate Guy Gardner. And, like, and this whole thing, out. he he sold you Guy Gardner's first appearance, and it really wasn't. That was no. the best. That was so good. Months passed, and I still didn't show my face until a couple of weeks ago. I've been heading over just to pick up a couple of books. I wanted to see if he finally got his head out of his ass and got over the petty shit he created. To my surprise, he's still staring me down as if I am a well-seasoned chicken breast waiting to devour me and not in a flattering way, the way like he can't wait to tear me apart. I just ignore him now and talk to everyone else about the current books and stuff. This past new comic book day when I was leaving the shop, he said to me, have a great day, JT. I was stunned like a deer in headlights. I didn't know what to say, so I left and didn't say anything Olive back. Branch. Yes, I haven't read any books so far this week. And really, the guy's making an effort now. Maybe he realizes that, you know, I don't know. Some guys always think that you fucked them. You know, yeah, maybe he was shit. having some fucked up things in his life, too. Who knows? Maybe. I haven't read any books so far this week. I received my books on Fridays, so I haven't had time to read before sending this email. Just want to mention the Art Red Hood is great. And yes, it is. I yeah. still am thinking about the opening page where Jason is staring at the ramen suit. I would just love to purchase that in a larger print and frame it. I agree with Eric when he said that alone is worth the cover price. Yeah. I might come across as a member of the He-Man Women Hater Club, but I am kind of like Jim. I don't like strong female roles. <laughs> We're talking about this this week at work. When we got this email, I was reading some of the team, and I'm like, let's decide, like, let's see who does more female books and it's me by oh, far yeah. than years. anybody oh that reggie he started that spin <laughs> he started not, the spin where i hate asians too yeah, you, you do it's not oh. the character's fault but more the writers i'm not enjoying much of the female roles in the rebirth titles batgirl birds of prey supergirl and superwoman i'm not liking any of those really in general either Wonder Woman is the only female-led book that I am enjoying, and I do like that. Something needs to give with the rest. Out of the four books that I mentioned, Birds of Prey is the better of the worse. I think uh, Supergirl is to me. I think, I think so Supergirl as well. is. 
Thank you guys for doing what you do. I am well entertained at work while listening to the podcast. I actually catch myself laughing out loud from time to time. Like about the soda bottle accidentally up the butthole is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious, <laughs> confusing, and very exciting to me. Yeah. Seems like the bottle and the butthole happen to be perfectly aligned accidentally, in accidentally. quote, slip in. I won't judge you, Eric. We all live in a new world. I, I wish you were on a cam when that happened. And actually, you find out that was like a, the 50-level uh, tip where you accidentally get a bottle up your ass. Oops. People, <laughs> oh, my. How did that happen? <laughs> it's a little playful oops afterwards. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine I you turning around, looking from behind with your hand at your lips. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> people are coming to understand and accept people of that life choice. Embrace yourself. Again, thank you, guys, and take care. Yes. It's funny. I actually got, I can't remember who it was now. Somebody was telling me on Twitter today how they were standing in line for something. I think they might have been at the comic shop or something. And everybody looked at him weird because he got to that part of the podcast and started laughing started out loud. laughing. He's like, oh my God, the guy had a bottle up his ass. <laughs> ah. Ah. There's an accident. accident. Yeah. That's what you told the people at the fucking, you know, at the emergency room. That's where I see all these things with the goddamn <laughs> light bulbs. Why does anybody shove a light bulb up their ass? Just think of a light bulb. That thing's uh, going to break. And and nothing good is going to come from that light bulb. Really. You, you stick a, a goddamn, you know, all of us have stuck a zucchini. Oh, it was, was Trevor right? who sent me that just today. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's just a light bulb. The next mail, Eric, is I'm not sure if it was supposed to be for the podcast. I'm okay. not sure. But I had to put it there. It's Manship. Manship's back. He has never left. He's just been busy. But he says, miss you guys and hope all is well with the podcast. I'm telling you, I don't think this was for the podcast. I really hate Reggie and his... Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) If you wonder why I do not send him podcast emails, well, you did. Even though I am a week weeks behind in books like some other Get Fresh Crew Whack Pack members do, it doesn't feel right to comment on things when I'm not part of the conversation. I haven't listened to podcasts in a month. Ugh. The reason I haven't had the time to read any comics or been able to listen to you guys is work, work, work. And it's funny. I really don't think this is for the podcast, but he's told me all this before. Like, this is what we talk about all the time. The recap. I know. Yeah. I know we all work, but here comes some inside baseball for you, as I feel you deserve an explanation of my right. absence. I'm the third man down on the totem pole for a small medical company. There is our GM. I, I gotta, it's weird. I'm reading this. I've gotta be a, a, a fucking thing, uh, ahead because I don't want to say anything that he and didn't trade want to. secrets out yeah, there. There's a GM operation manager than me, regulatory manager, because of the bullshit in the UK, Brexit. And other U, UE or EU, European Union, political crap, our ability to sell in the EU is potentially in jeopardy. To keep us compliant, it sounds like a lot like the Suicide Squad movie wasn't allowed in China. To keep us compliant over there, I've been doing nothing but reading all applicable ISO, MedDev, etc., etc. standards and generally all documents necessary to satisfy these standards. Currently been working on a 50-page medical device biological evaluation report for three weeks. That sounds dangerous. I have to do all that I can to keep us compliant as if I am the reason we lose 70% of our sales. I may need a job with you, Eric, and Reggie. LOL. Ugh. You guys are not the only ones disappointed with me right now. 
<laughs> I'm not home much okay, other baby. than to sleep and uh, these days and my wife is not too happy. Oh, well, this has to end soon one way or the other. I did take a break to pick up my comics from a local comic shop yesterday for the first time in three weeks. $150. Can't wait to read Thundercats He-Man. 18 days, Archie books, and, of course, DC stuff. But, yeah, I, I wanted people to hear from Manship. We haven't heard from him. He, he's busy. You, you just heard. His wife he's got real-life problems. He's got real-life problems. He's not able to read his books. He does say that all the time. I'm like, hey, usually he would email me on Tuesday. What book should I read tomorrow? What should be the first? And he was always like, what should I read first? Should I read Green Lanterns first and all this stuff? And he got oh, all excited. Oh, by the excited. way, I got a blowjob this morning. Yes, yeah, and crazy <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, and he hasn't been able to email me a lot either. Um, one thing I will tell him, man, Chip, when you catch up to this and read it, or listen to this podcast, get on Twitter, you son yeah, of a man. bitch. He he just keeps sending me things like, first it's he doesn't understand Twitter. And then I say, you don't need to. You would get on and you'd have all these people who, you know, would be right with him. He'd have a bunch of friends right away. And I said, everybody gets in conversation. You talk about it. You just said, you and Trevor are talking about the fucking bottle up your ass. Yeah. This is how you keep in touch. Ay, 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 manship. Come on. Next one is Alex M. Thanks, Matchup. And Alex M. is curtsing this week's book, sir. You know what that means? No. You're going to find out. What's up, right. Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of you weirdos? What's up? So today is kind of a sad day, in fact. I think I, was, I see six-pack pouring out one for the homie, Steve Dillon. Six-pack don't pour out for just nobody. You're right. Steve Dillon always had a knack to draw characters at their most pathetic moment. Love me some Preacher and Punisher. In fact, I remember Preacher being one of the first full series I ever read. You yeah, can't forget too, that dickhead of his, you know, hair star from Preacher. It's yeah. good to know that at least we will still be getting some of his art in the form of Hard Traveling Heroes covers for the rest of the miniseries. There goes a great artist. See, I don't you know, know, it's funny, but when I found <clears throat> out about this right before the podcast, I'm like, huh. I thought he was doing something, so I actually looked up the freaking last issue that yeah. uh, Reggie did for Six Pack and Dogwater. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover. I'm like, man, that looks like some Steve Dillman. Then yeah. I looked at the freaking uh, the credits. I'm like, oh, I guess he wasn't on that. So yeah, I didn't realize that he did the covers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they'll do a foundation or something in Steve Dillon's name, but I'm busy these days volunteering at the Terry Kurtzberger Foundation. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. Kurtzing. You know, a lot of good comes out of the Terry Kurtzberger Foundation. Part of what the Terry Kurtzberger Foundation does is to try to figure out a cure for the Kurtzberger disease. You know, it's because of that disease that Terry Kurtzberger lost her leg. Uh, yet Terry was still able to reach uh, Count Mount Kilimanjaro's peak. Unfortunately, on her way down, the Kurtzberger disease took her other leg. But in spite of that, Terry Kurtzberger crawled all the way down on her arms and stumps. But that's okay, because Terry Kurtzberger has always managed to crawl through any wreck or disaster <laughs> in her life. That is the Kurtzberger way, which is one of the techniques that the Terry Kurtzberger Foundation teaches to amputees and burn victims. So they, too, can have a normal life. Gross. But enough with all the kurtzing, although there can never be enough. Let's get to some books. I'm I a Carolyn up, Wusan fan myself. Yeah, you're a Carolyn Wusan fan. She is more of a new age hoaxer and, and fucking – she's a hack. How dare she's no you? Ter Terry Kurtzberger has seen she's shit. She's a hero. That, that fucking, what's her name? I always forget the other girl's name. Carolyn Wusan. Yeah, Carolyn has not seen the shit that Terry has seen. She is going on the coattails of Terry. <laughs> I picked five DC comics up this week, and I wanted to try to rank them from best to worst. 
Right. Number one, Batman. Number nine. So what can I say about this issue? Jim's 7.8 was too low for me. I think comic book roundup score is 8.8, and that's just about right. I understand I understand not much happened, and it was kind of just set up. Yeah, now you understand the 7.8. However, <laughs> it was a fantastic all around. I liked everything we got. From that, I, I'm a little confused. From that amazing opening with Bane, the Batman's recruiting march through Arkham, this book did things well, and I think the art fits the book like a glove. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit, Eric. That's right. I heard that somewhere. This is one of the few times that I was enjoying myself so much that I got worried when I realized that the issue was coming to an end, and I didn't want it to end. But I can't wait for the next issue. In fact, I think I'm going to switch my sub from Detective Comics to Batman for the moment. Nice. This, this, what he's going to do then is now the new Detective Comics story comes out, and he's going to be all fucking, like, he's going to think that's great too, though I don't think it's as good as Batman. Number two, Green Lantern's number nine. I never rounded uh, for the cause of a villain or potential villain the way I'm rounding for Frank Leminski. Frank Leminski is a bit of the male Terry Kurtzberger person. Or as his friends like to call him, Lammy. Or maybe he's, he's the, like a male version of maybe Carolyn Wusan. Yeah. He's maybe, no Terry Kurtzberger. No. See, the thing about Lammy is that he kind of reminds me of Frank Grimes, Eric. Grimey. <laughs> he does. He is grimy. Yeah. Where he works really hard all his life to become something, in this case a Green Lantern, only for it to slip out of his hand at the last second. I mean, no joke. This guy got fucked over. I laughed so hard. Saw a little bit, we saw a little shot. bit of Grimey in this uh, Halloween episode, Treehouse oh, of Horror. Grimey. Yeah, the ghost of Grimey came back mm. from the intro. That whole episode, garbage. Yeah. It was garbage. Yeah. It was not very it good. Was. It's way gone. It's way past its time. I think it was the 600th, 600th episode crazy, of The Simpsons. It? That's crazy. With his less than pathetic attempt at getting a ring, he would have been the perfect fit for Steve Dillon drawing. Since I've been following this book and enjoyed more as I've read it, I'm giving this a solid 8 out of 10. He's agreeing with me on Batman two. and Green Lanterns. Yeah. Trinity number two. Love the art in this issue. Love it. Manipul's going all out. One, uh, going all out on this one, and it shows. I haven't seen anything as good as this since some of the Flash stuff he did with Bucciolato. I love that Flash. Now, so especially how it looked. Now, similar to when you dislike the fact that Clayface was somebody all along, is kind of the same way I feel when its story turns out to be a Poison Ivy fantasy. Uh, it can be overused, but it's a staple of DC's writing device. As far as this issue, I think it was well done, and the hints were there, but they were not that obvious. I guess this means that Poison Ivy knows the identity of Superman. I'm really curious where this is going, but I don't well. think it hit me quite as hard as you guys, so I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. I think yeah. that's it. See, I was 7.5. 7.8, I actually I went I give with. it a 9. Uh, Aquaman number 9, fun issue. Picked the first issue in this two-part series because it had one of the higher scores from Reggie uh, for that one week, and I don't regret it. Great action all around. Plus, Mare actually looked really hot in this issue. Yeah. I don't usually gape at drawn female characters, but God damn, that's all in caps. You know what I found myself gaping at? It was mm-hmm. uh, Frank Leminski's res- uh, realization that uh, Simon and Jessica were on the Justice League. You like that, and- Jessica? No, I like the Wonder Woman in that. You like that Simon. Ooh-wee. 
does. You like the Wonder Woman? I, I kind she of looks just really good in there. She? Anyways, that battle between Aquaman and Shaggy Man, which is who I was gaping at all week, Shaggy <laughs> and the Atlantis army, was intense both underwater and on land. The battle ended on a bit of a silly note, but that cliffhanger might just cause me to go pick up the next issue. 7.8 out of 10. Great variant cover as well. If it's a variant cover, I thought it looked like, what's his name? Chris Pine. You're thinking of the Justice League when I thought. Oh, yeah. It is Aquaman on the Justice League. You're right. Uh, the, remember that Justice League has those weird variants with just one cover and it throws you yeah, off every time. It throws me off every time. I'm like, yeah. is this Aquaman? What's going on? Yeah. Number five, Superman. Number nine. This was a fine issue. It felt like a more complete story than the Aquaman two-story arc, but it, but it, there wasn't much to, of a point to it. It no. was just good fun. I really like the covers, both the main and the variant. I've also noticed Doug Mankey's art has gotten much better when it comes to drawing Superman's face up close. 7.5 out of 10. He says, well, that's it, guys. I look forward to hearing all of your thoughts on these issues and more. Got a chance to hear the spotlight on Lost Boys comic. Ouch. This adaptation sounded as off-putting as the Lost Boys pizza. I know yeah. that makes you hungry, Eric. It's gross. You didn't like the looks of that. No, it was bad. Written in and then it had ricotta people, cheese on them. I can fucking yeah. hate ricotta cheese. People look up the Lost Boys pizza and you can see what we're talking about. Written in a letter by Alex M. P.S. You should call your podcast the Terry Kurtzberger Foundation. Yes, <laughs> that is the end of the mail for the podcast. Of course, guys. we still have more books and all that bunch of nonsense, which we're going to be back with in a second. One night I fell asleep when I had been smoking. I woke up with my bed in flames. multiple cosmetic surgeries and now I live in constant pain all the scar tissue makes my skin feel so tight it cracks and it oozes and weeps someday I'll find you I am a burn victim and I'll fondle you while you sleep. All right, Eric, we're back, and it's the stretch run. We have three sure books is. here. Three books. And they're not the greatest. I'm <laughs> not a huge fan of these books, but we'll see how it goes. I think that you love this first one because oh, yeah. you're, a, you're a huge fan of... Of the character of Nightwing. Uh, what book could I be talking about, Eric? Oh, uh, Nightwing number seven, written by Tim Seeley. Nightwing Seeley. number seven, oh my goodness. Yeah, written by yeah. Tim Seeley, with art by Javier Fernandez, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Manguel. Once Nightwing finds out that Cobra also has the names of the Parliament of the Owls members he outed in the, story, in the last story arc, I'm sorry, before the story arc, Night of the Monster Man, Nightwing goes to Raptor for answers since he's the only... the fuck did I write here? <laughs> since he's the only one else who knew about the names in the Book of Wisdom. This leads to Nightwing getting his ass kicked and Raptor going after the man who made Dick Grayson forget his past in the first place. That's right, Raptor has kidnapped Batman, and now it's up to Nightwing to confront his newest partner so that he can save his first. Yeah. I didn't enjoy this issue. I, it starts off, and... 
again, there's Nightwing and the stuff. And the thing is, he's there with Tiger. And it's the whole spiral thing. It makes just a little fucking sense. reminds us of just, all the things. It just wrong. makes little sense of what was going on. Again, if you hadn't read Grayson or whatever, at the end of that, Tiger and Grayson were pretty much enemies. It looked like Checkmate had taken over Spiral. To me, it looked like Spiral was friggin' demolished. Anyway, yeah. uh, even as this goes on, the the whole thing that happened in Spiral or in Grayson was. Nobody was going to remember he was Agent 37. Really, the whole other thing was nobody was going to remember Dick Grayson, really. Have we seen any consequences of that yet? No, absolutely. No. The only thing that we have gotten from that is that he gets to be Nightwing again. Yeah, and and basically that's it. But it was also like the whole thing, oh, people won't even know. There would never be record of an existence of Agent 37. It, Tiger calls him that here. Uh, and really, how that ended, I don't know why. Because And also, Helena Bertinelli was the one who got the Somnus satellite. I know a lot of this sounds like nonsense because it is. Because it is, yeah. But the satellite was going to transmit this thing, and nobody would remember Dick Grayson. Except, except for select the people few. who Helena Bertinelli selected that she knew were close to Dick. The issue to me, number one, there's no way Tiger would have been on that list. I no. really don't think he would Especially have been on that list. Especially since he was a double agent for checking. Yeah, yeah, for Checkmate, who seemed to take over. But, yeah, he knows everything. And everything is hunky-dory between everyone, including Midnighters mentioned again. It's like the, Tim Seeley, to me, is a guy – like this issue is attempting to be a greatest hits, like almost of all Grayson. of his issues. It's a great – Grayson greatest hits. It even throws things from before in, in, in this book and nonsense because, yeah, they mention, you know – Batwoman or Batgirl and things like that. And these things are just nonsense to me and they don't make much sense. And on top of that, I'm just not that interested in the story. And Dick Grayson is my favorite character. Not that interested. And when I'm saying, we start this off with like, you know, we're seeing the aftermath now after the like that, how the first arc ended before we went to Night of the Monster Man. Dick Grayson had taken down the, the Parliament of the Owls. Yeah, the and now Parliament of the Owls. Then we had that interlude with Night of the Mossman. Now we're seeing them actually take them down. Yeah, yeah. Well, here it is, though. That That's the problem here is you have a family of owls. And basically, the worst part of this, it is so forced an issue of – them saying, hey, you know, a lawyer there, just keep me on retainer because we're going to get you out of this. You just say this, that. So you have to have that whole thing like, oh, my God. It's almost – I'm trying to think of what it would be. This is almost like a flash thing where August Hart, you know, he wants to – you know, the system doesn't work. Oh, the system will work because Dick Grayson trusts the system. But we're seeing right here it's not going to work. These, no. these owls that have been – spelled out in the media their names have been these, revealed their, their names are revealed it's not going to stick the, this family right here their lawyer basically says listen you know you may have funded the the owls we're going to say that you didn't realize and you were funding you know this sort of or you know uh charity or whatever yeah. you just listen to me you'll get out in the meantime there's a, a waiter who injects himself he's cobra well we he saw we a, saw before night of the monster as well that raptor had a copy of yeah. the book of wisdom that held all the names of the parliament. He also gave that to Cobra. He sold it out to Cobra. So what's happening here is Cobra is going through this book and it's going to go and eliminate everyone. Every time Spiral decodes a name, a, a, something is sent yeah. to Cobra, so they get yeah. that name as well. They get it and they head off. Uh, this is where the one point, like I said, there, there's this 
this guy, he injects himself, which we have seen as well. Yeah, comes he, a snake man. He turns into a snake man. He's going to attack people. Dick Grayson and Tiger are fighting him, but everybody's killed. This yep. family's all dead. They try to stop it, but they can't. Um, but this is where you're going to get that whole fight between Dick Grayson and uh, what's his name? Uh, Raptor. Raptor. Um, because it's going to be one of those like, listen, the authorities don't know what to do. They can't do this. Well, in one point, we Raptor skedaddled out of there because he didn't even want to be even involved with the authorities. No. He thought he'd get He's arrested. He's a wanted man. Uh, but right away, you have one hundred twelve systems. Yeah, yeah, twelve systems. He has Tiger calls back the spiral. There's Duff, who was one of the characters, the Skull Girls. And again, it, there's no reason. This is just like a, hey, look at me. I, I this was something I was a you like because Remember these Grayson? were these Everybody were liked the, that. She was the main girl of the girls that named Dick Grayson's ass cheeks. You know the whole thing. You yeah. Have that. But again, she, her her mind should have been wiped of Dick Grayson. But she's talking about him. It's it's just it really is nonsense. It, it doesn't. I I don't like it. And it's just. There's Tiger. Hey, I'll, I'll talk to Grayson about it. I'll do this. Agent 37, he just jumps off the fucking building yeah. and he heads off the Raptor because he's pissed. He wants to know what's going on and he knows that Raptor has sold everyone out. He goes, Raptor, we get another greatest hits. Raptor singing songs about himself. Now this Which is was some, like one of our favorite parts of the Grayson series where Agent 37, 16. Grayson, yeah. is singing about himself. He has his own theme song. It was hilarious. And it was hilarious because Tiger hated it. And it was one of those things where while it, this was going on, it was more of Dick uh, and Tiger. They were on a mission. And it was like Dick trying to waste some time yeah. and being goofy. It was like a bunch of missions. And he really, really liked to get a rise out of Tiger. So he knew this would drive him nuts. So he'd be like, hey, Tiger, you know what? We're spies. We should have a theme song. Agent 37. <laughs> and it was more, this is just Tiger singing to himself. He's raptor. just standing, a raptor. I, I keep getting, that's the other thing. It drives me nuts because they do get, it's not that I confuse them, but when I talk about it, I always say this because to me, they're very similar characters. Uh, but yeah, he's just singing to himself about himself and Dick Grayson ends up showing up and he's like, Oh, you like my theme song, do you? I'm like, God Let's have some damn. beers, sit down and hang yeah. out. It's just, why do this? You, you're just, it's, you're a, it's the greatest hits. The only thing that Tim Seeley knows, like, all right, we yeah. did this before. Let's try to capture that match. Yeah, and again, again, you want to look back. That issue was issue 16 scripted by Tom King. Yeah. Because you know, later it, on, even in the Grayson series, when uh, Tim Seeley did an issue, he tried to do the singing yeah, again there and it did not work. He tried to do that, and it just comes off hokey. And if you hadn't read that, maybe you, you read this, and you're like, oh, man, that's great. But the joke, the joke of it all isn't even there. This no. is just the singing for no reason. Uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Raptor's going to start talking about the branding again, because that's going to come up. Uh, but yeah, Dick Grayson doesn't want to. He doesn't want to have a beer with Raptor. He wants to know He's what pissed. the fuck he did. He's like, you sold, you sold everyone out. You used me. You did this. You turned double fucking agent. You got Doctor Leviticus to do this other thing where Cobra will know, and now people are dying. And uh, yeah, Raptor just, eh, yeah, you know what? Those rich title and title bastards. bastards. Fuck them. Yeah. And he's like, yep, they got the the fucking justice they deserve. 
that's real justice. That's not the way Dick Grayson goes. And then they no. just start beating the shit out of each other. Through the fucking walls of Raptor's place. Yeah. And it's the thing is, because Dick is so upset, because he doesn't kill people, Raptor is pissed because he thought he got Dick beyond this point in the last mm-hmm. story, or the first story arc. Now he's realized, you know what, you're too much like fucking Batman. Yeah, you're too much you're, like you're Batman. You're not ready for the truth like I thought you were. I thought you would evolve beyond yep. this. But no, you're still Batman's sidekick. Yeah, and even as they're they're fighting... They knock into the fucking sheet music of Raptor's theme uh, and, a, and a keyboard. And I just, to me, that was just, I rolled my eyes. There's and nothing I to just, do in Turkey, apparently. Yeah, really. Now that Dr. Leviticus isn't there to sing along with him, I don't know. I, I Really, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, they go through a wall and they find out. Now this is, he, Raptor is definitely a Dick Grayson stalker. He sure is. He's got a him. serial killer room. Yeah, he has the serial killer. I don't know why. My wife always calls it the rape wall. He's got one. He's got the yarn and everything connecting this and that. And it's just... It's Newspaper just, clippings and photographs. It's just... I don't know. It's just hokey to me. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And also, it's it's a little weird. It's very uh, weird. Yeah. Cause especially, Raptor should not know. He would not be one of those people on that list. Yeah. yeah. With the, the satellite I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just the whole thing is off. And but we always talked back, about, too, uh, even if we had that, there's still going to be fucking newspapers and fucking yeah, uh, internet articles yeah, about shit. Yeah. So the, the other thing about that also is, you know, you have to remember, too, that uh, Raptor does know who Batman is, that yes. he is aware of that. So that comes into play. And he knows, you know, everything about Dick Grayson. Cause yeah, he's he knows everything about Dick Grayson. Life. And there is and, a weird connection with Dick Grayson's mother that he yeah. has that we don't well, know his, what he it is. He said his parents in the first one. I think it was his parents. But here it seems to be specifically yeah. Barry Lloyd, his mother. Well, remember it was at the end, that cliffhanger when he left it. It was just kind of spelled out as mother. Like, okay. oh, you know, I knew your mother and that, you know, the whole thing. Um but yeah, and then you go back and they're going to insert Bruce Wayne into this because he's at Wayne Tower. He's going to have this announcement. Oh, before I that, think, though, Raptor shows no. us some soil lack again, I think is how you yeah. pronounce and it. His really, goddamn it gauntlet. Just, yeah. And he the, drugs Dick Grayson. Yeah, the, the ridiculous soil lack at this point is just to drug him and for him to pass out. It's just like, we'll see what Soylek has to say about that. No, no, you just have a tranquilizer in yeah. there. He, he really wants to – this Soylek, I don't think it ever was anything. He just likes to be grand with it and really does think. It's like an imaginary friend. He's made up Soylek's uh, fucking abilities. All it does is fucking hold blood and give you a tranquilizer. But, yeah, he, he, pass, he passes out and then he goes off. And I don't it, know how it, quick it he gets you from, as. I, it it reads me. I don't even it remember reads, how the fuck that works. It reads you as I read me. I don't know, but it, it, there he is. He he seems he is in Istanbul at this point, right? Or is it Istanbul? I don't know. It might be. I always just thought his, his place was in Turkey. I think that is Turkey. I think I don't I'm know trying to geography. go back. But the the only thing that gets me is Bruce at this point. Yeah, he's outside Istanbul, Turkey. Okay. Bruce is setting up to talk, but yet Raptor gets there in time for this press conference, and well, I guess. And actually, you can't I, I don't even know tell how me. fast Raptor's jet is, but uh, we have 12 hours between. 12 hours. Like, when, but that when, was even like, a little his... after. So he, I'd say he had to have been there in 11. It, it just it seems very quick, right? Yeah. I, I'm sure maybe it does match up, and maybe that was the only reason they're like, huh, I was out, what, 12 hours? Like, that was weird to spell yeah. that out, but maybe that's what it was spelling out. But 
Yeah, Raptor shows up at this Bruce Wayne press conference and just starts starts berating him. Yeah, but, and, you know, we haven't had enough trouble thinking about Night of the Mossman. And we have to be reminded of it here. Well, I actually don't I mind know. because that city was fucking destroyed. And Bruce Wayne's it like, was. look, Wayne uh, Enterprise, we're going to rebuild the city. We're all going to have good. And Raptor's out in the audience talking about, yeah, well, I don't even remember. He just talks shit about, you know, his yeah, rich like, elitist oh, and how you're going to take the culture you're, away from you're neighborhoods. You're an elitist. Oh, you want to do this. The funny thing, though, to me is there was not there was more pushed monster men shit in this issue yeah. than there was in batman and the way the way tom king did it in batman was just showing us again that gotham girl you know was he didn't really spell out like oh and there was godzillas around this yeah. was really over the top and i'm really hokey uh but yeah it's raptor in the goddamn fucking crowd yelling and screaming about bruce wayne which leads him to fight everyone around bruce bruce can't show that he's no. Pretty much, you know, a kick-ass fight. We could fight back or everybody's going to know that you're not a pampered rich boy, that you actually have something. Yeah, again, Raptor knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but that's what he's getting. And, yeah, you you would think that he's getting him to show Dick that he's not all that great. I don't know. It it has to – obviously, it's something along those lines, right? Honestly, I don't know if he's just pissed because this guy, you know – Raptor has a connection to Haley's Circus. And he is obsessed with fucking Dick remembering his past and knowing who he is. Yeah. This is the man that took all of that away from him in Raptor's mind. He's going to make him pay. He's going to fucking, you know, tell, make him tell Dick, you know, shit like, you know, yeah. I ruined your life by making you this, by bringing you in and making you a pampered rich boy. I don't know. I but don't know. I actually, this is the part. It's crazy that Raptor kidnaps Batman because I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, I want to see what Batman's happens. Batman's going to get out and kick the shit yeah, out of Raptor. Yeah. Well, there's others involved because, but the funny thing is that we have these drones again that, that Raptor seems to be, you know, he loves. They always seem too small to me at yeah. a point for what ends up happening because this drone just flies in. He, he grabs onto it and he, it, it hauls him and Bruce Wayne away. It just seems small when it first uh, shows up. Like small it's the first time this little remote control thing. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, Dick Grayson's still knocked out. Damien's trying to get a hold of him. Damien wants to go to kick Damien yelling in his fucking ear. Yeah, yeah. And so he calm. wakes up, and that's where he's like, what? I haven't been out, what, 12 hours? I'm like, yeah, that, that's set up. Someone's right. kidnapped father, Dick. I'm going yeah. for him. You're like, no, you calm down. This is this is between me and Raptor. I had to do yeah. this alone. Yeah, and he, he says that. Do you think Damien is going to listen? Thing is, I don't think Damien will show up, but I really think he should. Yeah, I think that he would never listen about this, and I think that at a point where they're showing this, I don't think Damien would have still been in the cave. He would have been on his way to kick ass. Yeah, he might have been trying to get a hold of Dick Grayson, but it's not. Damien's not a guy who's going to call Dick three times. If mm-hmm. he calls once and, and Dick Grayson does not answer, fuck you, I'm going to go by myself and kick ass, and that's what I would think. And yeah, Dick Grayson telling Damien, hey, you, this is between me and, and this guy, me and Raptor and your father, Damien would have told him to go fuck himself. Fuck it, yeah, damn right. Yeah. Damien would have said, first off, you're not even the lead here. I am. You are my sidekick now. Fuck you. And <laughs> it would have been great. And yeah, Goliath there, he would have just flown off right there. Uh, I don't think that's the case. But then, yeah, it's left with that clown, you know, raptor clown and, and Dick Grayson's mom. All of a sudden, there's fucking pictures everywhere. But uh, it was, like you said, I want to see what happens with uh, with uh, Dick, uh, not Dick, with Bruce. Because, yeah. yeah, and really, I don't know about you. I don't mind Raptor. When he's gone, I will not miss him. I really no, don't either, think so. I, I really I think want he looks him. cool, though. Like the very cover okay. on this. 
it looks real. He's, he's like focused on the freaking variant yeah. coverage. So I like the way he looks. There's some interesting points on, but this I really am as much as I did not care for the issue. It did get me intrigued to see what's coming next. Yeah, I actually uh, I, hope I, that he gets killed by Batman. Yeah, next so. issue would be well, great. Not, Snaps his neck. No, he's not. Gonna, he's not, not going to do that. I'm saying I. What's going to happen is either he's going to, if he does die, he's going to die saving Dick, and then I'm your father. Something stupid. Uh, well, it seems that like you know Mary and him might have dated at some point, but like when yeah. I look at Raptor, I don't think he's old enough for that for some reason. Yeah, that's because I believe that's his brother. I think he had a brother that they never told. That's my call right now. I just made that up right now in my head, but I'm thinking that it is some sort of relative uh, of his mom. His, so maybe not side. even a brother. Maybe it's her mother. That's his uncle. I think his mother had a clown more. fetish. Yeah, really? You think that? Yeah. Crazy clown, creepy clowns going creepy on? Creepy clown fetish. Uh, I didn't like the art. I have not I liked Javier Fernandez's art as, at all, and people seem to like it. Yeah. Um, I want to. I want them to tell me how they can explain to me why Bruce looks so awful because he is the worst. When when he shows up, he just looks terrible. I know. Also, why does T- Tim Seeley have to go on about like Alfred when he's putting the foundation on Bruce? We don't, don't need know. that. Is no. that so? We have to realize that Bruce worries a lot. No, I, I would get that. I, I think I know that and the whole, you know, recently with these Godzillas running around. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah, what did you give it? I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I'd probably give it a 6. And yeah. it, it really upsets me because I, this is, again, there are some books that are really hitting well in Rebirth. And two of my favorite characters, Flash and Nightwing, I think are way off. And yeah. I, I really want them to be good. And I just can't get into them. The people who like this Nightwing, all the power to you, I just cannot get into it. And for what? the most part, to me, a lot of it has been that we're we're not getting Nightwing. I, I don't get a sense of Nightwing in this book. Like how Grayson, I told you, every hey, Night, uh, Grayson's big superpower is being a great guy. And yeah. I would say all the time I review, like people who are avoiding this book, because it's not called Nightwing, are missing out on a book that really is showing you what's good about Grayson himself, I'm not getting that here. I'm getting Raptor telling us through this whole thing of what Grayson isn't good enough doing. Like, right. oh, you, you won't go the, the extra steps and all this. And, but I'm not getting anything with Dick Grayson that really I can bite my teeth into and say, more man, this is really nailing it. Mystery of Raptor. Yeah, it is. It's more of a – this is That's like I said – how I say about the Superwoman book that drives yeah. me nuts that it's more about Lex and Lena. This is not a very much about Nightwing. Now, this was the hardest one for me to review because I actually sat there at the end of my like, 6 or 6.5, yeah. and I ended up going 6.5 because I do want to see what happens next Yeah, I, I like, do want to see what happens next job, issue, but, but this issue itself is just – Again, it is a it is an intriguing thing, like you said, for for Raptor to just go and grab Bruce. That was a crazy. I never saw that coming. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, but to even me. to me, and it's it's very smart because he's saying, yeah, you can't have Bruce fight back, or they'll have some questions. Though I still think they could be like, you know, you would have an idea where Bruce has probably won like a, a you know certain things. Like you could say he probably won martial arts tournaments and things like that as Bruce Wayne just because he trains a lot and he needs a way to tell everybody why he's in such great shape anyway. But we'll go. That you know he doesn't want to show his show his hand. But yeah, we'll see what's going on. But we're gonna move on now to a book, Eric, that uh, you were had high hopes for, right? The Dark Knight Three. 
I don't DK3. even think about this fucking book. I know. It is very odd, but we talked to Reggie about this, and we're going to go on to that, and then we'll be back with our last book of the night, which is Cyborg. All right. Fourth that Nightwing. Holy Ooh. moly. That was that good review. book. Nightwing. Okay, oh, no. And scene. Uh, yeah. Yes, Reggie, you're back. Reggie podcast. is back. Uh, I was here the whole time. I was just being very quiet. You, you just guys are very quiet. Uh, you yeah. just don't like you're quiet as a church mouse, right? Yep. Quiet yep. as a church mouse. But uh, you're sliders. back to talk a little. <laughs> sliders. You're here to talk a little Dark Knight, right? That's right. right. I'm I am the expert on Dark Knight now. Oh, so wait a minute. You don't re- do you review this book? I didn't think you reviewed Dark Knight. I, That's I, not your book. I do right? today, as Macaulay oh, said. I am yeah. today. <laughs> yes, uh, you did Dark Knight uh, 3 this week, so we're going to talk about that. You are the expert, Reggie, and I'm leaning on you because right. I read it, and the problem that I think everybody would have with this book is nobody knows what the hell happened in the last oh, issue. Like because all over again. Yeah, it ends up seven months down the line, and it starts off, and it takes me at least seven pages because I'm too lazy to go back and read the last issue. Oh, yeah, I can't find it. So yeah. it takes me like seven pages before I kind of get my mindset of what happened, and then, you know, shit's going, well, did, and really... I read, I read this synopsis on Wiki, and I think that part of the reason I was able to, and you know, without spoiling my uh, opinion on it, that uh, I liked it as much as I did, is I didn't have all this baggage from... Pre, yeah. You know, I kind of just got the, the highlights, so this this was a very satisfying issue, but let me give you my beauty, my yeah, beauty of your, blurb here. Give uh, dark. Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number 6, written by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello, art by Andy Kubert, Klaus Janssen, Brad Anderson. Now that Batman and the Flash have made it rain, kryptonite, it's payback time <laughs> on Quar and those rascally Kandorians that tried to take over the Earth. Carrie Kelly is wearing a garish costume that is supposed to be a big deal, but to me the bigger deal is that Batman and Superman are actually somewhat friendly in this issue. Instead of the usual Frank Miller portrayal of Batman as avenging psychopath and Superman as butthurt stooge. Plus, Andy Kubert does a better job drawing like Frank Miller than Frank Miller has done in 20 years. Seriously, right? Yeah, I, I thought like the same art. thing. The yeah, art, I like this, the art. This was like a, a straight, almost like an inheritor to the first Dark Knight Return. That's what I thought. Whereas, like, the way Dark Knight, I mean, it's impossible for me and I think a lot of people to review this book without contrasting it with Dark Knight Strikes Again, which looked like a mess and was a, was a total abomination. It, it looks like yeah. the backup. It did, I know. Yeah, well, there, there you go. And that's that's like Frank Miller's. I think Frank Miller might have a, a problem with his hands now or something. But, a little shaky. But, a little shaky? But for, but for what it was, and when we compare it with Dark Knight Strikes again, this comes to me comes across to me as a very tight, fun story. It kind of, you know, Jim, it kind of reminds me, and Eric, too, you read this, too, the... Uh, Coming of the Superman, the Neil yeah. Adams thing. Right. Yeah. It was just so crazy and like over the top Silver Age insanity. This is like that too, but sort of the mean, a meaner angle on it. You know, like yeah. the way the way these people get beaten down is pretty brutal stuff. This yeah, that's brutal. Kiddies, you know. And I just funny. had trouble figuring out what the hell is going on because of the last issue was so long ago. Well, and it was so well, long ago. I, and I as you started your your blurb, away. yeah, and your blurb kind of. You know, made me remember some things that Reminded I still hadn't remembered. The Flash made it rain. The Flash. Well, no, that I'm, was. I'm just saying. I have. The, well, we get into this part in the book though, where it seems to be the people of Gotham like are on a standoff, but are like, are these the Kryptonians they're going up against? 
What do you mean? Where? Like when when the commissioners there, they're all standing there with freaking the riot gear, and there's all yeah, you know. I, I'm like, I don't remember this part at all. What the fuck is going on? That was on? more yeah. like, I think that was the moment that we were saying it was almost like the, I'm Gotham and I'm got like they were all gathering yeah, yeah. to to fight. And the funny thing is, now that Reggie you were saying your blurb and the thing that I remember, I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? We kind of liked that last issue. I remember me and Eric yeah, like, I, boy, I liked we it. liked it. And then, yeah. uh, I, this issue, it wasn't my favorite, but I did like exactly what you said. I do like Superman and Batman here, and I like that they were getting along. And and really, if if you just you could just like this issue for the art, I do like the art style a lot, mm-hmm. and yeah. it is brutal. It, it really is brutal. Um, but I don't know because of the delays, uh, it just becomes kind of like you know if you're collecting it and going with it. But I I would never recommend this, and I don't know because of that if I would recommend it in a trade, which obviously it's- then it would read better. But I, yeah. I just don't know. I I, I would this, tell anyone. I mean, you know, obviously we'll have to wait till it's done to see if you recommend a trade. But I would tell yeah. anyone not collecting the issues for collecting sake. Just no. wait. Yeah, just, just wait. Yeah, wait totally. till it's done, and then if if everyone it looks better it in a trade. But yeah. yeah, this would definitely read better in a trade. We'll, we'll see if it's a good story. You know, all told, when it's all done. Yeah, and which, uh, which, really one weird thing also too, and I talked about this with uh, a couple of guys online is. This really feels like this could be the last issue. It you know, does. There's a, there's a couple of hanging, you know, points. Obviously, they 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 bring back uh, Lara and and Ball at the end in this, but they could have tied it up. I feel like yeah. right here we could have just wrapped it right well, up. Even and been you cool say story. that, uh, they even added an extra issue to this series. Uh, they've had I so remember, many delays, yeah. and then Brandon's telling me he's like, yeah, they delayed this, but then added an issue. And it's just ridiculous, and it's because it's making money. I, it really, we say about waiting for trade and things like that. Obviously, people are buying this book oh, yeah. because every well, time thing, it comes out, this it's thing huge. Over a hundred thousand issues yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. no and it's huge, and really, uh, it's a big fight. The, this issue is there's a lot of fighting going on. Like you said, there's the Kandorians. They're fighting with uh, the uh, the people. Barbara Gordon's there, and then there's Batman and Superman. And I don't know what you you got to tell me Barbara more Gordon. about it. Isn't it Barbara? No. I thought it was Barbara. It's Gary oh. Kelly. Okay. No, no, is we're it? talking about Commissioner Yip. Yeah. I think I heard her name. Oh, uh, Yindel, Yindel. No, oh, yeah. it, it looks God just damn, like Barbara Gordon. I'm, I'm used to like Batman her. Beyond. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, tell us more of it because there really isn't much more to even well, talk about. You know, now that the now that the kryptonite rain is coming down, all the uh, Kandorians are grounded and, and weakened. Superman's wearing this big ugly ass lead suit that yeah, kind of makes him look like suit. he's uh, he's like the man of the mountain or something. It looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, 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 it does look stupid, but I, I like it. I don't know. It's like it's like he can't wear a sleek suit. He has to wear something that looks like. Uh, I don't know. He's got a rock on him or something. It was one of the I actually like at one point he grabs a guy and just slams him into his uh, freaking into crest. his face. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, Batman and Superman are teaming up, and Batman is jamming his face right into the Superman thing yeah. into the yeah. Superman crest. Yeah. Uh, the police stand by. The riot squad like lets the citizens of Gotham just beat the living tar out of these Kandorians. And I mean, yeah. again, they're getting fucked up. I mean, this is not this is not like a regular superhero. A brawl. This is like getting balls Aquaman. nasty. They, they are, are getting, getting balls nasty. Balls nasty. Also, there's uh, some b boys in there. B boys. Well, there's, so, there's something satisfying about <laughs> bad it. Boys. You know? Yeah. What's that? Right. The bad boys. Batman. I just like yeah. when he says b boy because it just right. reminds me. Yo, b boy one. B boy seven. Tell me. I was waiting for the freaking Beastie Boys to come out and start fucking you know <laughs> dancing around. And there's, uh, 
but you know, these guys, uh, Quar and all of them, they're so arrogant, even up until the end. There's something very satisfying about seeing them get just the snot beaten out of them. Quar gets like shot with like, I don't even know, holographic electric bats. Then he gets yeah. like pummeled by a bunch of people shooting missiles from a, uh, apartment building and he gets knocked off a building and Batman films it all. He's just bullying. Just yeah. bullying shit out of these Kandorians. And, and I actually, yeah. that's the one thing I really do like about this where, you know, they're just taking it to Quar and Batman's like, just let them go. Let them have this fear. Let them think about this fear that we instilled on them tonight. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, Batman. I actually yeah. really dig that. You might, it might have been a bad plan overall, but I like the idea of it. Yeah. And yeah. I know that uh, Jody, who used to uh, review this, uh, was all upset about the bat tank being destroyed. What is his issue? I don't really. I mean, he'll just build another one. I don't know that yeah. big a deal. I, I saw this comment on the site, and he's like, I can't, I'm not behind your, your review because there's no way the band, I'm like, well, that's your issue? The bad tank? The bad yeah. tank's going up against a Kryptonian. It's not going to last. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, I mean, to be honest, there's a scene where Ball, where he is ripping it, and it sort of mimics a scene from The Dark Knight Returns where Batman, you know, where he like faces off against that head mutant. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, Eric? Or probably you too, Jim. You've read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This is so, to me, that scene was sort of a visual, composition wise, was sort of a callback to that, except now, Instead of it, instead of instead of bat, the bat tank threatening, it's in a the villain. The villain is ripping it. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, like, fuck, just destroy fuck this thing. I just rip it apart. Because I, I so, love that. Like I say, it is really similar. Because like when Batman rolls up on him like that, and he's just standing in front of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. he just wrecks it right there. It's it's it's. I liked it a lot. I, I enjoyed that shit. Uh, they were still able. She was able to whip a kryptonite rock into his eye, and yeah, yeah, it was based for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know that, why that, that happened. Okay. Maybe it got to his uh, his tear duct or something. Kryptonite's doing some weird ass shit in this it book. Is. Like the, the rain will affect you a little bit, but if you get a piece shot in your eye, you'll start melting. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is he going just, on? His half allergy. of his face just melt. Maybe he has an allergy besides the regular mm-hmm. krypton kryptonite killing him he like it makes his face all puffy it's like the old school red kryptonite doing some crazy shit maybe yeah. that's right maybe he's starting to give it to a clay face yeah. so and uh, the big the big the big uh punchline or the big payoff is when superman's talking and is like hey we don't scare easy and uh batman's like hey i didn't mean that no i know what you mean bruce and then he says i always have and that's the huge line i did like it and i think that's cool you know what they they put their differences. But I mean, aside. Batman is still sort of a prick to him, but it's not yeah, so over the top where it used he's, to be. Batman he's is Batman like, prick though. Pussy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's back to that. It's funny though. Uh, I like that he the the lead suit still has the curl on the hair in lead. Yeah. <laughs> it, it made me laugh. I actually, I know you, Eric doesn't. Eric, that to me would be one of the best Imaginex characters you could ever have. Giant lead suit Superman. <laughs> it looks so cool to I'd me. Buy it. I, <laughs> yeah, I think it looks. I think it looks cool. It's funny, but I think it really looks cool and fits. You know, the whole Batman and we see suit how as well. The steel suit could have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I think it's the cool. Steel. <laughs> yeah, and then Batman gets shot, and uh, he gets. Uh, I like little... that too. Balls going away, and out of his yeah, one good away. eye, he's just like, and then it yep. shoots Batman. It looks like through the back. You know, yeah, through it his goes through him too. Eyes. It's weird because this again. I'm reading this. And Eric had told me that Tosh this week had a guy who was harpooned through his arm up through his neck. And I've had three things this week that has reminded me of this goddamn thing that Eric told me about. And it did this because it goes right through him. 
And yeah, he's fucked. It looks like. And I like at the end too because we had the freaking like the heart monitor going. We had at the end yep. of uh, Dark right. Knight Returns. Yep, yep. So it really is a callback to that. But this time it's not the him hearing the heartbeat. It's the heartbeat going away. Yeah, yeah. it's going so away. I really dug that. Yeah, it's a total. I mean, to be honest, the way this is playing out. You can skip Dark Knight Strikes Again oh, entirely yeah, and just go right from Dark Knight Returns to I'm this. You, I, was, I was done with Dark Knight Strikes Again when I saw the Flash's costume. Nope, I'm done. Oh, yeah. and, on, and again, I, I really there when you're running that fast. Yeah, I, oh, I did. I, it's funny we're talking about this now. I think I like this issue a little more than I I did before going in to talk tonight. Um, and the backup wh- ruins it. <laughs> well, what I, what I wonder is, they have the backup, and I know, Reggie, you didn't put the backup cover on covers of the week because you don't let backups go, right? That's the only reason, because is that, that cover. Is? Oh, God. <sighs> look at that cover. Oh, my I, God. I look at it. It seems like one of those aerobic videos from the 80s. I, I don't know what it, it, it seems like. Full of monsters? <laughs> I don't want to get, I don't want to get too, you know, nasty, but boy, that Wonder Woman. I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I really yeah. don't. Even just the the uh, freaking how she's holding the sword isn't even a natural way to no. draw that. It, there, there's nothing right about this this cover of this backup. I'm going to draw some butt cheeks, and we're going to start there, and that's where we're going to end. Even the then, it's cheeks. like so off kilter, and I, Wonder Woman's butt cheeks, you can see she's got some junk in the trunk. You see that there? It's almost like a reverse <laughs> camel toe she's got going on with her ass cheeks there. I don't know what that face looks like. She's got whiskers, and I don't know uh, what's going on with that hair. I really don't know what's going on with any of this. And the story itself is pretty nothing to me. I, I it don't continues understand, the whole it's, thing. It's so, it's so weird, though, because I think that Carrie Kelly looks great in this backup. And yeah, then Laura... And freaking Wonder Woman looked terrible yeah. the entire time. I'm telling you, even there's parts where Carrie Kelly even goes a little. Oh south yeah, you know what? I was, I was, draws I was Wonder Woman is the worst. It's I was looking terrible. at the initial Carrie Kelly here. I'm like, you yeah. know what? That looks pretty good. Maybe I was off, but then I started well, paging again. Funny. No, I was right yeah. on. Never mind. As you page in, when when Laura's about to, it looks like she's about to try to kill Carrie Kelly, and she's like, "Is the death of you?" When Wonder Woman shows up, you go in the the lasso. Uh, Wonder Woman lassos Laura. The picture of the lasso going around her head, really good. Do you do you have it at that point? Right, right when Wonder Woman shows up, I see it. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, that looks good. And yet you go to the next panel, and you're like, what the fuck Ugh. happened? Shit starts going out of you know out of whack. It's I always thought the that place. Superman and Wonder Woman would make pretty babies. I was wrong. I don't know. At one point, <laughs> I think the lasso of truth is just showing us the truth is Laura's a dude. Yeah, and she starts looking like Dracula. Dracul, as they say. But the yeah, son of the just, dragon. Dracula. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. And then she gets more and more ugly. As the, as the thing goes on, they're, they're both fighting. And I think they're fighting to see who's uglier. I think that's why they're angry. They're angry about their ugliness. <laughs> Well, really, do, you think, do you think they want to be uglier or they want, to, they want the other person to be uglier? I think that they want the other. Then here's the thing. Then you end this backup with a panel that's not that bad. With it's Wonder Woman bad. and Laura. It's not you know great, I mean? but it's not bad. No. All of a sudden, you're like, I don't know what happened. I think that, yeah, I think he, uh, he, he has to steady his hand or something. He needs a little, yeah. you know, nip. A little nip exactly. at the old bottom. I don't know. I don't, want to get, I don't want to get into anything like that. But, yeah. Uh, He's an alcoholic. Just, we get it, Jim. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what he shouldn't be? An artist. Because oh. he he might think he is now. Uh, yeah. I don't know why anybody would want I used to want, think it, he was. Oh, it, he was. This is he was awful. Sure. 
This he, is he's awful. Too, he's way too loose. Everything looks crazy. Uh, his <sighs> understanding of female anatomy has gone out yeah. the window. And it was it, never it great. Is? No, it was never it great. Used to be, <laughs> it used to be very stylized. Now it's almost like, who the hell are these creatures you're drawing? Yeah. They're not anything, really. Even, uh, like, I, you see... The one point I didn't even where mention he... it in my review, like as far as I could tell. And you saw I said to, I think it was Trevitt online, I was like, don't even worry about that shit, that backup. You know what I no. mean? Like, just, it's just been since every, every issue. The story. Every yeah. issue, I the first it's issue. Been... I didn't realize there was yeah. a backup. I stopped reading. Yeah, we both did. And then you'll read this back. At one point, Kerry uh, Kelly is like standing against the brick wall. I don't know how he is drawing this this Kerry Kelly. Her, yeah. like, her stomach seems to go further out than her boobs. And shit just is oh, not it, it the anatomy's way it off. It changes throughout this backup. Like it's Carrie Kelly, she looks like she's wearing a Batman cow. Later yeah. on, she looks like she's wearing a Catwoman cow. Later yeah. on, she doesn't even have ears. Yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah, at one point it does look a lot like Catwoman. I, I think that if the only thing I can think happened with this backup, it's one of these things where. He does two pages and then kind of takes a rest and a break, I think so. and then and, and then comes back drinks. and. He comes back and does not review those pages. It, it's so disjointed this art, but yeah, some points you can tell like, oh man, he took some time. That's really good. I'm again, I'm looking at this one panel, little side panel with Laura. It looks really good. I like it. And then next thing, she's a dude. I, I'm <laughs> telling you, she is. Dracula. And Wonder Woman's a goddamn garbage pail kid. I don't know what she is. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they actually all look like garbage pail kids at points. <laughs> I like the garbage pail kids. Uh, but yeah. yeah, overall, when you when you did rate this, Reggie, did you put any of your rating, anything with the backup in your no, mind for the? I, ignored, I wouldn't either. I ignored the backup completely. Yeah. I, mean, I did look at it. And you I was looked like, at it, but I would never put the like, backup in any sort this. of thing. Exactly. I mean, to be honest, if I thought the backup was good, I would have mentioned it, and that yeah. might have added to it. But I'm not going to let that. But it didn't change your score whatsoever, right? You I mean, just I, you I were rating say, though, the regular. That perhaps this is for what we did get and what was what I did enjoy. It's probably overpriced. What is it? Six yeah. bucks, right? Yeah, this yeah, is like, yeah. Come on, four bucks. I think and this really, should be really but again. Whatever. You, I think that the the backup is twofold. The backup is is to get that price, but I also think this is something that Frank Miller wanted to do if he was going to do this book so they had yeah. to let him do it and really if you get the print deal the backup isn't its own separate like mini comic in the middle like I don't know if you, yeah 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 and it's kind of cool but yeah here's where you know that i could really care less when i went to read it you know with the physical copy i didn't even touch that i, I ended up reading our digital copy of it uh for the podcast and read the backup there and really, this backup, it's okay. It, I, I will you're tell getting you though, nothing, but the art like is it, terrible. As much as I don't like the backup, it's way better than last issue's backup. Yeah, it is. And it, at least it's getting that story. It is the Laura and Wonder Woman yeah. deal, but it really, it, you don't have to even look at it. What did you do? Laura and that other right? Kryptonian beat each other up for, and then make out a bit and then beat each other up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's called Krypton love, bro. I'm looking, yeah. again, I'm looking at that one thing where Carrie Kelly is against the wall. And she's off. And then the next page, you see Laura standing there, like looking at Wonder Woman. And I don't even know what he thought she looked like. It's the craziest anatomy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. But uh, what'd you give it, Reggie? I gave it an eight out of, eight out of ten. I uh, really, I did enjoy the heck out of it. I had a fun reading the entire thing front to back. And like I said, it reminds me of a stupid Silver Age story in a lot of ways, you know, with like, I don't know, Kryptonians and, and, what was that right? <laughs> no, I uh, you you'd like it. 
And you I have. Not. I think you've liked this book. And if you want to say anything to me, this is the same, you know, spiel we give with Harley. If you were a Dark Knight fan, I do think that this is a continuation that you will like. Uh, I'm not a huge Dark Knight fan. And like Eric, I think he was, but I don't think anymore. You know, no, Eric I was, is, but I was in the nine, like the you know, late throughout the nineties. But by the time Dark Knight Strikes Again came out, I'm like, yeah. why are we doing this? And then that it was terrible. Yeah. And yeah, and I don't know. And then now you, here we are, like how many years after that? I think when that come out, two thousand two or three. Yeah. And here we are, this many years later. I'm like, this is this is not important anymore. It's yeah, not yeah. that Time. And it's weird. I think that there's some people who still pine for you know the Dark Knight Returns, but there there's are. also and, some and other and younger guys. And yeah. I think there's some younger people who are like, they want to get on the trolley. They've heard all this about this and they want to get on the trolley so then they can get, become a fan. And like you said, it, they might be the lucky ones. If they didn't read strikes again, they're going to get this and this could be their, you know, first deal. They're going to go back and re-returns and then hopefully, you know, not go on from there. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, but I don't mind. I'm not a Dark Knight fan whatsoever. I'm not really a huge fan of that anymore, but to to read this and enjoy it, I did have yeah. to kind of put on my my Frank Miller yeah. pants again. You know, I had yeah. to be like, all right, let me get into this mind state of yeah. this is who Batman yeah. is. This is what this world is like. This is also obviously it's going to get you know bloody and brutal as shit. Yep. And and you have to you you can't you can't go into this book expecting it to be like the Legion of Superheroes. No. It's going to be what you know crazy. So yeah. It, it, when you have that in your mind, and and I'd say this is probably the the best connection to Dark Knight Returns. So if that was yeah. the book you liked, don't yeah, be you should really like this. this. Yeah, you should really uh, like this. If, I have if no you're, connection. If you're good though, if if you if you're good with what you got, then don't worry about it. It's not gonna. Yeah. yeah. This isn't gonna uh, add so much to it that it's gonna make. And you that's thrilled. what's weird because I you reviewed it, Reggie. I don't review it. I don't have a big Dark Knight connection. So when I go to read it, uh, a lot of times I hate to admit it, but I'm like. Oh God, we got, I got to read this for the podcast. I never, I never would have ever touched this book if it wasn't yeah. for the podcast. And, but reading it, it's not like I hate it. It's just like Eric said it perfectly. It just doesn't really seem to mean anything. It doesn't have, you know, an importance to me, uh, reading it. But I did like that part with Batman and Superman and I have that read Dark Knight Returns. Part, yeah. And so. I do like that, and I like the big giant Superman lead suit and stuff like that. So I did like a bit, but I can't. I, I, I'm struggling here trying to figure out what I'd give it because I almost want to give it a seven, but I think that's a little too high. About my gut feeling, I, I probably would go six five. Okay, Eric? I'd give it a six point five as well yeah. because the main story is not bad. I really like the look because it does come off very Frank Millery. And the connections to the original Dark Knight Returns book are there, and they're like right in your face, which I really like yeah. as well. But there's not much to this issue. It's a very fast read in that back. It's just fucking garbage. Yeah, and it's weird because when we go, we say, I'm not a big guy to say, oh, you wait for trade. Really, to me, the only time I say to somebody trade wait is a book that's delayed. Right. Really, to me, like I know that people, oh, it reads better in trade. I could have my six issues right there and kind of make my own little mini trade. I I never really get that as much except yeah. when there's delays, like delays out fully. This is what when I read the uh, Superman Unchained, the the Scott Snyder deal. Yeah, that, I remember, yeah. And it was delayed so much, so it was better in trade. But, yeah, this is definitely. I did that with Sandman, too. Neil Gaiman and uh, what's his name? J.H. Williams did the Sandman Overture. That's going to come in paperback yeah. in, like, two weeks. I haven't looked at it because that, that was so delayed. It, like, it was, like, 12 issues yeah. over two that's and a half I, years like, or something ridiculous. That's where I think things are, like, 
you did not you didn't read the Omega Men series. You got it in trade. Yeah. It was just because you didn't want to get all the issues. You were just going to wait and read it when it was all in trade. That's, it wasn't I like I, I, you know I got enough to read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't feel like getting into yeah. it like at the time. I said I'll, I do that with some books, and sometimes I regret it. Like Omega Men was one where I was like, damn, I kind of wish I. Yeah, would. yeah. Yeah, that you would have been involved when it was going on because but, then you uh, missed out on people talking about it and getting all hyped this, and all I that. I didn't say that if you're collecting issues of Dark Knight 3, just save them. Because, yeah. you know, it's going to be done probably <laughs> this is what I'm know, saying. in the third presidential yeah. term from now. So yeah, fucking, it might be forever. At, but that's, you know, read it them does, all one shot because you, you're going to do like we did and forget yeah. what the hell happened last yeah. issue. Anyway. I'm telling you, it, dri- it drives me nuts when I hear this. Oh, you know, it'll read better in trade. I just don't get it. If you have all the issues there, you could yeah. read it just like a trade. I don't understand it. I really, it drives me nuts. But something that's delayed, it's more like, it's not going to read better in trade. It's more like, just wait till the trade because you fucking don't drive yourself nuts. Like you said, there's probably people who are like fucking just have a stack of the Dark Knight 3 just sitting there and waiting for the, you know, that they'll read it all together. But I don't know. Somebody can school me and why it's now, better you, to trade if you have all the issues. I know it's a far out chance, but with how good this is doing, what do you think the likelihood is that after this is all d- done and this has made a shit ton there's of a money? Four? No, no, actually, no, that's going to happen. But no, fun, Jim Lee and Frank Miller finally get together and finish All Star Batman and Robin. I don't think they will. I Didn't don't they think say this something. They, though? they, they were they, t- they were joking it about it. They were oh, joking right. about it. But the thing is, Jim Lee never can get anything done. Now again, we say that maybe that's why he's dialed back on the uh, Suicide Squad. Maybe. maybe he is doing something else with. But Frank Miller, if they're going to do it, they better start quick. Because oh my should, God, yeah. you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, long, he's for not long for this world. Yeah, he's he might have. So they got to go. Well, so maybe it that's doesn't what matter. It is. Jim Lee and Frank Miller together. We can expect to see those issues come out about once every 18 months. So I wouldn't yeah. really go nuts worrying about <laughs> no, that at all. No, but yeah, maybe maybe they would be better off just delay, like wait as long as you can. Just come out with the graphic novel. Don't even try individual issues. Just try to do and how Jim Lee would do it anyway. Get a couple guys to do the art with them, and you know, have yeah. crazy. Even have if have nineteen inkers on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Would you if say they they continued that and they were going to finish, and we were told that Jim Lee actually was only going to continue as backups, like that, like this, like he'd right. have backups. Would you be upset about that, or would that be fine with you? Almost I'd like how they have Azzarello writing with Frank Miller here. They would do the same. Like there'd be another artist on the regular book. And then the backups would be Jim Lee. Would you go for that? Would that upset you, or would you be like? No, I'd, F- I'd be. I mean, assuming the regular artist was someone really good, you know, yeah, oh, they be, would get somebody. Yeah, yeah, they probably. Uh, to be get honest, I, I find Jim Lee and and in in the uh, All Star Batman and Robin like there are some great splash pages, and I'd say there are about eight too many per issue. I mean, it's it's ludicrous how many fucking yeah. massive splash pages you can read those issues in about thirty seconds because it's like there's just. Endless, just masturbatory, double-page spreads of yeah. Batman at standing on top of a fucking building or whatever it is, or Black Canary looking like a slut. But I will say that All-Star Batman <laughs> and Robin, as funny as it is, it truly is an unbelievable piece of shit. It is. And, that's I, what and, I, <laughs> and I really don't need it to continue, uh, yeah, personally. Yeah. But you know, I, 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 I was going to say, I brought this up. If it comes out, I don't give a fuck at all because I didn't like yeah. it when it came out originally. It would, but you're right though that if they can, they would do it because it oh, would sure. sell crazy. I'm the goddamn Batman, you retard. Yeah, I'm the goddamn Batman. But yeah, uh, 
So we did. You gave your score right, Eric? Six five. Got a little carried away. And uh, again, somebody can score me on trade waiting. Tell me. And not even trade waiting. Read better in trade. I just don't get it. But uh, that is the Dark Knight. We're going to move on to our final book of the night. Reggie, you're going to say goodbye. You don't have to deal with Cyborg. uh, Because that's what we're moving on. Me and Eric are going to talk about Cyborg. All right. One book left. And then there was one. Dial M for murderousness, Eric. I am so goddamn tired. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. What are I'm we talking here, about? I'm like, what is he talking about? Uh, I was just going to have some catchphrases. I'll have what she's having. What, what is the last one? for a few days to kill. <laughs> we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Welcome to Earth. Earth. Cyborg number three. E.T. phone home. Butterfinger. Cyborg number three, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Will Conrad, Ivan Nunes, and Rob Lee. Victor Stone is suffering from nightmares, and while I would love to say that it was because of Freddy Krueger, it seems that... It seems that something is infected. I think it is Freddy Krueger. It might be. Seems that something has infected his body and wants his... Welcome to prime time, Welcome to prime time, bitch. (laughs) Time time for me to start hacking, bitch. How sweet, fresh meat. (laughs) You forgot about the power Cyborg meat. Everything to me, everything would be hacking based. Is is trash talking? Ha! What a hack! <laughs> that would be good. He's there giving a little stand up. What a hack! His fucking heads off. Yeah. Hey, so big. You into <laughs> heavy metal? <laughs> Download this, bitch. That <laughs> uh, okay. uh, uh What else could he say? I I don't know. <laughs> So tired. Uh, You're going better. It seems that something has infected his body, and once his brain is shut down during diagnostics, it's able to show our hero his worst fear, which is his own Justice League team considering him a monster. In the real world, though, we discover that things might not be as they once seemed when Vic runs across a woman claiming to be his old girlfriend that Cyborg has no recollection of, and when he tells Dr. Marr to retrieve these memories that have been blocked, our hero's mind shuts down and his body goes on a rampage Frankenstein style. Yeah, it's very Frankenstein style. I laugh because you said that earlier in yeah. the series when it first started that it looked a lot like Bride of Frankenstein to you, the way the story was. He yeah. really went all Frankenstein now. Uh, but yeah, it starts off where you find out then it was, a, it was a nightmare, which makes no sense where we'll get to that. But it is the scene that started the New 52. It's the Dark Side Invasion that we've seen in Justice League War movie, the animated movie and whatnot. This is something that has happened, but yes. it's a nightmare where it's almost like you have the nightmare where you have a gun and you can't pull the trigger, uh, that sort of thing. He can't get the boom tooth close. He has to stop this whole shit, and he can't because it, it's a nightmare. This, and this because is what he happens can't close the boom tube on Darkseid, Darkseid kills all of yep. his friends. Darkseid just goes to town. And just well, I can't even say kills him. because no. Darkseid beats the shit out of them to the point where they just sit there you fucking machine. Yeah, yeah. You again, get the it's job worse. Done. It's worse than it. It's worse than them dying. They're yeah. just they're disfigured. They're alive enough and, to and fucking yes, talk alive him. enough to bitch at them. And it, I liked it. 
I, so, I actually thought this was a really good cold opener that gives you a little thing if you were around in the beginning of the new 52 or had seen Just League War. It's a really cool scene because you kind of you're in on the joke. Yeah. You know that this isn't how it went. So a when terrible pull- burn victim, Wonder Woman. Yeah, and when it pulls out of it, you're like, okay, I, I get it. That is really cool. And yeah, I That's think a nightmare that, that could have. I think that would be a nightmare of his. Especially he doesn't feel adequate. Yeah, he doesn't feel adequate. He thinks shit's gone wrong, and and also. Am I just a machine? Yeah, and all that. So, and they even say it. Points Dark Side's even saying like, "Ha, huh, you're just a machine, and you're a faulty one at best. Ha ha ha! You probably can't even make a bed. You burn toast. No. Hey, toaster. Wish somebody called him a toaster. Bitch. Uh, yeah. Hey, toaster. <laughs> Bitch. But yeah, he gets out of that, and Sarah Charles is there, and they're doing diagnostics, which seem to be like every three hours. He's got yeah. to do diagnostics. Um, and he's like, boy, I had a, I had a nightmare. That was crazy. She's well, like, that's impossible. Yeah. She's like, that's impossible. He's like, no, that's not impossible. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, he even right. says, oh, I've had nightmares or whatever, or whatever he says. And she goes, no, you don't understand. Your brain was shut down. You were completely pretty much brain dead. At yeah. that point, your whole system and your brain was shut down. It's impossible for you to have that. Now, we're getting this whole continuation and this whole issue of the quote-unquote ghost in the machine type deal. It's and weird, too, so- though. When, when Vic wakes up here during after the nightmare, his body looks like the slimmer design he got yeah, after Forever it Evil. It does. It's not yeah. that bulky design we saw no. at the, even in the beginning and, of the series. And I like the bulky design, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is the slimmer one. Now you also uh, pointed out too, if people were paying attention, that in that beginning uh, nightmare, it was the new Fifty Two Superman as well. Yes, and which we makes say sense. this, I I say that because it makes sense, but also I say that because that is something that legitimately people have been struggling with since, especially since Superman died, and in this these whole things where they keep fucking mixing and matching, they got it right, and it's yeah. good, it's right on. Um, but yeah, Cyborg does not look right, but then we're going to get a ability of his that we did see at the end of the new 52 in the DCYOU series. The David but Cyborg Clark had his own series before this one. Yes, where he can make himself look human, and it, it starts doing it, and they spell it out as if they are well aware of this. It's not something new. It's just, you know, he's like, oh, I, I could do that before, and she wants to test it, and this is where... You have an ability that we did see before, but they're putting a limitation on it. And I do yeah. think that what we were seeing before in the DCYOU series, without putting a limitation on it, you really run into problems. Because why wouldn't he go around like this all the time? I'm saying it seems like that's in continuity. Actually, I don't even know. I feel like that's completely out of continuity, like them spelling this out, that this is something he just got and he hasn't it's really shown weird. anybody and he I, can't really only, control it very well. The only thing I can say is we didn't get a ton of it in the the New 52, the end of yeah. the, the thing right before but he Rebirth. had the whole new look when he had this ability. Yeah. It's he just, doesn't have that I here. I think that they like that idea. They, li- they really like that idea. The problem is you have to put a limitation on it. Yeah. Or else he's just never – why would he ever look like Cyborg? And as we see in all these other books, that is a big storytelling device for everybody to have him like, oh, don't look at me, you know, in the Justice yeah. League or in these others. The whole thing, you're you're going to lose track of that am I more man or machine if you're always looking like a man. Uh, but it does allow him to go out and have some little downtime and stuff like that, which seemed to be a lot of it was uh, – 
that sort of thing in the DCYOU, where Which he would be weird, able though. to go. Which is weird, Him coming up with this here, though, but we were just out it's and about weird before. The, the and... thing is, it's uh, it's bad timing here, because even when he was out, when those kids were there at the, the ice cream shop, why yeah, wouldn't the, he have been the jazz as a place human? Before. Yeah, why wouldn't he look like a human then? Why wouldn't he have done that all of a sudden out of nowhere? I wish this was, and the, I think they could have played it well a little better this way, because at a point in this issue where... He says, I don't have all my memories. Where are these memories? And they explain to him, why couldn't this have been? Yes, he has the ability, but he doesn't remember it. And it's something they could have said, oh, well, you always had this. This is one of the things that we kind of erased from your memory. And then he go, oh, okay, because this seems odd now. You know I what agree. I mean? Yeah, we're not, we're only in issue three, but we've seen him out and about in places that he seems a little, you know, uncomfortable and stuff like that. Why wouldn't he have done that then? I don't know. Uh, it's weird. But they go to a jazz club, uh, and this is Cyborg taking Sarah to the jazz club. And I thought... A different jazz club. That, but I'm like, boy, he's like a born-again jazz fan. Like, <laughs> everybody... Now, he can't get enough. He is so obsessed now. Just just cool it down there, Cyborg. We know. You just learned he about jazz. He found his soul. He is like he is in he's a recovering alcoholic that wants to tell everybody, you know, how bad it is that they're drinking. He really is crazy about it. But it is a connection that he had. Uh, it just seems forced. But they yeah. go into this jazz club and people seem to recognize him. The waitress is like, oh, man, I haven't seen you in a while, Vic. And yeah, it's funny because this is also kind of hokey because if he went in a cyborg, would they have recognized him? What would they have thought? But well, going in as himself. I don't think they himself, would have recognized him because he tries to put on like as much as he can to try to just hide himself. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to be noticed. No, yeah. But here, the, here he is. He's got his human form and it just happens that he goes into this jazz club where uh, the waitress knows him and the singer would used to date him. Yeah, and, Britt and uh, Claire. Yeah, and it, it is pretty forced. But she sees him and passes out. And for and some he, reason, I, oh, so she passes out, and he pulls a $6 million man to yeah, get there before. Yeah, she he's the falls flash. on the broken glass that she yeah. just dropped. Yeah, he's like, he runs and gets her, and it, it's weird. It really is weird. And like, it, like, it seems so weird to me that the reason, oh, i got to get her before she falls yeah. in that shattered glass. Like, yeah, he says What that. are you talking about, shattered but glass? The, and the other thing that got me was he even said about turning in this human form, he had to concentrate, and if he does anything else, it kind of throws – this seems like something else. Like yeah. he would have already started. Now, he does eventually, but he – it just seemed weird. Uh, but, yeah, and then they're like, oh, hey – I used to date you, and Sarah's like, see you later, hey. Yeah, she was She's out. off. It's so weird. It's just like, oh, be I'll let you guys get catch up at all times. And the weird thing about it, though, is when you get the story, it doesn't seem like a story that would lead to her passing out seeing him. No. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like... That was overdramatic. Like, it, yeah, it just seems like it well, was Vic, a story Vic, like, I was dating you, uh, you broke up with me, and your dad said you didn't want... It just seemed odd. Well, it's odd, too, because I don't know where to – like, I have a lot of ideas about this because we find out from Britain that she, they were dating, and then yep. Vic fell in love with somebody else and broke it off with her, and then he disappeared with having the accident yeah. that turned Which into would, the Which would have been the accident, yes. Yeah. So, and then she went to Silas Stone to ask, you know, where's Vic? He, you know, blew her off, and yeah. he, Silas obviously never told Vic this, and no, now he's pissed off. Now, the way Sarah's yeah. acting here, I don't know if, you know – Vic fell in love with Sarah, and they were a thing before the accident. Yeah, and, and if, she's if that's the, other the woman, case, the way she's getting upset, which really, it's 99%, I think, that it is her. Yeah. Um, 
but the uh, Silas has told her that he can't reveal this because it would fuck with his. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There has to be a reason she's not telling him, and they do spell out, "Hey, some of your memories were taken out." When you became cyborg after the accident, because we thought that would drive you insane. Yeah. And it, it seems weird to me that it's more to me like, a, hey, we don't want to give him any memories that will make him wish he was human still. And right. that would be a girlfriend. I think that's more of the spin than the drive insane. I think that they might have had to not let him remember the accident, but he seems to remember that. Like that would be, this would be like when people have amnesia or selective amnesia, it's usually the trauma of the actual event that they will suppress and not remember. In this case, it seems to be like important things around around the time or what led to it. And it doesn't seem right. Like, see, now I also started having this idea though during this part that we're playing this whole idea, you know, is he man or machine? Is it his son or just, and I know where you're getting at. This is what I think it is. I think that you're onto this. Like, this is where, in my mind, Dr. Silas Stone created this thing yes. that he wanted it to be his, his son, and he gave it the memories he thought he yeah. should have. And he didn't now, know Silas about this didn't girl. know about this girlfriend, yeah. so They're, obviously he couldn't program her that's into what his I memory. Think, I, think part of, I think most of it's that, because she really spells it out. Oh, you didn't want to tell your dad about And like, yeah. okay, that has to be where you are getting a AI that he created. He can only create as much as he knows. Yes. And in the meantime, if that's the case, then I think that Sarah is involved in deciding we don't need this nonsense of me dating yeah. him anymore. Well, uh, even you know. if that's the case, she she knows about this, and you know with this oh, yeah. development I think she of does him running into an old it. girlfriend. Yeah, I think oh, she shit, does know about down. it. And but you know if and again that's the other thing they may have started dating because she's a colleague of her dad's. You know she's under her dad. Uh, they didn't let that be known as well. Yeah. So you know that makes total sense because really this girlfriend uh, makes. Little to no sense. He just says, oh, you didn't tell your dad because you said he wouldn't care. He didn't care about it anymore. But if he started started dating Silas, though, it would have been Sarah like being the one. Listen, he can't know or he'll get rid of me. I I can't be dating my, you know, I guess her boss. I can't be dating his son. And then when the, the whole thing happened. It was taken out but or never even known again, and that's what drives her nuts is she knows they had a relationship, but because of knowing – you know what I mean. It goes back and you. forth. Um, but the problem being is any of these scenarios, he should be very upset with Sarah coming up because she knows something oh, yeah. that she's not letting on. And you get a little of it here where he goes back to Star Labs, and he's pissed. And he's like, what the fuck's happening? What happened to my memories? And where's my dad? And it's funny um, because he's yelling. He's not yelling at Sarah at all, and she's part of it. Just Dr. Morrow. Uh, Yeah. Dr. Morrow even says that me, your dad, and Sarah were involved, and he's just mad at Dr. Morrow. He's punching things or whatever. Um, But, yeah, the whole thing behind the scenes, they're like, get my dad. I need to get my dad. And he goes ballistic, and then they're calling. Sarah actually calls. Because he is going Frankenstein on every, he's going to town, and this is the thing where uh, Silas isn't really Silas. The Silas no, is he's an imposter, the mastermind behind all these yeah, robot attacks. I think it was uh, the bit thing that we saw at the beginning, and I do think it's him trying to take the place because I I really do think that that was an AI 
that Silas created to help out before and then was discarded when his wife died. Yeah. And I think that it wants or to Or was the back. prototype to what he did with the <clears throat> yeah. son here. I think it's a combo. I think that's what happened. I think that this cyborg program he initially made because he needed somebody to work around the clock to try to save his wife. They, they really spelled out that whole thing with the wife and they would do anything. And then when shit went wrong with, with Vic, he was just forced to be like, holy shit, I got to do this. It wasn't, that's the thing that we have to remember. When Cyborg had his accident, it's not like Silas was planning for five years well, to do this with his son. He had an accident and he had to react. That's the thing. Though. Also, this AI that, like, instead of it, you know, he created this AI to work around the clock for trying to save yeah. his wife. Maybe this was a way to try to save his wife in general um, by you creating this body, like a like, cyborg, something. Yeah, and I just, like, I she just died think the way, that, yeah, the way they spelled it so much out about how much he tried and how much he worked and he was, he never had time. I, I just. I really thought it was spelling out that. And then when we see this half monster that looks like Silas saying like, yeah, you know what? The machines are made and they're discarded when they don't have any use, when they're deemed to be something. You know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy. Uh, but yeah, Cyborg is crazy pissed. Uh, they're going to do another, uh, they're going to re- re- or reawaken his dormant abilities. Memories. And, uh, What's that? Our memories, I mean. So they're going to go into him and do this. In the meantime, all of a sudden, he it is a dream, right? Yes. Yeah, it's weird because I heard people saying that it wasn't. I'm like, no, are you kidding me? this is a complete me? dream. It, yeah, it's the same thing as before. He's just having these ideas. I don't like the way Superman's drawn in this. <laughs> One goddamn bit. Uh, I love <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, the first time we see him, yeah. I don't care for it. The rest, I don't, I don't mind. It doesn't even look like him. But yeah, the rest of the issue, though, I really like the art a lot. And even Superman gets a little better. But yeah, they're fighting. And it's funny because uh, Vic in the in this dream is talking a lot of trash to Superman until they start fighting. Yeah. Because you have him there and he's like, I have to shut you down. Can't wait to see you try, Vic says back to Superman. <laughs> and then he's like, what am I doing? I'm no, I'm no match for the son of Krypton. He's like, it doesn't have to be like this. Think of us as just like we're teammates. I'm like, you pussy. He's a good trash talker. When push yeah, comes to yeah, shove, he's though. a lot of trash. He just doesn't have game. But, yeah, they're going to town. And again, this is all more of a dream. And it's just it's a all continu- dream where he eventually has to take on the yeah. entire Justice League. Yeah, it's a as we see deal. in the real life. His mind is shut down and his body is activated and something yep. takes over and he starts rampaging out of Star Labs. Yeah. Yeah, and I think when he finally team. comes to, his his biggest nightmare facing his team is going to be what happens. Because who are you going to call to stop a raging cyborg? Yeah, really. The Justice and, League in real life in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the meantime, they call uh, Silas. It's this fake Silas. And he's like, yeah, I'll be right there. And he says to his, you know, the real Silas, ah, you know what? You're going to have to sit here and watch these monitors while I destroy your fucking son's life. And then I'm going to come back and kill you. I'm like, this thing is fucking ruthless. Sure and is. it goes. And like you said, uh, it continues where you have this whole crazy Justice League in the nightmare. But I do think it's going to lead to the real Justice League coming and him maybe even not knowing what's real and what's not and getting Good all big. fucking fired up. But if he do, if he does that, they're just going to rip him apart because they're they're doing it now. But again, the guy can boom tube you halfway, and you know <laughs> half of fucking Flash's legs are off somewhere or whatever. That'd be the um, most fucked up issue of Cyborg ever. That would. But I you you're just continuing, and I'll tell you, I like this, and I like that it's it is still the same old Cyborg story. Is he man? Is he machine? Uh, 
uh, Sempre is doing it a little different, though. Like, it, there's more of a mystery. And he's keeping it I very like. interesting. That's what I mean. He's keeping it interesting. There's more of a mystery to it, that keeping you on your toes. We have all these guesses. Usually when an issue has us guessing things, and us, that means that we're interested. That yeah. means that we're invested in the story. No, I started coming up with idea. scenarios of what oh, could yeah, we be. We were talking like, about right. this week. Uh, this week. We spent one of the days, I forget which day, maybe Thursday or whatever, talking a lot about Cyborg yeah, and, and theories we had and stuff like that. And I, we didn't talk a lot about Nightwing, no. I'll tell you. We didn't talk any Dark Knight 3. I mean, we hadn't each read it. But uh, for the most part, I think that Cyborg got more talk than a lot of the other issues, though I, I'm not going to say it's a perfect issue. No. Uh a lot of it's just that nonsense with the nightmare that's going through, yeah, and that really paints him a lot of the book. Yeah, and why I like it, again, that first scene I think was very well done in a way that if you weren't aware of the new 52 and how it started, you were just in there and you're like, oh, my God, what's oh, my, this is crazy, and then it becomes a dream. But if you did know, you knew right away, and it was a neat way to see what Cyborg would think would be the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah, and obviously it's something he couldn't do and all that, but I really did like it. Though uh, so I'm telling you, I well, what did you give it? I'll, I'll I gave it a seven it. out of ten. I actually would give it an eight. I really uh, do like it. I I, I just thought surprised. it was like padded out with that nightmare stuff. Which, was, since we know padded. it's a nightmare, we know it's of no consequence. Well, that, the, you know what? You you convinced me. Four out of ten. Now I'm going to go down to a seven five only because you're right, and there's two really big dream sequences yeah. in and. Uh, it it's a lot of filler for this issue. Yeah, and there there's some setup, but I like setting up the whole uh, thing because we were wondering this whole time if he was still going to have that ability to make himself yeah. look human. And here we get it. It has limitations, which I do think are needed. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. That, but I that, like to me, that to me is a really weird ability that can be overdone even by the writer. So totally. at least it's almost putting a limitation on them as well. It's like the solar flare with Superman. Until yeah, he actually I, can figure out how to concentrate fully and who does it all the yeah, time. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think the art's great, except for Superman. Except for that one Superman. Yeah, except for that one. There is another one I was looking. There was another one a little bit later that looked a little off. Actually, I'm looking at it again. It does not look that bad, but it's when you see him ripping the arms off a cyborg, and it's his face. He looks like Tom Brady. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm looking looks at it just right like, now. He looks just like Tom Brady to me. There's Tom Brady. But yeah, the art's good. But yeah, seven point five out of ten. It's weird though because we we got that like you know the the ability from the DCYOU where he could turn human. Yeah. And also in this issue, it seems that he has a slimmer body that we haven't seen before from Forever Evil. Yeah. So I don't. It's weird all the stuff they're throwing at us because I I thought it was weird when we first got in this the cyborg series and he looked like his original form. I I like that look. So much better. Um, I don't know if they're they're kind of pointing that. These diagnostic things, he's able to change. It's weird. They're not spelling it out, but it may just be, I don't know, just inconsistent art. art. Yeah, yeah, it just could be, you know, inconsistent art. But I did like it. But I'm going to load up our app. Oh, actually, before, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is a tie between Batman and Green Lanterns, but I'd probably have to give it to Batman. Yeah, mine is Trinity, and uh, I liked it, so I'm going to go with that. Um, I'm going to tell everybody what's next week if I can load up my app here. Sing a little song for me, Eric, while I load it up. Little what kind of chim song? Chim Chimchimchiri. You like Chimchimchiri? Chim Chimchimchiri? I don't know the song. <laughs> I can't oh, think of it off the well, top of my head. It's fucking late. I loaded up the app already. How about uh, give me a little uh, Scorpions? Scorpions? 
Never mind. I have the app loaded. Scorpions. Epic fail. You could have been the winds of change. Yeah, yeah. How about that one? I'm so tired. All I can think of is Hurricane. Oh, well, I better do this because my battery is about to fucking go on on me. Next week, we have Action Comics 966. All right. Batgirl number four. Batman Beyond number one. Blue Beetle number two. Okay. Deathstroke number five. Detective Comics 943. Dr. Fate number 17. Fuck. It's the last I issue, isn't it? I the second to last? don't know. Hal Jordan and Green last. Lantern Corps number seven. Hellblazer number three. Suicide Squad number five. Teen Titans number one. It's nice. funny, John Boy Myers is still listed on art. He is not on the book. The Flash number nine. Titans number four. Wonder Woman number nine. And the Wonder Woman 75th anniversary special number one that I told everybody about earlier that I suggest if you are a big Wonder Woman fan. I'm not saying, you know, hey, I kind of like Wonder Woman. Uh, if you were a big fan, I think you owe it to yourself to get this and really Definitely. enjoy it. Uh, other than that, I have looked through a bunch of things, and everything I've seen so far looks very interesting for next week. And I think next week's a weird one looking at those. We have a lot of the well, we have a lot of monthlies yeah. uh, next week, but we have a lot of these books that are on the cusp of us saying that they're a complete failure if they don't get better. I, yeah. I'm even including Batgirl in that, but Blue Beetle. Uh, Dr. Fate, we're not that big with. But even how Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, we've liked it, but we've wanted something to happen. And a lot of them are on that, you know, do or die for me. Uh, but I am we'll, interested in that Batman Beyond number one. Yeah, and Batman Beyond number one. And really Titans number one. But you know what I mean? Next week, because of these monthlies and what's hitting, it seems like more of an interesting week than what we've had. We, yeah. we keep getting the same week over and over again. You know, every other week is the same Very thing weak. over and over and over. Uh, this has a lot of these other books involved, so hopefully that'll pick up our spirits because hopefully. we even said at points it does get you fatigued just because of the same things with these bi-monthlies. That are the roads. That, well, the, and the bi-monthlies, to me, it just seems like, okay, we're, we're here again. You know, there's no anticipation or whatever because you're going to get it in two weeks. But yeah. when it happens, I'm just like – these books again, all of them all together, and here we go. I, you know, every time I see Batman, I can get excited, but lately I'm like, that means Green Green Arrow. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Or, you know, Detective Comics, I love that, but that also means I'm doing The Flash that week, and yeah. I haven't been that hip on that. And, and I just, just imagine Action coming. Comics, what mystery we're going to have thrown on us this week. Yeah, yeah, that's one I did look at. Uh, if I, if I want to remind everybody and you, this is the book where we argued about about what Lana Lang will reveal, and we'll right. see what happens. Because, yeah, that's the one thing I do like when we get in a fight. I know I only have to wait two weeks, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. See all that is revealed, Eric. See what all is revealed. If people know the fight we were having, I'll tell you that I might have won that battle, my oh, friend. Yeah. That's not spoilers, right? No, I kind of whisper it. They, no. But they don't know what I'm, I was talking about, right? No. They don't know. I don't need to remember that far back. Okay. I barely remember to the beginning of this podcast. I, I, I forgot and when you brought it up right now. What? The beginning of the podcast? No, right now. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm too tired. I'm too tired to know what you're talking about there. I, I forgot we had a fight with Action Comics. Oh, you did forget that? Marijuana yeah. showed up. And I, I remember said, now. And I said, what the fuck would they let that go? And not the book. If I was reading Superwoman, I'd be pissed. 
And then you said, but I'm reading Wonder Woman, Woman, and I'd already be pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, see, I remember that. I think that was your joke. And then I got angry. And then I got even. And then I got angry again. Then it was by accident. (laughs) Then it was on purpose. Then it was on purpose. Three accidents on purpose. Then I was doing it for you. (laughs) What do we say? Double trouble. Double trouble. My my mom's an alcoholic and a shopaholic. Double trouble. What what do we do? How do we end this thing? Everybody. 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 Have a great week. Great week. Keep it weird. Keep it weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven.